beautiful people, it's time to get weird in here with this week's books. I'm America's sweetheart, Eric Shea. And I'm the Phantom Reviewer. The fuck? <laughs> there you go, Eric. I'm a persona. Oh, I'm, I'm playing my play game. games. I'm playing games here. Oh. I told you. I said eventually I'm playing games. Then. I'm just the Phantom Reviewer now. I'm the, f- oh. and actually, like, <laughs> anytime I say it, Eric, you're going to get a sound effect too. Because that's how I'm going to get out of any sort of thing. Nobody can throw shade at me now. It's all oh. the Phantom Reviewer. Not me, because that's why I know you have that. When you say, oh, would you get that book? I'd, this is the way the podcast is coming down from within, Eric, is that when you ask me, like, what did you give that? Obviously, I'm on the podcast, not the Phantom Reviewer. So the, it all ends then. I'm not going to give what any about scores. What the Phantom of the Podcast? No, no, I'm not the like Phantom of the Podcast, Eric. Then I'm a Dracula. Hey, I'm Dracula. not going to. I'm not going to give any scores from now on. That's not me that did that review. That was the Phantom Reviewer, Eric. So I'm going to play your games now, and we're also. I don't know uh, re- what you're talking about. We're games. recording in the fifth level of hell as well. Oh. We're just go. Let's just go full out nonsense. Well, we're gonna, I, 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 let me continue to go full out here for a second because this is a weird science no. comics podcast. Yeah, episode see? number one seventy two. You, you just lifted the veil too much because in my mind the the game is we're not even on a podcast anymore. We're oh. we're in hell. Uh, we're fighting the endless battle. Uh, the horde is endless and everlasting, uh, Eric. So that's that. Then podcast over. There's what I wanted to do. It's just that it's was like quick. When, it's like when we play when we were playing tag at work, and I'm like, no, no, this game ends right now when you tag me. I'm not playing that nonsense. So yeah, it's because pl- you're an old man and couldn't keep up with us no, young I'm play- bucks. I'm playing your nonsense now. That's all it is. It's all your nonsense. But yes, we are proud members of the Comics Podcast Network, the Weeby Geeks Network, the Batman Podcast Network, and the Tangent Bound Podcast Network. If proud. you want to go and see what those guys over at Weird Science are doing, I'm not involved anymore, Eric. <laughs> I'm not the. I'm just here as an announcer. Uh, you can go to Facebook at Weird Science DC Comics Podbean at Weird Science DC Comics at Podbean.com. We're on Twitter at Weird Science DC, and we have a website, award-winning. I hear Weird Science. DCComics.com. I want to go announcer. We also, yeah, already I'm having problems. I'm like Joey Fatone now in, in the family <laughs> I feud. I, I really, they, they have Joey Fatone, and I know you're going to tell me that Joey Fatone is not a big name. I no. still get upset, though. He is big enough that they have him announce his name. That He's big enough that you hear Joey Fatone and say, now, and you, you hear Joey Fatone like, oh, yeah, I know him. The fat guy from NSYNC. I get you mean it. Joey Fat one? Yeah, but you know it's him, so at least on that show when he says and i'm your announcer joey fatone show him please i I can't even remember the guy that was on the prices right he doesn't want to be shown yeah the guy well maybe (laughs) what's his name and i wish i remember the guy on the prices right that almost looked like charles nelson riley and and, uh, you know he looks like he'd throw confetti out of his his pocket as well uh rick Rick taylor Taylor. (laughs) he looked like him he looked like a combination of those they showed him every time and he was not a big name except for what he was doing then. Joey Fatone, Eric. You got Joey Rod Roddy? Fatone. Joey Fatone. Yeah. They showed him every time. He had a weird suit. Do you see him? You see what I I'm did. saying? Does oh, he yeah. not look like a combo of those guys? But they showed him all the time. I loved it. Bob Barker would sit there and smile with his thin microphone. And away we go. And Jim was happy that he did not go to school that day. But, yeah, we also have a Patreon account at patreon.com slash weird science where we Rod have Rod. a whole bunch of shows. Uh, including a Patreon-only spotlight where the badasses of the Get Fresh crew... Boop, boop. Poop. Poop. 
get to pick get to pick two books each week that are only on the Patreon. And this week they really went out and about, Eric. They went overboard and picked the the two big books of the week: Dead Man number six and Mister Miracle number eight. Now people might say, Mister Miracle, that's a pretty big book, but uh, we were actually. We were actually happy about it, though, because I'm not even going to pretend that we were that positive on the spotlight. Uh, though I think that Mr. Miracle might surprise people that we don't really like it, but we are a little more positive about it, talking about it, liked it more talking. But it should end up making this podcast, our main podcast, a little more positive, on the positive I hope. tip. Uh, but we also have a spotlight that kind of equaled all that out, Eric, because Green Lantern's number 45 uh, is on the regular spotlight on the feed, one of my favorite Man, books. One of my favorite books this week. Uh, but speaking of the Patreon, that leads us for you to light up, Eric. And we're now going to do the badass roll call. Boom, boom, boom. These are the badasses of the Get Fresh Crew. Beep, boop. And I got to get to the deal, Eric. I'm trying to go. I should have had that set up. Hey, we have Kenny Vengeance. We have T-Funk. We have Larry Sick, Josh, Abuse Mama and the Verizon Hole, Aldrin Stoja, All New Dave, D-Man, Havilland, Mark, Batman Beyond Mark, which we'll hear later in the Grant Race. We have G-Man, Manship, B-Murray, Bobby, Reggie. Andrew from Belfast, Cellar Dweller. Well, that's it. Uh, did I mention that the badass, the, the first one was the Phantom Reviewer, Eric? Uh, Danny the Street, Luis, Zach, Ulysses Jones, T, Hakeem, Double A Ron, Monty, Simon, Swanee, Anthony G, Dave J, Bill Bear, Ian, Missy T, Rob Lewis, Pete from NYC, Lone Wolf Marv, Jazz, uh, Ruben, Ruben. <laughs> Ruben, and the OG. Christopher Hyde. And it actually did because uh, I have to kind of switch things around. I really do have problems. I go down to some people want to be called their nicknames and things like that. Obviously, like Brandon, I say a different thing every time. I just get yeah. to him and whatever whatever strikes my fancy then. But yes, Ruben and the OG Christopher Hyde end up that deal. And we do thank them, everybody else in the badass crew. And everybody else that support us over at Patreon, uh, we really Thank appreciate you. it. We hope that you guys like all the shows. Uh, today, I put out my news show and said that there was not a lot of news. And then Pavlov uh, ended up throwing shade at me in the Patreon. It almost made me cry, Eric. And I'm like, oh, God, now I'm getting crap. That should have been the Reviewer's show. Get, well, it, it isn't. That's the problem. It should have been. Then I could have said, Ooh, I'm glad I'm not the Phantom Reviewer. But, yes, Damn we're right. also going to have coming up. I have my other comic book review show that I did not do on Wednesday that I'm going to do this weekend as well. I'm also going to try to get done my solicit show uh, by the time the next solicits come about, Eric. And we also have a lot of other shows. The Necessary Nonsense is coming up. We have back the back issues. That's an Action Comics thing to kind of go in with this Action Comics week, this celebration week and all that. But we're not here to talk about that now, Eric. We're here to talk about this week in DC Comics, I hear. Right. And we're going to go off now to the books. Now we have waited for far long enough for the part of the podcast we love, the meat and the cheese that we crave.
Eric here. We are with the meat and cheese, or Chez, as my friend Herb used to say when I grew up, of the podcast. Herb's uh, a weirdo. Yeah, he is. He he likes to joke around. If you want to go and read our written joker reviews. With his oh, he's a joker, all right. What? You think you're funny, huh? Uh you can go over to our website, weirdsciencedccomics.com, and read the written reviews for all of these books, Eric Shea. And you can even comment on them, throw some shade Eric's way. It always huh. makes me laugh. Uh I think that I have gone on the site as anonymous, Eric. Oh, I'm not supposed to uh, reveal that. No. Like, <laughs> that'd be great if I, I go on as anonymous to throw shade at you during re- in your reviews, but yet I say things that only I would know. <laughs> Inside jokes and well, I'll such. Say the weirdest part would be because half the time I go to you know respond back to these people and you've already responded yeah, and saying everything I, that I want to say. Yeah, that's because I am there I don't as the watchdog of the deal and it really what it does is it makes you seem like you're above it all. You're above all of that nonsense. Yeah, I, I end up, I don't know, I, I do check the comments a little more uh, than I used to, uh, only because it does seem like a lot of people are yelling at us, and I've got to respond. So I'm I telling you, it was Batman 44 in the New 52. It's Batman 45 in Rebirth. That's yeah, what it is. I stayed away from that Batman 44 in the you so know, back in the day. Uh, but boy, uh, these, this 45... Uh, and, and obviously that'll be something we get down the line. I'm not going to get that angry yet. Uh, but yeah, uh, it, it's almost, I've not lost faith in comics. I've lost faith in humanity, Eric, is what I think I have. Here, here. And the problem with that saying all that, uh, doesn't make sense right now because, uh, pretty much I had a pretty positive week, but mainly through you. I, uh, most of my books, oh, I was nice. not huge. Uh, I was not big fans of a lot of the stuff I had, but I did like a lot of your books, and I do think that because of that, we're going to have a little bit of a more of a positive vibe on the podcast until that. the end. When you get to the oh. end, it, it, the, it, for the ending oh, part of the, the podcast, it is the shit show, and it's the part of the show that if you can take that long a podcast by then, you know, all bets are off. If you can get to the end of the podcast, you now, may Now, is it enjoy. that the books at the end aren't that good, or is that the long-ass podcast is just beating us down by that it's point? It's both. And especially, I'll even throw it in a little behind the curtain here. Tonight, me and you are planning on doing all of our books in one shot. And it's been a long time since we've actually done that, mainly because we usually have other people's books to, you know, get involved with yeah. on a Friday night as well while we're recording now on Friday. Uh, we're not doing that. So I want to see how it is because it's been a long time since we had one of those podcasts where it's 5 a.m. And I'm telling you that the sun comes up and we're, we're depressed. But I'll see if it's a more of a cohesive narrative. Throughout all this, we will see. Uh, I just, I, I don't know right now. I am excited to talk about your books, but I'm a little depressed thinking of how long we're going to be talking about <laughs> right now. Uh, but this is the meat and cheese, and obviously there's a big book that came out this week. And no, I'm not talking about Batwoman, Eric. I am talking about Action Comics, and it is the big celebration. Everybody's been waiting for it. And it's weird because as this got closer and closer, I did see some people say that they went to the midnight deals at uh, yeah. comic book shops. It's weird, too. I saw – I forget who it said in the Slack that when they went – or it might have just been on Twitter. Somebody went to the Midnight Deal, got Action Comics, actually was able to get the rest of their DC pull list, was able to get Boom books but nothing else. Like Marvel would not allow 
the shops. Now I know what you're going to say weird. is most shops that you would go to, they'd be like, listen, you know, look both ways and hand you all your comics. But uh, supposedly, no, you can't take those. Supposedly, please. isn't no. it weird that they're like Marvel must have been like, no, 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 you, you can't give these out at midnight when you give out that that filthy action comics. It just seems but weird. It's midnight. That means it's the next day. Why yeah. can't I put, get my comics yeah, on really? Wednesday? Like hey, I usually hey, do just a few hours early. It is not the next day until I do. The, sh- the shop. Yeah, sleep. Just, we'll and this might on. just be some, uh, you know, comic shop this guy went to, and they were just being jerks. I don't know, or they were being jerks. I, I don't know how that is. You haven't but, put those out yet. You can't have the marble yeah, there, really. boy. Uh, you know, they're they're not on the shelf yet. Uh, in the meantime, you know, this is a big celebration book, and we're obviously talking about Action Comics 1000, and it people. You know, we have this group of people that get fresh crew people boop, that we boop. talk to and things like that. And I, I didn't get as much of a sense of, you know, anticipation or excitement for this coming out until it did come out. Then people, when Wednesday hit, you'd have a lot of people like, oh, look at this. Look at all the covers I got and things like that. But then it kind of died down again. I, nobody really talked to me. Maybe people have learned that when they talk to me, like, hey, Jim, what'd you think of that action comics? And I, huh? Actually, huh? I'm not reading that till Friday. And I act like an ass. But did, and did a lot of people, you reviewed the book, obviously, not even a lot of comments on the site. Like I think most we have of one the, or two. Yes. That's what I'm saying. Like, this is a book that leading into it, I actually said, okay, listen, I think it's going to be more of a collectible item than a exciting to read item. I'm not a collector though, so when it came out and I read it tonight, actually it took me a long time too. I'm not a very fast reader. Um, I actually really enjoyed it. I actually liked it. I, it's one of those that once and, and really we're we're a review site. I don't know if you realize this, Eric. We're not a fan site. We're a review site. Some people have said this. Um, but reading that book, uh, it made me like feel more like a fan than than a reviewer. Uh, luckily, I didn't have to review it. We're going to be talking about it here, but I actually, it's like one of the few books that I actually got to sit and read. Then I was just like, okay, I don't have to mind anything because there's no way. I said to you today, even before reading, I'm like, if you end up saying that this action comics is a two out of ten. That's when I may even come out of the woodwork That's and say, listen, it it's about time to stop doing what you're doing. You know, my grandfather can tell me to do what you do. But if you're doing this and you hate something like this, uh, yeah, you, you may not want to be reviewing. You're uh, dead you know, inside. Don't check into a hospital. Yeah, you so might take it your life later on. It's one of those where I'm glad I didn't have to review it because you kind of, you know, you don't want to nitpick anything in this yeah we have our favorite stories which we'll talk and that's the about thing is, there's really nothing to nitpick because these are no. out of continuity for the most part just no. celebratory stories that's from people who th- love superman and that's all it is and with that concept you yeah. can't go wrong yeah i'm, I'm telling you it, they, it is what we thought it would be eric is what i would like to say as a football reference uh back in the day but why don't we just get into it? We'll see if you can get through this, Eric, because now I've decided I think you have to read all of the – no, you don't. I don't got to do anybody, anything. Anybody with this, uh, I do not think that Eric's going to read the full credits. So if you're real concerned about the full credits, I'm sure that you have the uh, issue. Are you, you daring me? Yeah, I'm telling you. I'm, I'm, I have my finger on the button. There you go. I had I it like on the button, button there. Uh, go with it. You go Action with it. Let's get started, Eric. Don't don't hesitate right now. Just go for it. Just get on with it. Stop with your nonsense, okay? Just stop it. <laughs> you know I'm just going to keep going. I will stop here. I'm going to stop here. 
I just left the virtual building. That's theater of the mind. I'm just here. You hear me? I'm going down the hall. <laughs> I'm going to hurt my feet. I just slammed my foot. I don't have shoes on there. Go with it. Action Comics number 1000. It's time to celebrate Superman's 80th birthday, Action Comics 1000th issue. And to do so, we have a collection of shorts from all kinds of creators showing their love for the character and showing us why our hero has sustained for so long and why he is the world's greatest superhero. Yeah, and that's short and sweet, kind of like me, or kind mm. of like me. Short, and maybe. I, one, one, and sweet. Now, one of these things uh, with these kind of issues is funny because y- you do have a lot of stories. It's 80 pages, it says. Yeah. They made it 80 pages for 80 years. Superman looks good for his age, I'll have to tell you, Aaron. That was my uh, But as this goes, is it? Uh, as yeah. this goes he looks through good for there, his age. It, it's really funny to me because most of the times that we get something like this, and I'm not even talking like this is big. This is probably should be the biggest issue DC has ever put out, quite frankly. Yeah. It's the Action Comics 1000. But even like that Detective Comics 27 and the New 52, you have – DC likes to call every issue an anniversary issue, yeah. a, a special issue. But something like this, you, you get the, the, the caveat of – Everybody can have their favorite stories. Everybody can read this and have their favorite stories. The thing with me, though, is talking to most people, they're pretty in line with us of their favorites. And it's funny. Maybe it's because of the, you know, it's not just the stories, but it might be because my favorite are the Dan Jurgens and the Tomasi Gleason deal. Might and as well. it's funny because at, and most people that I talk to, same deal. Like I have not heard a lot of people, if they're going to say anything different, they add on to those. So it's like, oh, oh yeah. I like the Tomasi, the Jurgens, and yeah. I like the, you know, Tom King, or I like this. Um, but it's, it's funny because of what happened with, you know, Brian Michael Bendis coming on. Uh, I think that what is, it's actually a decent thing that happened along the way is that most people were mad a bit at first about Bendis. It seems to have gone past that. And instead of being mad at Bendis, they feel bad for Jurgens and Tomasi and and just wish they would continue. And so with this, you get this again. And it is one of those where it's like a celebration. And the next book we're going to talk about is Superman as well, that these also seem to be like almost a celebration for the people who are rebirth fans and DC fans of a Jurgens and a Tomasi as well. And it's really odd that they're the first stories because I think they are by far, if I was the editors and everybody involved, by far the strongest stories in this whole collection. Uh, so the, is the that the way are, you would have done it, knowing how to make a no, mixtape personally? No. They, they, it, <laughs> it fired too quick. I'd probably <laughs> – if I'm going to mixtape this – I would probably have started with the – number one, I would have started with the Jeff Johns uh, Donner one, mainly the because car. that deals with the car that's in the fr- – you know what I mean? I'm telling you, I could sit here and go through a whole list of how I would do it. But in fact, the final thing – I know they want to have the Bendis one, the final thing, because it leads into the Man of Steel mini that he's going to do. The Jurgens story should have been last. That should have been the last story. It's the biggest – Story dealing with a celebration. It's kind of a meta thing in this. And I think the, I might have started with Dan Jurgens and actually ended with Tomasi having know. that Tomasi, birthday cake blowout at the end. That's fine. I think that would have been the middle. That would have been – and uh, I'm going through. I'm trying to think of what is the ballad. Eric, that you put it like if this is a eight song tape, you have to have like the ballot at number five go from there. I don't know. The mixtape deal. I used to be really big as well as oh, you were too. on the mixtape stuff. But it yeah. was so important. 
Oh, yeah. I, I mean, you really had to set a mood. And then you go – and also when I was in the band in West Virginia, I took that sort of idea into the cover band the deal playlist, where yeah. I'm telling you, I would sit there to myself and talk like, all right, then we're going to play uh, Wonderful Tonight. But then we're going to come back and hit them hard. It was oh, always okay, it was always about hitting them hard. As well. Oh, yeah. It's the best. So you start with the, the Jurgens, which is to me – that's the celebration. You have the whole idea. And we're not going to go – we're not going to spend 10 years on these. We're just going to talk in general about the stuff. But it's basically a story about Superman going – and Clark, actually. Clark, Lois, and John going to a thank you Superman celebration where they're going to have guests come up, talk a little about Superman. Everybody wants to have Superman there. But in the meantime, Clark – doesn't kind of doesn't want to be there anyway. He doesn't oh, like no. these Superman sort of things. Superman does not like this whole kind of celebratory thing. He doesn't do it for the thanks. And on top of that, he has just dealt with a cunt invasion. Yeah, the cunt invasion. And he believes that the cunts can still be around. So he's yep. like, I don't want to be here. I got some stuff going on. This is bullshit. Come on, can we get this over with already? And and it's funny because as it's going on, you see Lois on the phone, and Lois is acting like, oh Clark, you know, because even when Clark, you have this weird wraparound where Clark's like, huh. You know, I, I think there's something at Venus. And you're starting to think that he is making it up completely yep, so that he can I get would. out of it. And in the meantime, Lois says she's talking to Perry, who by the end of this ends up on stage. So that's a lie. And <laughs> he thinks then Lois is infected. You have all these things going on. I started on thinking and, Lois was in on it yeah. too. Like, oh, it was yeah. like she's been possessed by an alien taken yep. over by a Durlin. I don't even know. Yeah, who knows? But in the meantime, basically, it's the Justice League throwing superman a solid so he can enjoy his day which is the last thing he wants to do but yeah it even involves martian manhunter kind of fucking with him a little so that he thinks he sees every time clark like gets onto something where he can like you know hear a cunt or thinks he sees a cunt martian manhunter messes with his mind to make it all go away that was weird I could have yeah, thought it, I saw yeah, something over I, I there. I thought I saw something. He's like, ah, eh, you know, and then when Lois is uh Lois has been talking to Batman and all this to set this up so that he can have this day off. Uh and then by the end he uh, yeah, it's like Superman, having a day off where you have to do chores. This is yeah, the worst day I know, off ever. It is. And in the meantime he does go away uh to, you know, turn into Superman from his Clark Kent clothes, goes up, Wonder Woman tells him, Hey, we got it. we're there, there was. There was indeed a con invasion. We, we stopped it. You don't have to help us. It's all done. Uh, and enjoy the celebration because you know what? You it, deserve it. And then you go so and you have up, the whole I, I bunch of people. This whole thing where he's about to fly off to find out about this cunt invasion, to find out what's going on when Wonder yeah. Woman meets him. You know what? The cunts landed assault teams in several countries. It was a bit touch and go there for a while. Yeah. And you're playing these goddamn games when you – I'm I know. Superman. It's games. I know. It's games. I could just end that. No, no, no. You have the celebration to go. <laughs> and in the meantime, you do also have these – you know, Maggie Sawyer goes. It's kind of a, a greatest yeah. sense. I was shocked. That old Bibbo wasn't up there, but that's fine. They do have a guy who. They had a guy. He's in later. Uh, they had a guy then who's like up there who was working. He's kind of a, you know, just a a hood that works for some, uh, deals. Yeah, henchman. And even John, like that's the little bit where John's like, why is he up there? He's a bad guy. No, 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 wait. And it's one of those like Superman stuck with me. He listened. Now I've turned my life around. And you know, there's little lessons for John, but it's really nice. And then at the end, he does go off. Like we said, Wonder Woman stops him, says, no, no, there was an invasion. We took care of it. Now let's enjoy your day. And yeah, there's almost, it's a who's who of, you know, heroes all there with them. And I'm telling you, the people that were there, there's not, it's not like this place is jammed. There's people 
it's not like this is like the greatest thing you'd ever <laughs> see. I mean, where oh, are you yeah. going to get this? And it's funny because every time I mention to you before we started, every time something like this happens, number one, it's fun to look at you know, who's there or whatnot. But it's also fun to be like, boy, why? And you said, why isn't Kyle Rayner there? Exactly. Like, where's Luke Collier? First thing I saw is Kyle Rayner is not president of the same thing. And that's but sideways my, is. This used to be one of my favorite things in like, you know, pre-Flashpoint where we'd have moments like this where you'd have yeah. all the heroes lined yeah. up. So a lot of times it would be a death, which would suck, but I love seeing yeah. them all lined up. Oh, yeah, yeah. This seems to be a who's who, a pretty much rebirth is what we got here because yeah. – we have our like our mainstays of the the books we have going on now, and then the new age here is like sideways. Is there it seems like the unexpected, unexpected uh, uh, silencers in the background. Yep. If you really yeah. look, and yeah. even Deathstroke and Harley, I'm like, there's some characters here that yeah, don't there's really some play, weird you know, ones there. Long, and, and then you're like, oh, there's Booster. He's not screwing up timelines there. And then the, the, my favorite, who always seems to be in the middle, I told you, is is Firestorm. <laughs> like there he is. There's Eric Sky. So important. And I thought that also, like, especially the steel who's there, which is cool. He's in the front. Yeah. Uh, looks like a little Imagine X figure. And I thought that that was pretty cool. I got cool. it sitting do. right here next to me. Yeah, my they, steel they Imagine X figure. Cool. And it's, it, like you said, it's a cool deal to see. Everybody's chanting for Superman. All his friends are there. They're happy to be there. To me, I think they're, they're stealing his thunder, but that's fine. Uh, but yeah, then it ends like that. Then you go into the, Tomasi I just imagine you're, you're, you live in Metropolis. You're having a huge Superman day and like everybody loves Superman, but I'm a kid of Metropolis. I'm going to the thing, obviously, but I'm more of a firestorm. Oh, oh my god, firestorm! That's is what here. I'm saying. All this right. is the Bugger greatest off, thing. Superman. I yeah. got some stuff over here uh, to deal with. Oh my god, there's Blue Beetle. It, like <laughs> it's the greatest hits. Also, I want to mention that Dan Jurgens wrote and drew it, and I love Dan Jurgens' art. I, I really do. Uh, every time he doesn't do it as much anymore, but boy, it looks really good. Uh, you go to the next story, and I'll also even say before we go on. Like, there's a story. These things can be, you could, you could have some guys mailing it in, or you can have some guys doing these stories, you know, to kind of push their own glory or things like yeah. that. Tomas, or Tomasi, uh, Jurgens ended up with this story. There's even a nice little double twist and a twist, Eric. And I really like that. Like, he did think this through. He did make it a clever story. Uh, you, you have a little lesson with John. You see that Superman doesn't really like these sort of things. There's a lot in this in such a little story. And I, and I really, really liked it. Uh, the next story, though, I may have to say is my favorite. And it's the Tomasi uh, Gleason one. And I've heard a, a drunken fellow once say that that was their favorite team. Uh, and with this story, you get a rundown pretty much like this is almost like a better version of the Catwoman dress issue that we got last right. you know, two weeks ago where you're not you're getting greatest hits, but their greatest hits kind of told their own way. Uh, even it's, some it's things fun, that are like, made up and they, but it's basically Vandal Savage and Superman's forced to go through time. It's he, such it's a Vandal cool... Savage has, has trapped Superman in hyper time yeah. where he's forced to go through all these different uh, incarnations of himself yep. through every decade that he's been around oh, in the comics. I'm so you have you, all yeah. the like, like I'm, I'm here, I'm fighting these gangsters and I don't have to fly. I can't yeah. fly. I don't have heat vision, such a, and it feels kind of cool. right though. So as you go through, you see the different progression of, you know, a Superman who would be yeah. in a different hyper time scenario yep. and with it's all these different timelines, the different costumes. So that's yeah. a neat thing, but it's, it's involving a Superman 
who's out of time, out of that hype. So he's the commentary of it is really funny and pretty cool. Like, I don't know if the X-ray visioner can fly, but boy, you know what? It's pretty refreshing and things like that. And I even said to you when you told me about this before I read, I said, he's punching gangsters, isn't he? He's like, oh, yeah. It, oh, yeah. It's really well done. It's a well done thing where you get to see, you know, this history of of the whole deal. But it's done in a way that it actually tells the story and makes sense in a very fun way with the Vandal Savage Hypertime stuff. And there's even like the deal where there's a shout out to Frank Miller, you know. Uh, oh, when we get to the 80s it, with the Dark Knight Returns, yeah. Yeah, and it's a cool thing to even – like that's something that I wouldn't think that other people would think to, you know, throw an homage in. But it it was big. He was he was big in that. That's more of a Batman. I really like that. That all these things, and then it ends up. That you was know. the feel of the eighties, though. When yeah. Everything started getting dark like that with Alan Moore's Watchmen, Frank Miller's Dark Knight Returns. But so even right so, there, that's a huge I just thing. like yeah. that he's in that, and I, I like that. Then you have, you know, the death of Superman deal. You have his, you know, the black costume and steel there uh, yeah, with the Metropolis kid. I was actually surprised that you didn't actually get the Doomsday stuff though with yeah, it because I like just... right where I thought we were going to get that bit, that bit, he's fighting Silver Banshee. Yes. Like, this really feels like it should have been Doomsday. It was really odd to go back yeah, where he's fighting Mongol and the black yeah. Superman costume with the Reign of Superman yeah. stuff I after Crypt City main, was blown up. I think that one of the things is I think that they didn't want to get he didn't want to get too over the top in just recreating like this is something uh, that it goes through out of con. I, I just think that maybe that would have been too cliche. I don't know. And maybe you don't uh, want to do the death because you're celebrating the life of Superman. That's what I'm saying. Well. And then you even have like even the thing like. You know, nothing could stop me. Nothing, not even Kingdom Come. And you see, I thought that was really cool. And uh, see even a after that, you, you got a lot. You got a bunch of pa- like your know, pages here. There's full pages of stuff as you go through. Yeah. A lot of the '90s, like I said, you have the Reign of Superman yeah. stuff, and then it goes into the uh, animated series of Superman, yep. like with Ursa and freaking. Yeah, know. oh, it's and, really cool. And then even when you get to the Kingdom Come stuff, like yeah, you re- we really had a lot of stuff going on in the '90s yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. I I really liked it. I I thought it was really good. And then. Like you said earlier, how you liked that, and I liked it as well. It ends with a birthday cake, and Superman, because he's telling the story, and they're there, they love it. Also, if you're loving the, you know, uh, Lois and Clark book into the Superman book with Tomasi Gleason, it's just classic looking as well. Uh, you have crypto there, that it's not the, you know, crazy wolf crypto, Eric, that's ripping God, people's necks that. out. Uh, but yeah, and you even have the no, birthday no, that, cake. That was that. this crypto that did that. Oh yeah, and, uh, it wasn't. It, he doesn't look like a, a a wolf though. That one looked no, more no. Like a wolf I'm saying though, no, the the one that like ripped Mongols' throat out in that old like 2000s issue. Oh, was, I'm uh, saying was I didn't crypto. read that. I'm saying oh, the, no. the one that was in the new 52 that he had. Yeah, yeah, done, that's that not that one. No, no, that has not been there. Yeah, I'm saying that one. Uh, but yeah, he, they have the birthday cake that has the you know 80 candles. You would guess, and it's his birthday there, and you have that, and then you go from there. And then you get a Marv Wolfman story. That's a Kurt Swan story that Marv Wolfman then wrote a, a, a script over, and they did art. It's okay. Yeah, it's it's weird where you have this whole thing. It's like original story by Cindy Goff, Kurt Swan, and Butch uh, Juice with pages, uh, you know, page five courtesy of Superman: The Secret. Yeah. Like, yep. this is a repurposed kind of thing that this re- they've taken something and just redone it up a bit. Yeah. And it's just an odd story where we just go through this whole thing about you know this guy who's been taken over, and I'm like it just feels out of sort for the rest of it like almost like 
this story, I don't know. I, I don't even know how to put it where this story doesn't feel like it fits with the rest of them. Today. Yeah, it's just, it, it was basically a tribute to Kurt Swan as much as Superman for this. Yeah. And yeah, it's, there's, you know, it's a, a principal who is being controlled. Uh, and basically, you know, Superman sees that he's not a bad guy. And also it's, it's a, a weird one to celebrate Maggie Sawyer as yeah. well with her rubber bullets. But really th- there's not much to it except as a tribute to Kurt Swan as well. Uh, and then it says it even ends with, you know, the end for Kurt. Then you go to the next story and that's the Paul Levitt's Neil Adams story. And for all the craziness of Neil Adams and all of the things that we weren't so fond of Paul Levitt's, this is okay. You know, it, it's, it's not it's, bad. It's, it's just you. a thing. I like that it's just centered on Lex and Superman though. It's weird. I don't know who thought that basically Superman Almost has to explain to Lex what chess is. And I, I, that I'm was you, really all. This is one of my favorite Luthers where I always love the more heavier set Luther yeah, who yeah. just hates aliens oh, and is yeah, all about humanity. Like this whole writing of this, it's one of my favorite kind of Luthers. But the idea that Superman beats Luther in a goddamn chess yeah. match, I'm like, get out of town. Yeah. And it just becomes, it just becomes that crazy classic old Superman oh, story yeah. where he beats, he beats freaking Luther in chess. Luther then- has a backup plan to wrap him up with, uh, kryptonite chains. But he has a mother a box. Mr. Miracle like, mother box. Old that school. takes the radiation away so he can break the chains. And like, all right, Luther, I'm yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, you know what's weird is I actually – did you get any idea that what they were going to do is Superman won and it was going to be like Superman's like, man, that never happened before and goes off. And then you see that Lex actually let him win for once in his life only because it was his birthday or something. I actually thought it was a tie-in well, that, you, that you're going to have Lex have like – when we have that story later on with Lex and Superman, yeah, that seemed yeah. more like that was a cool twist to have that. For some reason, just this heavier set Lex that like the old class yeah. one that I like never happened in my mind. It's for just some such reason. a weird deal with this though, because this is hardly a celebration of Superman. It's just a celebration of two guys that are going to fight forever and, and just fighting. And, uh, yeah, I actually thought it was going to turn around to be like, huh, you win again, Superman. I'll get you someday. And then when it goes, you have somebody like – you'd almost have to have somebody there like, you let him win, didn't you? You'll never know. I'm not telling. And then goes <coughs> off. But uh, the next story is the Jeff Johns story, which I said I think would have been the one that would have been cool to start off. And it's Jeff Johns, Richard Donner. And it's about the, the car, the, the car in the – The original uh, car on the Action one. Comics number one cover, yeah. yeah. And it's a weird story to me. I can't say that this is any bit near my favorite. I like at points. I like how it starts where the car is just destroyed. Like, hey, hey, buddy, what happened to this car? What'd you hit? An elephant? And the guy's like, ah, you know, there was this guy. And then he put me on it. And it never – I never got the idea that this guy was a bad guy because he's kind of being bullied well, by the that, guys well, in the deal. The thing is, this is actually like a continuation of yeah. what would have happened in Action Comics number one. This guy, Butch – it seems so weird for what happens to Butch where Superman just lets him go. He grabs a hold of Lois yeah. Lane who does not like his advances and he kidnaps her. That's where Superman steps in and does this to the car to free Lois and then yeah, he comes yeah. back. You it's know just what, weird Butch? when the car though goes and he's being bullied by the, the guys, the, garage, at the, the, the mechanic guy. The I think monkey. that was yeah. way off. Like he's there. This guy's a piece of shit. And he goes, and he's just sitting there like all down and out well, with the, saying, you know, the mechanic. I'm a, if I'm a mechanic. And this guy comes in talking about a flying man that crushed my car and stuck me on a telephone book. I'm not going to believe him either. But again, though, no. But this guy seems like a guy who would then punch that guy right in the face. 
or grab a wrench and hit him upside the head, which he doesn't. And, and then Superman is there to go back. Hey, I thought you're still going to be on the telephone, Paul. You know, you're a guy. You're a hot shot with a big mouth and muscle to back it up. Well, he just wasn't there a page before. He's he even shook. kicking. He's even kicking the dirt at one point. But yeah, he shook. So that should be enough. Superman to say, you know, you, you better get your life in order because I see what happened. Your, your dad died and you had to take care. And then the guy to make it better, his car's fixed. And then he, he opens up a goddamn fucking, you know, Dre, uh, a, uh, fire deal, Hydrant uh, yeah. for the kids. And like, yeah. I, I just, I thought it, I, I actually, of this, I, this might have been my least favorite, actually, now that I think about it. I just thought it was out of nowhere and did nothing. It didn't make me laugh. It didn't make me feel better about Superman. It just was Jeff Johns pretty much showing you that he knows Action Comics number one. And yep. that I don't need that. And it, it really felt off for a guy being bullied by I, it, himself. I, I, it just feels odd, though. Like, he kidnapped Lois Lane, and does Superman think, all right, you know, I did tattle your car, so I guess you learned your lesson, Butch. I know, yeah. you know, I looked it on you, and he used to be part of this foster home. He, like, out on 45th, yeah, it used to get so hot. We always wanted to go swimming, but there's never any pools around. And that's yeah. this is the whole thing. Now he's going to go back and make up for his misdeeds by going and giving the kids out on 45th Street a little cool down by opening up a fire hydrant. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually, to me, this is very reeks of uh, Rogue One. That I, it's a story I didn't need. I didn't yeah. need to see this. I don't need to see this guy getting bullied then. Uh, but yeah, you, you go from there and the next story, I'm trying to page through again. Uh, the next story is the other deal with Lex and Superman that you talked about where. Which Lex, I like this story. It's okay. It, it's okay. At this point, actually, you know, we're about halfway through a little more than half. I started the, a lot of these stories then started to kind of drag for me like uh, the yeah. first two i really really enjoyed from there on i was kind of like i still like it but it was like okay you know that my excitement for those first two were so much that these are just kind of dragging it shows you superman and lex's connection uh you and know, that's the thing the it's, it's weird to me because I, I always hate when uh, they ever they tell the story how Lex lived in Smallville and then like him and like Clark knew each other as kids. I yeah. always hated that continuity. Yeah, and this does it right away. I'm like, God damn. But the, the wrap around here where, you know, Lex is apparently stolen the eye of Zoe. <laughs> The Eye of Zotar, I'm trying to get down to it, I can't scroll, and the, uh, the, and Kronos Time Scissors as a way to kill Superman. And he's like, you know, I know you've stolen these things, Luther, and he follows him to the Smallville Planetarium. Yeah. Where he starts, they start talking the whole thing, and he actually has a holographic projector of when, you know, Lex went to go do this thing to contact, you know, life in space when he's just, you know, a young kid who wanted to go out and see, you know, the, like, just kind of be left alone by his abusive parents and whatnot. And at this one point, he was sending out a message into space, and it should have blown up in his fucking face right there. And Superman used his expert on his heat vision to make sure that it didn't happen right there. And it's a wraparound where we're seeing these things, and it's like, all right, you know what? I know you're Clark Kent, and I was gonna use these things to kill you, but you know what? Whatever, yeah. you know. It's it, it's just kind of like they stand there and they just watched the, the like the like the planetarium with the universe stuff like that yeah. and the whole thing remembering like you know who they were and what yeah. brought them to this point and the whole idea that superman even as a kid saved lex luthor he's like yeah i did uh i, I did steal those things to kill you i know yeah. lex i yeah. know you did yeah and, and you go and that's the scott snyder and raphael albuquerque it's okay then i like go, it 
It's okay. Again, I'm like, okay, then that's, you know, whatever. It didn't really grab me that much. Uh, you go to the next one. It's a Tom King story. Uh, again, I don't want to get into this whole deal of how much, you know, I like or don't like Tom King. This story is one of his better things, I'll tell you. Uh, but it's very cliched to me and it just doesn't fit. The, the concept again of the celebration to me where yeah. you have Superman where it's at the end of Earth and he's there to say goodbye to the, his, you know, the Kents one last time because the Earth is going to, you know, disintegrate and he won't have that there. You get, you have to throw in the idea of the eternity deal with Lois and John. She's been triggering that and that immortality formula yeah, and shit yeah. like that. So I'm like, okay, whatever. The art's really good. Uh, but yeah, with that. If you like, it's very kind of, you know, it's trying to tear, you know, grab your heartstrings and things like yeah. that. It's okay. It, there's nothing it's not bad it's, it's just superman going back to earth at the end of the world yeah. to say goodbye to his parents grave one last time like he does every year even though he knows he's kind of like don't like you know it's uh kind of a useless thing to do anymore it's like five billion years in the future but it's like yeah it's the last time and maybe it's a good thing that i'll give this up now maybe i was gonna lois is fine john's great you'd fight you'd love him but yeah, it's yeah. just time to go now it's been so long that yeah it's time to go so he says goodbye and, and you know you go then the next story is the uh, Simonson and Ordway story where you have basically, you know, Superman's working at the Daily Planet. You have that sort of this, thing. This you is, have Bibbo. This, this is just a fun kind of classic yeah. story, but yeah, it I don't goes mind on it. a little bit too long, but it, it does yeah. wrap around to a laugh that it's like kind of good because Clark's on a deadline. He has to get the story done. Like Perry's not about to hold the presses again because they're getting pissed at him. Yeah. And Clark has five minutes to get this done when he hears – there's a, like a guy had a heart attack operating a train that's about to go around the curve. He has to stop it. Yeah. And then these people like Bibbo's getting robbed. So he has to go help Bibbo. And Bibbo. all this stuff goes down where, all right, I still have like 75 seconds to go and get this done. And he goes back. All right. I, I had to hold the presses, Clark. Turns out Superman has stopped there like a train from derailing. So that's going to be our front page. Yeah. And the, the funniest thing is like, Bibbo can't, you, you don't walk around with the savings and loan bag like that, Bibbo. Uh, Jesus uh, Christ. Bibbo's a walking around. guy. I know, he's just walking around. Uh, but yeah, like you said, I there's a laugh at the how, end. How bad my vision is, I didn't even realize it was Bibbo when I'm just, I'm just reading for the first time, you know, so I'm like, when I look at him, I'm like, what the hell is on that? I was expecting, like, you know, money symbols on that yeah. bag. Oh, yeah. Tom's face yeah. savings alone. I'm like, yeah, that is a bad idea, Bibbo, to yeah. just oh, walking around so with a bag full of fucking uh, money. And then the next story is a mixy story, and I, I don't know about you, kind of got the idea pretty early on that that's what was going on especially because there were uh, identities being thrown around and uh, a lot of crazy things with that uh you know especially you're in a superman ride where they're like oh and then he grew up with the kents in, in kansas and he here's the tractor i'm like something's wrong here like these people shouldn't know this and i thought either this was going to be like ten thousand years from now or it was mixed oh, that, that's what mixing. i thought it was first and then at the end when i we had the wraparound is this this uh this person the tour guide for the superman yeah. at, like action land theme park is a mixoplex freaking girlfriend gypsy i'm like yeah yeah okay yeah that was her the whole time yeah, for some yeah. reason and that's the weird thing i never even think about her anymore when dealing with yeah, mixoplex because yeah. it's been I, I think we might have seen her before like you know uh within the past couple of years but i never yeah, think of her anymore really as missy's girlfriend being like one or the other but again this is to me i, I didn't like it as much as say the uh the uh, Tomasi story, but it was kind of a neat way to show 
a little of the history of Superman, especially like, and then his greatest foes, you know, yeah. there's Lex Luthor, the renegade Kryptonian General Zod. And it's kind of pretty funny. You have the classic Bizarro number one with yeah. his, his uh, placard there and stuff. So you it got was classic fun. Classic Brainiac there, which yeah. I love. And it's like yeah. with the pink polo shirt and no pants. Yep. I thought that that was pretty cool the way they do it. And then it just ends up, the ride ends up falling apart because Mixie cannot ever end the story. And then you get the whole deal with Gypsy saying like, you know what? You, you guys kind of define each other. You don't want to end it. You know, just, just go this way. And then you see the, the very, the big joke at the end is, uh, Batmite is heading off to the, the Batcave to do his own. He's got own a lot of the of fifth it. dimensional characters yeah, like freaking, yeah. uh, like, uh, the freaking GD for, um, yep. Johnny Thunder and stuff yeah, like that. Yep. Say you. I thought that was pretty cool. I, I thought that it was, hey, you know, and it's a, it's kind of a hooky thing. I think that is a Dini uh, story. We're not, you know, going through this. Oh, it's then, a very Dini yeah. story. Yeah, and so it was it was pretty decent. Now the next one is a Brad Meltzer, and I did say earlier that Jeff Johns might have been my least favorite. This one might have been my least favorite. It really doesn't you, there, do too much. There were aspects much. to it, and I actually spent way longer on this story than I did on anyone else because. I just sat there because the whole idea is about Superman having to get to this girl who ha- is being held by gunpoint by this guy, and he the guy pulls the trigger, and he has to get there before the bullet exits yeah, ex- the chamber of the gun. Bullet the be- exactly. And he just sits there and talks to Lila, and I'm like, who is Lila? Yeah, and like, yeah. there, there's somebody there. She has to be somebody important in my mind. I could not think of it the entire time. Yeah. I just actually sat there looking at her, and I'm like, "So Lila Luther? Like, what am I doing? Because she's yeah. wearing the purple jacket. I'm like, what do you give me here? Because like, and, and it's just a weird deal too, uh, to me as well. Uh, is that this is supposed to be one of those stories where then you have him talking to Lois at the end, and like, oh, you look happy. Like that's usually what you know something good happened. Yeah, yeah. And it's like you're inspiring people to be great themselves. It's a weird story to have that. You know what I mean? There's a lot of other ways to show that somebody is inspired because of Superman. Then a woman pressing her temple to a gun. Yeah. Uh, you know, that base. And, and it, it's such a weird deal because she, oh, I see her. And the bullet is like, oh, there's not enough time for huh. some of these things. You know, she, I see her. She's pressing her head against the gun to kind of make it go. And I'm like, I, that's a really weird kind of concept. It was a bit convoluted this. for me, too, to realize that you know, she, sho- she shoved her head yeah, she shoved against it the away. gun to get her an extra, like, 0. Yes. 0.75 of a second or something like that. It's so weird, though. You know what I yeah. mean? It's like, that's the No, I, I get you. I'm saying it's yeah. a weird concept because, like, does that make it so he doesn't press yeah, the, bull- the trigger know. right away? I don't it's a know. weird thing. Or that because it almost seemed like it was pressed, like it was gonna go. She presses it so it's a little bit away from her head, so that it, that little bit of travel time is where he puts the hand in. But it really seemed odd. It really did to me. Like that's the inspiration was the inspiration to press your head against the gun. It's yeah. very odd. And he's like, "You're very brave in that whole talk." But and it's even we weird too at the end for like you know Brad Meltzer's story, faster than speeding bullet for Christopher Reeve, Mike. Well, this didn't make me think of Christopher Reeve at all. No, not at all. Not at all. Uh, I would have liked to have seen kind of like a Christopher Reeve-esque like full story. Well, that's that- the thing is because the whole thing – I even did some research there because it's like you know, when Superman's talking to Lyle after it's all sudden done, he's like, uh, you should think about joining the police. Yeah. You sound like my dad. He says that kind of stuff all the time and like – I'm like, did, did Christopher Reeve have a daughter named Lyle? Yeah, that's like, what I, I was no, just No, thinking. not at all. No. no. Yeah, so I, I have no idea what the connection is. It just seemed very odd to me for this little story. Yeah, yeah. And 
at points in that, I, I can't even say that as I'm looking at it, that that Superman necessarily looks like a Christopher Reeve in no. the face type deal. Looks uh, even more classic. And then it's like maybe George Reeves will be the next one. So the end oh. with a, uh, the Brian Michael Bendis deal. And this is, again, this is one of these stories in this that a lot of people are looking forward to because this is going to be the only one I thought peak. that was worthy of it's really talking be, about in my yeah, written review. And it's going to be your first peak. Uh, I will say that it kind of, I told you before, it's kind of this is a celebration i i hate when they kind of force some things in and the idea that it does even end with a see more of this in the man of steel deal i know what they're getting at obviously but this is an issue that's going to mean something 10 years down the line and to have this see this and 10 years later you know who knows what and is happening at that point whatever i actually wish that they would have had brian michael bennis just to tell a little funny story like the rest of them, a celebration. Uh, I know that when he came over to D.C., he's, he was talking a lot about the museum uh, in Cleveland, the Superman yeah. Museum, and how it inspired him and how – I wish they would have let him – Kind of tap into that. Show us the inspiration. Show us what you, even as an outsider at Marvel, like what you thought of the, you know, Superman, right? But it, and, and even if you're really going to get down to it, I told you, write about the trunks. Cause he does yeah. say he does have that in here, but instead it's a setup for his miniseries coming out and. It's decent enough. Uh, I can't uh, say it's that. It's decent enough. I got scared right away because you freaking turn the page and right there in bold letters, the truth. I'm like, yeah. oh, God, not yeah. again. Because the last I, time we had Superman, the truth, yeah, it was during the DCYO universe yeah. part of the New 52, and I did not want any part yeah. of that. And you have in here where uh, pretty much Superman gets knocked out. You have this new villain that's going to be the villain in the Man of Steel. I like the idea that Supergirl's Rogal in there. Rogal Yeah, I like where Supergirl is like, yeah, I don't, you, I'm going to have you later. Boom, and knocks her away. She's heading right into the Daily Planet thing, too. Oh, yeah. that, that is getting destroyed. And while uh, this is going on, Superman has been knocked out through yeah. some buildings into a diner where then the owner and a waitress are trying and to like, my pull him away at, uh, behind a counter to give him some time yeah. so the monster doesn't bother They're him. the main characters in this. Yeah. Those And this starts to get along the lines of maybe what Brandon was arguing about all the time about Bendis and things like that. It's a really odd focus where you're getting this point of view deal from these women uh, with their back and forth about, I, I never get past his eyes. You can't say that. What? He he doesn't know. He, what, I, I stand by what I say about his eyes and things like yeah. that. I'm like, really? Like, we're really kind of getting away from what this is about when we're having a long discussion with two ladies at a diner. They are saving them again. If you're going to wrap it around that, they were very brave. I mean, they did yeah. grab them when they saw and the one, you know, you have that whole deal. Well, huh, this happened to my cousin when Red Tornado, as you would say, uh, yeah. you know, was doing this. And, and they were so concerned with that that we didn't see what was coming behind. And that lets them look. And well, then they realize, holy you, shit, let's get out of here. That's the most interesting part of the book because I want to know when that happened because yeah, he's been trapped the in the dark multiverse yeah. for a while, Jim. And again, that's, that's, he's probably still there, Eric. <laughs> and, and now with that, you, you kind of get this, you know, hey, look at what's happening. And the big thing is uh, – the uh you know the proclamation or the 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 pronouncement of this this villain i go around and i'm gonna scourge you know i'm getting rid of the scourge of kryptonians it's it's a cleansing he is killing all kryptonians in the universe just as he promised jor-el when he destroyed Krypton. Krypton. but what happened when booster and superman just went back and saw what happened and i didn't see anything like that but that was rogozar you didn't see that 
What's that? No, I didn't yep. see that. And I he was saw, on the you other know, end of the planet, I did maybe see Jarrell there. So I'm just wondering when he told him this, uh, you know. And again, is this one of those where I can be the anti Bendis, almost like where, you know, Dancing Mike thinks Scott Snyder's going to change things? Is this like a really good way to jump into a Brian Michael Bendis where he basically is going to tell us that a lot of what we know about Superman, that this whole thing is a celebration, is a lie? Because this is called the truth. Like, oh, yeah. By the way, we're going to celebrate 80 years, and uh, Krypton didn't get destroyed the way you thought. It, you you haven't known until I told you Rogue the story. Ozar. And I think that it really comes off a little odd, though. I think that that's like the the wink wink that we'll see how this is and what it now, means. You talk about the whole idea of having this in here, though, and how it doesn't really fit for the whole celebration aspect that yeah. we're dealing with with the rest of these stories for the most part. I actually kind of thought about it. Yes, here we are at the 1,000th issue. It's a yeah. big point. It's almost like a passing of the guard, though. Like, this is going to be where Superman's going forward after this big 1,000th issue. So it's like, I think it kind of fits in that regard as well. Yeah, but what I'm saying, what happened if in three years, when you go to read this again, and you know at that point that Brian Michael Bendis quit after two issues, that you don't oh, know God. what's going to happen. I mean, you don't. You He's don't taking have over any... all the Superman books. Yeah, you, How you, can he do that to but me? But I'm saying that. What happened if he quits after three years? What happened if it's like a Greg Rucka? Where he's like, you know what? This isn't working out. I'm, I'm bailing. I it's don't want to do it. a lot more work than I thought it would so be. That, then, yeah. Then you'll have this like, boy, this was really odd. Or, I mean, also, what would happen if this Man of Steel and all this just is terrible? And people go nuts. You're really risking putting this kind of bookmark well, on then, this then issue. Then we remember in that this issue how things went so terribly wrong. Well, you have that. But again <laughs> – it's a celebration. This is not a advertisement. You want to have this story, have this be the story in that DC Nation number zero that sets up because that's the next thing that's going to yeah. set up. We have another thing. And if you don't read this, you think to me or you, do we really think that you go into this Man of Steel and nothing is explained at all? It's just going to be explained anyway. So it really just throws me off that they use the celebration to kind of push the next thing. Though Brian Michael Bendis being on, it's a pretty big thing. But yeah. still, it seemed odd, especially when they were going back and, and kind of grabbing some people who did do some Superman stuff in the past. Though, when I sat there and thinking, I was like, who else should they have got to say? Scott, uh, or, uh, Scott Snyder did Superman Unchained. Yeah. He's going to be doing some stuff. But a Tom King hasn't really done Superman. And that's another one. It just seems like, boy, everybody, he's like, he's, that Tom King's so hot right now. And oh, yeah. let's throw him on It's like there. Hansel. It's like Hansel. And, uh, with that, I thought, boy, like maybe a Grant Morrison. And with yeah. that, y you sit there and think, okay, everybody's saying that Grant Morrison is jumping on sideways. There is a rumor now that he's going to be a on Green Lantern. A Green Lantern. How book. Jordan the Green Lantern course. Yeah, and I think it's going to be a new book. I, I don't know if it's true, yeah. but you're getting a lot of these stories about Grant Morrison is kind of back in the fold. Why wouldn't this have been something that they got a hold of him to do or, you know, grab some other people who have done some Superman stuff uh, instead? Uh, you know, even I know it's not their favorite, but Scott Liddell did do a lot of Superman in the New 52 yeah. even. And, you know, the Tom King, that's fine and dandy, but it just seemed like, a, you know, we think it's Tom King like, I got to get involved in this. You got to let – but it might also be them like, oh – we want you on, but what do you need to do to set – this is going to sell because of what it is. And it just seemed weird. And, and you know, I'm surprised, uh, you know, you didn't have a Steve Orlando story or a Joshua Williamson story. Just that's as, as accurate or whatever as a Tom King to me. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, uh, what would you give it overall? 
I gave this issue overall an 8.5 out of 10 because it was just a feel-good issue. And I thought for the most part, every story did what it needed to do. Yeah, we had the little commercial, like you say, at the end, but I knew it was coming. I expected it, and I won the – the only thing I really wrote about in my review because it's what we have going forward. Yeah. This is the changing of the guard, and this is what we have to look forward to coming forward with Superman. Yeah. 8.5 out of 10. Now I'll give it a 9 because I thought that, you know, like I said, there was some that I didn't like as much, like a, that Jeff Johns. I was expecting a little more from him uh, with this, and that Brad Meltzer was just kind of odd, the concept even. Uh, but even though with those, they're still, like you said, that's that's what you'd expect. It's a celebration. Uh, just the idea, though, the celebration turned into a coming attractions, uh, and you're, you're having this issue to be more than just this week's issue leading into something coming up. Uh, this, it really throws me off that years from now you would have this and people would get the, you know, the hardcover version and all these things. And then at the end, it's like, see, man of steel. Like, yeah, I, I've read that three times. I, I don't, you know what I mean? It just seemed yeah. odd to throw that in and not have him use this one as a way to kind of get people, Hey, look. He knows what he's doing. Look at this story. He's celebrating Superman as well because he loves him. Uh, it just kind of seemed odd, but I'll still give it a 9 out of 10. I, I, the art's really good. Yeah, also have all those covers at the beginning that are really, What's really cool. What's your favorite cool. cover? Uh, I don't know. I was looking through, and of course you asked me that, and I've gotten rid of my uh, thing I say, now. My, I got... Mine is the 90s cover. Yeah, I'm going to look now. I, I, I did I just it's just through. nostalgic for me. Yeah, I'm looking through because I don't really know – who did them? Actually, I really like the classic, the uh, Smash the Axis by War Bonds and Stamps one. I really <laughs> think that's cool. That's the uh, the that Michael cool Cho, one. the 40s variant. I think it's really yeah. cool. I even like the uh, the animated one, the uh, or it's the 50s variant, but it kind of looks like the animated series. I actually right. appreciate that they even wrote what they are too for some people to look. Now I'm looking through. Boy, each one I look because you know what. I might have to say that my favorite is the, and I know you're not a huge fan, the all red car, uh, the sixties variant with all right. the different crazy. I, I think that's pretty cool, but yeah, it, it's really cool though to go through. No, they're, they're all very cool. I'm saying yeah, I would yeah. never say that anybody's opinion on something is wrong because I yeah. think they're all very cool. I just like the nineties one. It's myself. true too. That's the Dan Jergens cover. I'm looking at yeah. now the nineties one. That is really cool. I, they're all really cool, but yeah, uh, we're going to go to the next book which is going to continue the super section we didn't even say it i think at the beginning no, the super, super section. section uh with what superman number 45 written by patrick gleason and peter j tomasi with art by patrick gleason Stephen downer and tom napolitano it's time to say goodbye to our creators run on this title and with it they're saying goodbye to hamilton county as our super family takes one last trip back to their former homestead to finish up packing before the new owners move in and then one final trip to the county fair to have a walk down memory lane so we can all see the things that we loved about this run yeah uh i'll tell you i i think this issue was awesome it's one of my favorite issues. This is, uh, it's definitely, and it's funny with that Action Comics 1000. This is my, my book of the week. And it, I'm it, saying, this is, this is a continuation in my mind. I'm like, they're like, we didn't say enough for our celebration Action Comics yeah. 1000. We're going to continue now, saying it here with our I final actually, issue of this. I'll even go even beyond that. Uh, I give Tomasi Gleason full credit because you have a lot of guys who we've seen issues where you have a Keith Giffen ending issue where, uh, you know, they're canceling a book, but he that, wipes it, the it, board he wipes the board clean. You also have, say, a Steve Orlando who has the same exact 
you know, the thing that has gone on. The same exact thing has kicked him off the Supergirl book as this has kicked Gleason yeah. and Tomasi off this one. It is Brian Michael Bendis showing up. This issue, they not only try to tie up other things, the whole issue, the first half, I'm telling you, it's Tomasi telling you guys, I understand you're upset. I mean, the, anybody who's reading this book is John. Who's like, God damn it. I don't, he wouldn't curse, but no. I don't want to go to this Good new kid, thing. Jim. This is ridiculous. You know, we could have stayed here forever. Uh, and there's Superman. Change is good, John. And there's Superman basically, Tomasi through Clark and Superman saying, listen, I know you guys are upset. I know I've seen it on online. You, you have talked to me that you think that we got the short end of the stick, that this is bullshit. That we, And Tomasi is a guy who continuously gets screwed over by DC, it oh, seems. Yeah. Even Detective Comics when he did that in the New 52. This is a guy who deserves Super to be bitter. Yeah, and he's losing that book as well. I mean, he's the main guy who if you want to have a guy be bitter – be bitter. He is actually writing this book in a way that we see – I see it all the time where you see creators get on Twitter and whatever and say, listen, if you like these superheroes, act like them. Act like your favorite superhero. And to me, this is the best example of a writer putting their money where their mouth is. This is There is nothing in this issue that is bitter. There is nothing in this issue that's angry. All this is is saying to everybody, listen, yes, things are going to change. We don't, and and also, I'm guessing. Time here, I'm we? guessing that John Wayne is going to say the same thing as me because he'll keep sending me articles and things about how Bendis is going to, you know, Bendis isn't going to change things. He's going to change right. things. I can only think that Tomasi knows what's coming up, and he's assuring people. Listen. It's all about us. It always will be. Nothing's going to change. Now, again, you can say that when it does, he's saying like, hey, guys, our version's still out there somewhere in another multiverse that you can believe still goes on. But to me, this whole thing with John, with the listen, listen, buddy, thing, people change. You got to change. Things change can be good. It can be bad. But you have to accept it because nothing can stay the same. And you get to this point where you have some things where they're planning stuff. But when Lois actually starts starts to mop the floor and she says early like oh it's going to be weird yeah, all your footprints and they are and there i'm such, like it's such a weird thing to me because i, oh, I never think even lois think about never that has thing, cleaned this house ever, ever. Yeah, ever. there's all these little like john footprints oh, yeah. from him running in the house with like barefoot through like when he's younger and stuff like that but, yeah well, why are these footprints yeah, like, still here boy lois That's you really should have stopped your drinking and, and done a little thing but she starts crying i got i got choked up because to me again this is tomasi even so like Oh man, you know what? I love this little John guy and all the things like I raised him as well. And here we go. And I yeah. like when they go in and, uh, they're like, Oh, what's the matter, Lois? Ah, the, you know, the dust is in my eyes. It's kind of funny. But even before that, there's some funny parts where they're going through and kind of, you know, Hey, remember when this happened? I remember this. I'm like, why do they keep going with Goldie? Holy moly. Like, yeah, oh, remember God. that? Oh, remember like, why do we have to remember <laughs> what happened with Goldie? I know. And I'm the like, second issue. And it's so crazy when the, like, yeah, you remember? When you use your freeze breath, yep, July hockey. That was the best. Yeah, too bad I wasn't so good with my heat vision. Yeah, oh, you know. No. And he's like, oh, Goldie, you know, it was an accident. I'm like, oh, God, why bring this up? This is the worst. But, yeah, they kind of – again, it's, it's kind of like – I, I really hated the whole road trip thing during in July yeah. when we had that two-part arc to tell you how great America was or is. And, like, yeah. uh, the whole thing, though, like – 
I think Goldie was the most controversial thing, yeah, though, in this entire was. run because yeah. I'm telling you, they had just it started the Superman pretty quickly, family. Thank it God, did because but... it's it was the Superman family book. Okay, we have him in Hamilton County. This is a nice book. Issue number two, John Fry's pet cat. Oh my yeah. God, what happened? Yeah, and people, and it's funny. I would almost guess that the best thing that happened for that issue is that another issue came out in two weeks, so you can kind I of know. get past that because boy, people did kind of get upset. Uh, there is a weird deal, which I like in this as well, where they're saying, you know, no capes of colors. We're going to have to move. The moving guys are there. John throws out a deal where he's going to take his little mobile of the planets because it has Pluto. He's still going to go with Pluto as a planet. Uh, and you go there. It is a weird thing that Flash shows up. I kind of like it because you don't get that a lot with, with Superman. No. I actually thought there was going to be the race. Uh, and I'm like, oh, here we go. But no, he helps them move. Uh, and that's the and thing. It's pretty because funny. Their, mover, their moving van can't get there because the Justice League are running training drills that are actually blocking yeah. up traffic. So they're actually doing something that makes it so their moving van can't get there. So Flash comes in. All right, guys, what do you need? All right, where do you want this box? Where do you want this? Where do you want that? Yeah. And he just keeps racing back yeah, and forth. Yeah, just keeps going and, back and forth. And all I could think to myself, you have lived in Metropolis for a long time now in my mind. Why was all this shit still yeah, why in the goddamn that stuff house? Still and there? where are you it's putting it in your full apartment now? Yeah, eh, they're just stuffing it there. They, it flash, he's good with interior decorating. He might have learned from Mr. Miracle there. Uh, oh. But yeah, then they go to the fair. And it's fun. You know what I mean? That was it's one of the, back to issue number seven. one of the best, and it's one of the best of issues. Run. Yes. It's one of the best. I think I gave the issue a 9.5 out of 10. Yeah. It's so good. And in this, you have some funny tie-ins too. You get Maxwell Lord there. He's there with the fucking eating the, oh, the Manchester hay. Black. Or Manchester Black. I mean, he's there as, you know, the cow. He's still yeah. there. You have the eyes glowing. That's funny. Then Not smoking, but his eyes are no, glowing. No, no. And then the weirdest thing, though, is that then you're reminded, wait a second. We have this whole Bizarro story that's never going to end. You know, because there is Rob Zorro, Boy Zorro. They're working uh, the deal with Maya. And, yeah, boys, uh, Rob Zorro is hilarious. Kathy and Maya are trying to teach him, acclimate them how to act yeah. in this world. Because we have a little thing, too, where... You know, Maya, I mean, uh, Kathy keeps opening up portals. Maya's sending probes in to try to find Boyzara's homeworld. Yeah. But it kind of collapsed into a black hole. So I don't think they're finding this homeworld. Yeah, no. So they're trying to acclimate these boys to how things are in our world. And it seems that Boyzaro, the, the Bizarro boys, yeah. have themselves their own stand because, you know, the, the Bizarro version of Goliath Robbins, you know, like a bat dragon or bat monster, yeah. is tiny. And here we have Tiny's Fries. Where they're, I'm like, yeah. why do they have their own fair stand? It's so weird to me. And the best is you don't get, you only get very limited Bizarro talk, which very is fine. Limited. Boy Zorro seems very depressed, which is kind of sad. But you get a couple jokes. But I or really is he like. Happy? Uh, I don't know. He's uh, yeah, he's happy because he's sad. Uh, Rob Zorro's hilarious as uh, and really the art of Rob Zorro in this really accentuates like how ridiculous he is especially he looks when like he's got John Waters. Oh my god he does he looks so much like a creep uh I really like the weird things like they he they get it really good with the Bizarro deal because there's not a lot where Bizarro says hello when he means goodbye, but also has his hand backwards and his pin upside down. I thought like now that's the Bizarro I could get behind, uh, and it's really cool. And again, now you have you know this whole dedication to this new ride. They're talking about you know Superman and Superboy, which ends up being the you know a big statue in gold for them. That you know well, it's, all, it's also a callback to like you know and how they the, save the town yes. at the end of the Black Dawn, the Manchester Black yep. Arc with the giant squid with the and giant stuff squid. like that. Yep, yeah. it's cool. And so they're there at that giant squid ride and they have the, the you know, the big, uh, statues of them. 
it's a really cool time. I, I really like it. And, uh, you know, you're going and there's not, you know, it's just a feel good deal. It's pretty yeah, much and, a, I'm telling you, it is a walk down memory lane, yeah. greatest hits to remind you why you love this yeah. series so and much. Like and I it, said, it, I like it the does beginning. a great job in doing yeah. that, especially bringing us back to the fair right there. They knew the fair was the best issue oh, they yeah. did. That's why we had yeah. to go back to the fair. Yeah. And it was a great touch of this whole thing, but the fair is cut short because even though there's no capes and colors allowed tonight, there's yeah. goddamn monsters in Metropolis. Monsters, the Flash yeah. is calling, so Superman has to go out. Superboy's going to tag along. And at the end of the night, Lois just comes home, finds her boys passed out on the couch after eating a whole pizza, it looks like, and yeah. just puts the covers over them. And then, you know, she is still holding on to the one thing that she's held on to since they moved out of the, like, Hamilton County, like yep. this final little move, the Kent mailbox. The where Kent she just mailbox. Sets it up and next to their picture on funny. the table. We and may puts the hate flag it. Up. She puts the flag up kind of a little, like there's the road trip deal with the American flag yeah. there as the flag puts it up. But again, and then you, it's and really good. For you. Yeah, and I really, really like it. Like I said, I was really impressed at the beginning that they did take a lot of time to kind of tell every, all the fans here, listen, we're going to have a celebration of our run here. Yeah, it's cut short. We're sad about it too, but – Things change, and it's not anybody's fault. It's stuff that happens all the time, and you have to go with the flow. You have to trust that, you know, it's not just change for change's sake, but things can get better, though they may not. You know, you have yeah. that sort of thing, and I, I thought that was really well done. And I said, uh, we've had a lot of these ending issues with people that are bitter and want to, you know, go. I know if I wrote a comic and oh they told God. me that Bendis was on, boy, there would be a guy in that comic that looks exactly like Bendis, which people would be, hey, what's Lex Luthor doing? Probably be like <laughs> Lex Luthor's retorted brother, and I'd have him fall off a goddamn building and get squashed by 18 million things and, oh, no, and go Superman that route. Superman didn't save him. Yeah. Oh, no. He slipped out of my hands, wink, wink. Uh, yeah. Oh, he's here to take us over. I, now, I'd be so bitter. Saying now with the whole thing that we're talking about, how it's really nice to have the whole thing, like you know, John talking, like you know, Superman talking to John as if you know, Tomasi's talking to us about the yeah. idea of change, and you got to move forward in life and stuff like that. I did think it was a little pushed too, a little too hard. It went a little, like you know, we have the Robert Frost quotes and stuff like yeah. that, and like you know, it was just a push a little bit too. Too heavy for me, but overall, I really enjoyed yeah, this issue. I, I thought it was really good, and yeah, the Robert Frost post. And I would have liked like to see a little bit more of the boys are Robs are stuff because we never really felt like we yeah, had an ending. Yeah, I, I actually think that they basically are like, well, it got cut short. We're we're not going to be able to do much with it. We'll set it to a point yeah. where maybe we'll have, and we don't know. Maybe they're on another book that we're not aware of that's going to continue. Maybe they're on the Bizarro that. Boys book. Yeah, maybe that's the book or, or something. Featuring comes Kathy up. and Maya. Yeah, I'd, I'd go for it. But yeah, and the art's great. It, it's yeah, like, really you know, they really wanted to go out with this being like pretty much, like you said, all the greatest hits. It makes you smile. It ends it with the whole deal, you know, where, uh, you have Superman and Superboy there with the pizza. They're, they're yep. knocked out with, with fucking alien goo all over them as well. And Lois <laughs> just tucks them in. I, I really liked it. So I, you go with your score first and then I'll. I gave this an 8 out of 10 because I love the art and I love the walk down memory lane. The only problem is the Boy Zaro stuff was cut short. It kind of felt weird. And I thought that the whole change thing was just a little bit too forced. But overall, I really enjoyed this yeah, issue. Yeah, I give it a 9.5. I think it's one of the best issues. The Boy Zaro stuff, it's just they, they didn't have time. They were yeah. kicked off. I mean, this is a thing where we heard, I think, when they did, they were kicked off. These things were pretty much done. Who knows what issues they had in the can already getting ready for that. There's not enough time. They ended up having to stop their run. It's over now. 
So that that's the deal. And uh yeah, unless I they did we we have their are they on the Superman special issue? That's the uh, thing, I'm not up? sure if they are because I was looking at DC site and it looked like there was other creative teams on that, but yeah. you can never really that's not really a reliable source. That's, that's the weird thing. The DC site, not really reliable when it comes to the yeah. creators on the and books. That's, and and that's the weird thing about it is I don't know if maybe I know that the action comics one, I think that it is a, a Lex Luthor story, which is very nice. odd. Uh but I like uh, it's it. just I, I know, but it's odd because that just seems to want to set up. We haven't really resolved the idea of Lex being good or bad. You know what I right. mean? And I think that that's what that's very important that to me. sets up. And yeah, I, I'm even looking at the thing, and this was Bizarro Redeath Finale. It was listed as, and it looks as if it got changed at some point. Uh, the Superman special, though, it is a bunch of people. It says on it, but. Uh, Tomasi is on it as well. Uh, there is also Mark Russell, Ian Flynn. You got Superman's World is about to change in a big way, but before it does, the Man of Steel has some unfinished business to attend to. Uh, I remember seeing this. It's the Dinosaur Island stuff. Superman, yeah, yeah, yeah. Soldier of the Past, take a trip. So you just didn't and, have and I, I, any I'll time. tell you something that I really don't want to read is more Dinosaur Island stuff. I know. And, and that freaking, I think, it, you know, the leg and the, the, all that nonsense. But we'll see, oh, we'll see how that goes. But, yeah, I this is one of my favorite issues. I'm telling you, I'm sitting here just because I have I did read that solicit because I wanted to make sure that this because this really does feel like a farewell issue from yeah, uh, Tomasi yeah. and Gleason. So w- when I was writing my review, I wanted to make sure. So I looked ahead and saw that, saw all the different creators and stuff, saw Dinosaur Island. But now you say that when you say it to me for some reason. I want to tell you how much I really love this run of Superman and stuff yeah. like that. There's there a some, lot of there ups was some and downs. odd stuff. Yeah, exactly. No, there there's was a lot of odd stuff thrown in. I'm like, oh yeah, Dinosaur Island. Yeah, you know that what's was funny? That was not a high point in my mind. I'm telling you, you know what's funny about this the Superman run is that you can really just hang your hat on the really good stuff. Like I'm yeah. telling you, the the fair and the fair Eric. I mean, there was a lot of nonsense there was a lot of times where you had these yeah and even where all of a sudden you'd have these two issue arcs you know frankenstein, frankenstein and stuff and bride, like that yeah. is really odd but when it hit it's the book that we it really really wanted and it's what we always want with this book and when it was kind of the continuation of like the feel of that lois and clark book even it made you feel the family stuff is what yeah, we, that's we what like. i like yeah. so uh we really really liked it and uh basically you know kathy we loved as a character that's a cool character uh that was introduced like his little lana lang deal yeah. and stuff like that that we really like so yeah the, the girl who shame. witnessed him burn his cat alive yeah yeah, yeah. and it's a shame that it kind of ended better way up to ending. Yeah, yeah, really. That's the best The age-old tale when girl, uh, boy yes. meets girl and boy girl meets girl. Boy murder a cat. Yeah, and really didn't seem to have a lot of qualms about it. Which ah, would she's be an the, alien. Yeah, that, well, that's what I'm saying. Might have been the first deal that he, she's either A, an alien, B, a psychopath, or yeah. C, a little bit from column A, a little bit from column A. Or the love of my life. <laughs> yes. <laughs> or E, a little bit from column A. It's uh, all of it, which happens in my house all the time, Eric. It's a little bit of all of those as well. You didn't now realize you Tanya cats. is an alien. Oh. Uh, I was talking Tanya, but we're going to move on to the next and last book in the super section here, which is Super Sons, number 15, written by Peter J. Tomasi. Eric, I've heard of that guy before. Art so, by uh, Carlo Barbary, Art Thibbert. Photo Bunker. Proto Bunker, I'm sorry. Proto. Oh. And Dave Sharp. That makes more sense. Proto, yeah. 
proto-bunker. These crazy people and their names. Crazy the robots. People. Super Sons is coming to a close, and Tomasi takes us back to the beginning with a Kid Amazo story. The biggest problem isn't that I really don't want Kid Amazo to be the last bit we get in this book. It's this beginning already feels like there's just not much of a story to tell. I love the art, but the rest of me was just set up. And it's it's. I'm glad that we set this up in the podcast like this, because we, I just said how just great i thought that they were saying goodbye to superman now we're going to have more of the super sons obviously uh but it's coming to an end and this setup of a story doesn't have me excited at all nope. for this uh i think that I this was maybe the it's not the worst issue of this run because mainly i think that this run was very full of false starts yeah. kind of full of things like it never felt like the book ever got going uh, and I said, throughout and every this time thing, we see we made progress, we then took two yeah, steps you'd back. You'd MC Scat Cat. And, yeah, you know, even when, that. when you go through this and at the end, when we do end this and you say, Oh man, what was your favorite part of the Super Sons book that people huh. do like? Uh, you know, Oh, I liked Kid Amazo. Oh, I, it, it's just not that great at the stories. I like the characters. That's what's maintained me. This though, it's, it's kind of, Hinting at some things I like, it also hints at some things I don't, which would be Kid Amazo, and also the bickering is back with the, hey, little guy, like, we're done with that. We've seen Damien especially. I don't know, become, for some reason the bickering, I didn't really feel like there was a lot of bickering in this one. It was just at the beginning, and yeah. but that's the only time they're together. So really, you only – one hour else are they going to bicker? They're <laughs> underwater and being torn apart. There's not enough time for them to bicker. So when they're there, they're calling each other dummies. You have, hey – This is how guy, we talk uh, to each other. Yeah, but I'm telling you, in a book where it's been that and when the best moments have been when they are best friends and starting to be best friends. I love friends, it so much. This is a little step back again for me and really – there's no story to tell. They, no. they want to, Tomasi wants to kind of end this thing with the kid Amazo. I did not need that ended. I, maybe some people did. I didn't care about Reggie and kid Amazo. Uh, the minute that he left and got, but you know, pretty much in a coma, it seemed and got put in the, I forgot all about him. I, I really did until they're like, Oh, there's another kid Amazo story. Really? Like that's how we're going to end. But you, you start off where you do see that in Metropolis, the LexCorp building, they are working on a way to try to figure out the genetic level mutation that powers the Amazo virus, uh, you know, deal and the suit and Reggie and things like that. And I'm already like, really, I'm not that interested in well, I'm this. saying the whole thing. Next up, one human-like AI synthetic being artificial, yeah. artificially powered by a mesovirus. Like, yeah, you've just made this way too yeah. convoluted for yeah. my like, especially just since I don't care about kid amazing no. to begin with. No. And the whole setup, too, where we have these doctors realize that, oh, my God, Reggie's gone. And because the way we see this room, we just see the empty bed flipped yeah. over. Later on, when you see Reggie talking about what happened. Reggie should know, be there. Well, that's the thing is, no, like when Reggie's talking about, like Reggie's body is in the suit. I'm guessing he he could be dead for all we know. No, I think but that the, the body's that, not there. I think it's just AI. 
I don't even think the body's there because when you see that, it seems like he's just sucking energy out of the body and says, you know, I just need, I know he says he needs kind of a vessel. To me, the art almost made it seem like that's why he needs Superboy because he doesn't have a body in there anymore. He just has an animated face. It's, it's very odd and convoluted to me. So, but yeah, it, if I'm saying this, the whole thing is, you know, Luther, like, you know, he took Reggie in to try to, you know, like, see what's going on with this Amazo virus to study the kid and whatnot. But why would you have the, the, the Amazo suit? In the uh, in a floating tank in the same room as this coma kid. No, I don't know. It just seems so weird to me to have them in the same room. I'm looking at the art. I guess it can show you that maybe he's getting sucked into the suit. But how would he get sucked into that? I I don't even know. uh, Like the suit wraps around or something. I don't know how it works. But you know what I mean? It doesn't even go fully into it. And it just seems weird. But yeah. My biggest problem with the progression of the issue, though. Yeah, why would you have them anywhere near each other? My biggest problem with the progression of the issue, though, is that we start out in this LexCorp building where they find out that, oh, my God, Reggie and the Amazo suit's gone. We have no progression of time because then it just goes to Super Sun's headquarters where Kid Omezo just comes in and breaks in the place and then talks about how he's been, like, looking at things for weeks yeah. To pinpoint where they are, like, to pinpoint when do we have are. this time progression? And oh. why, how did they not know that Reggie and the Kid Amazo suit is gone? Yeah, and I, I love seeing Damien pumping iron. Makes me laugh, little guy pumping the iron. Uh, and with that, yeah, just John sitting around eating noodles, you know, as a progression of the beginning with the lady at LexCorp with, uh, she was I doing love the, the noodles same thing. In and he's like, boy, I'd marry these noodles, huh? And hey, well, I thought I'd put you on mute. Huh, your dad told me not to. He said you always put people on mute, little guy. Who you calling little? Get away from me. Huh, the the filtration system in here, it, it, you're stinking up the place. I'm like, this is not what I need halfway through the issue no. where you're almost halfway through when Kid Amazo shows up and now we've gotten some you dummy, your noodles, and this. I'm like, really? This is the story that you need to end with? And it doesn't even seem like you have enough for the amount of issues that are going to end it with. And then when Kid Amazo shows up now you get the next quarter of the issue of basically them just underwater trying to breathe and there's nothing to it and you have where kinemazo has uh john and damien comes with an escape pod hits him then saves john but then john gets grabbed by a tentacle of kinemazo well, it's, he- it's weird too because then a lot of this whole thing is you know john has to go and fight off kinemazo while robin goes and gets the um the re- the pressurized rebreathers that batman yeah. gives which apparently wasn't an issue and they but, didn't test yet so that was a big it's, thing it's too, weird it. though but it's like but didn't your dad say those breather things haven't been tested? Like, yeah. These are these are rebreathers. Batman uses them all the time. Well, yeah. Like, what's the problem here? And there I is know. no problem, obviously, for no. what we have. It's just a weird thing to like say out of nowhere. That's what I'm saying. There's things in this that really, it's just there to take up space. And yeah. if anybody loves this issue, the the thing that gets me the, the most art looks great. Oh, it looks awesome. The thing that gets me the most though is just I actually expected this last deal to be. A kind of a celebration of the kids and, and have some fun. This is not that fun. And you do get a little bit of a Damien then saves John, which that's yeah. good. And he goes, but then he can't get up. Then John wakes up. I'll fly us out and then gets grabbed by Kid Amazo's tentacle to, to haul him down. Damien kind of goes, oh, and then Cyborg reaches in and grabs Damien. And I'm like, okay, that's cool to have Cyborg here, but. It seems very forced to me that you have at the at the end the reveal the twist is that Kitamezo has the the Justice League which to me seems ridiculous but uh you have Cyborg with his normal man versus machine and there's a character Kitamezo where it's 
a machine that wants to be more than man kind of going. It seems like it's just heading for the very cliched. I know what this is like. I'm a guy who's half machine, half man. You can kind of go. It just seemed very weird that Cyborg's the one who just ends up being there when they're going against a man uh, and machine type deal. Well, not but, only that, though. It's like, you know, Kid Amazo shows up. Him, Them fighting Kid Amazo in the Fortress of Attitude this whole time yeah. lasts less than five minutes of my, like for what it feels yeah. like. And then when they get up, Cyborg pulls Damien out of the water. He's got a big ass boat there. It's like, oh yeah, yeah. the thing went off. I got down here yeah, because that's what down. Batman said. He's like, all right, you know, like, uh, we gotta go. Uh, wait, Superboy's still down there. There's nothing you can do to stop me from going back there. What? Superboy's still down there? That's all you had to say. Yeah. And like, just, all right, I'm gonna sit down here. Go take care of that. <laughs> okay. You're not gonna help Cyborg? Fuck. <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, and I'm like, he's dead. It's lucky that, Re- that get amazo. Reggie decided, you know what? let's get out of this water because it gets them out. And then this is the other thing that gets me is you're also now, this is where hundred percent set up and we're getting near the end anyway, but it's one of those like, all right, I'm Kid Amazo. I'm going to pull you out. We're on the platform of the oil rig that was set up by Cyborg saying that the justice league went to do something at an oil rig. Oh, there was yeah. an emergency at the oil rig. So that is set up goes and then throws John kicks him. So John, you know, belts out the uh the water, water. and then says by the way i'm gonna tell you my story now superboy and we go to get the story and it's it's such a forced way to do this to me and not it, it, we don't have a lot of time this book is That's ending creepy ass dialogue and, going on yeah. reggie if anything for like but free and luther didn't do anything i didn't want him to do yeah, I'm like, yeah. And it, but that's the that's thing is now, shit to now say. it is creepy as shit to say, but it's also kind of like, okay, there's Kid Amazo who has mind controlled Lex Luthor, at least manipulated him to do something, and now also has where we see the Trinity knocked out and tied up. I'm like, boy, Kid Amazo, you have really stepped up your game since the last time we saw when you were chasing your sister and the super friend through the woods. And yep. also, the, the other thing used to be that he would create all these doubles and things like that. That's not I here, don't so know I what don't, his power source that's what I'm anymore. saying, like, we the don't whole thing know. Is, they, they said when he came in, like, oh, you can't go up against him, he can have yeah. all the powers of the Justice League, yeah. but we don't really see any of that here. At no. one point, he becomes tentacles to grab them, like, yep. I, I don't know what your and power set is or what the rules are for you point, anymore. And then at that he also says, like, you can't beat me, He's, I'm underwater, I have Atlantean technology, you can only assume somewhere Aquaman is dead. And with with that as well, you have the whole thing, the wraparound, in my mind, thinking this while I was reviewing it. Okay, you went to get John because you're saying, you know, you need a body. Is this a size thing? Because you actually now show us you have the Trinity and you need John too. Like it, you really – I think that you're kind of wasting time if you can suck the powers out of the, the Trinity. You're, you're pretty much, you know, pretty good to go. And, yeah, and you're you're pretty good to go. And there's no reason to really have to go beyond that to get John. But you get John because he, he, this is their book, you know. And, yeah, there's Flash, too. I was looking at the top. So why? He's like, yeah, I'll be siphoning power from the Justice League. Perhaps you've heard of him. I'm like, why did you waste the time? Now, it might be a revenge, revenge thing, but it didn't seem – it just seemed like he's like, you know, I got Reggie, but now I have you. And then I'm like, you, you don't need him. You, you have – very you have, you have bigger fish there and yeah. it just seemed weird and it, it just the whole issue was just set up for kid Amazo, which i didn't like the first time so that's no, really I hate where my kind of upset came from 
Uh, but with that, I gave it a 6.5 on the site because I, I, or actually, no, I gave it a 5 out of 10. I'm looking now. I thought I gave it a 6. Now I give it a, and it's not, I'll tell you, it's not a fuck you 5. This is one of those where I gave it a 5 because to me, this was pretty much a right down the middle average issue that was lifted up by the art, which makes it that 5 because that's yeah. the best thing. But really the story, the cat, you don't get anything out of it except set up. And I'm hoping the next issue, they, they kick ass and we end the deal, you know, in style. But this is just setting that up. And when you're wasting this much time to set up a Kid Amazo story, eh, it's kind of nonsense. So I give it a 5 out of 10. What would you give it? 5.8 out of 10. Yeah, the majority of that is the art because I, I'm telling you, I like, I love Jorge Jimenez when he was on this book. I think Carlo yeah. Barbary might be the guy who should have, should have really done this the entire it. time yeah, because I really whenever he it. does it, it looks like the best thing I've ever seen. And like, yeah. I hate Kid Amazo. There was some decent stuff here with the fighting and stuff, like some really cool moments where like, you know, Robin's saving John and John's going back to save Robin and stuff like that. But like Cyborg felt weird. I don't know what they're doing with this Kid Amazo and the whole AI and what, like, you know, he even says at one point, Reggie gave me sustenance and personality, so yeah. I just don't know what we're probably, Like we said, we have the Justice League here. Is it just revenge now? Like, yep. it just feels odd to go back to where we started with Kid Amazo for all the cool stuff we could have done, and you never even really set up the boys to be the best of friends that you always yeah, wanted them to be. Uh, by the way, I, it bothered me. What I was, it didn't make sense what I was saying to myself. I gave it a 6.5. I don't know why I wrote in my notes. I have 5 out of 10. Though I said 6. I know what I gave it. And then I tried to think like, what was I thinking? And uh, yeah, it doesn't make sense. Cause I knew I gave it. The art was that good that yeah. I gave it a 6.5. The story itself w- wasn't great. But yeah, I don't know why I thought I gave it a 5. And then I had to try to figure out why the fuck I would have given it that. Uh, but that's not the case. That, that's Tuesday, Jim's problem. That, that, actually, that was the Phantom Reviewer, Eric. Ah. <laughs> He's back. He's a Dracula. He's a Dracula, that He's guy. He's a Dracula. Yeah, I'm telling you, I had no idea why I put five. I know one of the books coming up uh, in another section. I think I doubled that score up. But, yeah, uh, that is it. We're done with the super section, uh, and we're going to move on to some mail. Yo, it's mail call. It's mail with you. Boom. I heard, Boom. A little, heard a little shade thrown out of that cellar dweller there. I don't know what that was all about. Uh, but about? yes, this is mail section number one. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, if you want to be involved in the mail, just mail in at weirdsciencedccomics at gmail.com and you will be part of the show like Stormy. The star of the like show. Like Stormy. Now, I did say the email address. Stormy, unfortunately, did send this in last week, but she had already at one point mailed us in on the Pop Culture Podcast, so had that one in and accidentally sent it there. So I, I apologize, Stormy, uh, that we did not get this mail in last week, uh, but here it goes. Hey, guys. First and That's foremost, funny. I like to tell you that out of all the podcasts Ray tortures me with. Poor Ray Ray. 
Uh, already getting shade thrown at him in one sense. The Get Fresh Croup Beep Boop is the only one I can listen to the whole episode without begging Ray to turn it off. And I'll, I'll say that I can't seems, even do that. Uh, yeah, really. Yeah, I beg you to listen. The uh, <laughs> the big thing about that though is as well. You know, you're talking seven eight hours. Yeah. <laughs> These others are, are That's pretty a short. Yeah, that is. You bring great content and have a lot of great views on things. Unlike that cellar dweller, you what? two are never boring and constantly making me laugh. Whenever, whether I'm laughing my ass off with Wrong Turn or the goofiness you two have, I enjoy listening with Ray. By the way, does Wrong Turn still have you banned? LOL. The answer of that is no. Though he came over Do to I Eric. Do I have him banned? Yes, though? Eric. Pretty much. Eric. Pretty much. At one point, Wrong Turn came over and said, "I'm sorry, Dad. I wasn't talking to you. I was in the moods." I had one of my moods, and Eric basically said, and I'm paraphrasing, not much, though. Go fuck yourself, you fucking asshole. You're a dick, and this isn't going to make up for it. That's about what he said. And then Wrong Turn had a goofy... Sounds like an appropriate response to me. He had a goofy smile on his face, and then you hear me yelling and screaming on this podcast. There's me feeling bad for Wrong Turn. I'm like, he he doesn't really mean it. I'm like, listen, I know you're having problems, but then I tried to explain to him, you can't... Talk to people and then the, that, that night go home and make up a story in your head to be mad at them and come back the next day pissed, not talking, and not think these people will get upset. And I said, you got to watch And not only yourself. that, but he was going around telling everybody how we were pieces we were of assholes. shit yeah, for his imaginary people, scenario. Told people legitimately that Dad, Eric, and Jim are pieces of shit and they're assholes because uh, I almost got killed and they laughed at me. That was never, never anything close no. to happening. And I told Tanya about it, and I'm like, get this. You know, this sort of thing happened. Get these, this, babe. They get this, babe. The, these pallets almost fell on that, that wrong turn. And, and they uh, didn't. He was in a fork truck. I know. No, he was off of it when it came down. He went to get it. The thing that I said, see, you didn't see it when, when it no, happened. That's what makes it around. great that he says that you laughed at him. You didn't see it. What happened is he put the pallets on top of each other with the fork truck. I hear shit going wrong. First off, the fork truck starting a wrong turn in the seat. There's shit going wrong. So yeah. I'm watching the whole time. We'd already told him not to do what he was going to do. He puts them on. I see them. They're teetering. He jumps off the fork truck and then goes running to try to grab oh, them as they fell. And this is something that in your mind, just picture these pallets were probably 15 feet up. I mean, okay. there was a lot. And he, and I don't, and I don't know. So then the owner's son says, what are you doing? Playing the retarded Jenga? Ah! And he starts laughing. Now that's why we're, uh, you know, that's why he's mad at us. He said that but, we but did that. But the son apparently is not in the scenario. No, just no, he's him. not in the scenario. And then, you know what the worst thing I said was? Wrong turn. Watch out. You're going to kill yourself. That's what I said. There you go. Where does that Jim get and then, off? And then I say. Tell me I'm going to kill myself. No, no I don't. My watch. I ain't afraid of no cuts. And he says, I'm only afraid of a lion. Uh, <laughs> he, he's saying all this stuff. And, and then this next day, or actually uh, a week later, when he does come to it, I think it was Monday. So he had the whole weekend to calm down. And he comes, he's like, you know, I don't know why you guys are mad at me. He messaged me uh, on Twitter, which is another funny thing that he's on Twitter. Uh, and on I'll also, Friday, I'll also give you a little, yeah, I'll also give you a little wink, wink. There is a chance that if you're in the Get Fresh crew, Wrong <laughs> Turn has followed you, but you'll never know it's him. Uh, but with that, he ends up. You know, saying like, I don't know why you're mad. I'm like, you were mad. You weren't talking to us. You said we were assholes. You got to calm down. You can't make up stories in your head. He's like, I know. I was in one of them moods. I'm like, really? So this is where I tell. Moods. I'm going back. I tell Tanya, listen, this is what happened. You know, I give her the whole explanation. I say he went home 
and he got in his mind about something that happened that didn't, and then now he's going based on that reality. And Tanya just was like, he's a psychopath. He's yeah. a psychopath. And I, I just keep saying, she's getting so mad at me. I'm in the other room. She's like, you know, that's a psychopathic behavior. No, no, that's a retard. I kept yelling. She's like, you can't use that term. I'm, all right, I'm sorry. He, It's a retard. I, I don't know. I was trying to make a joke. But yeah, she's all mad at me about the retard. Really? Really, you know, if the shoe fits, Eric, eat the pie is what I say. I've been getting into comics myself over the past year or two. My first comic that Ray introduced me to was Marvel's Runaways. Loved it. We actually read them all together. Have you read any Runaways, Eric? No, I have not. Do you like the Joan Jett, uh, Lita Ford uh, Runaways band? Do you like that? No, I'm not a huge fan. But I do like, ooh, she's a little runaway. Yeah, you do like that, but you also like Cherry Bomb. You you love that song. I do like Cherry Bomb. So there there you go. We both would take turns reading and then discuss with each other what we read and what we liked and didn't like about it. And that's awesome. I wish I had that here. I read the comics and then people tell me what they like or don't like about me. That's that's my life. That's called Uh, life. Have you read any of this? You said, I've actually read the first issue of the rebooted or re-introduced you know, introduced Runaways. Dude, right. It's okay. I like it. Uh, and that just goes. I've been reading a lot, of Marvel, a lot of Marvel lately. And I sit there and talk to you about Marvel at work and, uh-huh. and tell you. And I don't know any of the guys, so I sit there and you you can stop me when I'm I'm saying something wrong. Yep. <laughs> you know enough that you stop me. I'm like, I don't know. I'm wrong turn. We are now currently reading the reboot for Runaways and Gambit and Rogue. So far, so good. And I haven't read the Gambit and Rogue book but i was reading a lot of amazing spider-man and i i would say my review for that is amazing eric and venom p.s just a follow-up on these cooking classes ray is slacking and doesn't have enough time for them because he's too busy buying all these toys give the man a pep talk would you yeah you have written into the wrong people to give a pep talk about buying toys (laughs) yeah if we're gonna get real i will mute eric and then i will tell eric and ray how much nonsense that is or do i have to address eric lee now oh, oh my goodness is that eric lee oh my goodness he's a vampire he's a dracula but he's keep dracula. the episodes keep the episodes he's a wolfman keep the episodes coming on patiently waiting for more wrong turn games and that is from stormy and unfortunately for stormy we do not have any wrong turn games this week though i was gonna try to do that for but eric that's a setup because we do have something even better. This is for Stormy. Happy birthday, Stormy. I hope that Ray cooked you a nice dinner. There you go. That uh, took me about three days to record that one. I know. That little clip took me uh, more time than you would ever think. Uh, but, yeah, happy birthday, Stormy. It's bel- also, told him to say belated birthday. He don't know that words, so no. he didn't even try. He skipped belated because it was Stormy's birthday last week. So happy belated birthday, Stormy, from happy wrong turn. Birthday, yeah, the next from mail, all of us to get from all of us too. Ooh, but mostly, she just cares about wrong turn. The next one is from Matt, and Matt says, "Wanted to let you and Eric know that the show right. continues to be awesome and hilarious week after week. This may come off as a woe is me take, but it means uh, it's meant to stress how much your podcast generally means to some of us. I just recently sold off my entire comic collection, roughly forty five hundred books." Jeez. And I'm in the process of selling my entire collection of action figures and statues as well. What you my, got, baby? 
My girlfriend has, yeah, really, talk to the <laughs> Eric Lee. My girlfriend has two children from a previous marriage, and the father does very little in the way of helping taking care of the kids. So, really, that's a nice I way had of a saying father too. he's a piece of shit. We are currently getting ready to welcome our own child in the world this July, hopefully on <laughs> July 3rd, Eric. That'd be pretty cool, which What's was that? unplanned, but we are both excited for it. It's Tom Cruise's birthday. To yeah. top things off, her job, and, and really, if you get lucky, Matt, and you do have your child on July 3rd, do what my mom and dad did and say, that all the fireworks on July 4th, even though it will make no sense, that's the birthday party. That's oh, what yeah. they would say. And I'm like, why is it always a day late? This doesn't make <laughs> sense. Well, because it's such a big deal that yeah. they had to gather all these things. And then I remember I'm in school uh, very quickly. Uh, July 4th, Eve, God damn it. I, I've been duped all this time. And I'm like, God, I it took – I would do that. And then I said, I'm glad that I figured this out in 11th grade. <laughs> it took me a while. But no, I was, oh, I was so – it's one of those where they did say that as a lie, and it's not like a, a Santa Claus What a crazy lie. coincidence that they're doing yeah. my day after birthday fireworks the same day as Independence yeah, Day. Yeah, yeah. And when I found out, I'm like, that's, that's like if you went through them, we had a – we'll have a podcast. It's, it's called a podcast called The Steps of Jim's Demise. That was one of them. That really was one of them where I'm like, okay, they fucking lied to me, number one. Number two, they, they don't care enough to even do a birthday, so they had to do the piece of shit birthday thing. And there wasn't even a cake or anything. It was just like, let's go watch your fireworks. Oh, goody. Why is there a flag? Where's Jim in the, in the sky? I don't understand this. Uh, my girlfriend speaking, of, is- speaking of parties, though, you know, I actually was at Walmart today. Going through the party section, looking at pinatas, thinking oh, of yeah? just throwing myself a little party where I just have a bunch of cake and ice cream, pinatas, and a lot of balloons and shit like that, just for no reason. <laughs> it took me that long to find it. You're just going to have a – it's not even going to be on your birthday. You're no, just going to have gonna an be a Eric, party of me it, with a bunch well, of cellar, like a bunch it, of uh, decorations. Eric, silly you. The, the cellar dweller and Eric Lee will be there as well. It, it's such a party in your fucking mind. No, I didn't mind. invite them. No, you didn't. You didn't invite no. the, you didn't invite you the goddamn seller on. Uh, if you need get to, the get, the attic get animal crowded over here. The attic animal, come over. He'll he'll go. I just want you at the end of the podcast uh, of doing, say, the cellar dweller. You know, I still think you're the engineer. You know, you're helping cellar dweller, not very tech savvy. And at no. the end, you say to Jess, "God damn it, you better go get me some cigarettes." That fucking cellar dweller smoked all mine, and then you get free cigarettes from her. She'll pay for them, right? She has yeah. that extra money. <laughs> she has all, all that extra money. Uh, yes, we are currently, he says, they're getting ready. They're excited for a kid coming in July. That'd be awesome. To top things off, her job has been outsourced to China. So later this year, that'll be finished up too. And that sucks. So as you can see, selling off my collection just felt like a thing I needed to do in order to help us out financially. I had a bit of a thing like that, that when Tanya needed money, uh, she ended up selling all my video games. Uh, you know, didn't tell me. Didn't tell me at the pawn shop. So it's not not along the same line. See, he's doing to help his family, she was stealing from you. Yeah, yeah, and and there was no financial burden. She just wanted extra money. I don't regret having to do that one bit because I feel like it's a necessary choice to help take care of my family, and I'm with you. And in a roundabout deal, should I reveal a dark secret of the podcast past, Eric? Should I reveal uh, something that happened to me a couple years ago? I know we never talked about it, but I did get laid off at work. Yeah. Uh, At one point, I was laid off. Uh, During the podcast, I was laid off for probably a good three or four months. Three months. And uh, at that point, I even said to Eric, it really felt weird to do a podcast like this during that time when I was I was on unemployment and uh, 
I felt weird about doing this and not like trying to get a job right away and things like that. But you know, I got lazy then, and then, yeah. then they called me back to work. But I, I understand why. I just said uh, I understand what he's talking about. It kind yeah. of feels silly when you have a lot of things going on, uh, and then you have these comics just sitting there. Uh, so I fully understand, and I know what you mean. Uh, my girlfriend has dealt with severe depression, anxiety her entire life, and sometimes she can take it out on people around her. So the yep. Word Science Podcast really is a little bit of an escape for me. To help clear my head and have some great laughs is, is are me and matt now realizing that we are long lost twins Maybe. <laughs> i'm telling you that whole thing i'm gonna get shit when we're done this podcast i'm sure for just talking about stuff like this it also works well for him to stop collecting comics for the time being with you and eric and the rest of the reviewers keeping me up to date with what's going on i'm currently going to pledge five dollars on the patreon to get those extra shows oh, thank, well, thank you. you and and you know i hope that it's not something that you know it, it ends up causing trouble like all of a sudden no. like, eh, God, that'd be so, terrible. yeah so uh this email is entirely too long and too far into listen to my shit problems category but I want to explain what you and Eric do is oddly enough immensely therapeutic to me right now in my stressful time. Keep it up, guys. And that's Matt. And Matt was uh, in and out. Uh, we hadn't heard from Matt in a while. No. And so I'm glad that we heard back. And I, I hope that things work out and, and so get on the, uh, the better deal. But you're dealing with it, and that's what you have to do first, Eric. That's what I always say to all my clients. And all most people have to do to make themselves feel better is realize what kind of shitty lives we have. Oh, you think we have a bad baby? You didn't even <laughs> mention anything assholes. about me saying clients <laughs> the, the reason why when we talk about things and stuff like that it is kind of like you know you think you guys got a bad we're one uppers we're the misery one uppers is what we are uh but the next nail is we're Dave telling Jay. war stories we're like we're all in this it war is. together we all have our own stories telling you, check you, out this war story you, you know i got therapy. this scar holy Action moly figures. oh yeah. well I need the therapy, Eric. This is, and really this and the podcast I have with Tanya are the only times that I'm ever allowed to even voice anything going through my mind without getting yelled at. But then future Jim is going to, it's going to hit hard for future oh, yeah. Jim coming up. And I, I heard some shuffling. Roots. I heard some shuffling earlier oh, and fuck. I think I'm in big trouble. But that's also, I will tell you something uh, after this mail about something that is infuri- infuriating me right now with my family. But we'll do Dave J's mail first. Hey, Jim, Eric, Reg and the rest of the Get Fresh crew. Boop, poop, poop. Edgar Allan Poe once asked what he thought the most beautiful words in the English language were, and his response was cellar door. I think that he meant to say cellar dweller. I love that. Here we go. Another love fest is beginning, Eric. (laughs) I'm going (laughs) to check out. I love the Friday the 13th episode, and I'm curious to hear if his thoughts have changed. Now, Now you got Dave J. Everybody with this game. Thoughts have changed regarding the new Halloween movie now that we are seeing some early teasers. Now, before you say that, also get Rimmer messaging me because he hears that you're using the Eric Lee on the Boys Toys podcast on Patreon. He's like, what is with this guy? Does does the madness never end? I said, no, it does not. Uh, Any thoughts? Any thoughts on the Halloween movie with the early teasers? I still have to see what's going on. They are revealing a lot. Like, you know, it, it, it they did reveal like the, what the mask was like aged yeah. 40 years and that Michael Myers has one eye after Laurie stabbed him. And you said, no, I'll, I'll give you, uh, everybody. This isn't the cellar dwellers no, take, it's obviously. It's the Eric Shea take. Yeah. Eric Shea described this to me. Probably thought I wasn't listening. Uh, but I was listening. And when I he said it, and he said, Good on you guys, is what he said when he was done saying it about how they kind of advanced the time and the eye thing. You said yeah, that, that I, I actually like whatever they did because even after part two in Halloween, when Michael Myers, was, you thought he was burned to death, when he came back, you had some light scarring on the top of his hand, and that was yeah. I'm like, well, that's kind of cheesy. And then it kind of even went away at times, it seemed like. But 
I'm still not completely sold on the idea because this is essentially Halloween 40 years later when we have a geriatric Michael Myers going after a geriatric freaking Laurie Strode. So it, it doesn't really seem all of that impressive right now. But I will wait to see it because I, I do enjoy the Halloween franchise aspects of it. And I want to see what they give us. Okay. I had my finger on the trigger there, Eric, of the oh, crickets. But Dave J asked, so I, I cannot diss Dave J. Uh, but I like what you have to say, Eric. I, I think that you may bring something to that cellar dweller podcast, and maybe you should be oh, a guest. Talk. You should be a guest next time. You know, ding sound. Ding sound, Eric. God, I also love the sales and solicit episode this week. Uh, <laughs> I have a little behind the scenes of that that I told Eric. I've never been too interested in sales numbers, but I was surprised you know what I'm talking about. I was yep. surprised by how low the sales numbers were for books that I would have considered must-buys for DC fans. Jim kept the discussion interesting as always, and I'm looking forward to the next episode. Dave went on the Slack, and basically the only thing that I saw was uh, when you announced that you were going to do this sales and solicit thing, I was like, meh, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm oh, dev- God. My, my world is ending and I, I didn't even read past you it i'm like crushed a i'm telling you Dave, dave writes that and that's all i read and kind of looked away and i'm like oh man like really and, and then i just didn't want to read it anymore because i thought it was like and then when i listened to it it was even worse than i imagined and then finally he's like oh and i like it i was like oh thank god but i still i told eric like, i was devastated it's like what is going on thanks to work i've spent the last few months behind on my comic reading the podcast now that i finally caught up i can't help but feel a whole lot of men towards the current state of DC as well as Jim's other podcast he says he didn't say that I enjoyed the ending of Metal and I'm giving Terrifics and Immortal Men a chance as spinoffs but I can't help but feel like the event didn't change the DCU in any significant way Doomsday Clock is keeping me engaged but I'm not seeing any of the answers I've been expecting since Rebirth and with the delays I'm thinking that maybe we're not going to get as much as we thought anyway or they might like and they may like you know we can't delay this we had this idea that everything was a puzzle that led to each thing led to the other. You start delaying the things and that whole idea of then the books are going to catch up. Well, now all of a sudden they're going to catch up eight months early. Or I don't yeah. know what they're going to do. Or are Where we going to tread get water tread water until there? It's nonsense. White Knight and Creature of the Night remain the shining stars of DC for me, and I can't wait for the Black Label titles to start coming out. I also plan to check out some of the Marvel Fresh Start titles just to mix things up. Eric? Ding sound. I am, I'm with him. Uh, well. Also, a quick plug for Imagine Fiends. I'm absolutely loving the book. Amazing art and incredible dark story. I recommend it to anyone who's looking to pick up a new book, and that's coming out next week, the next issue of that. Vertigo. And Josh ends up reviewing that on the site, and he likes it as well. So that's pretty cool. Jim said something in an episode this week that got me thinking. He has no idea what episode that was because there's too many, Eric. He advocated. I, I agree. He advocated out with the old guard and out with most of the new guard. And I'll tell you, that was the sales podcast, I think, because I, <laughs> I started getting angry. In regards to you the don't current- even know. Now, in the current DC town, since the issues with DC seem to be pretty widespread amongst their monthly titles, do you think that the real issue is with the talent or something that could be better solved with a stronger editorial hand and more direction across the entire DCU? And yes. I, I will tell you, uh, yeah, both. But uh, really, from talking to people and reading stuff about what the editors used to be, I would say – Back in the day, and I'm talking, you know, 70s, 80s type deal, that would have been a way to solve it because I even talked to somebody whose dad was an editor who ended up, you know, and and ended up, yes, and uh, said that basically a lot of times his dad would bring home scripts and fucking rewrite them and he couldn't say anything about them because they were garbage and didn't make sense. Now, this guy was brought in as an outside editor who did not have comic background as an editor, so he came in to be a guy no-nonsense. 
nonsense. Basically, like it, it would be. It's like it's the typical kind of TV show where you have yeah. something, the status quo going. Another guy comes in now. Also. This is also kind of what happened and ruined Atari, Eric. If you know about the, uh, you know, Atari and their history, kind of documentary, and it kind of went the opposite way, where you had, you know, the guy come in, the businessman, he's going to run as a business and kind of ruined everything. But the way that DC is now, these editors are more of yes men and women, it seems, yes people, we'll say nowadays, yeah. and uh, just are there. I don't know. I don't even know because we see misprints. We see this week in Batman. I think they're just collecting a, huge, a goddamn paycheck now, a showing up to the meetings mistake. and playing Candy Crush yeah, on their phone. There is a huge mistake People in this week's Crush Batman. Still, right? No, and right. last week there was a huge bit in the Birds of Prey book, and this yeah. is supposed to be editor thing. But there's it goes through so many hands for these things to not be noticed. But also, I say sometimes we don't know if like a Steve Orlando book has a mistake. We're not sure if the editor's just punch drunk and they just give up, or they're just asleep at the wheel because I just think they really need uh, you know wholesale changes all around to make things you know but that's and again this is this why, is what happens when you move to Burbank yeah uh, for some is, reason. yeah really and this is also why you end up getting a you know, pretty much a, a side universe that Scott Snyder's creating because I think that DC does not know what to do and they're they're running scared with the Marvel fresh start coming out, and also just the sales in general. Uh, they're not great. So no. finally, a quick 420 shout out to everyone in the Get Fresh crew who celebrates. Beep boop. Uh, after yesterday, I can confirm that there is not enough of the devil's lettuce in the world to make me want to pick Tom King's Batman back up or read any of the wedding related one shots. Eric, Tom King and the devil's lettuce. I do not partake in the devil's lettuce, Eric. Not I am allergic like hops. I did get close to understanding Mister Miracle, but then. I started craving some McGriddles and lost my train of thought. Maybe that that's for the me. best. Sorry for the long email. Keep up the amazing work. And whoop, whoop. And that is Dave whoop, J. Whoop. And we have you, one J. last mail in the section. I'll just tell you real quick. I We were recording tonight. We were, we started earlier. We finished up some stuff. Then we're going to go do this, you know, the, the mail and stuff like right. that. So I, I realized at that point I actually fell asleep. I was watching the Sixers. I fell asleep. So I did not make anybody dinner. Now, we have a lot of people in this house. Somebody could have stepped up, right? So nobody did. So I go down. You're waiting for me to come back. I'm there. So I get this dinner, pot stickers, Eric, and some egg rolls. And I set it up. So I say, listen, uh, Logan's downstairs. He's playing Fortnite. Everybody's else upstairs. I say, listen, Logan, I'm going to set this up. At eight minutes, you got to take these pot stickers off and drain those in the in the colander right here. And then set the alarm or the alarm, the, the timer for eight more minutes. And then when that goes out, the egg rolls are done. That's it. That's all you have to do. I don't think I can do that. I'm going to burn myself. Okay. Let's, let's oh. go. Let's get Rafe. Rafe comes down. So he's never hey, moving out. I'm like, can you do this? And Rafe's like, I don't feel like it. He goes back up and then I go and oh. I get, then Tanya comes down. I see this is all you have to do. It's already now time is gone. It's like one minute for the, you know, for the pot stickers. <laughs> yeah. It's almost like I'm going to do that. All you have to do then is set the timer for eight minutes. And then when that's done, you the guys have the dinner. Out. I said, even bring me some, bring a plate up and here. I'll wait. do in between deal, whatever. Tanya goes, why aren't you making dinner? And walks away. And I just sat there. I'm like, okay, here we go. Pot stickers back in nobody's here. And I'm like, dinner. nobody's getting dinner. I started screaming. They're like, oh, man, I'm hungry. Yeah, well, whatever. Yeah. You can't even. It, it ended up, I'm telling you, eight minutes is all. And then I think also Ethan was like, uh, or no, Ethan isn't even back from work. We don't know where he is. I think it was right. Like, eight minutes, man, that's too long. 
He leaves, so I'm like, the hell with you. The hell with all you. I put everything in the colander, which is almost cooked, and uh, and threw it in the freezer again. For some reason, I picked the fr- It's down there. It's all ruined. And then I said, yeah. And then they're like, we'll just have dinner when you're done. Oh, yeah, you, you want dinner at 1 a.m. That's fine with me because I'm going to be eating. You're not going to stop me, but I'm going to eat it all. The pot sticker, Jimmy. They're going to call me at 1 a.m. because everybody's going to be falling asleep. It's just nonsense. This is what I have to deal with. And then I'll get tomorrow. Well, all you do is the, the podcast. And now I'm getting mad. And all <laughs> you do move. is nothing. Man, bitch. Bitch and moan is what it is. Uh, that's uh, the, really Logan and Rafe. That's their nicknames. Bitch and moan. Can't take it. Kevin's next there. Kevin. New and first time I think Kevin has emailed. Dear Jim, I'd like to make Aww. you a proposal. Some might even say an indecent proposal. I'd like Ooh. one to spend the night with Eric Shea podcasting in exchange for dollars. Yours truly, Kevin Smith. P.S. If you're interested, then you can send the money via PayPal to Fat Man on Batman. Oh, my goodness. A, a celebrity. <laughs> but, yes, that came in. And I know who it is who sent it. Uh, he wasn't making it. it. It's a goof. But, yes, I, I don't know why I have to explain what, that that's not really Kevin Smith. Hey, he just wants to podcast with you. Kevin Smith am wants I, to Am I the podcast. haunted mansion? You might be. I don't know what he wants to I mean, all that money, I don't know what he wants to do with you, but we'll see. But, yeah, that is it for I the know mail. What he wants. Thank you, Kevin. And we're going to go off now to some more books. Jim rings the bell. This means Shay's reviews are going well. Jim rings the bell. Jim rings the bell. Eric Shay's reviews are all the bomb. Eric's the bomb. And if Shay's recaps are read without a single misstep, ring the bell. All right, we're back with the books. Ding sound. All right. Ding sound, oh. Eric. Ding Oh, turn the robot. Sound. Get out of here. Door slamming. There you go. Door slamming. <laughs> there you go. Eric. I Wrong love. turn slash sound effect robot. Get out of here. Uh, I did not know if he was going to make it to this episode. Fatty. Oh, my goodness, oh. Eric. He's throwing shade at you. I don't know. There you go. I'm one last one. I like the killing. I like the killing. Oh, Eric. God. It's, it's, like, robot uprising. <laughs> it's using tools. Lebron James. Lebron James. There you go. And we're back with the books. Obviously, we have three books in this section, my friend. Uh, not as positive as we were in that first section. Uh, things no. are starting to skew towards the normal. Uh, can we talk we about Green get. Lanterns again? We can. We'll talk about Green Lanterns. I'll talk about uh, Superman because you weren't as positive of me, so I don't like that, Eric. So I'll talk to myself. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'm a Dracula. <laughs> I want to review your books. That's what that. That's what the Phantom reviewer says yeah. when it's time to review. Tuesday. That's not the Phantom of the podcast? No. Tuesday I come home and I'm like – Oh, you know what? It's time to review those books. Oh, I'm doing stretches right now. You should see I have my one, my arm I, over. I know and I'm what bending. you're doing. I'm doing that. I'm I know like, your noises. It's, it's ready to go. Uh, you know what? I do not want to be held responsible for any of this nonsense coming up. I'm going to review these books. I don't want to get yelled at. Who do I know who plays a game? That makes it as if he's never responsible for anything. What? Oh, yeah. The cellar dweller. So I'm like, who get my cape? It's time to review. I found 
thankfully you're already wearing a mask. I want to review your books. Don't we all wear masks in life, Eric? You know, aren't we ones to wear a mask for each thing that you do? I wear the father mask at some point. Yeah. I wear the homeless guy who's going to work uh, mask. That's normal, Eric, there. Uh, and I also wear the mask of guy who seems interested in hearing about your stupid movies. There you go. What do you, what do you think of that? Ding I don't like sound. that mask. Ding that sound mask is just you indeed. looking at your phone typing. Yes. That's when you sit there, you're telling me some about movies, and then Simon actually says something interesting in the Slack chat. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, well, should I go with A or B? Looks like B. Hey, Simon, I just what's going like, down? I'm going to go to the bathroom and cry yeah, for a little while. Yeah, and then I hear... Door slamming. Door slamming, I hear, and then, and then I get... I got no time for the hyper time. I don't either. I don't at all have no time for the hyper time. Look at all those chickens. I am looking at all those chickens. You know what I think? That's what I should do. Well, tell me when, how to live my life, Robert. When, when we get at the end... Of the podcast, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go on the comic roundup, I'm gonna load up the Batman reviews. Look at all those yeah, chickens. Look at all those chickens, Aaron. Ah, all ah, those chickens. Shame. Uh, yes, indeed. But we're not here to talk about that yet. We keep heading to the end of the podcast. Ah, uh, yes. And, and is it one of it's those where, inside. when we do get to that, uh, is it enough shade to throw it at the end of the podcast? We're talking about Batman. Is, is it that enough shade that then we'll enjoy the issue and be positive about it? Because no. Oh, no, that's not going to happen, is it? It's not going to happen there. Uh, I read skeets. that issue. I can't oh, unread no, that. Oh, no, skeets. But we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about uh, a couple other books. This first we're here to we'll be... talk about whether or not Wrong Turn Robot's a fucking time machine. That is true. Poop. 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 Oh, no, Obviously my time not. machine. <laughs> oh goodness! But we're here to talk about an issue that is an end of a run. Uh, it's a very uh, kind of a low key end of a run, mainly because nobody seems to care. Uh, nope. This Justice League book, and I, I just did last week. I did the sales podcast that I do. I just started. It was the premiere episode, Eric, of that. Poop, poop, poop. poop. And uh, when I did do that, we're talking Justice League here. And when I went. I did go back to look at the sales when Hitch ended as Justice League, and then you had Christopher Priest jump on. Now, in between yeah. that, we had some metal tie-in. You had some other things going on, which actually, to me, would have given people more of a hype and more of a way to jump on this Christopher Priest run because we thought it would increase. We thought a lot of people – I saw a lot of people like, boy, wait till the Just League. When, when Christopher Priest jumps on, I'm going to be buying that shit up like it's pasta at pasta uh. night. That's what you get weird. there. I'm going to be eating that like it's it's flapjacks at an all-night barbecue. You know what I'm saying. Uh, but people are no, saying stuff. No, nobody knows what you're saying. I don't either. I really don't, Eric. And you know why? It's because... <laughs> it's the viewers here. No, uh, everybody was all excited, and it yeah. didn't seem to play out. The, the numbers didn't go up. They actually went down. They went down significantly, and they have been going down since. Uh, and I can only say that if people did jump on this run, you can say one thing. Priest did get the kind of his legs cut out from under him, that if people were going to, oh, I'm going to read that, I'll get to it. Oh, what? You know, Scott Snyder's taking over? I'll just wait for that. Yeah. But this run has not been good. 
it hasn't been. And now we have a finale issue where I'm, I'm trying to tie this in to that Superman issue earlier where it kind of was like, hey, let's have a celebration. Let's do this. We'll tie some things up. Yeah, some things unfortunately got out. This is obviously this Justice League deal. It's more of a – it, it's a, a story that he wanted to tell. It's going to end in this, but the, the problem is it shows that there really wasn't much of a story. No. It wasn't that good, and it's it's a bit depressing because of how much we like Priest over at Deathstroke, one of our favorite books. It just he didn't have the magic here, and I don't know if, if he his heart was in it. He kind of started telling a story that got condensed because of the whole idea of leaving. Or it, he, but it he seemed, was scared he was going to like underwrite something. He wasn't going to write the, yeah. the hell out of, so he overwrote it yeah, and just it came out suddenly really like a goddamn textbook. If you ask me, it seems like he knew exactly the issues he was going to be in, at least for this arc. I mean, you can't say, oh man, you know, it sucks because of this, that, and the other thing. He is a guy that does like to extend things. Like even a six-issue arc, you're probably not going to tie everything. You're going to tie it up down the line. So he wouldn't be able to do that. But he got a full arc. He got a full time. He got a lot of issues to tell the story. And it actually got worse as it went on. It got more convoluted. It seems to be buried under its own nonsense. And really, like you said, it seems more concerned about making a real life Justice League at first. And that disappeared. Like, I I don't even, I can't even, well, I can't even get a grip of what this book actually is because it ends up. Now, in this finale deal, being a Deathstroke book, pretty much, and a, a, a book to show that Deathstroke really is the smartest guy in the room, and he does what he wants to do, but yet he'll also help people out. It's just – it's so weird. Tell us about it. We'll just get into it. I'm babbling here is what I'm Justice, doing there. Justice League number 43, written by Christopher Priest with art by Pete Woods and Sweet Willie Shoe. Priest's run has come to an end, and we're here to find out if he ties everything up. Yeah, not really. But the fan is yeah. dead, and Deathstroke helps save the day, and all is well that ends well as we move on to no justice. Yeah. Segregation Rishi. Yeah, and with this, Eric, thank you, Wrong Tim Robot. Uh, there's also some weird things like, why is this the book that they want to tie into the end of the JLA? It's such a know. weird deal because it, and that book isn't even out. It's out next week. This whole yep. thing of what Jessica is doing and, and that tie around is pretty much the well, JLA it, stuff. And it it's is weird. to a degree, but it's a weird. Degree. It's like, all right, we, we, we keep having this talk about, you know, what the sanctuary is going to be now that they're doing it. It's not and the sanctuary it, anymore. It's the, I'm saying though, they're calling this the JLA Research Center. Yeah. That's what and it's, it's called. Such the JLA. A weird that's thing, how it you know, ends. Be, I know, but it's such a weird thing that we have the JLA Research Center and we'd be moving yeah. like you know, our team at the end to have this big meeting over there. Yeah. Well, we know for a fact that we're going to get the Hall of Justice showing yeah. up as well. Well, here's the deal. You also have Vixen show up. Uh, I think that maybe this is pointing because you are going to have – uh, you know, John Stewart on the Justice League. Simon and Jessica are going to be off that. Uh, yeah. maybe this is a little bit of a heads up that even though JLA is ending, unfortunately, maybe it'll be a Steve Orlando thing as well that Jessica at least is going to move over to this Justice League thing because, again, this is a little bit behind-the-scenes deal. I have read next week's Justice League of America issue, so I know that this ties in directly with what they're talking about and what they want to do, and pretty much at the end of that sets up the idea of, hey, we wanted this JLA to be the the Justice League of the people – 
Now we're going to do this times 50. Now it's super Justice League for the people where there's actually normal people. In the, and it actually sets up an ending of the JLA book that really does feel like, oh, no, it's going to continue after this, the dust settles. We may get another book. And then when I read this, because I hadn't read this, it's weird that I'd read the JLA for next week, yeah. but yet hadn't read this because it's your book and I, we do it for the podcast. But it ends with vixen showing up and basically like oh you know what we're gonna do this and i i really do think that we're gonna get a you know a book like this with vixen jessica and frost all those other characters that are in the end of that jla as well i don't want that i really don't and one of the things that i do actually like the idea of snyder coming on and uh joshua williamson on the odyssey book the just league odyssey and tynan on the just league dark is that we are getting rid of books that haven't been great. I mean, this yeah. Justice League, there's some people, Ruben loves Christopher Priest. Even he is kind of sick of this little run and says, you know, it was a misstep. The JLA book, I just, I hate. I can't stand it. So it's it, terrible. It, yeah, it is. So basically to me, you are really, yes, you're having a dancing Mike nightmare of Scott Snyder kind of taking over everything and kind of pushing his deal. I don't mind it when what it's replacing is garbage. And this is, and I'm not even just saying Priest. I'm saying Hitch as well. You've had a Justice League book that's supposed to be little Eric Shea's favorite book of all time. It's always the one to go to. And Eric Lee, another persona of yours, Eric, he he wouldn't go to this. He would have, you know, ditched this book a long time ago. Still seems like if there's somebody, if somebody calls out the boys' toys, Eric Lee, you're like, yeah. that, that's past. <laughs> you can't really teach him any lessons. He is in the past, Eric. But, uh, yeah, th- this book, it just is, he's tying some things up, but the things that are being tied up in this, this issue, Number one, are not interesting to me and never were. The whole idea of this red lion, Africa, not, you know, the, these warlords, how you get this, that, and the other thing. And it does tie up in a kind of pseudo Christopher Priest way that it's supposed to be, you know, he usually does lift everything and you're like, holy shit, that's a plan that had A, B, C, and D going that we didn't even know. That basically the plan just ends up Deathstroke doing this like, Eh, fuck it. I did it because that's what had to be done, be, meaning killing the fan. And then you have just really weird times. Hey, what happened to that lawyer? Uh, lawyer. Regina yeah, Cole? Yeah, yeah. And, and basically, it's just a line that we're not going to deal with her yeah. and, and just the nonsense. But yeah, it starts off. And it, like I said, it's at the JLA Research Center in Rhode Island. Uh, a little bit of a spoiler. Uh, and Jessica's there shows up. And it is odd because when you first see it, if you don't read the deal, you think that she's at the, the headquarters, the Hall yeah. of Justice. And no, actually, no. When it starts out because it says Rhode Island, I'm like, oh, uh, yeah. the sanctuary. Yeah, no, I'm saying if you don't read that that placard, you would think that this is the newly built, you know, the Hall of Justice, which right. is coming out for that. You see that, but it does say the Jelly Research Center again. It'll come out next deal, and it does have a editor's note at the one point uh, about that. But yeah, she's there. She's early. She's waiting. But then you go to Africa, and there's Deathstroke. We do get that reaction, which is weird. It, it seems different from where we left. But he, you know, you killed a man, whatever, and he's just like, please, you know what? I I did you all a favor. This yeah. is what I do, and it's and, weird. And, I, and now we're gonna fight because yeah. it's the whole thing too. Because we have the. We have this whole situation where Red Lion is called in like the media and shit like that because he yeah. wants to just like, look terrible in this whole situation so he can go and do his things. We have Red Lion here though, but 
the whole story that we set up with in this whole first arc was the people versus the Justice League. The Justice League yeah. looked terrible in the eyes of everybody, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But that just, we that never just get back to it, aside. ever. And, and Even the, weird the media thing is, being here at this yes, point where the Justice so League odd. start fighting Deathstroke, and then later on the rap rap, oh, we just fought Deathstroke so Deathstroke would kick our asses, yeah. and all the refugees would get scared at Deathstroke and disperse. Yeah, that's it's right. Deathstroke's but, plan that he has with Red Lion and things. But the, the problem I have is, number one, it feels off for a guy who's writing the Deathstroke book to do this because of the fact that, yes, we don't have the Defiant Squad anymore. We've moved on for this. We have the Batman versus Deathstroke going on right now. But Deathstroke doesn't seem like a guy who – he doesn't need this kind of publicity. And there, no, everything's especially on when there. he takes his mask off then while yeah. the media cameras are yes. right there. And this is what's weird to me is you have these media – and you can only think like, what? What is going on, District? Why would you do this? Like, you, you're a guy who kind of, yeah, everybody knows about you, but you kind of like would want to kind of be a little bit in the shadows but now you're you can only imagine justice league fights deathstroke and yeah. it just comes off and gets their weird. asses kicked and it, yeah and it just comes off really odd to me and yeah the whole thing of the wraparound is that's the plan to get the people afraid oh my god deathstroke's on a warpath ah! let's get the and hell away run. from this fallen watchtower and, it's, and then i sit there and i'm like really like that isn't as clever as like i think it's you could have went about it a little different way uh, instead of that, because to me, once he does that, you're gonna have these people are standing around with guns and shit like that. Like, okay, now we only have to take one guy out and start shooting Deathstroke, but they don't. Obviously, you go off from there, and it's also weird to me that nobody's even like put a blanket over the the freaking fan. He's just there, dead body the whole time. You keep seeing him, uh, but then you go off to see Wonder Woman. And, and you Raven have that helping her. And Raven helping her. It does match up with the Raven, especially the one we're having we, now in the we made fun. We made fun last issue because it yeah. seemed like they were going to get Raven to do some mystical freaking you know, medicine on her. But no, she does use her empathic yeah. abilities just to take the pain away from Wonder yeah, Woman to help away. like ease her struggle as she is trying to recover herself. But for some reason, we go to the strangest thing where now she's inside like the nether realm or something where she's fighting I, the god of death, yeah. Thanatos. And I'm yeah. like, what is this? Yeah, what is what's this? Going and Thanatos on? keeps calling her the the goddess of war. I'm like, yeah. now we're in freaking New Fifty Two right, territory. What it's happened? Just weird. It's like this is a thing where, and again, maybe that's and, just kind of like she is an Amazon. She is a warrior. It'd be something that they just call her that. But it, it is odd when you see it. It's very odd. And it just doesn't really jive with me that well. Well, even that, and, the, the, like the like Thanatos. Is an old character yeah. that used to be like this dark reflection of Aquaman who lived in the Nether Realm and shit like that. I'm like, but this is not that Thanatos. I don't even know no. where this god of death comes from. Yeah. Or why it's, but there used to be this weird thing. I don't even know if it's still in continuity, but every time, like in Marvel books, every time that Wolverine died, he would then have to go and fight this weird ninja thing, and yeah, that's how yeah. he would keep recovering. But this is a lot like that where she has to fight off the god of death in order to come back to life. And I'm like, I don't know what you're I, doing with I any know. of this bit. It's just like it's a very odd way to spell out the whole thing and and to get you know Wonder Woman back in the game. I, I don't know. I don't but know. Her getting and, her and, back in the game, there's nothing for her to do once she gets no, back in the game. No, it's and just I'm oh, oh at, she's and, okay uh, now. 
Yeah, I'm looking at the whole deal because I actually thought it is the Greek god uh, in regular Greek mythology. There, you know, the whole deal of Thanatos. But I actually thought that he was going with like, well, Wonder Woman's in Africa, so she's going to fight some African guy it, because he kind of looks, you know, like he's just a skeleton things. But it, I, it, he's just going with Greek mythology with it. But it just, it doesn't. I've seem never seen right. this happen. No, it doesn't seem right. And and it happens, and she comes out, and it almost is the deal of well. I want her to be out of the game a bit when she comes back. She doesn't realize what happened. She goes, she punches Deathstroke and now doesn't even have his mask on. You would think that everybody's taking pictures everywhere. And it's like, oh, you didn't get the memo, Diana. You know, this kind of thing happened. And it's just everything is just really forced just to end in a weird way. And again, now, again, you see Deathstroke's just sitting there. You have a red lion hanging off the side of this Jeep, and there's the dead body of the fan still in there. Just wait. I mean, I'm telling you, this would be also, don't you think that the media would be taking pictures of this guy? Who has the, the Justice League killed? Deathstroke kills man. Justice well, we League. We even there. had this thing before, even in the Deathstroke book, where Slade was locked up because they said he was Deathstroke, and he's, the whole thing was, you can't prove I'm Deathstroke. Yeah, yeah. It's just so weird. And now and here now, he is in Deathstroke and pulling the mask off. I'm like, yeah, I think they can prove your Deathstroke now, yep. Slade. Yeah, and then, you know, you have this whole thing through of the idea uh, and, of Cyborg. But, like, I'm the lead. Like, nothing really hits. And then you go to the worst part. I mean, the worst part well, is we right finally there, get the lunch. Well, that's the thing is right now for everything we've dealt with, this is the culmination of everything so far. It just ends with the refugees dispersing and Cyborg t- taking in the question what the ideology of the Justice League is. Yeah. Well, everybody just stands around. I'm like, all right. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And that's now we it. move on to just some little funny bits that we've been doing yeah, throughout it's the not goddamn. Funny. No. Uh, to me, and because it's, it's Simon shows box. up. He shows up for this lunch and is just screaming at Superman at Clark, saying, yeah. I know what this means. You're going to fire me. You're going to fire me. This is ridiculous. And, and you mentioned it's like, He's yelling about stuff. And him being the Green Lantern, the Justice I'm not just League? a Green Lantern. This Justice League nonsense. They they are under, you know, you have you, a Clark You are Kent in your there. secret identities type thing at a full restaurant yelling about yes. stuff. I'm like, yeah. what are you doing, yeah, Simon? What are you doing? And it's funny, too, because he's saying it. And then the, the joke seems to be that Superman doesn't care. The joke would be if, if uh, Simon came back then and sat down again like, you know what, Clark? I get your point. Like one of those with the hit, playing hardball. Yeah, yeah, you know he doesn't say anything, but he doesn't say anything. The lady comes. Is is he coming back? Is that guy all right? I'll have the salmon. Uh, all right. What? And, and Move with off that, the it's funny <laughs> because it, with the things that I look in, you have this whole deal where he's freaking out. He gets up, and there's one other guy in the deal. Boy, it looks like Brian Michael Bendis sitting listening well, in Luthor. on the next deal. Yeah, so and they both look the same. But again, Clark would see if that's Lex or whatever. But it's just odd. And it there's the lunch. There's the lunch. He shows all up right. after all this. What is this lunch? What is this lunch? Oh my God, this lunch! I can't wait for this lunch. I'm the big time. The lunch. To be him yelling about, I know what this is. You're going to fire me. What? What are you talking about? The thing is, let's grab lunch. Let's grab lunch. Look, you're going to fire a guy. Just fire him. I don't need the kid gloves. Where did this come from out of nowhere? The weirdest thing that it comes out of is that he's not going to be on the Justice League book coming up. So he is going to get fired. So why not just do that? Why have him freak out? Like, is this how they're going to be like, yes, yeah, Simon, he's a little loose cannon. We can't have him on because he legitimately is off the team. Yeah. Why not work this into something else? Why not 
have this where, you know, I don't know. It's just out of nowhere. You've set this up for issue after issue to do this. Nonsense. Complete nonsense. Then you have to tie in where Jessica goes to tell Bruce Wayne, Batman, I'm sorry, I kissed you. Goes to the manor now, with that's the fucking thing is, champagne isn't a sorry and balloons. I, I'm saying, isn't a sorry I kissed you or does she think other stuff's going to go on? Because it's a mixed signal for me because she brought champagne. She also brought a bunch of balloons. Like, what is this conversation going to end up being? Is this a, I'm a sorry I kissed you presence? Yeah, yeah, or does she think, like, well, let's see where this goes. I'm going to have this just in case. I don't know. It's just weird. Like, well, one that's thing the is, only like, thing when she says if you let me in, the yeah. balloons are for if you don't let me yeah. in. It's it's very odd because she's like, you're my mentor. I mean, we can't. Can we? And then you have Selena. He's not here. Oh, my goodness. Selena, uh, Selena Kyle, I'm the fiance. How you doing? Oh, I kissed him. He told me, I'm sorry. You want to watch fucking Real Housewives? Well, for oh, what? I love balloons. Come on. The Real Housewives are yeah, on. Yeah. Whoop-de-doo. So you do that, and then you're going to have this deal where then Cyborg has to talk with Batman. They talk about this new foundation. Then the yeah. new foundation is you're complete. You need to plan strategy. Oh, yeah. You know, the boss deal. And then Cyborg's talking, and then just punches Batman right because, in the face. Because it is alluded here that this was Batman's plan all along for Deathstroke to kill the fan, yeah. which – Really upset me here because not only have our characters not felt like our characters from this entire arc, but now you're saying that not only do like, you know, does Batman not stand up for the fact that he says he didn't do this? He just lets it happen and everybody just assumes that Batman is now like a a killer. But the weird thing about this is, is that you have Cyborg there. All Batman, Batman's like, listen, you know what? I choose, I chose you to be a leader. You know, you, you need to strive toward your full potential, Victor. Can't do that standing in the back or turning wrenches on the watchtower. It's kind of, kind of making fun of what this, we need, you needed a kick in the rear. Then he punches Batman. Then he asked him if it's an odd deal. He goes there to talk. He said, Hey, I almost didn't come. The boss gig. You know, you have this where why doesn't he just come and say, Did you set this up? And then he, he listens to him. Batman pretty much gives him, you know, props. And then he punches him and asks him. It's very odd. Well, progression not only the, the, the progression as well to me and as then this the, goes the along. The bubble is weird. The next deal where Batman says, I hope you'll be there. What about you? What? Well, for some reason, though, the what I don't know how this "what about you" works. For some reason, I actually took this as you know he went there to go meet Vic. Vic punched him in the face, accused him of murder, and then when you get to the next page, Superman's there now. Batman's still on the ground. Yeah. I like to imagine that just Superman weird. punched him in the face as well. Yeah, I, I just and and where's Vic? He's, I don't know. That's he's the thing. gone. I, I like to imagine that this is a different scenario where it's, then Superman punches Batman in the face because he thinks he's a killer as well. The problem is they're in the same woods. The same, I know. It looks the same. Like oh, that, that's just, his meat It's spot. such a weird progression. <laughs> where I know like, it's weird, and that's the thing that you say that he's continuing to talk to Cyborg. I hope you'll be there. What about you? Meaning that he's still saying, I hope you'll be there do, to sign do you hope? Do you hope I'll be there as well? Like, I hope you'll be <laughs> it's there. so odd. And then you get an idea. you just kind of punched me in the face. Uh, and, <laughs> hey, where did that son of a bitch? Did anybody get the name of that train? Uh, <laughs> it's like, he's actually, it'd be so funny. It's like three days later, he's just woken up. God damn it, he hits hard. What the <laughs> fuck he happened? He didn't even hit me with a cyborg oh, arm. Goodness gracious, he hit me with his man arm. Uh, you had this though, where he's talking, and you have this weird deal with Superman. With <laughs> Superman's like, "Listen, I hate your guts, your nonsense, or whatever." And then it just ends, and we're just gonna go from here 
to status quo again. And it's almost like Christopher Priest is setting up roadblocks throughout this issue to make it so that somehow in his mind they're going to be like, holy shit, I just read that Just League. Call Scott Snyder. Put a hold on that no justice. We got problems. Because Batman, it just seems killer. weird. Yeah. And, and you and, have this and he's whole not idea. even saying otherwise. No. He's just going, I really like this too, where you have the deal that makes me laugh is that Batman even mentions Yoko Ono, which seems really, really like, looks like, you know, every great band broke up, money, ego. Batman's like Yoko Ono, oh, and man. then Superman's there to throw, no, 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 that was really Paul McCartney and his nonsense <laughs> with money. I'm like, good I for you, Superman. Superman. I was so he's happy. such a Beatles fan. Oh, he's such a huge fan. <laughs> You're like, yeah, there's the alien guy who everybody thinks at, at most time is just the brunt. He knows the real, he, don't give love. me this nonsense, Batman, with you, Yoko Ono. Uh, yeah, and then basically Basically, it's funny, too, because then it'd be funny. It's like every money, ego, Yoko Ono, and Superman's like, are we talking about Selena now or what? I, I don't understand what we're, we're getting at here. Uh, but I do like that. And then all of a sudden, it's like, you know, especially us. We do this for our own reasons. But, you know, you did this, that, and the other thing. What about the lawyer, Regina? Oh, restrained by attorney-client privilege. What? Y- I'm telling really- you right there. She's restrained by attorney-client privilege. She thought the watchtower was empty, had no idea what the fan was actually, but watchtower was empty. Like, what does that even yeah. mean? She was working she for still the fan. She was there. doing shit. No. That, she was me, doing evil shit. To me, this would be like if I show up and I break into the, you know, the an embassy. I mean, really, to me, that's what the watchtower is times 10. So I break in and they're like, oh, man, you're arrested. Oh, I thought it was empty. I, I didn't know I had any idea what yeah. was going on. Okay, you can go. It's so funny because she you. thought the watchtower was empty, had no idea what the fan was pl- actually planning. And there's the editor's note. I, I wanted to go over and see nonsense, Brian. Yeah. That would have been the best because that it's like, yeah, we don't have time to deal with this. Over. Because then you go back and, will I see you Saturday? It's so funny to me, too, because Batman is so, like, why is he so pushing this JLA thing? I mean, he is their biggest cheerleader. When he wasn't even in that goddamn book for half the run, he disappeared and didn't want any parts of it. Now he's he all doing metal it. stuff. Yeah, no. And before that, remember when they kept everything, everything, oh, where's Batman? He doesn't think it's good. Oh, he don't do press He has other things. But at that point, he wasn't even in the book anyway. And then the metal stuff happened because we thought at one point it was the metal. And, eh, nonsense, because then he showed up later. Uh, but yeah, you have this whole deal where Jessica's there still waiting. Uh, you have this tie-in in Africa where Red Line's like, oh, I guess, you know, uh, it's business as usual. Yeah. <laughs> and they're going to go back to that and then Vixen shows up in the Rhode Island deal, which is odd because she should be there already. Yeah. But she well, she was that, not getting coffee. Yeah, she has coffee. She goes in like, hey, everybody, are they here? I must have gotten the wrong date. No. And it's a weird deal. It's like it's not my team. It's over. All this stuff with that. And that's when you have the new Justice League kind of show up. And it meant it's weird because we have this full push. Is this actually Christopher Priest going like I heard about this nonsense research center and I'm going to show that nobody cares because nobody <laughs> showed. Then you have the Just League. But it's the Just League showing up, not the JLA type. It's very odd. It's really odd. I'm like, hey, we got a mission to go to. I'm like, oh, here we go. Yeah, that's it. Next, no justice. It's just a weird ending that really it's very weird a, it and it doesn't a, tie up anything no, really and it, it's it, everything's tied up just by saying it 
you, you end up with more problems at the end than you started with. I mean, you start off this with the idea that Christopher Priest wants to show a real life Justice League. You kind of get away from that, but then in the end, make Batman a murderer or an accessory to murder. You get Batman or Superman basically saying that the band's broken up. You have all these weird things that then don't matter in the last page anyway. Everybody's all smiling. Wonder Woman fighting the god of death. Yeah. And the, the fan just sitting there dead in the, just weird. But what did you give it? I gave this issue a five out of 10. Yeah. I really enjoyed the art, but the, there was no real wrap up. It was just saying things that didn't wrap things up at all. Just I the agree. whole idea. When I got the, like, attorney client, client privilege, I'm like, you know what? Fuck you, Christopher Priest. What does that even mean yeah. for what you were doing? And it's so funny with that. You give him props because he did at least mention it because, uh, you know, they they could have just went with – we're like, oh, they never wrapped that up and think, well, she's out there. She's doing or something. Or it, or it was the fan. Yeah. That, and uh, so we would have had some questions, but – when it's one of those where now you've answered it with worse things than just leaving it out there and leaving it up for grabs. It was very odd. She was uh, doing I, bad shit in the Watchtower, yeah. but she's still worried about her fucking yeah. – like her fucking uh, being disbarred. I would say that the Watchtower it has a no-smoking policy, Eric. She was smoking like a badass. There is – she could at least have gotten a fine. Oh, you she know, had that, no idea what this fan was planning, no. but she smoked like the fan. I like that. I, I like that idea. Like she thought the watchtower was empty. She didn't know what he was planning. What? What? This? What do they think she was doing? Oh, by <laughs> the way, I'm gonna teleport you up to the watchtower. Oh, what am I gonna do there? Nothing. Just see if it's empty, and you huh. know, just hang out maybe. Like what? What do they think the fan? Doctor Light did that once. It didn't turn out well for anybody. No, no. Hey, Regina, I want you to go to the Watchtower. Uh, what? What am I going to do there? I don't know. See if they have good Wi-Fi. I don't know. Yeah. Check the check the uh, the refrigerator because that one. What was that one? The issue they showed that the refrigerator was like stocked. To the, it had like an automatic thing where you open it. It was making food, and we oh, were I don't remember. It's making like turkey dinners and I just stuff. Imagine, That's like, like, Regina, what are you planning? Because you certainly lit up a cigarette and had a giant fucking gun from what I recall. Like, yeah. what, what were you doing? What were you doing? Why were yeah, you it's there? It's time to get started, I think, uh, is how that ended. I'm like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. I was just hanging. I was hanging. I was looking for a date. I don't know. Uh, Simon got me on the, the Capers app, and I was going up to see him. Uh, but yeah, and that's, I give it a 5.5. 5. Uh, I like the art enough to not give it a fuck you five. Uh, it, I can certainly, you know, you can convince me very easily that that's what it deserves, but I'll, I'll be a thing, little, though, the wraparound to the kiss, the wraparound for the I launch just, that they yeah. kept pushing. I'm like, what are you doing? And just like making the thing that Batman is a killer and not doing anything to resolve that yeah, aspect. Kind of like, making it like, oh, well. Batman will be Batman. Oh, huh. Oh, what a Batman. Am I going off? Oh, here we go. Have like a who little checkboard. Who else check for Batman? The, oh, the, <laughs> that would be great. Yeah, who else but Batman? <laughs> they show them all there. Oh, nonsense. But we're going to move on to the next bit of nonsense, which is Nightwing number 43. Written by Michael Morrissey. Uh, art by Mickey Young. Felipe Subrario, who I've never heard that name before, so that's something new for me at least. And Carlos M. Manguel. We get one more one-shot before Ben Percy starts his Nightwing run, and while there was a couple of things wrong with this issue, the fact that there it is just here to fill space is the biggest problem in my mind. I like the art. There was some fun to be had, but in the end, it's pretty forgettable. Uh, and a very quick rundown for something that I don't I, – I, this issue was hanging around. They needed one issue. They grabbed it and inserted it in here. Probably changed two or three things in it, but really – 
What I have a problem with, I had the problem last issue where we had Lansing and Kelly jump in where you get the idea. I told you this last, you know, two weeks ago on the podcast. I tell Eric all the time that these one shots that we're getting here, I needed to have something that I can grab onto. You're either going to give me a little peek at the hero to at least show me you know them or kind of you don't you're never going to have a one shot like this progress a continuity story but you can have it be something that like a, a weird thing in that Lansing and Kelly where they have the dragon now is nonsense that's complete and utter nonsense but give me some interactions give me something and uh what i would say is I like the ones like even when we had the Titans thing with uh, Roy and uh, or was it uh, Wally and Dick? Wally and where Dick, yeah. You ended up with the Time Sphere type deal that they had that slowdown. I don't. I, I'm telling I, you, I think I that barely, was the Nightwing annual actually. Yeah, and and with that, you had that story. They even used that later, but that did give you something, and you got at that point. We didn't. We haven't had a lot of Wally and Dick just by themselves because he's just back. So you have that. In this, though, I want to have something where it, it gives me an idea of characters together, a character himself. It gives me the idea that, oh, this is a celebration even. You could go as hokey as that. This issue doesn't give you much of anything. And where it's supposed to be fun, I think that the characters are off. They don't seem like the characters that, that are my characters that I no. love. Uh, their interactions that, are you, a little you have, off. You have a cliche, Damien. He is, the, in my yes. mind, what seems like the most like accurate what we have. Just Because it's a cliche. I'm, there's yes. nothing to progress his character or anything. It is just... Oh, he's a snarky Damien. Yeah, you but have like, the Roy Damien Harper, who hates you, everyone. Roy Harper you bring in here, and you just dumb the shit out yeah. of him for no he's goddamn the reason. He's like, guy. Like, Roy Harper is a genius, and yes. he does he's just terrible in this for the yep. way he acts. And it yep. seems like everybody is on Adderall because it's just these really quick conversations yeah. and little things back and forth. I'm like, it feels really odd to read it. Yeah, and with that, then we'll talk about the lead, which is Dick Grayson Nightwing, who comes off as a dick. At first, especially, but also where you do have a Roy and a Damien. In this issue, you have, you know, the little guy Damien, where it's funny when you were saying this, there is no classic Damien. There's the cliché Damien. They always go to this one-trick pony Damien that drives people nuts. And this is why you get a lot of people since Rebirth, especially where, oh, I hate Damien. Oh, I heard all about him. I hate him. It's because you're never getting the good Damien. A one-shot of Nightwing, this is the perfect time to show that, to show that Damien is a little more and also show the relationship between Dick. The last issue with Lansing and Kelly, yeah, Damien just tied up. So you got the idea, oh, Nightwing will go. At least you got Nightwing will go through hell and back again to save his, his little brother there. Uh, this, though, you have a point where there's Roy Harper and Damien. They have had times where they kind of yell at each other. Roy doesn't. Roy just what are you, shows up. Man? That was the big thing when they had a big meeting in the New 52 and they all showed up and Roy... I think kinda, it was during the death of the family or during the Red Hood tie-in yeah, when the freaking, yeah. you know, the outlaws all showed up yep. at Wayne Manor and Roy and Starfire stayed outside yeah, while Yeah, they Red stayed Hood outside because it wasn't their deal. So yeah. they stayed outside. Damien, for some reason, it seemed was like told to go calm down or whatever, but was just sitting there and looked at Roy... Hey, what do they call you, redneck man? And it was hilarious because then Roy kind of like, hey, you know, I know you got your little issues there, buddy. But 
dicks here. You have the perfect opportunity here to actually make an issue that, number one, Damian and Roy become best friends, which would be hilarious, especially with their past. But you have Dick Grayson in the middle of them that never gets involved. At one point, he's like, man, I know what being a father is now, but he's just there. And father of two bickering kids yeah, all night. All I yeah. want to do is do Netflix and chill. Yeah. And even though I'm 20 something, I don't know what that is. Yeah, he has what? no idea. And that's the other thing. It makes him look like a dummy. They're, they're pushing towards the idea of him never getting some time out. You yeah. never have. So he wouldn't know what that means because he never gets to have that. Well, he does a bit. The other rapper on his Batman always answers the call to everyone. He's always busy. Boy, I don't want to be Except like him. Tonight. And I really thought, yeah, because where's Batman? here i really thought at this point that this is what it was going to show that dick grayson was a guy who's like man batman answers everyone you know that must get so tiring and why would he do that by the end you see that dick has done exactly that and then says you know what and and yet you know you even have a damien come up and go you know what i like having you around again it's like i see why batman does this and goes off but instead he's getting a call from damien and he just looks at his phone. Don't answer it, Grayson. You know he's just going to have problems. I'm like, this is Damien. He's yeah. calling you. He's not a guy who's a chatty kid. If he's calling you, he probably has an issue. And he does. Like, oh, uh, the League of Assassins. Oh, yeah, well, I'm dealing with something my own. I'm like, no, no. What are you doing? Your brother here, who you saw die, needs help, and you're like, eh, fuck it, I can't f- fix this this goddamn set-top box here to get my Netflix. It's just nonsense. Now, Roy calling and texting, and like, yo, bro, I got that. that's kind of goofy, and maybe like, uh, well, it, it ends up that he sets up, okay, I'll meet you both. You know, he doesn't tell him, but hey, I'm on my way to Gotham. Yeah, Roy, go. And then you just, it's like balls to the wall fighting now. He's just yeah, there. Yeah, now we just fight fighting ninjas League for a Assassins. while. Yeah, and fighting ninjas where you have a deal, and this is where I, I know that this is a, an extreme nitpick, but for somebody who some of my favorite moments since we started the site especially and just reading the new 52 comics even before the site and the podcast was that interaction between Damien and uh, Dick. Dick is the big brother, but him and Damien have a very special connection in my yeah. mind. They were Batman and Robin together for Christ's sakes, and he was the one there. Damien's last words were pretty much said, except for maybe call him off, mob mother, but, but actually words to somebody. Was to Dick Grayson saying, yeah. you know what? I love you. We were the best. No matter what happens here, we're the best. Yes, I we still were. get, I still get choked up from that. I still love that. In this, he says to himself, he is like a little brother. That that is so off to me. It's that bothers a you so much. It's a nitpick. He's like my little brother. If my little brother were a tightly wound, highly trained assassin who can kill you with like a single sheet of paper, the problem is he is his little brother. There's no yeah. doubt about it. He is number one. First off, he is an adopted. It is his half brother anyway, or you know, step brother. So you can. But he is the closest of anybody to Damien. Even beyond Batman, he is the closest. And he says that he's like a little brother, and it drove me nuts. You wouldn't shut up all week about it. How dare you? I was so mad that, no, that's not the case. And then you go, and now it's going to be pretty much cliche uh, one-dimensional interactions where Roy shows up. You invited him. Roy Harper messes up everything. And like you said, he is a genius. Yes, yeah. he doesn't look like one. 
He doesn't act like one sometimes. He actually had some substance issues, but that doesn't have anything with being no, a genius No, he's a hero. He's a genius, yeah. and he can and make you know a weapon out of is? anything. It's that he is a very grounded character. That's why we love Roy Harper, because he does – this is like almost like why I like Guy Gardner and the Green Lanterns. Yeah. Yeah, he's one-dimensional as well. Basically, when anybody writes a one-shot or anything with Guy Gardner, it's pretty much Damien as a, a Green Lantern because they'll only go with the same thing they always do. But I like it because it's different. I like Roy because he's different. He shows up, and they figure out that Damien for – uh, a generic reason is after the League of Assassins. He's just after them because they're there. Yeah. There's really no tie-in. It's it's such a weird time. Roy's there because he's figured out that they There's have a this weapon. super weapon. And this is where I, you said to me, like, ah, it's just goofy League of Assassins stuff. It's not goofy, though, because they go and explain this, and it involves the the collider. And I'm like, really? You're, you're really taking this a little too much than the classic, like, ha, 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 the end of the world plot where no, they not, got not nitrogen like It's just that they're trying to kill all the population that got yeah. them, with, like sucking out the oxygen and, and in the city. With, with that, you sit there, and I just sit and like, okay, what what's the end game to this? Uh, the re- and it's supposed to be this just, look at us, the end of the world, you know, Cheshire doing this. And they go over the top in this explanation of putting nitrogen in the deal. You have Damien at the one point. We got to get people out of here, but they don't. It, it just, it's a generic thing to throw in just to have them I'll have to you, go. Get I have stuff. no problem with the League of Assassins, like plan and stuff like that. Like, yeah, they over explain the things more to the point where I just kind of roll my eyes and move on. How Dick. Roy and Damien stopped this whole thing. Now that seems really forced to me because yeah. for one thing, you like, you know, Dick created distraction so I can, me being Roy, I can go and disarm this whole thing since, you know, I'm Roy Harper, boy genius. I'm like, okay. And no, uh, Roy can't do it. He just can't do it. And it all boils yeah. down to Dick pulling out the freaking power source. Throwing it up in the air and Roy shooting an arrow at him, like that just seems like it's going to cause way yeah. more problems than the goddamn pr- weapon itself. Yeah, it's just yeah, it just blows. But even that, you have them. They're running there. There's a weird deal where Damien's in front of him, then he's behind him. They must have run by. It's weird. But uh, the idea of this, oh, the nitrogen in the air, it's hard to breathe, and it's it's affecting the little guy first because little as lungs. they go here. They're just going to fight, and nobody's affected. From that point on, oh, no. not one person is affected, including the assassins who seem – and Cheshire, who don't seem to want to get out of there as Gotham is not going to have breathable air. Nope. They're just standing around. This is why I said it's just thrown out there for no reason, and it's nonsense. And then even like you said – the whole thing is this bomb is kind of going. It's being charged and expelling stuff into the air. Roy basically does it for them by blowing it up, and nothing Well, even happens. that, if you, if you see Dick trying to pull this canister out of the goddamn machine, it looks like he's struggling really hard. Yeah. And then think about the idea of how far he throws yeah, this he thing throws up, in, up the in the air. air. Yeah. And he, he must have thrown this thing up a mile into the yeah, fucking air. Yeah, that. that's like, what it looks when, like. And then Roy hits it with an arrow, and this, this explosion of this green energy slash gas that a throughout the city i'm like yeah that can't be good yeah. for anybody no. i don't think and you saved anything i no. think you might have killed more people and than it's anything almost with like this. it's like their version of superman throwing something in the sun i don't know yeah. how it's going on i really don't 
it, it's just odd. It really is odd. And then you have Dick Grayson like, hey, by the way, since I helped you guys. And also, I'll also go because we're almost done with this. But at one point, you did have them fight the assassins at the beginning. Cheshire came out. She's throwing shade through this whole thing. She's giving the, oh, look at you, Nightwing, you, you sidekick. And I don't know if you got the memo. I'm not a sidekick, whatever. But at the throughout this, there's just weird spots where Nightwing stops and goes, you know what, guys? All my fault. Oh, man, I'm so dumb. I didn't see it coming. What are you, what are you talking about? Like, get going. This is not you, – you're stopping at a point and apologizing. We're, we're done with that. Let's get to the next thing. And, yeah, you end with this going. And then Dick's like, all right, now you guys owe me. And it's kind of, that's, the to me, the most fun is he's making Roy and Damien fight these Go criminals to Bloodhaven. in yeah. Bloodhaven. Uh, and he's just watching their – eating popcorn he's like hey this is like netflix and chill you know what i'm saying and then roy's like i don't know what what you're talking about and then yeah and then damien goes i don't think that either of you understand what netflix and chill mean i wanted them to have a stop okay time out why do you know little boy you shouldn't know what that means you you hanging out maya maya teaching you stuff yeah really what is going on and next thing you're gonna start smoking like little eric lee we don't right. need that. He's going to be smoking like a badass. I was already oh, smoking for goodness. two years when I was Damien's yeah, age. Yeah, so there you go. But yeah, it just, it, it's at the end though, it's a nothing issue. It's a forgettable issue. Nobody's going to think of this in And you know, I just a month. hate the way that they like depicted Roy in this because they yeah. just go with the whole bro attitude. And I'm like, yeah. and like, you know, okay, he's a bro with a bow and arrow. That's it. He's gonna throw some one-liner jokes out there. I'm like, why do you gotta take away all the strengths of Roy Harper? Like every time somebody writes him, they either have to make him into an idiot or talk about his drug problems. Like, can't we just focus on the positives of the character for once? Because he's such a cool guy, he can do so much stuff. But no, he's he's a junkie. Oh, okay, we'll do that again. Yeah, and even that. uh, We don't have it here, thankfully. Thank God we don't have that here. But just the whole idea, he's just not good at anything and then i like, even keep no. talking about oh roy harper screws up everything i'm like god damn it why do yeah, we gotta do yeah. this and damien says that and, he, and even with this too just as the last deal i i don't know why but it seemed weird that it looked like cheshire and him had something going on before what we saw in titans just now like they would have said oh remember that time like i know that that's a thing that happens yeah. in this but it's just odd because again that was just the tie-in to get Roy there because at one point even they're like Cheshire and then Damien's like, oh, yeah, we got to chase your girlfriend around. And then Dick's like, tell me that that's what wasn't – it wasn't about that. And Roy's like, oh, well, it kind of was. No, it wasn't. No. It wasn't. It, you know, that, that, why even say that? That was almost like the wink, wink, I know these characters. And it just came off really, really bad. But I can't even say that it is – uh, is it Michael Morrissey's uh, problem? Because this could have been written a year and a half ago. Well, I, even you know that, I mean? they even spelled at the one point, this takes place yeah, during it takes Tim Seeley's uh, Tim Tim run. Yeah. yeah, it actually takes, it's weird. It takes place before, it's obviously this takes place before Tim Seeley's last issue. Like it, it can't even be like issue 34. It says before that's Tim Seeley's last issue. So they didn't even go with it takes place before the uh, Sam Humphreys jumped on because the yeah. issue 34, it, it's just odd because actually saying it, Clay took place before when they say about to hey Dick, uh, is that you talking to your girlfriend? What you mean the one that I think is pregnant at this point? Like what Ooh. time frame are we in here? Uh, but I just I gave it a, a five out of ten. This is actually the book that I got mi- mixed up with the uh, Super Sons. Super Sons. I, I'm yeah. gonna tell you this is not a fuck you five. It isn't. This is a 
average, run-of-the-mill, nonsense one-shot, five out of ten with good art. But the story's just – there's nothing that's going to – nobody's going to care about this in, in two days. And we're waiting for Ben Percy to come on, so they needed one spot to fill. And that's why this is obvious. That's what this is, especially then when they're like, this takes place before that. Yeah, yeah, we get it. You have to force this issue you had already into the continuity to try to make it make sense because it was something sitting around. So, yeah, five out of ten. What would you give it? I give this a five point five out of ten. I really enjoyed the art. Now, the thing that I really hate the most is the the depiction of Roy Harper and this and Dick Grayson just for the whole thing. Like, man, do I got to do the superhero thing? And it really sucks though that the whole keeps talking about how Batman always answers the phone. Always not there. And we're in Gotham City. We go to Gotham for there not to be a Batman where they're dealing with a League of Assassins killing off the entire population. It's the League of Assassins trying to kill. Gotham. Yes, if you went to, you know, it's uh it ends up being even blockbuster. They're like, yeah. "Oh man, you can't keep a handle on your your villains there in the blood. We got blockbuster here. You got to come and get them." And he goes, "That would make sense. Then that would be something like, "I'll take care of this." Or if you even went to a thing where if you're going to tie it in, tie it into the whole deal of Batman always answering the call. And at the beginning we see that this is a night that they actually said that Damien promised them that they that he wouldn't need his help, and that's why he calls Dick Grayson or something. They're trying to give Batman a night off, but you know, like you said, it seems silly in Gotham. League of Assassins, you know, pretty much taking the oxygen out of the whole city. Batman, where is he? he he's, he's taking just a night off. About. He is. Uh, I, I hope that a night off in the end doesn't mean that the one time I had a beer. That was the one line. Uh, nonsense. Well, we're going to move on to the last book of this section, another Bat book, Batman Brave and the Bold, uh, or B- Brave and the Bold, Batman and Wonder Woman. I don't even know what they call it. For some reason, I cut and paste this, and I have Batman Brave and the Bold. I think it's listed as oh. on the site. I hope it doesn't. I'd have to check that, Eric. But, uh, it I'm is going now. Brave and the Bold, Batman and Wonder Woman, number three. Uh, written by Liam Sharp, art by Liam Sharp, Romalo Fajardo Jr., and Alls Troy Pateri. Alls Troy Pateri, Eric, I'm actually, oh. I'm actually a bit conflicted with this book. It was always going to look amazing, and now that Diana and Bruce are together, I am more interested in the story. However, it still feels a bit held back by Liam Sharp's insistence and accuracy of his lore over telling a good comic book story. I hope that the second half of this miniseries reverses that because there is something interesting here. I just can't get a grip on it, and oh yeah. Tom King definitely stole Liam Sharp's thunder with this story, especially oh with them being in a uh, realm where time is moving differently. I'm telling you, as soon as I got to the point in this where they start talking about how time moves slow, like, you know, like, you know, more time moves here than it does yes. in the real world. I'm like, oh, my God, we've been yelling about him stealing yep. Action Comics fucking, you know, set whatever. I can't even remember the number 761 now. 761 it is. 761. And, yeah. and I'm like, no, he just happened to hear that Liam Sharp was doing something and maybe saw some early cuts of it and – because that, that's exactly what he did here. Like when we said, yeah. "Oh, he's just plagiarizing." Oh, I never read that issue. He might be telling the truth because he might have read this one and just yeah, ripped he this read off. This. And with that, I don't think Liam Sharp stole anything because what he does here with oh. this time moving differently, it's basically he's he's actually thinking ahead or thinking through this where. What we just said about Nightwing, like, whoa, where's Batman or whatever? Yeah. It's stressed here that 
This is why Batman will end up staying here because he knows that when he goes back to Gotham, not much time has progressed so that he is not leaving Gotham in a nightmare deal that he should be back taken care of. So I actually like that. It is a little forced to be yeah. that, but I like the idea that you're not going to sit here the whole time. Well, it makes sense like why Batman's Batman here. would stay here when he has yeah. a goddamn and situation he, going on at home. Yep, and Liam Sharp even has Batman say, like, I got to get out of here. Uh, Gotham's having problems. And no, no, no. You know what? We already mentioned earlier, time moves different. You got to realize that it's only been an hour since you left. Like by the time we're done here, you might be. An it's been, it's been less than an hour for yeah. like a whole night and a day yeah. so far. So, so like, okay. Yeah. Let's work this out. And I also like the idea that it is spelled out there. So then Batman and, uh, you know, in his head, he thinks, okay, well, if we're not done this in two days, I got to get going because shit's gone wrong. I'm going to go back. And, you know, you could just have the, pretty much dead end of the i'm going back no you can't it's a one-way door but no i i like that i like that it's spelled out i do like that batman is here the problem is there's not anything going on here and it's again batman and wonder woman are doing this research detective work but instead of really doing detective work it's just progressing the lore uh, and of the, the That was so weird because – exactly because we have to progress the lore more like before we – like Batman talks about, oh, I had an Irish nanny once. He used to tell me all these yeah. different stories. This is as far as Batman's knowledge goes. But all of a sudden he's just looking around. He finds a stone with a natural yep. hole in the center, which he realized he could look through and find hidden people yep. who are actually following them. I'm like – Really, it's just like, you know, I, I love Batman detective work. This was a little too cut and dry yeah, to progress you know, the lore funny. more. Uh, the funny thing about it is I it, I like that part not because of what it does or what. I had a stone like that that one yeah. day my mom would go to England back home where she, you know, to Bournemouth. A lot of times before I actually went with her, she would go almost every year. So I, it was probably like I was four or five. She came back and she brought a stone like that. They call it a hag stone here. Yeah, they like call a it a bunch stone. of things. And uh, yeah, I forget. It might have even it may have even not had a name to it. She gave it and it was a necklace and it had runes around it and it had a little booklet with the story about how That's cool there's, there's mystic things in the air and you can look through this oh no and, i've known the story oh, I sat there. I, I, I i'm love just saying things. when i saw it i had one and i would just sit there for days thinking that Look I was going to find yeah. something, and I thought it was the neatest thing. So seeing that, but that's I'll tell neat. You, re- after reading this issue tonight, I was thinking about going out tomorrow. I actually was thinking one of these getting stones. one. I actually yeah. was too, be- and I was going to get it for Logan uh, because he's uh, you know a little bit older, but around the age of when I got it, I just thought it was the neatest thing when my mom brought that back. But with that, it's even not just here, yeah, even not just that, more of just the even the detective work where they go to talk to people, but everything where they're talking to people isn't to really in the end progress a detective story. It's more of finding out, well, you know, the king was loved by them, but was he involved in the attacks? No, I think there's more to the And it more is to push the lore of the overall of the book. Fo- of, the than fomo- to- of the Fomorians and the Data Nine, yes. like the struggle and shit yes. like that. And like, I'm like... All right, we're, we're, this is how we're going to do it. We're we going to question really, yes. people to learn more about this world. About instead the of world. Like, and that's the issue. I'm like, and, we're, yeah. we're, we're not going to progress the story to the like, you know, point where – because I'm telling you, at the end of this, it seems like we're going to be getting some shit with some Baylor and stuff like that. Yeah. But I'm afraid that we're going to spend the rest of this well, talking about who Baylor and is. And that's the thing. That's where – in my mind, when I see Baylor at the end and they have it and Wonder Woman, like – 
I'm always waiting. Each issue, I'm waiting for the end of the kind of the, the history lesson or the lore lesson and getting into where you have two of the coolest characters in all of comics. Let's see them do stuff, not just progress your lore and this overall background, because at this point, it's gone too far. We, we, I know that a lot of people in the Get Fresh crew, people, they Group like up. the lore, a lot of, especially the Irish yeah. uh, people, you know. And with that, though, it's a little too much. And unfortunately, some of those guys and gals, they had lessons about this. So this is almost like stuff like if, if all of a sudden Paul Bunyan was there and you, we know who Paul Bunyan is, that might be, a, oh, that's it. But somebody from another country that doesn't know or whatnot, they'll just be lost. Or Johnny Appleseed, where you'd spend three issues talking about Johnny Appleseed and you're somebody that lives in Brazil. You don't He's know stuck Johnny Appleseed. In the dike, right? You don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Really. Uh, but even with that, it's just – it's too much because it's more – it's weird because there's – I don't even know how to it talk the about pie. the nitty-gritty. Yes, that's – yes. He's the one – he put his hand in the pie and then lived in a shoe, Eric. And it was my shoe. Everybody died of asphyxiation because they didn't want to breathe that shoe air in. That's how it is. Just wear socks, man. It would be yeah, so much yeah. better. No, I don't like the socks. Too constricting. <laughs> uh, but with, you get this deal where – it's it's funny too because like I said, if somebody's sitting there, well, Jim, that he Liam Sharp setting up the lore and sitting up, it, it's not really that. It's almost as if if you don't know it as you're kind of left a little behind. That you're just like I. I where, well, I'm telling you, we're, we're, three, we're three issues into a six issue mini where we are just spending page after page learning about this, like you know, this world and these people yeah. in the world, but like. We're not really moving the story any forward with it. We're mm. just learning about this folklore. And while you know some people might like Irish folklore, I, I like certain aspects of I it. Do. It just bogs the story but down I, because I, yeah. this is Brave and the Bold Batman Wonder Woman. What are yeah. our two greatest heroes going to be yeah. doing here? They're going to be riding around and learning they're, about they're, war. They're going to take a bath, uh, skinny dipping, as Wonder Woman says that Bruce is. Then you go, and they're just going to pretty much travel the land on horseback till they find a seer stone that they see these guys are there and then they're going to question them and then fight and then knock fight and then knock them out with sleeping gas where batman says oh that's good at least i know sleeping gas works here and that's that's basically and then oh we're gonna have to find out because something's not right Mm. then they go back uh, and, you know, they go back to the court of the Day Danan and uh, Tirnanag and talk and basically like, hey, I got to get going. And they're like, oh, Batman, time isn't the same. Oh, really? Okay, I got some time then. Let's see what we can do. Like, I'm in now. I, I was liking Batman's dialogue previously in the last issue. Like, you thought it was a little odd with the whole magic yeah, talk and yeah. stuff like that. It really just feels off to me here. But, like, at the one point, it's like, you know, when they go back and they're talking to Sir Nanus, it's like, He's like, unfortunate, but you should know that you should know this. When I brought you here, I detected a breach between our yep. realms. Dreams. dreams. Could it be that? I saw creatures of mist and darkness. Hard to recall. I'm like, dreams? What, what are we talking yeah. about now? Where did you jump to this conclusion and, with the breach? It, yeah, and then it's funny. It's like, huh, you know what? That must be why this happened, why you showed up here and slept for a while. We just thought you were a lazy ass, but it seems that you were sounds having like, dreams. Sounds like the listless nightmares of the Fuka. 
Dreams yeah, and really. spirits. And, I'm like, oh, here about, we go. Now we got the Fuka. About six times a month, you have the dreams of the hookah or the Fuka, where you don't come to work, Eric. And you yeah. tell the other this past week, we you streams. said you didn't you didn't wake up till two or whatever one of the days this week. And usually when you don't come to work, I'm sitting there and I'll get some message from yeah. you around eleven thirty. I had a bad migraine. Like, could oh get my out goodness gracious, Eric! Dizzy. Eric, she did not get a hold of me the whole day. But yeah, you have this whole deal then lead to the, you know, hey, uh, I'm trapped here, but the time moves different. So what seems long, you, you get that whole deal. But then you also have this like, and you were right about the sadness. Cause when Batman showed up, he said to Wonder Woman, like, boy, people see the whole land seems sad. And then Wonder Woman's just at the end. You were right about the sadness. And then he's like, I know, true, but you know, the people, their barks are worse than their bites. These conflicts, they're just games. They, I'm like, what is going on? Like, really? And then What's even going the whole on? thing, too, it seems to revolve around this mystical barrier, the wall, yeah. which actually, yeah, you know, it's, uh, it, this world is a prison to them. So there actually is like a glamour that is a wall there. I'm like, what's up with that, Sir Nunes? We put a we put a spell over ourselves to make us forget, so we don't yeah. even remember what's going on yeah, with everything they don't anymore. Remember. And then right. Batman seems to think it's like, well, you know, they live a long time plus this weird time here. I just think they like to fight. They're these people. They they're bored. they're bored. They're bored and like to fight. So we're gonna have to deal with that as well. And they're just sitting there like, my heart aches for them. There must be something we can do. Batman's like, nope, not always. Nations die. Kings die. Everything has its time. I'm like, really? We're at issue three. Like, are you giving up now, Batman? Because we have to go. And then you see Balor, uh, Evil Eye. I'm like, really? Yeah. Now, like you said, like he of the Evil Eye. Perhaps it is something said so, but that's all just oral tradition. Yeah. Not amongst us truly recalls those fierce battles, fight between them. Like, but they surely did. We even talk of our kinfolk, the Furbolg, as though they were just, monsters. So it's like, too much. The Furbolg and King McCool and Baylor, the yeah. evil I'm uh, the day to non, the yeah. full, full and then, yeah, that, the, Hey, you dung sniffers. And oh, going on. And with that, I really, I'm not that interested. You I are bogging the I shit really, out of this, Liam I really Sharp. like Liam Sharp, but, and the art still, it looks great. It's yeah. just, I, it's just, I'm being, you know, it's a landslide of this lore and these names and the things. And the problem is through all of that, when you sift through all that, we have no progression. I mean, the biggest progression is Batman has joined Wonder Woman and that's three issues in. This should have been the issue that really started. You you set those first two issues are the setup of the land. Batman gets there and boy, you, you head, you hit the ground running when Batman's there. And it's almost as if now that Batman showed up, now Batman has to learn the lore, and it's just too much. So I, and I, just and not even the lore, but we got to talk about the lore that we've already learned over the past two years. That's what I mean. It's as and then if add Batman two needs more to times that lore. Yep, it's it's if Batman now needs to learn it. But no, you, you, this is not the way that you need to progress. This this pacing is way off, and it's Liam Sharp's giving it his best. Yeah. Uh, he obviously did a lot of research. At points, I like the dialogue, but like you said, Batman at the end kind of fell apart and whatnot. Uh, and also you have, you know, Batman and Wonder Woman together, you would expect that you're going to get like some really good interaction. Like you can at least lean on that. And they're just walking around on the horse talking about lore and, and things like that. So that's I, I found this tedious to read. I'm telling you, I really thought that I was getting the hang of this for like, you know, we're, we're two issues in before. That's the third time we've been dealing with the war so far. I'm getting we're my head get wrapped around a, yeah. a certain things. 
And when we get in there, like I said, we're, we're learning the same thing over again. And then, you know, double the amount of different lore that we haven't talked about really. And then yeah. just riding around and just talking about lore. I'm like, you, uh, you, you're losing me. I'm telling you, you yeah. have made a really cool concept, really uninteresting by yeah. overriding it. And uh, Matt just liked it on the site. But if I was doing the review, would you have liked if I put the header, Eric, my tagline, the lore is everlasting. Would that have been pretty good? That would have been a good Th- That right? would have been that, good. That I was going to say, day, the... I would have had the, the day to what? <laughs> that would have been good too. But yeah, I'd give it a... I'm Memorial go, Yeah, I'm going to go... I was going to go six. I'm actually going to go down now that we talked about it, 5.5. And that's, that's pretty much at. all art. It's yeah. all, The art's great. Uh, but we expected that. That should be a given. And it is, uh, but the story is just bogged down. And Hopefully when Baylor the Evil Eye shows up, shit's going to pick up because right yeah. now I'm just kind of bored with this book and it's a shame. But it's funny because as we were talking, I said, oh, at the end of Baylor, and you're like, I don't know. I'm, I'm just worried that they're going to talk all about Baylor's. Day. I yeah. think you're right. That's, that is a problem. But yeah, that'll be the end of that. We're going to go off now to some mail. Yo, it's mail call. It is the best podcast so we Jim, yes, indeed, it is time for Mail with Jim, and this is Mail section number two. We're going to start with Chisanga. Chisanga says, sup, get fresh, crew. Boop, boop. Shout out. Poop, poop. (laughs) I'll start off by saying, fucking priest run, go fuck yourself zero for the entire thing. Oh, my goodness gracious. Honestly, I'm pissed at Batman this week. King takes a character who he clearly doesn't know about and makes a What If Elseworlds timeline that will be invalid because Booster made a gift for someone who can't enjoy because he forgot to account that Bruce would never be Batman. Ding sound. Ding sound as well. Door slamming. There you go. Door slamming. And that is just, and I agree. I agree right there, though. I can't say the entire run of Priest as they go fuck yourself zero. There was something there. If we would have had more of the fan and just the fan and kind of developed that story fully, I think that it would have been a pretty cool deal. I like that old deal. And and you really, at the one point, you end up with pretty much the amalgam character of the fan, which is really cool cool to get shot. I I mean, really, you end up with the big thing just to have nothing happen. I do think that a lot of things behind the scenes may have been going on where maybe he did think he was going to be on longer than he wasn't. Maybe he was pissed. I don't know. I don't know how things go. I know that Priest is a man who, who thinks for himself and you know gets mad at some people. I've seen interviews where he gets mad and stuff like that. So he's not a guy who's just going to take things and not get pissed is what I'm trying to say. And that All may right. have been the case. So he, he, he has emotions, Eric. He's a man. He's a man with emotions. He's not a robot. 
No, he is not a robot. If I said to Christopher Priest, said, describe Eric to me, he would not say it like this. Fatty. He wouldn't say Aww. it like that because that's how a robot would say it, and he's not a robot. Now, I, I do think there's little hints that he thought he was going to be on it longer and may have been pissed, but there you go. Would have been funny if he just, as this happens, they take off the mask. The fan is actually Scott Snyder. <laughs> That's dun, how it dun, ends. Dun. He's dead. And, and then somehow in his mind, that continuity means that Scott Snyder cannot write the book because, you know, it doesn't, I don't know. The next mail is Hussein. Hussein says, hey, get fresh crew, Eric. Oop. And a big hello to Jim. What is All that, right. Eric? What is that? I don't play know. play on both sides because just hello, thought, Eric, and a big hello to He Jim. said, just thought I could do things in reverse for once. I picked up four books this week. The Amazing Spider-Man number 799, Batman Creature of the Night number 3, Superman 45, and Action Comics number 1000. Nice. That's a pretty good pull list. Yeah. I really like this anniversary issue. I thoroughly enjoyed it from the get-go. Dan Jurgen's story was fun as hell, and I genuinely teared up at the end. I felt like such a nice – it felt like such a nice surprise and might have been my favorite story of the issue. Probably it, mine it, as well. Yeah. I, I think that I like the Tomasi Gleason a little tiny bit better now that I thought about it more. I don't remember what I say earlier, Eric. That's past Jim. But those That's two. That's Phantom Reviewer did that. That it, That is true, Eric. That reminds me of something. That, uh, this. No, Toby. Oh, my goodness. Wrong sound effect, Eric. But yeah, I like both of those. Tomasi Gleason's story was simply wonderful and drop dead gorgeous. My least favorites were the ones by Scott Snyder and Tom King. The Snyder one was nonsense to me, but the King story had a thin underlying nonsense tone to it that bothered me even more again it didn't seem like a celebration of the character it seemed more of let's tug at the heartstrings about the you know the kents and yeah. let's write something that could win an eisner that's what it felt like to me but uh, i didn't carry the way i thought that that story was just eh you know i didn't like the brad Meltzer now, story now, is the one is i it think a story was that says that superman will always endure i don't know we don't know what yeah. happens after that earth didn't endure he just goes off i, I don't know it's almost like, too, that he wanted to get the juxtaposition or not even that. It's not the juxtaposition, but it's like almost like the here goes another planet destroyed and kills my fa-. But I, you never really got that because they're they're obviously been dead for so long. And it's uh, weird, too, because it actually feels like it's one of those things. I know you never read it, but the, Bat, the Superman Batman Generations-like story, like the trade that came out. How dare you say they I had never that at the read, end of the first that. trade where it was how at the, like, the end of the freaking timeline where Batman's still alive through Lazarus pits, yeah. a lot of Lang's alive through mystical means because she became a witch. And Superman, he's just Superman. He doesn't die. Yeah. How dare you think I wouldn't have read that? How you didn't. I didn't. I got so angry when Superman mentioned the Black Hole Wars. This is total 100% Tom King. That's true. Setting yeah. up something casually a la the jokes of uh, the War of Jokes and Riddles. What the fuck does he think he's doing here? Setting up his own run. Superman mentions the Eternity Formula that Lois is sick of drinking. Is Lois immortal now? Is John too? It's just so much nonsense to comprehend. I don't know if Superman can live for four billion years, but I imagine that Lois at least would get tired of living after all that time, wouldn't you? Yeah, I, I'm tired already. I'm Seriously. ready to check out on this freaking crazy thing we call life. And the Bender story I liked a lot more than I thought, since I saw some people bad-mouthing it a couple days before the issue hit. It's such a short story that I can't really judge his plans for the character from this issue. I personally don't mind the ending. Krypton itself is such a minor part of who the character is, says you. Has such a change doesn't mean that much to me. I just didn't like the fact, you heard me earlier, that it's a advertisement for the run coming up and seems like a silly thing for a book that is like an ageless type deal, an anniversary 
such as this. I'm still curious to see where Bendis' run will go from here, so I'm still in. At least people will know if they're into his run before it even starts, since the DC Nation one-shot and the Man of Steel precede his run. I agree there. Uh, I also will tell you that reading it, I certainly am not against him doing Superman. You know, you know what I mean? There was nothing. If you're going to go into the story, I would think that the way I go into it, because I'm a negative guy, I'm looking to see if I'm going to be pissed. And since I wasn't, I was pissed at the idea of it, maybe. But the actual thing, it was okay. And it was just there. So I'm still on board. Superman 45 was brilliant. I was talking with Andrew about it, and this is just such a great end of Demasi and Gleason's run. While the run hasn't been as good lately, those first 16 or so issues before Superman Reborn are phenomenal. I'll forever be grateful to those two. I really liked it as well. Creature of the One Night of my was favorite pretty, runs of New Creature Bieber. of the Night was pretty fantastic. I think Jim gave it a 7.5. If I did, I messed up later. Said I gave it a seven, but that's what I think uh, when we talked about it. But I try not to let delays affect my impression of the book. I love this book. It's one of the best Batman stories I've ever read, and I generally like Batman stories. I don't know if I ever said this on the record, but Batman isn't necessarily one of my favorite comic book characters. He's pretty awesome, but there are more impactful heroes to me. By the way, Jim, I know how to pronounce Busiak. Busiak told me someone on the iFanboy podcast how to do so, and he said it's Busiak, not music. I think I – so am I saying it right maybe? Because I always say Busiak, right? I don't yeah, say. Yeah, I believe so. So he said he how to do so, and he said this Busiak. Oh, he's saying it's like that. It's Busik, oh, like okay. music. So there we go. So I was. We have been wrong. doing it wrong. Yeah. So those words sound the same. Just replace the M in music with B, and you got it. I'm sticking with Busiak because I think it would grade on his Take that. And I don't know why I'm going to say that because I like him. It's hard to describe the text since I heard it on a podcast, so I hope that helps. Yeah, I'm telling you, we still don't know half the guys how to pronounce it because I hear it nope. all the time. Different. Uh, with Creature of the Night, obviously, we're going to be talking about that later. It's in the last section of the books. Uh, and you'll hear why the delays aren't ju- – the delays are why my enthusiasm for the book went down. I think yeah. that this book had pretty much a big 20-page section of it that I really – got bored with when he is doing all the quote-unquote detective work to do the political stuff. I think that that was pretty much overdone. Threw off the pacing Spoilers, of the entire man, issue. No, I'm just saying it throws off the entire pacing of the issue where we find out some big things. Then we go to take down some politicians in the end for it to mean nothing. So I, I was really – I thought that's why I gave it a lower score is that I was disappointed with the issue. I just – I didn't have the same fun that I had in the first two. But Amazing Spider-Man number 799 was pretty great. My least, and and who gets to the end of this podcast anyway? <laughs> I mean, really, <laughs> you know, it's like you're you're driving to say Minnesota, and the end of the trip is actually California. You ain't never getting there. You're stopping at double A runs in Minnesota. You're never getting to California. My least favorite yeah. read, uh, but Spider Man. I think I remember Jim saying that you're pretty excited about the fresh start from Marvel. I recommend checking out Spider Man once it relaunches. I've already started checking it out, and I've been talking to Eric about it at work. Sure Nick Spencer, Ryan Otley are the creative team. I'm both of these guys do fantastic work. Trevitt recommended some Spencer books like The Fix, which I read the first issue back in the day, and Ant-Man, which I have not read, and they're absolutely hilarious. I read a bit of the Marvel uh, – yeah, that's the weird thing. The Free Comic Book Day Marvel book has leaked online. Some people have read that. I have not. Uh, but that has a Spencer Ollie Spider-Man story, and it's just incredible. So, yeah, that was a weird thing that that leaked. Uh, that's it for me this week, my dudes. Have a great week. Get fresh. Cool. Take boop, care boop. of yourselves, Jim. 
Jim and Eric, and talk to you guys soon. Thank you, Saint. Thank you. And we're going to move on to Lord Andy. I, I like to call him now Lord Andrew, Eric. It sounds a little more impressive. Proper. It's proper. Greetings, Get Fresh Crew. I realize it's been quite some time since I've allowed my finger tubes to tickle the keys. He's Gross. not talking about a piano, Eric. Did I ever tell you that I like roses on a piano, but I really like tulips on an organ? Did I ever tell you that, Eric? But I uh. couldn't. Where's my rim shot? And I mean, where's my rim shot? But I couldn't hold it on any longer. James Warner, what you fail to understand is blah, 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 exactly. You'll never appreciate it. There, he's just saying, everybody yelling at me here. Now, with that off my chest, let me just say, if the Cavs get can't get past Indy, Philly's going to have a new king next year. But be careful what you wish for, Eric. And he is definitely, he is talking about one LeBron James. LeBron James. Once, oh, and he King says, James. insert deal. LeBron James. LeBron James. I'll go full out LeBron James, Eric. LeBron James. Once LeBron James joins your franchise, he takes over from within. He's not kidding when he says every position in the pregame shit. He's power forward, point guard, coach, GM, dog, doggy style missionary. Bottom. The point is the guy's amazing. He'll probably get Eric fired and replaced with wrong turn and trade oh, no. all your favorite titles for Supergirl back issues. But hey. You might get a ring. Choose wisely, he says. Smooches and tongue tickles on my love. Whoop, whoop, Lord Andy or Lord Andrew. And, uh, yeah, Thank that's Lord a big Andy. thing. That's a big thing that people are pushing because he is obviously going to go uh, somewhere next year. I still think he's going to go to the Lakers. There's a little sports talk for you. I do think he's going to go to the Lakers, though. He is a really good friend with Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons is like his little guy. And uh, they they keep saying that Ben Simmons is like the next kind of version of LeBron James. Uh-huh. And uh, the thing is, there are people who are saying if LeBron James goes to the Sixers, he's going to destroy the team. The team obviously knows that, but LeBron James also knows what the team they have. And if he goes there, he's going to want to go to win. It's it's kind of a weird deal. Uh, but yeah, I don't mind. A lot of people around here though this week, and and as this is going in the playoffs, they want a homegrown winner, and they don't want LeBron James to show up just to win a ring. So that's what they say. I, I just want them to win. But the uh, the next email, there's sports talk, Eric. You went very silent during the sports talk. Here, wait. I, and, I was and, trying to go on YouTube and find some cricket noises. And I'm telling you, when uh, LeBron James, the thing about it is, Eric, is that he, he is one of those guys that is also a pussy. I did it myself. Brandon yeah. is next. So, sup, fellas? Well, sup, I'm Brent. finally going to pop my West Coast cherry this summer, heading to San Diego for a week in June. My cousin is graduating from Navy SEAL training. Here we go. <laughs> my cousin is graduating from Navy. I, I, right now, we're recording a mixer. Brandon, I see you in there, you son of a bitch. I, I don't even know if he does this on purpose because he mentions later about kind of ed- – my cousin is graduating from Navy, comma, SEAL training, and ceremonies are there, I guess. So the family is going down to celebrate and just make a vacation of it. I decided to stay an extra – few days with the kid that was my own roomie and my brother to get a vacation away from my crazy moms aunts and uncles after all i said all is said and done that's the away from my crazy moms aunts and uncles so i'm really looking Some forward people to have this several mothers jim yes should i that's what i'm saying <laughs> 
Should be a good time. I haven't been on a real vacation since the spring break back in 04 in college. I wonder if he was at the MTV spring break and staying at the, the spring break house down there. Maybe with Eric from The Grind. How about ah. that? So I'm curious what this will be like. It all comes full circle with us. It does. Anybody know of any spots to check out or have any comic book store suggestions, hit me up. I got a week to kill during the end of June. So is it going to be in San Diego? I would think that maybe a J-Man may know some things around that area, you know, from where in his ins and outs. I don't know. thing, too, because there really, there's a really cool bar that has, like, a pool out there that actually projects a movie, like a black-and-white movie. A black-and-white movie? Why, why yeah. are you doing that? Why not have something new? It looks a really pool, cool. Huh? A pool, really? It's not like a hot tub. It's a pool. It's a pool. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say a bar. I see more of a restaurant. And I'm Are like, it? I actually, it was advertised by, well, this place looks awesome. San Diego. Damn, I'm not making it out there yeah, anytime you're not, soon. You're not doing that. Are you, uh, is it projected on the bottom of the pool? Or no, somewhere no, it's not projected your... on the pool. It's projected on the wall across from the pool. No. So it's basically you're just at a movie in the pool. You know, the, it's at a restaurant, though. Uh, uh, what, what is this? A fucking triple change? It's like Jesus the ground Christ. round with a pool. It's a, it's a triple chain of ground round. It's the Howard Johnson's, Eric. <laughs> uh, I'll mention one more thing. I'll, I will tell you one thing that I've learned about San Diego. I've never been there, uh, but I know one of my uh, good friends, their brother, uh, stepbrother, lives there. It's goddamn expensive is what I heard. So, you know, ready for that there, Buffalo. I'll mention one more thing before moving you hear on. You like a town, our... like one town above us, is expensive. Oh, not That's right. Much. No, I, I always hear that the town below us, where the comic book store, that's the cheap town where they have the cheap gas. I hear that yeah. all the time. I'm now going to call. That's what I'm going to do now. I just said it. I think I'm going to start a trend with now. Brandon, now I'm going to be a Lois Lane and just call him Buffalo. I'm going to do the Smallville Buffalo thing with, Brandon? with Brandon. No, just Buffalo. It's going to be like Smallville. All right, Buffalo. I'll mention it. It'll be a little more biting, though. It's more of an insult. I'll mention one more thing before moving on to what comics I was booking on this week, and that is the NFL, and therefore, Buffalo Bills. Schedule came out this week. <laughs> and therefore, Buffalo Bills, comma, schedule came out this week. The Buffalo Bills have a Monday night home game for the first time since 2008, which is awesome. And that is one of those things where when the schedule comes out and you've had a team that struggled, struggling, Eric, you, you end up like, all right, you know, the nationwide now sees that we're on the on the rise, but he's saying that it, it might be a monkey paw. In this game, we lost to the Dallas Cowboys in epic fashion, even after Tony Romo threw some ungodly number of interceptions. My feelings are still hurt to this day to look up the exact number of. It was so soul-crushing, I was forced to call in sick to work the following day, and possibly the day after, that to mentally recover. Anyway, 12 years later, and here we go again, and you're goddamn right, I'll be going wearing my vest... Shirt underneath optional, RIP my nipples, and I'm taking – just imagine that vest and that crew that we saw in that that thing with no shirts on and those things on. Oh, my goodness nope. gracious. Oh, my goodness. And I'm taking any overbet uh, available of the amount of alcohol-related deaths linked to drinking too much that occur on this day and night in Buffalo history. So basically what I'm getting at is we only so is get the these purge events. purge night? Is that what we're doing? It might be in Buffalo. Once every, isn't every night purge night in Buffalo. <laughs> Once every 12 years or so because the people in this city don't behave well with alcohol. I have heard that. 
It usually is uh, just a matter. I know that everybody was throwing shade at us about Philadelphia when they won the Super Bowl. Holy moly. If Buffalo wins, the next time they win, oh, Jesus Christ, you just wipe that city off. There's the purge. It usually about midway through. That's the funny thing. They end up, the government's like, listen, we got to get rid of this, uh, this, this fucking sore of, a, of a city. Sword. And, uh, they're like, what can we do? We can nuke it. We can, no, no, just let the Bills win the Super Bowl. That'll do it. They'll take done care of them. And they'll done. take care of themselves. And then they'll do that. And the Bills will still mess it up, Eric. Boom. Uh, yes, it's usually about midway through the first quarter of these night games, an, announce go, an announcement goes on that there will be no more alcohol being sold in the stadium because of behavior in the stands. Uh, when you let the good people of Buffalo know months in advance, they have been given an excuse to drink literally from morning until night. Good things tend not to happen. Uh, what they should do is – they've never had this. Like there isn't a city – so bad, Eric, that at a time they would have a judge have a court underneath the stadium. Maybe they should do that, Eric. That never would happen anyway, right? Not no. in Philadelphia. If I survive, no. I will surely let you know what occurs. Books, Batman, what sick motherfuckers watch someone kill themselves right in their face and then acts like it's the coolest fucking thing they ever saw in their life. Tom yeah. King is a goddamn psychopath. If he thinks I want comments about how cool suicide is, uh, they're watching a comic book. People ship their pants when there's some chick found in a fridge and bring it up 30 days later, 30 years later. But currently, Tom King can write booster gold like an individual with an IQ lower than this alternate version of Duke Thomas, and his fans will heap praise at his altar. And uh, really, this is the thing about that. And I didn't, we didn't really mention it later. We we're talking about Batman. Um, it's more disturbing to me if. Booster does know, obviously does, that this is an alternate timeline that he will change because that means that he really is just enjoying the sight of Hal killing himself. And to me, for some reason, it makes it almost like this is what he was I doing like this killing. for. Yeah, he, he must like the killing, and that's why he did this. Like, this is the shit at that point that you think he's been waiting for, Eric. Pistol shrimp? Oh, no. <laughs> I like the killing. He likes the killing. He says awesome. That's not Booster. No. We're going to yell about it later. I should stop. I see why these people who love their medium are intolerable to the outside world because they're also intolerable to people inside their world as well. Superman, not a bad penultimate conclusion. The eventual conclusion to come didn't leave a horrible taste in my mouth, but a tad preachy for my full likes. <laughs> you said. I said I liked it. Action. Well, there it is, folks. Brian Michael Bennett's first appearance at DC, and it was a story about rewriting Krypton's past, which, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, we're still dealing with anyway with Jarrell and Mr. Oz, and a bunch of panels filled with random talking women joking about Superman's red underwear. Obviously, and his we, eyes. Obviously, you've already heard us talk, and I pretty much said that this would be Brandon's reaction. Yeah. Uh, if, uh, I'll do, give you this. It's the only in this sentence is, is a mess. The, this sentence, Brandon, it, it's it's a murder right here. It's a crime scene. I'll you and this is like no. I'll you this is no the only or last time you get that joke from Mr. Bendis. He is going to repeat that and beat you over the head with it like a dad joke that won't die. Uh, throughout his entire run, much like Tom King and Kite Man, you all will hate his guts soon. Plenty of tea for everyone. I'll put some on and get it ready. Yes, Brandon, he does say later he's having some problems uh, with the email and editing. Now, I will also say that it's funny now I'm thinking about when we do talk about Batman later, we don't even bring up that Kite Man thing. That's how much, no. uh, yeah, how much we were angry about other things. We didn't even bother to even mention that. Damage. Well, 
That was fucking ugly. Not yeah. only that, but we can't decide on what color Poison Ivy's skin should be from the cover to the main title. Whoever yeah. got paid for editing that little blimp on the radar just have got cake on their prints for all the pages in the goddamn book featuring Ivy and just okay to print. Then we need to just fuck up all my fun and have damage and mention Batman 41 like anyone with a brain wants to revisit that. You have a mild interesting cliffhanger featuring the Justice League last issue. Then go and drag Poison Ivy into this nonsense with all our baggage. At this point, I think if we had a wet dream dc could fuck that up for me too computer is about to die can't edit anymore good luck jim <laughs> all right <laughs> fellas from brandon affinity countdown number two is the marvel minute like, what is uh, this computer's also, about to die what is he doing it, it can't take it the, the, it's the hal jordan of the computer world it's about does to kill itself it's like you are making i cannot keep putting out this nonsense i must kill myself uh, I did talk to on an on aside, and we do mention it, and I know that a lot of people, you know, out and about, you have some other podcasts throwing shade at the Poison Ivy League and stuff like that, but I do actually talk to the Ivy Girl, who yeah. does do that. And I just wanted to mention because she actually had a very big thing that I didn't even think about because I read the issue. She had been arguing with uh, Venditti about it and things like that. And I wanted to tell her, and I say it in the podcast later when we talk about damage, that the thing that uh, upsets me is, you know, hero, villain, whatever. You you could even go, you know, it's a gray area, whatever you're going to do that. Uh, we mentioned that you need to have – some, you know, and, and what Brandon says, you need some congruency between the, the thing. You can't have a character that is different every time she shows up. So I do, even the look, like the green look or whatever. Yeah. And I said, and, and really, with all this stuff going on and Ivy doing this, and she actually said she's not upset about anything in this issue except that Grodd's next, and she thinks that Grodd is mind controlling Ivy. And I'm like, you know what? That makes sense. That's what he does. I think that she might be right, and that's why the next issue has Ivy and Grodd in it. So she might be right on. So I just wanted to give a shout-out with that. If that is true, I didn't even think down the line with Grodd oh and the mind control stuff. But, yeah, you have that. But really, the I, we say it as well. The whole C, Batman, no, just get a, don't do that because it doesn't make sense. That, that that takes place before or after. It doesn't make sense. You can't do what Tom King did to fuck with continuity, make any sense either way. So don't even try. It's nonsense. But like you said, we're going to go to Infinity Countdown number two, and uh, it's not a number one, so I'm out, no. Eric. Uh, you're going to have to edit that in. I'm out because uh, right. I only – number ones are for me, and that's it. But, yeah, we'll see what they have to say about that, and then we'll be back with more books. Alright guys, welcome. This is the Marvel Minute. I am Brandon, as always joined by my man Trevit. Trevit, what is up? Nothing much. Just got done washing some dishes. <laughs> yeah, I just woke up. I'm uh the the girls went to visit her mom in Pennsylvania, so I got an empty house. Uh and this is my one day off this week, so that's awesome. Um, yeah, completely free. Yeah, so we're going to talk a little comics, and I'm going to maybe play a little video game, uh, plural, and then uh, read some more <laughs> comics. Um, yeah, but we're talking Infinity Countdown 2 right now. Uh, that is written by Jerry Dugan, our team of Aaron Cooter, Mike Hawthorne, Aaron, I wrote Aaron Cooter again for some reason, Terry Pallet, and Jordi Belair. I think that's because he does inks, too, on top yeah, of he does uh, pencils. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was half asleep doing this this morning. Uh, Marvel Comics is the company putting this out. 
uh, for our consumption. And we're going to get into our blurb, discuss this book, tell you guys what we think, and let you know to buy, borrow, or forget it altogether. Uh, but yeah, Infinity Countdown continues to lead us down the path to the future Infinity Wars event coming. Uh, and it's into its final month without any tie-ins that I'm going to be forced to make a decision on here. So I'm really enjoying the story so far. Uh, will this month's issue number two push me in the direction of being all in to want four titles next month, five in June, and three in July? Let's go over and discuss possibly all that, if I remember to at the very end. Uh, so yeah, our issue begins here with a brief disclaimer not long ago. Uh, we got this dwarf guy who we've seen maybe once or twice before throughout these issues as he pounds away uh, at some metal to make a mysterious weapon. I'd love to know a little more detail about it. First, I thought it was, uh, you know, a new Infinity Glove, really. Uh, it, it doesn't That's look like thought. that right now. Um, I heard so it was armor. It, is it armor? That's what I heard. I think I read that somewhere. Yeah, that somewhere. I, I was trying to, like... You know, I, it like brought my nose right to the page to try to creep in on what he's pounding at, but it, it doesn't really look like you can tell very well. No. Uh, I, I I think it is a it, it, it maybe it is a new gauntlet because I mean he is banging on a sword, but um yeah. Oh, no wait, that's the sword he put to his neck, but uh but maybe it is a new gauntlet because they're new stones, you know, so they got to yeah. refit or something. Yeah, so we'll see. That, that'll obviously be revealed in time. Uh, the dwarf is threatened to speed up the process, or else. Uh, by another of the story's mysteries so far, it's kind of like this shadowed villain dude I also want some more details about. Uh, to me, however, I'd say it's safe to assume that it's not uh, Thanos, just from a few clues. Um, and he's you, you know usually the go-to guy you think of when, when someone's collecting gems together or kind of seems like what this person will eventually do. Uh, but like he's holding a knife, that's not really a Thanos thing. Um, and his hand doesn't look like a Thanos hand. So that's my reasoning there. But uh, I don't know if you have any guesses or things I missed or things I'm not remembering from previous stories. I don't know. What's your guess if you had to guess? My guess is not Thanos. That's my guess right now. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I don't that's – a, that's a hard call. I don't think it's a Thanos, but I – heard Jerry Duggan say, I think it was on the World Blue podcast, that Thanos is going to play a central part in Infinity Wars. Yeah. So, I don't I know. I just think Thanos call. is in his own book right now, and he just hasn't messed with this right now. I, but I, I don't know if those books are even tying together at all in any way. No, also, at the same I mean, time, you know? He does jet away with a piece of the time stone, but um, maybe, it's, uh, maybe it's Loki. Yeah. Yeah, it could be. You're right there. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll find out. But I don't know. My my reasoning again is just it's not Thanos because the dude's holding an. I've I've never uh, like Thanos doesn't attack someone with a pussy ass knife like that. No, you know, it's like a hunting knife. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we then move on to Telfernia, um, and this is where we the Guardians have been for really kind of most of these issues so far. Uh, we're jumping back into the events of them fighting this kaiju tree monster named Scar from the previous issue. That's kind of where it left off. Uh, also, really, the second part of that cliffhanger was was Groot jumped back to full size um, after the gardener, you know, kind of woke up and stopped being an, an asshole. Uh, <laughs> and, and he's kind of like now a Hulk's Drac, Drac's uh, amalgam combination of, of himself 
you can kind of like, you know, say some crazy ass shit and, and, uh, it throw down basically. Um, so him and Scar are going to go at it. And Scar's got this definite size advantage being Kaiju sized. And even though Groot's full size, he's not quite that big. So Groot goes to attack, uh, and he basically gets grabbed uh, by Scar, and then Scar's like brushing this off and decides to just throw him in his mouth. Um, it turns out to be an awful idea as Groot ends up filling like the monster's innards, I guess, with just like <laughs> flowers. <laughs> he like pulls a Pinocchio on him, uh, <laughs> and he, he vomits Groot back up. All these flowers come flying out. Uh, he dies. I'm pretty sure he's dead. They're like coming out of his eyes, his mouth. Like hey, this dude is done he's for. Fucking dead. Yeah. Uh, and Groot comes flying out, and he's got a smart ass comment. He's like, "Groot is victorious, just as Groot foretold." So, <laughs> kind of a little bit talking like Hulk and Drax. That's why I said, uh, you know, he's got this amalgam thing brewing. Um, from there, we move on, continue this story. Uh, <laughs> the Guardians. I, I don't know, but it's really just kind of a, a throwdown and fight for the majority of the issue bouncing throughout um, this planet as they protect the time stone uh, al power along stone. with, yeah, power stone. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm mixing them all up uh, along with Groot. So they hightail it off uh, Telefernia and head um, with Dra two Drax to help him out. Uh, now we get some comedy here. Um, as as rockets the first on the scene and if you remember way back from the beginning and beginning of the guardians run they had this uh galactus spaceship they were using to fuck with people and then that's what rocket busts back out here but um his boosters are all fucked and this thing comes crashing down to earth so so uh, rocket has to bail uh then we got uh, the distraction he provided you know momentarily distracting warbringer who is the Chitari boss here on, on this world. And while he's distracted, the guardians try to sneak up on him to disastrous results for the guardians. As he takes out their ship seems pretty easily splits it in half. Uh, so the guardians oh. bail, they come out, uh, kick Warbringer in the face for a second. Uh, then we jump to a battle with, uh, the Nova and Talon's leader, Talonor. Uh, we kind of get a cool reveal here as Talonor is revealed to be Rich Rider's brother. Robbie. Robbie. That, that, mixing up names here. A lot of names in this book here. That's uh, from um, issue number 11, the Nova issue of All New Guardians, where they showed him being indoctrinated into the talons, yeah. into the Raptors. He's basically kind of a little brainwashed and also pissed at the Nova Corps because of the situation they kind of left him in. Um, so that's his reason, uh, for being a bad guy currently. And he's having it out with his brother right now while they're shouting at each other. They get attacked by Warbringer, who just seems to be jumping all over this issue and <laughs> whooping everybody's ass, I guess. Uh, you don't know what happens here. Um, because you don't see the riders for the rest of the issue, but you see Warbringer. So it's safe to assume, I don't know, he whooped their ass or, there was a stalemate at some point and he moved on. I don't, I don't really know. You don't know much more than that. Um, we move on again here, uh, kind of join 
to the next big part, which is Ant-Man. Uh, Ant-Man gets a quick little feature. He's like, I got an idea for this stone. And he, he tries to uh, shrink it down so they can really kind of grab it and get the hell out of Dodge, stop all this fighting. Um, but his shrink technology doesn't seem to be working at all on the stone. So he's just clung to it like a fly on a window. Um, <laughs> <laughs> continuing to try, I guess, but not having any success this issue from what we've seen. Um, the next big scene, I guess, would be this Eve Bart Bakian or Bark. Yeah. Bakian yeah. character. Uh, she's been the pregnant Nova corpse leader, commander, Colonel, whatever they're calling her. Um, she gives birth to a baby that at first looks like Barack Obama. <laughs> Does, that not- <laughs> Does that not look like Barack Obama? <laughs> I mean, I'm like, what the fuck is Barack Obama doing in this comic book? And then later on looks like a baby with a, a mustache. I don't <laughs> like the baby goes from seemingly having hair to having no hair and a mustache. So his hair moved on his head to down to his upper lip uh that is weird because when you first ex- first see the baby and then when she's handing the baby to her she he does have hair on his head and then it gets less and less panel by panel as it yeah. goes on yeah <laughs> I, don't, I don't know uh birth was an ugly thing when i experienced it and i got all lightheaded <laughs> and really almost kind of blacked out for a second there because i was grossed out by blood and shit so uh I would not be the best guy to reference for all this. Um, I don't it's remember the the baby I was responsible for losing its hair as the 30 <laughs> seconds or so moved by. Um, anyway, we move on. There, the, the fight really is like the majority of this issue on um, what planet is, is this fight take place on? Zituang. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That Chinese name. Yeah. Um, <laughs> As everyone's continuing to fight, we get a nice looking splash page here. Um, Warbringer just comes down and like snarls at everybody. And then that's enough for uh, Zaitang for this issue. Uh, as, as we move on um, to more events elsewhere and join in with Adam Warlock, who's uh, moving on from Earth to Scythe. Is that how you say that planet name? S-A-I is Psy. And PH. I think so. Right. <laughs> Sounds right. <laughs> so uh, that's where we're going. Um, he's, you know, just woken up from his slumber in this pyramid. Uh, he, he's going to carry out his deal he's made with Kang, uh, kind of the monkey paw uh, he's agreed to, which is get the time stone for Kang in return for Kang helping him find the soul gem he's so fond of. Um, when Adam arrives, uh, instead of finding Magnus, who he anticipates to be on this planet Scythe, he basically runs into the group of Ultron bots and, and just a shitload of bombs. Um, and this happened, uh, I don't know, it was last issue, right? Where Ultron killed Magnus? Uh, it was in um, Infinity last Countdown Prime. Prime. Okay. Uh, so that's what we're picking up on here. Uh, and eventually, you know, Adam tracks down Ultron after having to fight his way through a few uh, mini Ultron armies. And the cliffhanger is a ball buster for sure. Definitely the most interesting part of this issue, uh, which is Ultron trying to turn the Silver Surfer into one of his goddamn Ultron minions, I guess. Uh, Ultron, uh, Ultron put his fist through Megas' yeah, chest. 
He's got a uh, yeah. That was what in um the prime, prime. One, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and he's trying to just uh, I don't know turn the Silver Surfer into one of his minions here, uh, <laughs> as, the, as the issue concludes. Uh, so yeah, and and Adam Warlock's staring him right in the back here. He got Ultron Pym looking pretty fucking menacing with a bunch of bots around him holding down Silver Surfer on his board as they try to turn him. Uh, looks great. Um, Did you notice um, Ultron? He like there's a speech bubble from from Hank Pym's side, and then there's a speech bubble from the Ultron side. Uh, which one is that? In here, Warlock. And, and the speech bubbles are made to look like the Hank Pym one looks like a regular speech bubble, and then the Ultron one kind of looks like you know, kind of like a, a weird looking cock. Yeah, it's got the spikes around it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they've been doing that dual personality thing with them for a while. Uh, definitely. It, oh, I see it on the very last page here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. That that word bubble confused me actually. I thought one of them was uh, Warlock for some reason, uh, but yeah, it may, it, I forget they do that with him. Um, he argues with himself. He's not really arguing with himself here in, in this panel, though. He's just kind of playing along, uh, being <laughs> being a douchebag. Um, so. It, it's it it's interesting this this Ultron Pym thing. Uh, I hope they they do a little less of the focusing on the Guardians fighting in the next one and just uh, develop some of the other people with the stones more. Like we didn't get uh, any Black Widow stuff in this one. We haven't really oh, yeah, seen no. her with the stone yet uh, since Wolverine pawned it off to her. Um, there was no Super Scroll stuff in this one. Uh, they you know they were. It was really dedicated mostly to the Guardians, uh, which was my one beef with it. Covers seem to really, like, every cover is what takes place predominantly in the issue. Like, on the cover of this, it's the Guardians fighting for the stone, and that's all. In the next issue, it looks like Ultron and Silver Surfer, so I bet that's going to be, like, what we see the majority of in the next issue. Uh, Fighting Adam Warlock. Um, yeah, so we're we're at the buy, borrow, or forget portion of things. Uh, I've really, like I said before, we we got into discussing the issue here. I've I've really enjoyed the countdown series so far. It reminds me a lot of like uh, you know, the prelude to metal kind of issues. Um, setting up the story that we're going to get into this summer. Uh, pr- pretty, you know, if it's something you're planning on reading this summer, I, I would definitely say at least pick up the main issues which I think is kind of where I'm limiting myself uh, after this one. Just yeah. um, I might pick up the Darkhawk one. We'll see. I'm going to wait for reviews to come out and see what they're like before I commit money to them uh, is kind of where I'm at here. Uh, but I'm still going to pick up the ones that are labeled, you know, Infinity Countdown and see this through to uh, the main event. Um, I, I've just uh, kind of settled on that in my brain. Um, you know, it, it feels like, I don't know. I, I, I'm having a hard time with, with this issue. I, I think it's a borrow for me personally, just because it focused so much on the Guardians and, and just two uh, central fights. And I wanted kind of more of recap of w- what everyone's doing with these stones and developing their plans for them. Um, but I still enjoyed it. Like, I didn't not like the issue. Uh, it d- didn't deter me from... Uh, wanting the future infinity countdown uh, titled ones, but uh, I don't know. I'm just not gonna. I don't know how what the price level is at these tie-ins. I hope they're 3.99. 
if they're four, I would definitely be out. You know, that's going to be a, a go right now, internet actually. thing. Yeah, look that up uh, for me and, and maybe download them type thing. But uh, uh, I, I'm still all in on this story. This issue was a little down. Probably the weakest of the Infinity Countdown titled ones for me yet, although I did really love the cliffhanger. I like the uh, mystery of who this main maybe bad guy is and what this dwarf is building. I want to know all that. Uh, um, I would just like a little less focus on the Guardian Central stuff, um, even though I like that they're a, a big part of the story and I like those characters. It was just like a whole lot of fighting. And even for an a action heavy fan like me, that it was just a tad too much um, w without moving the story forward. Uh and in developing some of the um you know things that came out of the fight like what happened to the riders like oh what the hell is ant-man doing is it working is it not uh because <laughs> uh, it is a big stone maybe it's just going to take a while like uh he's got a shitty microwave and, and it just <laughs> takes forever to heat up his coffee might um, not work at all but yeah i know uh that's kind of what i think's happening someone's going to just chip off a chunk and, and have to grind it down to fit what they want uh, the rest is just going to be there, and maybe a bunch of people end up getting some power from this power stone. Uh, I don't know. I'm rambling, kind of. What do you think? Uh, I'm at <laughs> Barrow right now, though, for um, this one. So I, first, I want to start with, uh, I looked up the one-shots, and like the Captain Marvel one is regular price, $3.99. The Dark Hawk is regular price, $3.99. But the, like, an actual, does Captain Marvel has one issue? Captain Marvel only has one issue, but the Daredevil one, which is a one and done. There's just some of them, like Dark Hawk has four issues, yeah. Champion has two. I see that yeah, um, from the checklist and back. But the Daredevil one uh, has extra pages, so it's four ninety nine, and that one's going to deal with um, what's his name, Turk. Turk, with, yeah, uh, with the Mind Stone. I bet you he and, just loses it in that issue, which is why yeah, it's extra pages, and they're like, oh, let's get this away from this fucking schmo. <laughs> and they actually got a good artist and Jerry Duggan's writing that everyone else has different writers, but Jerry Duggan's actually writing the daredevil one and Chris Sprouse is doing the art and he's a really good artist. So, uh, might actually be trying to do something with that one. And then the black widow one is not on this solicit, but I'm, I'm sure that one might have extra. Pages yeah. That's too. in a, uh, June, June. Yeah. Yeah. So I already had most of the solicits pulled up for, uh, for my notes and stuff. So, um, Oh, they got June out already? They got July out already. Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm so behind on life. Uh, <laughs> that Darkhawk cover, though, looks super badass. Yeah, it does. Uh, that's <laughs> done by the guy who's doing the interior art. So yeah. yeah, it looks sweet. I might have to pick that one up just for the cover. They might have talked me into that one because it looks pretty. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. You can continue with your thoughts there. Um. I I really liked both uh both of this this issue this issue and the last one seemed to be like a cap off to everything that was going on in the Guardians. So like everything that was been building up since all new Guardians number one with the um, with the Gardener and and Groot and all the little crazy Groots and stuff that all seemed to like you know towards the end of Guardians it was starting to build and build and build and they kind of had a blowout at the end, but then this is like the finale, these first two issues, <clears throat> the all out battle for the power stone on Z Twang. And there, you know, the beginning capped off the fight with the last of the evil Groot's before Groot got his. So everything from the guardians is kind of out of the way. So I think three, four and five are probably going to continue on with 
all the questions that we need answered and all the other characters that, you know, because they basically just finished the Guardian story yeah. for the most part. Not the main Infinity Stone story, but all like the other lingering plot threads that didn't completely. Yeah, know, like that's Peter hiding about. the location. They kind of threw that in there real quick. Yeah. Too. Um, so I'm sure everyone by three is going to settle down maybe a little bit and talk things out. And, uh, you know, the funny thing is, is the month that infinity countdown ends is this it infinity wars begins in the same exact month as countdown ends so it's yeah. like done start you know yeah we just get right into it and that's not going to have any tie-ins either it's going to have one tie-in um and from dr strange and that's it because he's out in space uh <laughs> and i guess so uh when i looked at the solicits for it that was the only tie-in i could find was um Doctor Strange tie-in. Other than that, nothing else in the Marvel Universe is a tie-in for um, for Infinity Wars. But I, I really like the issue. This, I wish they stuck with Ives Savorsina on colors for Aaron Cooter because it just it seemed to translate a little bit better. Like I, I just liked the colors with Cooter's art better in Guardians than I do with Jordi Belair. Jordi Belair's colors are like really chalky and kind of. And I, it still looks fantastic, but at the same time, it just looked better with uh, Sforce in his colors. But all in all, I, I really enjoyed this issue. I really enjoyed the action. I really enjoyed all of uh, the plot threads from Guardians finally coming to a close so we can move on to focusing on the Infinity Stones and more Adam Warlock and Ultron fighting. And I'm, I'm sure at the end of that issue, it's going to take us on further from there to other characters that have been hinted. So I, for, for me, it's a buy because I've just been excited. I've loved this whole entire thing that Jerry Duggan's put together since All New Guardians. It's just been like a hell of a ride, and I, I just don't want it to stop. I can't wait for Infinity Wars. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited for the I'm excited for the Infinity stuff too. Uh, this one was just like uh, too focused on the Guardians when I'm excited for some other people too. Um, so that's where my borrow comes from. But uh, yeah, it's it's still like something I I'm excited to read and. I think uh, the first event that I've like truly been excited for, and I don't have any feelings that I'm going to be disappointed. Like I know what yeah. I, I well, Marvel is definitely in a while. Yeah, uh, yeah, Marvel. That's what I mean. Because the I don't know, Civil War two didn't do it. For Secret Empire didn't do it for me. I like probably the first one I'm excited for since Secret Wars, to be honest with you. And um, they're not going to kill all the other books with tie-ins, which makes me really happy. So you yeah. can just get the book, and that's it. You know, yeah. you don't have to buy all these other books to get the story just the yeah, i didn't book. get a response from yesteryear comics they're maybe they're not open yet it is sunday or maybe they're closed uh <laughs> I, yeah i think they're closed because when i looked on um yeah they're closed now they're closed <laughs> at 11 and oh yeah that's probably west coast time so we're we're ahead of them that's right I like three um, hours <laughs> yeah uh so anyway that, that's probably something you guys will know nothing about side talk but uh <laughs> We're going to wrap this up. I will have the vote up for you guys on Monday. Uh, three more books to choose from for next week. You let us know what you want to hear. We'll discuss it and tell you what we think. Uh, if you're looking for me on Twitter to get that uh, voice in on your vote, uh, it's at bmer3660. Trevor always retweets it, and you can find him at... Trevor Trev. Yep, Trevor Trev. And we will discuss things next week with you guys. So until then... He's out. See?
what Jim will say We'll find out if he thinks the books are Good or bad or just okay Now's the time to hear reviews And listen to what Jim will say We're waiting to hear all Jim's scores We don't want to hear Eric Shea Boom, but a boom. I want to hear Eric Shea and I want to hear Reg A yeah. as well because we're here yo, with up, Reg y'all? Yo, yo, yo. Ah, yeah, that's your jam, huh? Yeah. Hell no, I'm just starting to yell shit. The, the other day, I, <laughs> I was walking down the hall of my house and I hear this song and I, I barely hear it. It's coming out of Zach's room and I'm thinking, like, what the fuck? And then I realized that it, it's goddamn, you know, a hip, a hop, a hip, a little, and I'm like, oh God, it's Rapper's Delight. I'm going to kill him. I went into yeah. the room. I started screaming at him. I said, turn that off. He likes it. He's bebopping around. I'm like, you don't understand. This song. You should have reenacted your childhood thing. I'm going to punch him in the fucking face. I actually said, I told him the whole story. He just sat there looking at me and then turned it up slowly again and went right back to it. And then I said to him, like, after you're done, you should listen to Grandmaster Flash, The Message, uh, one of my favorites. And he's like, yeah, that's not happening. And then I just I left the room. <laughs> just I punched him in the face, I was and I went so back angry. to what I was doing. I was so angry. Holy uh, shit! So the other the other day, I told Eric this. The other day, me and Tanya, it's it was late too. We go into the bathroom, and oh. on the side of the bathtub, there's something. I, I couldn't even see what it was really. It, it was pink. It looked a little rubbery. Realized that it was the inside of the fleshlight. Tanya screamed. And said, "Please get that. I don't want to see it." I said, "Well, you know what? It, you know it's here." And she's like, "No." Ah. And then I said, "Zach, I had to wake him up. It was late." I'm like, "Zach, you got to get in here, get your thing." And, I, and he goes, comes in, and he grabs it. And he's like, "Oh, good. Now I can do something with this." And Tanya started crying. She actually oh, tears God. running down That's her. And like, unbelievable. Yeah. I'm like, I mean, I would, come that? on, Tanya's got to have dealt with a few cum stained socks in her day no, at this she, point. She, I mean, she, she'll break. never. No, she'll never admit that to even her self that <laughs> there is no way she she gets you upset can't, you can't have five kids running through your house and not five get a little today uh as we were recording tonight and we did some other stuff the patreon stuff and then we got back to do this uh tanya did tell me a story um my son logan my youngest son went to the movies and he went and saw a quiet place is, is that what it's called a quiet a quiet place, place. Yeah, he, yeah he went to see that with a bunch of his friends somehow i got uh, wrangled into paying for some of his friends to go to the movies i don't know and i oh, actually shit. good job I, dad well i won some <laughs> points because tanya's uh, logan said listen uh one of my friends can't go because his dad left them and his mom needs to pay the rent and uh she's a little yeah. uh short on it this month or something and I, right away i'm like huh I, I i forget this jacob i think his name is or something like that. I'm like jacob ain't going to the movies and then i look <laughs> over and i see tanya so sad <laughs> and i'm like you know what I, I, you know there's sometimes that i i'm like you know what yeah, we'll, we'll pay for him. And then Tanya's like, thank you so much. You're so nice. I'm like, no, it's it's nothing for Jacob. You, you know, look so sad. You know, then, Jim, you know, the times are tough for me, too. I, you know, I yeah. got my mom that's in the hospital, and, uh, you know, I got a corn on my foot. So Yeah, it looks like that corn's staying. You don't, you, hit, you don't want to hit Summer me off corn. with a movie ticket anyway. <laughs> well, here's the thing, though. Then afterwards, I thought, wait a second. 
Rafe isn't going. He has a movie pass. Now I'm starting to be a piece of shit who now wants to swindle the system to get Jacob in Uh the movie. Because I'm like, he can use Rafe's pass. We can do this. And Logan wouldn't go for that. But then he ended up going. I ended up giving him money to pay for his friend. They went in. And when they went into the movies, they ended up with some other people there, a bunch of which were vaping. And Logan's not oh, old. Man. Now, again, there's Eric Shea over there that what? started smoking at three. Uh, but they, they started, so Logan was he didn't upset start about vaping, that. vaping, though. He's not crazy. No, 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 no not right. Yeah. Uh, he did e-cigarettes. But, uh, when, when we oh, had that, so then Logan ended up giving his, mo- like, the money, there was money left over. They were going to get a drink. He gave it to this kid who's like, oh, I'm going out. And, hey, can you get me a drink, too? And that kid ended up stealing his money. It, it was not a good wow. time at the movies. It really wasn't. So, yeah, there you go. Did he That's like the movie? I didn't ask him, actually. He, he was yeah. just sitting down there. Uh, at the moment in the Werner house, there's a little shuffling going on because we have oil heat and we ran out of oil because at this point in the year, usually it's we don't need oil. April for and God's it is sake. so goddamn cold that I'm sitting here in this room and my feet are freezing. So Tanya yeah. went out and we actually, if, if you don't know, you can put diesel fuel in an oil uh, you know, a furnace like that. If you life really... hack. So yeah, life hack indeed. So Tanya, I I made her while we were recording go out and get diesel and in a a wraparound that shows how much I am more of a woman's lib person. I let Tanya fill up the tank and start the heater. There you go. See, wow. I, I am a I am a woman's actually. I don't. Know. Tanya knows how to start the heater. I have no idea. I have no idea how to do it. I don't know. She's like, I got to bleed out the air. And I'm like, that sounds really dangerous to me. I'm going to stay up here and watch TV. (laughs) You go do that. One time she's like, yeah, you should come down and see how to do it. Yeah, maybe next time. Maybe yeah, next time. That's why you guys are the My perfect love. couple, though, because yeah. without you, everyone would starve, but without her, everyone would freeze. That's so, true. That's a tonight beautiful, I made, beautiful tonight I made chicken and beef tacos and ended up uh, combining them into what I called the double trouble. Is what right. I <laughs> It was very tasty. And, and in fact, I ate one and there was some triple trouble because I really had to run to the bathroom very quickly. Yeah, so, that's yeah, uh, the, double, trouble. the double laxative is what that yes, is. Yes, it was. Yes, the, the it was. The quadruple trouble oh, yeah, is was, because was, this meat was expired. Oh, yeah, well, in a wraparound, maybe the chicken part was one of those, you know, sell quickly, you know, mm. price down for resale quick. And maybe I didn't cook it quick. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? You never know. It, it says it's. It's priced down for resale. It's not priced down to cook quickly. It never says that. So I, I went. Of course. It was pretty good though until, yeah, until it bit me it back. Uh, Montezuma's yeah. Revenge. But, uh, we're here to talk about two books, uh, with you. One of which has really, uh, been treading water, as we say, as, as a pun, <laughs> pun intended. And Very the good. other one, which I don't even know what the hell happened to this one. I, don't know what's going uh, on. I really don't, but let's get on with the first one. Which one is that? It's Aquaman number 35, written by Dan Abnett, art by Robson Roca, Dan- Daniel Henriquez, and Danny Mickey, and Sonny Go. Corum, he turns me upside down. Corum, Corum, wrath. It's like a merry-go-round. I see him wielding that power, and it is one quite unique. Hypnotize folks already on his side and turn them all into freaks. Oh, he's got a hold on you. He's got a hold on you. He's got a hold on you tonight. Oh, he's got a hold on you. He's got a hold on you. 
I'll check. Uh-oh, it's magic. When I'm with wrath. Uh-oh, it's magic, just a little magic. Now I need a hot bath. He's got a hold on you. Boom. I'm actually, uh, that song is bittersweet to me, uh, Reggie, because I, I, that is pretty much the last big Cars album, that Heartbeat City that that's uh-huh. from. And I really like that song, but that was the end of pretty much that band. And I was, I don't, you'd never hear the Cars mentioned at all <laughs> anywhere. I like them. I used to like them. I, oh, I used to love the Cars. Yeah, I did so. Yeah, I actually almost went to that concert. I, I was a little young to kind of go by myself, 22. But, uh, no, actually, I was a little younger. I used to actually a bunch see Rick Ocasek. I saw him really? like, probably three or four times. Just, just, I just saw him uh, walking around downtown. But, uh, uh, yeah, and he, he lived somewhere in the village for a really? long time. Uh, one of the big things is, uh, he, he's an awesome producer now, actually. He was a yep. big producer for Weezer for, for a mm-hmm. while. I don't know if he still is. It's funny because every time I see Rick Ocasek, I wonder if people are like, hey, there's Howard Stern. Uh, <laughs> they, they look very similar. Uh, well, he's, but yeah. he's got, the last time I saw him, he had stark white hair. Oh, really? So, uh, you know, not looking like Crazy. Howard anymore. No. There's Eric, who has no idea what we're talking about. But I don't like he, the Cars that much. I love the Cars. I think that the Cars are a very underrated band, uh, but that's just me. Uh, and maybe Reggie. But we're going to go. Speaking of not underrated, I, I do s- seem to think still that this Aquaman run, it, it's kind of people are losing kind of faith. Not faith in it, but I think people There's are zeal. like us getting a little bored with it. And it really is. A, and one of the things that has become a funny thing when the solicits come out is to see how many more times the solicit can say, and now Aquaman is going to fight wrath because uh-huh. you, you just every solicit. Now, the other thing that maybe still doing that, it in July. I know. And, and what's weird about it, though, is because this was a twice a month shipper at one point. So it was it wasn't doing anything then. But now yeah. that it's a monthly it he really should, of course, correct it by now, though. For, yes. for a little while, we gave it the benefit of the doubt. That's what I'm saying. Sort of, I don't know what's going on. But by now, you should have pulled out of that yes. and gotten things moving. Yeah, I just think in general, basis. there was never going to be any story. And this just, I mean, really, the only thing that you get in this, uh, well, you get a couple things. But a big thing that you get is the stuff uh, with Cornrath, obviously, yeah. that ends up going. Uh, but the other stuff, I actually don't really like. Uh, mainly because Merc ends up to me a piece of shit. And I like Merc a lot. Until he's not. Yeah, but he is still. He still is a piece of shit where he's like, listen, I wanted you to live. I wanted you to leave. I still think you're an awful king. You, you were yeah. terrible. And then I'm like, really? I liked you, Merc. You seem to be really into, you know, Aquaman at that one yeah, but, point. Well, he was, he was sort of an awful king, though, because he yeah. kept sticking around. You know, he, he wasn't. He wasn't handling the sewers well, in the plants. Yes. He well, was he also was you know, with the you know bullshit problem. But so. it also continues that same nonsense that we've gotten since the middle of the new yeah, fifty two of Surface World versus Atlantis. Uh, yeah, and with that, this really to me with Merc, that's the final straw of really showing you that Aquaman is not going back to be king. Like, if you really thought that, okay, it's going to work itself out, you're going to have Aquaman just yeah. eventually. Like, no, I think that he, Merc is really there. He's not even going to have Merc on his side. No, I so, think yeah, that Merc is there for the exclamation point of basically, like, he's Aquaman in this book will probably go off and do Although Aquaman the, things by himself or with, you know, in Don't you think his plan was a little stupid? Like, you know, like, say you yeah. wanted to. It doesn't so make let, any let's sense. Say, let's just say, okay, for argument's sake, 
you wanted to stab Eric so he could fake his death and assume a new identity and pick Makes up a sense. life elsewhere. Yes. Let's just say that. Uh-huh. The yeah, way I can you say that Nazi, easily. You wouldn't, you wouldn't just stab Eric until he goes unconscious and throw him in a ditch. Right? No. You need, no, well, you need to set him up somewhere. You need to have him wake up with another yes. ID on well, him, another social security. Ditch. And he should become, that, you know, Dick Briefer in uh, yes. Montana. And here's or, the other thing, though. Hut. Not only would I not throw him in a ditch, but I say we are at, uh, say we Might live. Have it out with him, yeah, you know? Say we live in a dorm and, and yeah. I stab Eric. I certainly wouldn't take him to a, a part of that dorm. And say, okay, I'm going to leave him here because all he's going to do is wake up and go, go right what the fuck, outside, and uh, get right back. Why didn't Merck? Merck should have killed him and taken him right to Amnesty Bay with, with Tula. He a note and pinned it on his shirt. Yeah, something. Yeah, Take him somewhere. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I got to make it look good. You just got to get the fuck out of here. Now this, you have you know? that thorn of crime. You have all that stuff involved as well and whatnot, wherever. the. But really, he ends up not killing him. But then throwing them just, I'm going to throw you in the depths. What did he think was going to happen? I mean, really, Merck didn't think this plan through. And the other part of it is that really gets me is that when when you have Aquaman, then wake up and like, what the fuck happens? It's only going to go back on Merck in something very bad because he was supposed to have killed them. So when, when Aquaman does show up, which happens where they're like, where Cormrath last issue said, the fuck happened, Merck? You told me you killed him. Yeah, yeah, I did. I saw it. And like, all right, we'll figure out what's going on. It only, it, it doesn't help anybody. It's a no. really odd explanation of what happened. We knew that Merck was, you know, fooling. He, he really wouldn't. Yeah, and obviously Aquaman didn't die, but right. the explanation of, you it know, I not, thought, does not no, I thought you would go away. <laughs> like, why didn't you go away? And I, yeah, Aquaman must be like, listen, I didn't know I was supposed to go away. Like, give me a little heads up, buddy. And, uh, I mean, that's one of the big things in this. The other thing really is then Corn Rath, who it's one of those monkey paws of sure trying to get the, you know, he wants to have all this power of this silent school of magic, but it ends up turning him into a, uh, you know, whatever, the taint blood or whatever he says. Uh, but other than he that. He a monster himself. And apparently yeah. he can also turn anyone into, into mindless zombie yeah. monsters. As, but but like the people he turns into monsters are his own fucking security staff. Yeah, like yeah. they're already working well, for you, dude. Why don't they you get were the tired though? How yeah. dare they be tired from fighting a goddamn yeah, you know, paint bloods yeah. all day? My, Look, you know, I'm gonna so, monster man you up. You're not tired no more. You Bam, know what my favorite part is? My favorite part is there's a guy going around that you, they have dealt with completely over and over. The guy's name is Cadaver. If yeah. in fact. The guy named Cadaver at some point becomes a dead zombie. I don't know that it's that much of a shock. I mean, you're there. Oh, Cadaver. It'd be like me being my name Zombie. And they're yeah, oh, man, exactly. where's Zombie? Oh, my so God. A zombie, He's a zombie? I can't believe it. Like, so they really are shocked. classic comic book names like Otto Octavius becoming Dr. Octopus. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And, and all of a sudden. Although in, in, your, in your case, the family name was Zombie Spavich, and you just That's shortened true. it when you came yeah. to the new That is show. true. But, yeah, <laughs> it starts off, and you do have this this rebellion still going on. We don't get really anything well, that, of that. Well, now Cormrath's own people are looking to get rid of him. The widowhood yeah. wants to get rid of him, yes. his own people. But He's on some obviously crazy wielding magic shit. So yeah, uh, yeah. oh yeah, and oh, they don't like. And that's the other thing too, where you have a lot of movies or stories or whatever, where you have a guy who's obviously insane. 
He, he's Crazy Eddie insane at, at Corn right. Rap. And oh, yeah. you, you'll still get those people like, listen, there's rules you have to follow. <laughs> let's, let's go talk to him and explain because he'll agree with us. He's a guy who, he's an Atlantean. He'll know there's rules. And you're like, really? Oh. That's what you think is going to happen. You're just going to go to him he and took say, the kingdom by force. I mean, I like really, and, and all, all this as this goes on, all this is doing. He's just extending a story to just you extend it. You can't turn and, people into mutated zombies until you fill out the proper forms. Yeah, you yeah. see, you have and to they, go they through they the right departments. And, you oh, know, goodness <laughs> gracious! And, and then you just in the middle, you do have, like we said, Merc and Aquaman just fighting and just yelling at each other, and just basically to explain that whole plan of Merc's and the that whole heat. idea that and Merc's also, been, like you know, behind said, yeah. the whole thing before. But yeah. the whole thing is this fighting was like, you know, they live style. It just keeps going on and on. It until just keeps Arthur's going, yes. like, look, I don't want to be king when this ever. Oh, you don't want to be king? All right, All fine. Right. Let's go do this shit. We're let's friends again. Let's stop. And then basically it's the let's agree to disagree. The enemy of my enemies, your enemy of the enemy. You know, they're, they're yeah, just the like, worst, hey, Corn Wrath. All right. The worst part of the issue to me, though, it actually started getting on my nerves just because, you know, Aquaman might not have been a good king in everybody's mind, but where everybody yeah. describes him as that weakling Arthur, uh, I'm like, he's the Jesus worst. Christ, yeah. he's the Aquaman. Why do you keep calling him weakling? Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah, so it's, it's just crazy. And I like it, too. You also, it's like you white. said, the fights, they live. But then the resolution is Predator. <laughs> All right. And they give the whole deal. Let's stop them together. And then they yeah. go off. And like I said, then you have the whole deal of, I think that we can go and talk to Cornrath. I think he'd, he'd agree. He, you know, oh, we yeah. have procedures Look, he's here. he's got to understand that we all voted against him. This is all going to be fine. Come on, everybody. You know, like, please, please don't. And when they do go in, you see that he has gone crazy. The whole deal with getting the, the, the whole deal of getting yeah, he, that he dark magic by the yeah. evil, whatever Satan power that he yeah, derived. Yeah, the they Satan power. Turned him got into fish octopus. Yeah. Face. He's certainly, uh, I like mutated. the look. Uh, oh, I love it. I love I really, that. I look. really enjoyed the way these freaky guys are looking, even though I think it's stupid. I just kind of like it. They look all yeah. pulpy. They're, they're oh, like sort it. of like parasite the way, uh, he yeah. was done in the new 52. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I like the Merck's, or, uh, Merck, Corn Rats look. He looks <laughs> it's awesome, pretty man. great. And it is a good, it is a good little deal where he, he had to be wearing that crown or you would not have known who the fuck that was. But yeah, yeah he has or even octop- where the face was. Oh my <laughs> goodness. He's got crab legs, octopus legs. He's, he's got know. more he's legs than you can. All types of crazy shit. He's a goddamn reject from the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Yeah. Probably, yeah. That's yeah. what he is. And the funniest thing, is it is Rob Simroka, right? Is that who's yep. on our yeah? Yep. And I know that everybody's really been going nuts about, and I always forget the Italian guy who was on after Step and Cedric, uh, the one that we. But even so, you, didn't, actually, you didn't like him as much, but I liked him. I but, uh, really like this art here, and it's I one of those too. where it's more of a solid. cartoony type art than what we're used to in this. Not that it's, cartoony, but I think it would still prepared. fit into a trade with the rest of the art that we I, had. This Absolutely. is like when we as, talk as a about. Fact, as, it's weird that you brought yeah. this up. Jim, because I was thinking, even as I read it, this art is sort of in between yeah. the guy that I liked and, and Stephen Cedric. Cedric. It, it is. sort of is like a, is like a blend of the two. The faces yeah. are all very oh like expressive uh, the way Cedric does it, but the line work is very you know yes. heavy and and, and it's weird and, because you know, I'm awesome. glad because when I would talk about and it's again 
it's like the one guy that I can never remember his name. Uh, uh, that was on that's real pencil heavy Can't that I have problems yet. with. And, uh, I'm glad actually that Robson Roca is here because then I could say, and like you said, even when you see like just the faces are a little more reminiscent of that other guy. And, uh, I really like this though. Like this is my version that I like, especially like, mm, like you said, great. the creatures and stuff. I really, really enjoyed it, but. The issue just doesn't do much, and, no. and it's one of these. This is getting towards the lines of a, a, a how Jordan the Green Lantern Corps that we talk about that you don't get enough progression, but or Smarty right now, Pizarro. or yeah, or that. But that's the problem is it's a weird deal that those two books, like how Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, we have the Dark Stars coming, so you're like, oh man, oh yeah, like something. And it's funny, even when Venditti doesn't progress stuff, he seems to be able to dangle stuff that makes you like, oh, I can't wait for that, I can't wait for that. This just, it just doesn't seem to end. This Aquaman book, and it's just really like, it's starting to really get to the point where it's not that I hate it, it's just I, I've stopped caring. And, and I like, oh, we're, we're there's gonna Aquaman. Come to, I think, or if we haven't already, a year in the same storyline. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, didn't we start in issue number 24? Yeah, it's, was that it's, what it was? Yeah, but, so, but it yeah. was going double at the time. So, yeah, oh, so you're right. Would, that would yeah. have been like a, a year and a half. Yeah, years it's about a year Coast. of just nonsense. And I, like I said, I'm not as angry as I'd normally be. Uh, like a, a Smarty Pants Bizarro and Red Hood, I get angry at that because I like that book a lot and I yeah. want to see more of it and I want to see progression. This book has gotten to the point where it, this kind of idea of not much happening goes way, way back. Like even before Rebirth, you, you had some things like you, you ended up with that Cullen Bond, the you know stuff that was weird uh, that the Eric thing. hated. Yeah, yeah, and that, that, so that did, that was, but even before that was this story, and it just doesn't end, and I'm really just, I'm losing just any sort of zeal for it, and that sucks. I mean, what's worse, getting angry or not caring? Uh, it's maybe the same. It's a, you know, uh, two no, sides I, of a coin. I, I think I, I agree with you. I think I'd rather be angry or yeah. at least have, like, well, some angry means that book, you're, yeah. like, I mean, to be honest, I really feel like, eh, you know, if you if you're a huge Aquaman fan, then this book probably does scratch your itch because it looks good. Because then it's, it's Aquaman. It's, it's, <laughs> it's got Aquaman, and it sort of is like running in place. Doesn't really. It's nothing controversial. He's not really crossing over with any other books. So it's weird because I'd like it's to cool, like. But I don't know I tons of Aquaman it. fans. I yeah. wonder if by now though the Aquaman fans are like really like. We had Jeff Johns come in at the beginning of the New 52 and pretty much reinvigorate it. I know that Aquaman fans will not say, oh, Jeff Johns made it a legit character because they think he already was or that that's what they believe. But he did reinvigorate it, and he did have more interest towards it. This has been, in Rebirth, basically one of the few books where the character, and especially it, it goes on again, of – being thrown shade at constantly. There's yeah, never a time where anybody in his own book yeah. says that Aquaman's a great guy. It, it is always somebody angry at him. Somebody saying he's not worthy of this. He, somebody he really saying he shouldn't be doing that. Hugely diminished in yeah. Rebirth. Uh, and it's even any before that, it was it's very weird, you know. Yeah. I don't it know is why weird. To have that. a book where your main character is just constantly being told that he's not good enough, that he doesn't fit in, he wasn't strong enough, like you have here, that you just continue getting that. Well, that's sort of like odd. you at home though, isn't it? Isn't well, yeah, but thing? nobody wants to watch that. I don't <laughs> yeah, people, it, don't there's nobody lining up outside my windows <laughs> peeping in except Eric, maybe. But you know, uh, they they wouldn't want to do that. And really I get depressed every 
every day. I come into work, Eric sees me. I walk in probably the, the, just looking like I'm about to jump off a bridge half the time. Nice. But, yeah, I'm beaten down. But what did you give it, Red? Uh, you know, I gave this a damn Adam at seven. Uh, the art was really super solid. I and love we it. didn't really talk about it, but, but there were some good, you know, widescreen battle scenes yeah. of King Shark and, and the Taint Bloods fighting, uh, you know, uh, Karm Rath's guys. Really cool action scenes all kind of right up front. And, uh, I had no problem with the visuals. And like, it's not like the story's hard to understand. It just no. moves really, really slowly. Yeah. So. Yeah. Gave it a seven. Yeah, I, I'm going to go six. I really like the art. And there's some big things that did happen. We find out Merck's deal, though, it, it seemed like nonsense. Uh, but the the weird thing about it is, like, each big scene or each scene that happens, it just always seems to go on, like, four pages even too long yeah. like yeah you have the fight with with Merc. it goes on a little too long then you have the whole hey you know we're gonna go talk to Corden Rath and work this out a little too long and it's almost like every issue Dan Amnett seems to think he's got to catch us up on everything so that we know going it but we don't need that at this point we we know so just give us the big moments and, and get to it this should have been done a long time ago but at the end, again, I'll tell you, it got me a little excited seeing them all, you know, messed up like that and things. And also leads me like, OK, I guess Cornrath will not be the king going forward. Like I even had a weird deal that like maybe he was going to end up being in there like, OK, we're getting out of here. But boy, he's a monstrosity now. So that's done. No. Uh, I just wonder, like, how this will tie into, say, Mara and Ocean Minister. You know? Don't you? Freaking, you know, you have Orm show up and see this monstrosity. He's going to lose his mind so oh, you no, know it does get it. me excited at the end a bit but uh just the solicit show like eric said even in july it doesn't even see every solicit's the final, final battle. battle it's always the final battle uh, uh what would you give it Eric? i give this issue a 6.5 out yeah. of 10 i really enjoyed the art in this issue i think it's a really good like you know comparison to what we've had in the, in the, the previous artistic you know like, the previous artists we've had i think it works yeah. really well with well i think the color work is actually is uh it actually brings more here than up. we've had previously. Yeah, it's a step up. And I think that the Merc stuff and the uh, the Quorum Rath stuff where he becomes a monster man at the end, I think that actually propels this like issue a little bit more than what we've had recently with just the drawn-out battles. At least now you're getting to a more interesting aspect of it, which I did enjoy this issue, even though I know it's going to go on way too goddamn yeah, long. it always does. Well, we have and one more issue with Reggie, and this is a weird one. It is Harley Quinn. And this is issue it? is out of nowhere, and it doesn't really make sense except for the fact it's Frank Thierry's last issue. But right. even then, it's weird. And we were talking before, and we won't get fully into the whole, you know, what happened because we don't know. But it was supposed to. This book was supposed to go to Florida. Reggie even said there's some something there where mm-hmm. something went wrong. And then all of a sudden, this issue comes where you're ending Frank Thierry on the book, at least in the regular series here. And it's just such an odd, like, throwaway issue that is nothing. It, it's actually, it's old lady Harley. And it mm. doesn't, it's nothing. It, it, and again, if this was a one shot that came out with something else, maybe, and, and tightened up a little, maybe it'd be interesting. An annual, reason, you know what I mean? Yeah, or for, like, yeah. hey, it's a goof, you know what I mean? For it's some reason, some... it infuriated me. It <laughs> me too. Yeah. It annoyed me too. It had uh, some because fun just because it came the fuck out of nowhere, yes. you know what I mean? But uh, 
I don't really understand. It says weird science. Yeah, 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 really. It's just, it's crazy. Uh, tell us about it, Red. Had a lot of beep, boop, beef. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, beep, get boop, fresh beeps. It did. They get fresh some crew. comedy jokes. Some comedy yeah, jokes. Yeah. There. Let's hear it is Harley Quinn number 42, written by Frank Thierry, art by Morissette and Paul Mounts. In the year 2525, if DC Comics is still alive, if Harley Quinn can survive, we may find. In the year 3535, the gang of Harleys will be coded AI. Everything they think, do, and slam is manifested as a hologram. In the year 4545, you ain't gonna eat Nate won't need no fries. You won't find a thing to chew. Soil and ivy paste is made for you. In the year 5555, Aggie's offspring takes the world by surprise. You treated his kin like their jokes, and now they're beating embryos like yolks. In the year 6565, Big Tony's descendants have dwindled in size. The last generation, we hope, could be detected by a microscope. In the year 7510, if Harley's coming, she ought to make it by then. Maybe she'll look around herself and say, I guess it's time for a fart joke today. In the year 8510, the world's a wasteland devoid of all men. There's only one guy left on the board, the desiccated body of cyborg men. Boom. Yeah, uh... And the weird thing about this is, and Harley just keeps going, but uh, we do see some cracks in, in the armor with, with Harley where everything was Harley before. It's not the case now. And, and this sort of issue is weird because this issue is going to happen. Then next month, all you're going to get is, I believe, that Joker loves Harley deal. That one uh-huh. shot that is going to be tied into the Batman wedding type deal. And then the book comes back then in June uh with uh chris sabella on for a little before sam humphreys takes over and it really seems where they had you know jimmy palmiotti and amanda connor on this book forever uh it seems to have lost its way it, it seems to have lost and we thought frank thierry was doing a pretty decent job we were enjoying I mean, the I, book again and, and, and i really i really felt like he had been instated and co-signed yeah. by um, yeah. palmiotti and connor and but that this was thing like really, the deal I, I, I think like once they pulled out, maybe it was like a, a free for all in soccer. Cause yeah. I, I wouldn't surprise me if creators wanted to be on Harley. It is still a yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty well selling book. book. Yeah, yeah. A, a popular and it's book, twice so. a month. You'll get some money and things you'll like get that. Some, okay. Yeah. And usually the you art's pretty good. Sales you know? over there. You got yeah. the good artists over yeah. there. But really this, this issue is it, you know, it's the take on old man Logan over it. But, and then it's, it's, you know, the whole deal. With Mad so Max I read, and stuff I at the two beginning. Of that, so I didn't even get, I didn't even know if a lot yeah, of these were. No, it's, I'm saying that just the name in general. It, yeah, there's yeah. nothing much to this, and really, you, you can tell us what happens, uh, Reggie, because I'm telling you, it, it really infuriated me, and well, not just not I because mean, it was horrible, just out of nowhere. It, if, if you if you want to do it relatively uh, fast and dirty, since I don't think it, it requires a full yeah. blowout. 
the highlights of what is going on in a kind of a dystopian future that Harley has been brought back to uh, Coney Island by Red Tool, uh, the Goat Men's offspring. Uh, there's like a bunch of mutant offspring now. They've become sort of like, uh, uh, what were they, War Warrior, the uh, gas? Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, that, Eric will have to tell uh, you. I, we were talking today. I'm not a huge Road Warrior fan, so I don't know much. And- beginning, uh, you know, there's, there's some, you know, there's a joke though where Red Tools got fast turbo and oops, I pooped my pants speed. Yeah. Oh, I know because we've used that joke three or four goddamn times no. in this book. <laughs> uh, he, anyway, he shakes off the goat man. They do a huge jump over the Vettichano Bridge, as my yeah. wife likes to call it. Really? I do like that Red Tool mentions that uh, it got destroyed in the Captain Carrot Wars. The Captain Carrot Wars. Yeah. Captain Carrot fan when they pull in there. What are you talking uh, about? I read Convergence where Harley killed Captain Carrot. Yeah, really, she did. But hey, did that she? didn't really, or yeah, or did I? So, but yeah, yeah, it just uh, keep going. <laughs> looking at it. So, I want to uh, join they, in, they, but I'm like, I really don't have much I to say don't. about this. They get over to Brooklyn, and now there's like a bunch of cyborgmen uh, robots coming after them. But uh, luckily, Big Tony comes in a kaiju and takes them out. And he looks very ruggedly handsome. I have to yes, say, Big does. Tony. Yes, he does. I, I like this look. Yeah. Yes. Why are there a bunch of cyborgmen bots? Why aren't there? Why isn't there? Or the there. question. Because we have we have Cyborgman. He's still around. I just don't understand the point of the Cyborgman bots when we have Cyborgman himself. My, my theory is, is nice that try, the Cyborgman Eric. robot was so perfect that they that, wanted uh, to make that, that many just, more. They, mul- they multiplied it. They were like, like why oh, couldn't we have Eggfu uh, Young robots or something to throw him in the Did they say at one point, we don't die, we just multiply? Is that what they Are they Bay-Base kids? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was going more of the lyric from Colors, but that's oh. fine. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> this is the stuff I'll talk about. But yeah, really, keep going, Reggie. Yeah, I mean, uh, not- so, Har- so Harley gets uh, this whole time. By the way, Harley's been strapped to the hood of uh, Red Hood, Red Hood Scar, yeah. uh, which I which is that is a callback to the to the uh, Road Warrior too. But she gets off, hits him in the balls. Brooklyn is destroyed. Uh, Harley explains how she left, which is this whole thing is very weird because she's talking about how uh, she killed the penguin. And who was had taken over Coney? Like we just jumped over a whole story, basically. Yeah. Uh, left Coney, left it in charge of Coach, but then Coach got all caught up in some Brainiac shit, and and uh, Brainiac she, five, yeah, Brainiac shit. five, it, it, yeah. It turned turned her into a drooling zombie, and then the infighting began with the gang of Harleys, and they each took over a burrow. Uh, and they even mentioned how Harvey Queens took over a burrow, but it's not because he's a queen. No. They take over Queens, so they just yes. happen to work out that way. Uh, and then, uh, they, she sees Cyborgman, who now is a skeleton with a half cyborg. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, cyborg he, part is taken over. That's yeah, right. Cyborg. So really, why don't they just make him robot? How about, yeah, you know, I, why does he have to be cyborg? But I, that's all part of the comedy. Mutant penguin men are there, which is why not? We can just throw them in there for the fun of it. Kaiju Big Tony flies them all the way back to Coney Island, which is under a big, dome inside it's got a lot of uh call outs to past comics people including frank frank has his yep pleasure palace and emporium but it's like a las vegas in there uh then uh she deals with the gang of harleys and you think this would be the big to do but it really just takes place over a page yep uh she kicks their asses and that's it 
Yeah. And, and she puts that, Coach back in charge. As she was actually, you know, yeah. who downloaded herself into Cyg Borbing's freaking uh, his uh, memory. And that's why he's been like out of nowhere going beep, boop, beep when he doesn't normally do that because Coach was inside him all yes, along. Coach was inside. Right, and, right. She was starting to talk from within. That's right. And beep, even though, boop, beep. even though it does seem as if maybe this had like a page or two extra than what would be normal, uh, I'm telling you, by the time I got done reading this, and while I was reading it, I, I actually thought somehow I didn't realize that this was one of those anniversary issues. I thought that this was like 40 pages long. It just yeah. didn't, and it really just drug on with me, and I, the art was fine. Uh, it yeah. just, there was not, like, as I'm reading, this is one of those where, why? Why, why do no this? Point to why, there was no point and it's just like you have an annual when an annual comes out you do have people like listen i don't get annuals right yeah. but this is part of the run if people are collecting the run or, or have it on their pull list and then they get this maybe they'd enjoy some of the jokes i don't know but somebody who's read this book and all three of us have it just seemed infuriating it, it well i'm really... telling you it had finally found its pace yeah we had a few issues that felt yeah. off but for the, for the most part that last arc was pretty goddamn solid yeah. when it comes to a harley yep. book and all of a sudden we get this one shot that is thrown at us out of nowhere. There, no continuity, and just Mad Max old lady Harley world. Yep, oh, just that, just to fun. end. Just and to oops, have I put my pants issue. button four goddamn times. Because I guess they didn't want to have another Harley book come out while this Joker loves Harley deal of next month, and so they didn't want to start. Chris Sabella starts on this book then for that little oh, bit, and right. I guess they didn't want to have one issue and then a month off and then go back to this, so they wanted to end it with this like bookend here, and they're just it's just nothing. And I'm starting to get really sick of these issues that are just there. To be there, they're there, like Reggie, you say a lot, to fill out a trade. They're there. Mm-hmm. It's like, it just, it, it gets very, very annoying. Although, you know, this might happens. explain why for a minute it felt like we were getting Harley every week. Yeah, and, and I, I actually thought well, that as well. We got three. I think probably they yeah. did it. Well, it's the same. Eric will know. It's the same thing that Trinity. they did with Trinity. Where all of a sudden it comes out every guy. It's a fucking yeah, bi-weekly book yeah, now. All of a sudden it seems like it comes out so much because they were just trying to get to a point where it was going to be canceled, but had some issues and wanted to get to a, a certain number and things like that. And then it's infuriating. It's infuriating when you realize like some of the machinations behind the, the process where it, it's not enjoyable anymore, where you're like, why is this coming out? And then it starts making you wonder about things that, you, you know, as a comic reader and lover, you never should have to worry about. You should get these no. things and be like, I really like this. All right. And yeah, you don't. But what did you give it, Reggie? Uh, in the end, you know, you know, I like Morissette. And I actually did. Yeah, I like the art. I think some of the jokes were kind of, they gave me a little bit of a chuckle, but not much of one. I, I definitely didn't worry about it being out of continuity. I was just sort of like uh, very confused by it, so I gave yeah. it a six point five out of yeah, ten. Yeah, I'm going five point five, and and again, you're right though. There there are some jokes. Uh, I always love movie references, and this even continues a little bit for those weird naked gun references. Like, Frantieri really has thrown in some pretty obscure... Like, you have a Weekend at Bernie's mention in this. You have the Warriors kind of there and stuff like that. And uh, so I... That was my favorite bit, seeing the goddamn baseball player warrior fighting the guy. I like that Like, there are some, like, kind of, like... And 
I'll give Frank Thierry some some credit. A lot of times when he's throwing these sort of things in, he's not doing what most people will do and go over the top to explain it either. There's some things that he throws in in the backgrounds and things like that that are just if you get it, you get it. You're gonna you know get a chuckle. If you don't, you well, don't. Well, hell, but... in the background at one point you have freaking Thor's hammer there. You yeah, have the Legion yeah. of Doom headquarters. You have that, the freaking yeah, crazy the oversized shit. penny. So some of the stuff, but really. I just the idea that this is just thrown out there just to throw out to to have a number, you know, for an issue and a certain amount and the fill of space, it, it does get me angry. It, it really does, especially in a DC Comics landscape that we talk a lot. We just talked about a book, uh, just Aquaman, where not a lot's going on, and then you get this. If you're gonna do something like this, then maybe uh, Harley the book itself would be better suited to continuous one shots. If this is what you want to give us, then give us that, and then. And I'll at least be in tune with that. Uh, but with this, it just so uh, I'm gonna go five eight because uh, I did like the oh, artist jokes. Uh, well, what do you, hey, what would you give it, Eric? I don't mind the art in this issue, but the story itself, it's it's nonsense in my mind. It's a jump in this Mad Max freaking one shot for no goddamn reason. Where I'm telling you, the jokes didn't really even hit. Them. I, I like seeing the goddamn baseball players from the Warriors because I'm just yeah. grasping for anything at this point to enjoy. Like that little part I'm not having any fun. It's just. All right, crazy scenarios with the characters we know in a Mad Max world. The end. Everything's over. And I'm giving a fuck you five because of it. Oh, my goodness. Whoa. Uh, look at you. <laughs> nice try, buddy. That's nice. That's all. Any, any argument from now on that you ever have with Eric, because I know you and Eric argue so much, Reggie. Uh, oh, end yeah. with the nice try, buddy. Say that. And, and he loves that. That always ends an argument for Eric. So there you go. A little tip over there. For I'm, old... I'm a new, new Neil Adams type response. Yeah. Be like, oh what do God. you just, mean by just, that? Punk? Just go nuts. Listen here, hydraulic dam. There you go. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, I'm going to get you like the suds in a this and that. I'm not even going to try. I'm nope. not going to try. And if you ever see the cellar dweller, punch him in the face for me, Reggie. Just punch oh, him God. for me. Fucking games. But, yeah, we're, we're now going to go. And uh, this is the thing. Uh, did you notice, Reggie? Because I want everybody to know that it wasn't my mistake. Did you notice that in the review copies uh, for this week that the Cave Carson was still listed as having a cybernetic eye? Did you notice that in the that. review copies? What's that? Oh. Yeah, it did not say Interstellar, and it threw me off like three times in a whole week. And yeah, it actually, they have it labeled wrong, and that's that's nonsense, because we all know he now has an Interstellar yeah, eye that, that right. Eric had to tell me that. So yeah, if you look at the label of the actual comic in the deal, they labeled it wrong, which, you know, yeah. that, that they, they care so much. But yeah, we're gonna really. go we're going to go off now and hear you and Chris talk about that book indeed. Once in every lifetime, comes a love like this. Oh, I need you, you need me. Oh, my darling, can't you see? Young ones, darling, we're the young ones. The young ones shouldn't be afraid to live, love. There's a song to be sung, cause we may not be the young ones very long. Welcome back to the Young Animals segment on the DCComics.com podcast. My name is Reggie. My name is Chris. And we have one very spaced out Young Animal book for you this week. It is Cave Carson Has an Interstellar Eye, number two, written by John Rivera, 
Art by Michael Avon Oming, Nick Filardi, and Paul Mayberry. He does the backup. So uh, we opened this issue at a Star Adam concert. Remember, that was the Prince-looking fella that uh, imploded last issue. And uh, we have to assume, therefore, this is in the past, right? I would say before that happened. Before he imploded, probably, uh, yeah. Most likely. That would be, <laughs> be my guess. Uh, he's playing this amazing-looking guitar that... I, I can't even, the body of it is like a shape I've never seen before. Uh, using a star as a pick, and uh, it turns out to be a reminiscence, this whole thing, by a fella named Zot, and that's not the Scott McCloud Zot, just a, no. that just happens to be the same name. He stands on his planet watching stars implosion in the sky, and uh, looks pretty normal. He's uh, got lightning streaks down the side of his, sides of his face, and uh, his skin is very orange, but otherwise he looks pretty normal. Girl named Grange comes running over, and she also has light on her face and kind of a Princess Leia hairdo. Both of them have pink jewels on their foreheads, right above their brows. And uh, she says the Nejire. That's how I'm going to say it, Chris. Is that is that work? I for think you? that's right. All right, yeah. thank you. <laughs> we, didn't, we, <laughs> we didn't collaborate on this before, but I think Nejire. We're going to go that way. Are readying their attack. So Zod tells his folks, the Laser Monks, to hop on their steeds and ride to battle. And these steeds are. Look kind of like giant squirrels, right? Giant blue yeah, squirrels yeah. or something. Uh, now, into that pocket dimension in that is inside Cave Cybernetic Eye, which is where they all absconded to as the star imploded last issue. Uh, this is, remember, where he keeps the Mighty Mole. It really looks like a garage in there, basically. Like, they're yeah. sitting in this garage. Uh, and where he, Chloe, and Dr. Mark Barstow fled when Star Adam imploded, they're hanging out, drinking coffee. And Barstow advises that they're about to crash land on a planet. Now, on the surface of said planet, a fierce war rages between the Nijire and the Laser Monks. They fight by zapping lasers at each other from the jewels in their foreheads. The Najiri, who are bigger and brawnier, also have these forehead crystals. Uh, and Najiri is about to strangle Zot to death, which would probably put quite a, primp, uh, quite a crimp in the Laser Monks' plans. Yeah, I think he's, uh, he's got to be the general or something of this whole operation or some kind of a yeah, he's, captain. He looms, or, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then the uh, cybernetic eye zips through the Najiri guy's head, exploding it. <laughs> Which is handy. Uh, yeah. Cave, Chloe, and Dr. Bosto step from a portal, and the laser monks are mighty happy to see them. Or see Cave, anyway. Mm. Uh, now, it seems that they think uh, his coming is part of a prophecy. And uh, Cave thinks that they know him from his very popular 12-subscriber podcast. Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> now, the laser monks think that he is the progenitor uh, who left them eons ago, but promised to come back from the outer realm. So uh, the laser monks, they're keepers of myth and prophecy, one of them explains, and the Najire are, like, not that. They're sowers nope. of chaos and evil or whatever the hell else. Uh, Chloe has to hear their story. Immediately, Cave begins spacing out. Uh, while the tale is told, he remembers recording Adam Starr one time. He used his voice in such a way that it blew Cave's clothing off. Uh, mm -hmm. The story of the laser monks and Najire is written beneath this daydream, but rendered in such a way it's clearly not vital. Uh, the Najiri and the Laser Monks fight, and they have been fighting for a long time, and that's all that matters. Yeah. Now, they want Cave to fulfill their prophecy and deliver the Laser Monks to glory, which I would, I would assume would be their prophecy. Uh, but Cave isn't interested in space politics. Uh, he is interested in the pink jewel that's embedded in the Laser Monks' foreheads, and he snatches one right out of some guy's head, asks if he can examine it, and then without getting an answer, uses his cybernetic eye uh, to just go right looking at it. Uh, Cave and the gang stroll uh, on over to Najire's turf, 
but for reasons that we will find out soon. Now told of their coming, the Najiri plan to kill them all. But before they show up, there is a mutiny. Lord Ungus kills the previous lord and then takes over the Najiri. Cave is very comfortable as the trip takes them into an actual cave. Suddenly, however, they are attacked by a ghost bat. There's a big white flying thing that sort of looks like a manta ray. Yeah. Uh, one of the laser monks, Brother Tellen or Telen, sacrifices himself so the rest can escape. Cave is told that this, that is their oldest tradition. Uh, Cave and one of the laser monks discuss the practice of martyrdom, uh, and the laser monk agrees that it doesn't really sit well with him. Yeah, and of course, Chloe's kind of making, looks like she might be making time with this guy. She seems to get seems some like uh, it, yeah. hunky dudes in every uh, story arc, but tells him that she's a princess, though she didn't find that out until pretty recently. A caption reminds us that all went down in the previous run. Cave Carson has a cybernetic eye, so you can check out those trades, I think. Uh, Chloe tells laser, this laser monk that she's not with her people because she prefers to do her own fang. Plus, her dad needs her. That's what she's telling herself. Cave overhears the conversation. He looks very sad about it. Mm-hmm. Do- Dr. Mark Barstow finds some pink crystals. Uh, the energy readings he gets are amazing. And I, I got to think these are connected in some way to the shards, right? Okay. Those, the, those time-traveling shards. I mean, they, they haven't said it, but I feel like the color pink is just too... You know, how can everything it's, be pink in this yeah. place? You know? Sure. <laughs> uh, but anyway, that, that that's not said in the comic. That's just me. Uh, I'm just guessing. Finally, Cave and the crew make it to their destination, which is the chamber. Hey. And this is a big cavern with a glowing ball hovering near the ceiling. It's either dripping a golden fluid or sucking it up. It's hard to say. I think it's dripping, but it's not. I, I'm not positive. Yeah. Uh, this is where the laser monks get most of their pink crystals, and one explains to Cave that they use these gems to focus their telekinetic abilities. Chloe tests the golden fluid coursing through the cave and comes up with a sample. It's full of creatures. Mm. And then now the Najire are closing in on Team Cave's position. Lord Ungus is advised that they have reached a chamber. And then there's another mutiny. Uh, the new lord, Gout, shoots his head off. As it falls, the head, that is, ejects some, of, some kind of creature. One that looks suspiciously like the creatures Chloe found in that fluid stuff. Uh, now, uh, Cave is giving Chloe's sample the once-over with his cybernetic eye and discovers that they are indeed parasites feeding on energy. Cave suspects that this might have something to do with the laser monks and Najiri's endless conflict. So it's time to break out the Mind Diver. Whatever the hell that is, yeah. <laughs> we will find out. Presumably next issue. In the next issue. Uh, I did like when they showed how Cave was examining the uh, sample. It, like, projects yes. him inside of it. Like, it's almost inside, like, yeah. Uh, that was kind of a cool way to, to show that was happening. Uh, now, the backup, it's another episode of Cave Carson's podcast that he records with Chloe. And he remembers the time that Team Carson encountered some interdimensional travelers with ant heads. And it looks like one of them got trapped in a tube, an ant head in a lab suit says, this is bad mojo so it's cool mm-hmm. yep. i gotta say this is one of the better uh back it's the I've best seen. backup <laughs> or probably the best I, I can't think of another better one to be honest yeah. with you uh you know i mean there was that one uh with the jack cole's other character midnight that, yeah it looked I, thought, cool. I thought it, just... it was real pretty but i couldn't make heads yeah. or tails of what the heck was going on in there but uh this this is this is actually like it's not immediately important to the story we'll see though it might end up having more to you never know the main yeah story but it's actually not painful to read if you're enjoying Cape Carson. It's kind of a cool little look back at the Silver Age version of the team, and like uh, sure. they kind of put nice a, reflection. Yeah. They, they put a little bit of a uh, 
spit on it, but it's not it's not exactly it's not like they turn into like rapists and pedophiles or anything. You know, what I mean? <laughs> like they don't make it too dark or anything. So no. uh, I'm enjoying it, and I'm enjoying the rest of the comic. What do you think, Chris? I thought this was uh, probably the most solid book we've we've got this uh, this season uh, of Young Animal. I think this is it's not uh, it's not exceptional, but no. at the same time, it's not. Uh, it, I'm I'm not mad at it, so <laughs> I think that's a victory these days. Yeah, I felt like it was a good value for one thing. You know what I mean? For sure. for, for a four dollar book, I feel like I got four dollars worth of stuff. You know, mm-hmm. I don't feel like I got six dollars worth. You know, but I got no. I I don't. I don't feel like this was uh, in We're itself a, yeah. a, a ripoff, you know. Uh, it's sort of this is a, definitely has a very Star Trek vibe, you know. But if they're gonna if they are gonna keep it, uh, you know, neat and quick on in in each instance, if they're gonna, it, I'm guessing they might be going to different planets or whatever. And if they're gonna do that, mm-hmm. I, I might end up enjoying it a lot. You know what I mean? This sure, could become a consistently sure. enjoyable comic with occasional flashes of. Yeah. Some nice special. space opera type of thing with a, maybe an overarching plot somewhere yeah. in there. Too. I, yeah. I, I could definitely enjoy something like that. If this ends up being a four or five issue arc, then that might begin to wear on. Uh, we might get us. a little. Tired. We might get a little annoyed <laughs> at this. But yeah, I mean, if this if this is a two, this looks to me like it could be a two issue story, and then it could be great. Uh, sure. You know, the, but you're right. The uh, you know the trappings of it. The, you know, the endless war between two races on a planet and one of them is like super sacrificing and one of them is super uh you know martyr uh usurping each other what's the word i'm thinking of help me out mutiny is that yeah they're they're they're, they're, in, they're in constant upheaval yeah but it, it, it's it just seems like it's uh you know very pat sort of uh in it's in like what it is uh sure i, I get the word i'm thinking of is obvious but i didn't do it so <laughs> uh, can't be that obvious, but anyway, it, it it just feels like you know a sci-fi pulp story. And let me tell you, if that's if that's the worst it is, it's not bad at all. Uh, I ended up giving this issue a uh, hearty middle of the road seven point five out of ten. I think it could be proud of that score. And if if it kept getting that score throughout, then this could be one of the collectible runs to get. You know what I mean? Just like a, a, a bunch of issues you like looking at. Uh, what do you think you would give it in? Uh, the alternate universe where you reviewed it for <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd give it a, a, a seven five as well seven yeah. uh, I, and I was gonna say I could be talked up or talked down but I don't think I can because I don't think I'd give it an eight and I don't think I'd give it a plain seven so I, I really feel the same way yeah I was yeah. Really, I might be talked down to a seven but I definitely would be you know give it a real hearty I'd be with like a seven sure but yeah give it a look seven um, with a bullet <laughs> like you know I would definitely say if you've been marching along with Cave to this point, you just keep on going down that path. Yeah, you're you won't be disappointed. You're not yeah. going to be disappointed. It was it was a cool issue. Had a good time with it. Uh, like all the characters, like Mark Barstow too. Um, sure. You know, I, I liked Wild Dog in, uh, in, the, in other, the first one. In the yeah. first one, but it wasn't like I was so attached to him that I feel like this cannot work without him. So, <laughs> you know, he was he was there mainly to have freakouts and then shoot the big guns, which and is shoot things, yeah. that's what he does best. So, uh, good job, young animal team. But boy, mm-hmm. do we have a treat next week, huh, Chris? We do. Uh, we have Mother Panic, Gotham AD yes. number two. That's what we're so talking we are, about. Yes. Yeah, so we're following up on that. And uh, I do have some bad news. We're about to put to rest our longest running <laughs> running gag. Why is that? That's right. It's because it, it actually is almost definitely like 88% sure <laughs> yes. that Doom Patrol 11 is coming out next week. We do have 
uh, our comps, so it does exist. And I, I even I haven't read it, but I did run through it. So I know there are a full number of pages. You know, sometimes they might rip there, you off. There is there are words. There are pictures. It yes. was it wasn't one of these things where you got a stack of bills and it was a newspaper in the middle with two bills on the outside. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you know, you open it up and it's actually just a reprint of an old Cupperberg uh, Doom Patrol. Yes. Uh, it's, it's a brand new <laughs> brand new story, but. Uh, you know, as we were talking before the show, there is always the the possibility that there's something in there that will make DC pulp the yes. run before. So it could still get pulled before the on Never sale know. date. But I, we don't think that's going to happen. So assuming it doesn't happen, we'll be back here next week to talk about these two books. Mm-hmm. So that'll be nice. But uh, I think that's all we got from this week, Chris. Got anything else for him? No, you know, it's a we we go by pretty quick when we're not really angry at a book. It's true. So. When we don't have anything to complain about. There's all good things to say. Uh, and I'll nice be honest. And... I'll be honest. Uh, I mean, I'm definitely very curious about Doom Patrol, and it's going to be tough for me to look at this book objectively. Uh, sure. In fact, I'm going to say it's impossible, but I'm going to do the best I can to give a, be fair. But uh, I'm I'm excited to look at Mother Panic. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I was. Yeah. We were impressed by the last issue. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I'm looking forward to checking that out. So um, I got two young animal books on my plate to mm-hmm. munch up on for next week, and that's <laughs> that's uh, not a horrible feeling or thing. It's true. But uh, that's all we got for him, Chris. I think I'm going to tell them all to keep it young and animalistic. Razor blade check, big guns check, ammunition check, body armor check. You violate the team, you know what this means. This means. This means. Razor blade check, big guns check, ammunition check, body armor check. You violate the team, you know what this means. This means. This means. Now in a certain part of town. This is the rant and rave line, Eric, and we have a rant and rave line. It is uh, the number that you can call to rant and or rave. I, I saw in the Slack chat or the actual Mixler chat as we're recording that that we do have both kinds, rants and raves. And you can call us at 641-715-3900, enter extension 452-328, followed by the pound sign. 
It's just that easy, folks. It is just that easy, and the Rant and Rave line has kind of evolved since it began. Kind of got away from us a little, I would say, but it is a line. Got away from us right away and a lot. Yes, there's a lot of different reasons you could rant and or rave. You can read a book and not like it. You can hear something that Eric says with his jerk-off voice and get angry. those Actually, those are the two reasons. There really isn't any other reason, but it has been used for skits, characters, things like that, and with that... There is a new precedent being set. Batman Beyond Mark called in this week. He is actually calling in to plead with people for something. Uh, and that would be, well, I'll let him say. Should yeah, I let please. him tell yeah, us I all? Yeah, you should. It's a very dramatic uh, thing, Eric. He really, it, it seems very, very personal to him. He, it's, it's very well, uh, like, it, it's heartfelt. Am I setting this up enough? Uh, should I say I'm just trying to should wonder I if you're trying to find the rant or rave. What are you doing here? More. I now have it, Eric. Here we go. This is Batman Beyond Mark requesting something. Sup, Weird Science. This is so Batman Mark. Beyond Mark, and I come to you today with request, specifically a request to my fellow Patreon supporters. That for next week's books, that you guys vote for Batman Beyond number 19 to be one of the spotlight books. Uh, This is going to be the issue where we finally get to see Matt as the new Robin Beyond. And I I just think it's really appropriate for it to be one of the spotlights. I've been waiting for this for... uh, I guess everybody's been waiting for this for... uh, 30-ish? Maybe a little less than that issues? It's been a while that we've been waiting for this so uh please vote for it to be one of the spotlight books thank you very much and i really hope that this doesn't start a precedent of people campaigning for books but this one was really important to me that it's a spotlight one anyways uh have a good week and goodbye powerful stuff eric very powerful. <laughs> I don't know how you couldn't vote for it now. Yes, I, I'm, I'm, I'm giving him a hand here. Trying to sell it for him. Very powerful. Very powerful indeed. Thank you, Mark, for giving us that play. Though I would think that he is spelling it out to give it to a select few, and I would think he'd want it for the masses. But he yeah. wants it to be a spotlight, and he's making the call. So we'll see if that works. I hope that he liked my little editing that I threw in there <laughs> for it <laughs> because it's not medicine. And so I thought it'd be funny. And I thought he would like it. He just said in the uh, Mixler chat that I'm an asshole, Eric. So oh. maybe it didn't go over as well. No, he was, he I was laughing. Said, like, Mark he off. said he was laughing, but we're going to go to the next rant and rave. I did not put any other music underneath any other rant and raves. Because maybe. Mark's all that Jim cares about. Maybe Eric, maybe no, I did. But I thought that would be funny. I actually played it before for Eric so he could hear it. But, yeah. Yep. Uh, here is the next bit, and this is from Rob Lewis. Sir. Hello, Jim, Eric, Reggie, Chris, and the members of the Get Fresh crew. It's ooh, your ooh. man, Rob Lewis, from Albany, New York. Doobie, doobie, doo. And I'm feeling real good today. Nice. But before I talk about that, let me get started. Uh, Saturday, for the first time in a long time, I was able to join in with you guys on the mix, mixer line. Last week, yeah. And the very next day, I got a couple of DMs on my Twitter account wondering where the hell have I been. One person wanted to know if I had drowned in the current <laughs> of brown soup here at uh, yeah, City that, Hall. That no, I'm still around. 
And the other one was a little bit concerned because they said the last few times that I called in, I really sound down, and they were wondering if I was about to give up on D.C. Let me reassure you of one thing. If I was able to survive the new 52, I'm not going anywhere. If I was able to survive that train wreck, what was that was the DC for you? I'm oh my god, the DC, DC YOU. Oh my that, god, that was that was that was tough. It really. I mean, I I I mention all the time with people yelling at us now that this is basically what the DCYOU was when people were yelling, saying that was great, and now they realize it wasn't so. I'm not going anywhere. Anyway, let's talk about this week's books. Right. Action Comics is number 1,000. I'm going to give this an 8 out of 10. Deep really sound. enjoyed Deep it. Sound. And you know what really put me in a good mood? Door slam. Earlier this week, I listened to a um, a panel that was on Google where Brian Bendis was with Dan Jurgens, Marv Wolfman, Paul D. You don't go any of this middle name shit. I, was just, I just stopped to say, Rob, don't play with that middle name nonsense. Uh-uh. This is Brian Bendis. He ain't going with that, Michael. And they were just <laughs> talking about all things Superman over the last 80 yeah. years. But what I really liked was Bendis' attitude. He didn't come off as a know-it-all. He didn't come off as a savior. He was very humble. He was very honest that he didn't know everything about Superman, and he was still in that learning curve, and I really enjoyed that. But the part that I enjoyed the most was the fact that he really seemed to care about the characters. That gives me hope moving forward. So I'm extremely optimistic. Yep, I I think this might work. You know, initially I wasn't too sure because DC has a habit of bending over and spreading their cheeks for (laughs) various uh, creators. But I think this time we might have the right match. This guy might bring a brand new take on Superman, and there's Uh, a possibility that I might not get angry about it. We'll wait and see. Also, what really surprised me was Superman 45 this week. This was a really good book. I really enjoyed it. It wasn't about being a superhero. It was all about a day in the life of the the Kent family. And that I really enjoyed. Well, well. that's it for today. Hope to hear from you guys on the podcast. Oh, you will, baby. Ding sound. Ding sound. Eric uh, and Rob, uh, he called back. He has some more. So I'm just going to go right into that. Hey, gang, I'm back. Let me explain something. I don't have a wrong turn at work. I have a jackass. Oh, (laughs) that's my favorite. When I got listening, I'm like, oh, he doesn't have a wrong. Oh, he has a jackass. But check this out, Rob. We have a wrong turn and some jackasses. Oh, oh, I'll wrap it around. Our wrong turn is also a jackass. Smokey is the bandit, Eric. So I get on the phone and then he wants to have a conversation with me. That's why uh, my, my. Rave was a little rushed yesterday, and I'm yes. calling back to try to complete my thought. Uh, another one of the that jackass had to call him. Eric. Reasons why so you haven't you. hurt me much on a podcast is because I am a t- uh, attempting to get a podcast up yes, and running, and as uh, Jim already awesome. knows, because I bug yep. him a lot. And maybe because Jim tells this me old everything. Dog is having a hard time learning new tricks, but it's I'll tough. get it together. Telling you, if we, if you ever wanted to have a comedy show, it, the best would have been watch Jim and Eric try to figure out Twitter. Oh, I'm God. telling you, because you had two things going: we're dumb and we're lazy. 
Uh, Our Twitter account, I started it, and it was probably six months of me and Eric at work going, you know anything about that Twitter? No. Okay. And then I'd come in the next day, and then I'd ask you. And then you, no. And then you'd ask me again. We just didn't have any idea what was going on then. That part two of that would be, watch Jim try to get everybody on Reddit to hate him because he doesn't understand that either. <laughs> we got shadow banned go, like go, seven God times. Go. Oh, my goodness. But the main reason I called back is to complete my thought about Bendis. And, yeah, I'm, just, I'm waiting for Rob's, Rob's podcast. He sends me some things, and it is a lot of like, yeah, this is tougher than this, and he's trying to, trying to help him, and I can't wait. Unlike Snyder and King, who are only interested in a high concept of putting their stamp on the entire DC universe, it seems that Bendis only wants to tell good stories. And this is something that I'm looking forward to. He has my attention with the story that uh, appeared in the end of action. Now, this is another thing, though. It it really is how you're going into this because we've already heard, you know, somebody like, look, he's already fucking with Krypton and stuff like that. Uh, I just like I'm with Rob, though. I want a good story. I want something that's fun. It is a shame that this Superman this week was probably my favorite issue of the entire series. And then it's like, oh, man, I'm going to miss that. But I I actually have some faith. I, I know that Brandon, he lies a lot to me. Eric. So I think I think that Eric or Eric Brandon is lying to me, and he actually loves Prime Minister. Can't trust anybody from Buffalo. That vest. I mean, that's he lied to me. Said that that vest was a good fashion statement. I know that's <laughs> a lie. I can see. I'm not Eric. One thousand, and let's see where he can go from there. I'm going to give this guy a chance because right now you look at Batman. You got this high concept, the wedding. You look at Steiner, we got this high concept with Justice League. Where we're going to get the good story to take us from month and month and month and Being month sound. and weeks and weeks down the line. Hopefully we can get it from Bendis. I'm okay. really looking forward to that. Because right now it appears that DC has moved away from joining the Doomsday Clock and Rebirth yeah. into this beautiful future for the DC Universe. It appears to me that they, they've given up on that idea with all of these delays and the doomsday clock is just going to turn out to be a sequel. Where are we going to get the meat and potatoes? Me cheese. it's going to come from Bendis. And that's the, the other thing, right? And he's about to end. But the, the other thing about Brian Michael Bendis, and I was just going to say, so you look at the books that are delayed a lot. They do seem to be the guys who are kind of untouchable. You know, a yeah. Scott Snyder, a Jeff Johns, whatever. Brian Michael they Bendis. They got tenure. Brian Michael Bendis is kind. Even though he's new, he is kind of that guy too. These are yeah, big. And this is, is where we, this is where we talk about the whole idea of what editors can do. They have a lot of young editors, but the best thing about this is Brian Michael Bendis is a hard worker. He does pump out a lot of books, so I don't think that he's going to go that route. Yeah, he may not tell the stories we want down the line, whatever it may be. But I do think that he's going to be pretty regular, unlike you, Eric. And oh. uh, you know, we'll at least get that. So right now, I think that he'll be the big complaint will be two years from now when he's on seven books and people have had enough of him. I'm extremely optimistic. And now I think I've completed my thought. I'll talk to you guys later. Nice. Thank you, Rob. Thanks a lot. This next rant and rave is very quick. Eric. It's a very quick, but right to the point. Uh, you know, I, I like when people are right to the point. They mm-hmm. get in and out quick. I'm talking real quick. Uh, here it is, Eric. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Two seconds and he, I he wonder hung, what happened he, to him. 
He hung up before it was even over. He just, I, I, one more time, Eric. I think his phone died. It's like none of this and just fucking turned off. Oh, it makes me laugh so much. It really does make me laugh. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, Richard. Thank, Thank you a you. lot. Uh, I should keep that out for when Dancing Mike does his obligatory, you know, call out to him and just put, Richard! He's freaking losing his mind. The next uh, rant rave is. Grandma might be killing him. Maybe. From Mad Marty. G'day, Jim, Eric, and the rest of the Get Fresh crew. Whoop, whoop. Hey, boop, boop. How's it going, guys? Over the past month or so, I've been catching up on the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Nice. Uh, I didn't watch it initially because, as a kid, I didn't like Iron Man. I didn't like the Incredible. No, that's the problem. Is a lot of people didn't. I mean, that that's the big thing about the Marvel movies and stuff that people do laugh about, especially the guys who used to do like Iron Man comics. They're like, "What the fuck? Where's all this love for also, Iron Man?" I, when I, I was never on liked the book. Iron Man no, or Thor growing up. Yeah, or the Hulk was is good, but I really, do like the Hulk. Yeah, I do. It's weird too. It's the Hulk's the one they can't figure out for no. the movie that was own, but that was the one that I actually even me liked as a kid. Incredible Hulk. It's funny. I like the thing so much, but yet never read any Fantastic Four. I just like looking at them. Honestly, I love the Fantastic Four, and I loved collecting the things on yeah. you know solo series as well. Yeah, as good. Yeah. Uh, cartoons that were on in the nineties over here terrible. anyway. Uh, and then, yeah. yeah, I didn't know much about Thor. I didn't know much about Captain America, so it didn't really appeal to me. Always love Captain uh, America. Later on, it was more of a, oh, I'm a DC snob because I'm too lazy to learn about Marvel characters. And yeah. He, he's singing my tune, Eric. That's on me. Uh, but I watched Thor Ragnarok about six weeks ago, and I really enjoyed it. So I thought, why not well. go back, watch the whole MCU, and um, see what I've been missing out on. Um, I've got lot. a couple of scores for the... Um, the movies as I went through. I'm going to uh, Iron Man, I gave a 7 out of 10. All right. With that, I thought good. it was um, well-paced. Um, and while I didn't like Tony Stark at the beginning, Neither did uh, I liked That's him by point. the end. I thought Warmonger... Oh, is it? I got a point between my legs there, buddy boy. Uh, I, I would give that Iron Man a, a 7, that first one. The was... Or Iron, the Iron Ironmonger. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Ironmonger. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he was played well but sort of a boring villain. Um, just like a exec taking over someone's company. Eh, whatever. <laughs> uh, the Incredible Hulk. I gave 5.5 out of 10. I felt... That might be a little high. That there were some really good no, scenes no, the Incredible in Hulk movie, had its But moments, I was actually was bored great. by the time it came to the fight between Abomination and the Hulk. And um, I felt it a bit weird. Just like... Bruce Banner can suddenly control the Hulk. I assume it's because of the injections he got, but uh, it fell off. Uh, Iron Man 2, I gave uh, 6.5 out of 10. Uh, it was actually it was a decent movie. It's funny. You, you know, that is my least favorite of everyone that it, I've it seen. It used to be mine. Over the years, though, so I have much. actually gained... I, like, I've yeah. learned to like aspects of it more really? and more every time I watch I, it. I hate it. I hate it. I will never watch it again. I hate it that much. Is this like they injected... Though Thor 2 is up there as Thor well. Thor the Dark World. Oh, my goodness. In prep for the Avengers, like, on the tail end, and it just sort of disrupted the flow of the film. Uh, Thor... Uh, I gave 8 out of 10. Uh, this is actually my favorite wow. of the Phase 1 movies. Uh, yeah. I felt like the dynamic between um, Chris fun. Hemsworth's Thor and uh, Tom Hiddleston's Loki was fantastic. Uh, 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 and that's the one that probably 
a movie that surprised me the most that I liked it as much was probably that first Thor. And even watching I agree. it, we say it all the time. We even say like, boy, it's like that weird movie that you say like you could really pick it apart. You could really say like, but yet something works and it's fun and I enjoyed it. It was crazy. Um, the writing for Loki is next level when it came yeah. to, when it comes to villains in uh comic book movies. Um, yeah, it's just like a lot of new, which to me is a big problem with most of these movies. Once, um, and yeah, um, fantastic film. Uh, next was Captain America, the first Avenger. Yeah, it was a 7.5. Um, uh, actually, uh, I really enjoyed this film. Um, tugged at the heartstrings and I love all that it. kind of stuff. Got a bit of a teary oh, eye there at the yeah. end. Um, but there was a lot of pacing issues I felt with the film. You're a pacing um, issue. And while Hugo... Says you, man. I'm getting Martin. angry now. <laughs> Says you. Weaving now, he's going to he's gonna call back and like, yeah, nice try, buddy. As the Red Skull was... Um... I, I'm telling you, we ended up, because I ended up talking to Brandon about it on the 365 Splicks, and I watched it again. I've seen that movie so many times. I might be able to watch it right now. If I yeah. put it on, I just like it that much. I like Chris Evans so much as Captain America, and I love, while I hate comics that keep giving you the same origin, I'm a sucker in any movie for origin stories, especially ones that I really don't know anyway, but boy, I, I love that movie um, so he, much. Yeah, he brought a lot to the role, but uh, compared to Loki, he would just seen in Thor, yeah. I thought he was a bit shallow of a character. You know what else is, is thing, like you say about how I like Dick Grayson because his superpowers being a great guy? Uh-huh. Kind of Captain America as well. You know, I know he has the super, this, you Hell know, that, but he is a great, yeah, but that ended up working out, didn't it, Eric? I, I have no I idea. I don't know either. I say it did. Uh, and then finally, the Avengers. I also gave an 8 out of 10. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's really I gave great. it a little leniency. That's so fun. Because though. balancing that many uh, stars in one film yeah. must be pretty difficult. That's what they said on the set of The Big Chill, Eric. And the pacing was pretty <laughs> no. good. I felt it was a little long. Uh, and I felt, like, towards the end, um, like, it was just a bit indulgent with the amount of, like, oh, I'll pose and fight the bad guys here. And Ding sound. Had to go through every single person doing that. That's yeah. fine. Um, and I felt like the... Can't remember the alien species that Loki Chikari. was making a deal with. Yeah. Um, were, were bland. They pretty are Shatari. Um, but it was nice yep. to see that um, Thanos has been hinted at. Even- and that is, that's pretty much the biggest downfall of that movie, really. You're there to see the characters, but the villain itself is kind of shitty. Uh, Shitari. Uh, it's not that bad, though. I'm telling you, you have Loki there. You know, he's doing his big yeah. bad thing. You need a, just a, a general army yeah, out there. Might it, as well have been stormtroopers. You don't need it that general, though. That, uh, again, though, when you have Star Wars where you're not going to get a full end battle of you just shooting stormtroopers. You have to have some big things that are the, you know, the, just the Death Star itself or whatever. It's not like they're just running down the things. That gets very boring. And also then just as like, really, we had this big thing with Loki, and now all of a sudden we're just going to deal with them. I, I thought it was a little down From at the, the end. First Avengers, so... Well, I won't be caught up when Avengers 3 is out in cinemas. Um, Why not? Yeah, yeah, I'll look forward to it enough when I you catch don't up. Got time for that. Come on. Oh, uh, yeah, so that was my... It's not like Eric Shea. There's no, you know, time vortex. i to watch every movie watch. tonight. Yeah, you will. 
you'll watch it in 30 minutes and then you'll call me. It, it is, you are in the realm of the demon, the demon yeah. realm. The movies are endless, you say. Fucking here. In the middle, you're going to end up reading, uh, you or watching 17 movies and then wondering what Ace is up to or Jumper. The phase one of the Avengers, I'll be watching the rest as I go on throughout the year. Uh, books I got this week were Brave and the Bold, Batman and Wonder Woman. Ding sound. Number three. Uh, I really enjoyed the last issue, and uh, yeah, the art is fantastic. Um, Great. as someone who's played Dungeons and Dragons for fourteen years now, what's going on, Eric? I'm listening. <laughs> I'm sort of familiar with the terms. I'm not like big on Irish mythology, so okay. a good part of it's new to me. But like, I've heard Fergolds before. Are the Beholders, or maybe Liamon's tiny hut? Was that mentioned, Eric? One of my favorite items. Talking about. One of my favorite items ever. Nerd. That sort of thing. Uh, so not alien concept. Batman's seer stone was a plus three of seeing. Eric, to me, oh. I really enjoyed it. Um, Cave Carson has an interstellar eye. Um, it'll be interesting where they go with this one. <laughs> that I'm Jim actually looking forward to the yeah, backup, yeah. which is Cave Carson has an educational podcast, Ooh. which I find really funny. Uh, and we'll be learning about why his team broke up in like the 60s or whatever it was. Uh, thank you very much, guys. Uh, I hope everyone goes to the award-winning website, www.weirdsciencedccomics.com for all these cool. fantastic reviews. <laughs> And um, make sure to become a Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash weird science. All right, guys. I'll catch you on the flip side. The price is right losing horn. Why would that go there? I don't Eric, know I have Thank no you, Marty. Idea. I have no idea. Thank you, man. Marty, that's awesome. And anytime you mention a little Dungeons and Dragons, you'll always get through. You'll get through to me at least. Uh, we're going to go to the last rent rave. Dancing Mike sent a little rent rave, and he said he's in the Mixler chat right he's now. He's a liar. And he says that he gave a little uh, rent rave, which usually you, you don't understand. It's always opposite world in his uh, deal. And down in so, Merville, it's bizarre yeah, world. Merville, it is. It's bizarro world down in Merville, uh, where Cokes are called Pepsis and Dr. Peppers are called Cokes, and everything's called Cokes. But we'll go, here we go with Dancing Mike. <laughs> Hi, Jim. Greetings, Eric. And hello, Weird Science! Ding What's sound. Up, Mike? So, first of all, I need to do a shout out to the Get Fresh crew. As hello, usual, Weird Science! A shout out to the Get Fresh crew in ooh, the ooh. style of, let's ooh, see, ooh. Mule Skinner Blues. Let's go with that okay. one. Okay. Get fresh crew. <laughs> and a very special shout out to the king of the Get Fresh crew, universally beloved. It is Richard Richardson. Richard Richardson here. Ryan. I like Dancing Mike's deal because I can really set it up as a morning zoo. I, I, I love it. I'm just the sound guy for the morning zoo. So, last weekend, I had a oh, very, goodness. very long weekend within a couple of days. Of course, I did make it to the family get-together on... <laughs> Does he just mean two days? No, <laughs> he means three. Do they have a weird... See, it is. It's Merville. Merville has crazy stuff going on. Um, Sunday, which was Sunday afternoon at 4 o'clock. Oh, a few, a couple of counties away. And, um, oh, that no. was, it was good that it was late in that afternoon because let's talk about the two previous nights. As huh. I mentioned last time. I'm wondering if he remembers them. Is what's going we, on. Here. We went to a Smokies game on yes. 
Friday, Friday night, which was went into the 11 innings with the bullshit new yep. rules in yeah. Major League, uh, I'm sorry, so, Minor League so Baseball. Ridiculous. And we got home around uh, 12 o'clock, around midnight, which is, you know, kind of late. But Jimmy, 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 I sh- I'm sure you understand this. I am an old man. I can't do that. So the next, <laughs> no. next night we – The other day I went into work, Mike, and I, I'm talking to Eric. I, I I mean I look disheveled on the best of days. <laughs> I go in and Eric's like there. I'm like – and usually our, our day starts with me. Eric there, I usually give him the finger. I uh-huh. shake my head at him. He goes, ah, and then I say – I am so fucking tired. That's yeah. every day. This day, though, I said, hey, I'm tired. You know, like, eh. I'm like, yeah, I went to bed an hour and a half ago. I could not go to sleep. I was tired and it killed me. I was done. I'm too old for this shit. And I was there until midnight that night recording. Yeah, yeah, and it just never ends. It, it really doesn't. I'm just going to end up just dying one time. And my whole body just exploded. Night, we had an Ice Bears game, uh-huh. and it started at um, 7. 35 and ended at 12:39 a.m. It was the second longest game in league history, and the Ice Bears were victorious. All right, that's good. And we got ice ended, Flyers. I ended up. I forget how many overtimes. I wish I could remember, but it was one uh, playoff game. Flyers, uh, pe- uh, Penguins. Back in the day, right. and I believe it was three overtimes. And I was at my buddy Brett's house. In, in the meantime, for some reason, I was trying to get in shape back then, and I rode my bike. And it, the game was over at 2 a.m. and I had to ride my goddamn bike home at 2 a.m. This is when I'm probably like, you know, 24. So <laughs> either you're trying to get in shape or you had a DUI. No, I didn't have a DUI. I just don't even remember, but I, I think it was, but that was the worst. It, it was the worst. And that's where at least the Ice Bears won. I had to die. The freaking Penguins lost. I was so upset. Got home. Let's see. We saved for the handshakes and, you know, three stars, yeah. all that stuff. And we got home around, uh, it was, Closer to the two o'clock. I, I would like to know in, in the mixer if after all that time, the first star actually was the, you guys in the crowd for staying. They, they could give you a little, you know, something along those Side lines. between one thirty and 2. Yeah, it was actually after one thirty because uh, thank goodness for Taco Bell, which was the only thing open. So we picked up some Taco Bell because it had been hours awesome. since we had eaten. And yeah, so we um, got to see almost two entire games because it went into about halfway through the sixth period. So anyway, um, that was last weekend. So like I said, I got home free hockey. uh, Friday night around midnight, Saturday night around two o'clock. And like I said, I'm an old man now. I can't do that. But anyway. That was last weekend. This weekend, let's see, uh, Friday. I want to ask Mike. He's, uh, I, I don't know if he'll be able to answer quick. I'll be there in the mixer. Mike, when you go to a game and they have a guy, say he's retiring or anything, and they give him all three stars, does that drive you nuts? I just want to know <laughs> because it drives me insane. I hate that. It, it get, it's what, it's a weird pet peeve that I've had. Uh, anytime they do that, it drives me nuts. You know, we went to an Ice Bears game and. Yeah, really. Okay. Today I shaved my beard. Yes, yes, yes. So this is over for another season. And you're wondering about the teams in the league, whether they all start with ice. Well, they're not. This is Southern Professional Hockey League. So the Ice Bears lost this season. Mike told me that that is nonsense, giving all three stars. To the number one seed or the number one team this year in the league, the regular season. The Ice Deers. And it is the Rivermen. Oh. And... 
Is that you the, know, you, is that the actual famed rivermen that they have the hat that's like really popular because if it is Eric, I do actually know of their. Think about the the teams awesome. in this league. You think um you know, like I said, we Pensacola who challenged us in the challenge round and, and we damn them beat them, and you know there's Macon. Um, <laughs> Macon. Why would you even mention them second? <laughs> Macon, Eric. Huntsville, Birmingham. <laughs> Birmingham. <laughs> you know, Fayetteville. <laughs> Fayetteville. The Fayetteville Knights, are they? I wish and, I had um, names here. <laughs> so then you start getting into people like, of course, Knoxville. Then you can start getting into people like um, Evansville. What? Oh Evansville? Evansville. Yes. And then the team that beat us, the Rivermen from the... Classic southern city of Peoria, Illinois. Oh, the Peoria, Illinois, Illinois Peoria, some people say. Yes, Peoria. So, Peoria, yeah, southern city. We, we know city. about that. Yeah. Beat the Ice Bears. So. Anyway, so that's that's my Ice Bears season for the so for until around October or so. May not be yeah, talking about them as much. Yep, so, all of you people who are, who love, love, Bears. love. Rimmer loves Phantoms. hearing me talk about the Ice Bears, apparently. So, so all you people who love hearing about the Ice Bears, I'm sorry you have to wait till next year to get your fix. Uh, and that's about all I've got this week, except for comics, comics lots of comics. I'm going to mention a podcast now. Jim gets mad because I went on and on about the Cellar Dweller, who I know he's not on this show, but I'm hoping that I'm hoping maybe he listened and, and heard me uh, waxing poetic about that show. I have a new big show that came out. I'm not saying anything, Out this past week that I love, love, love. It is, of course, Boys Toys with a... Yes, we all have heard about Boys Toys for because we all love Boys Toys. But the new one that I love and I have the highest praise for... And I even made sure to post in Patreon um, the sales um, podcast. Oh my I was, was going to say solicits, it was more sales. The sales podcast, <laughs> I thoroughly, thoroughly loved and enjoyed that one. So wait a minute! <laughs> All right, it's party time! Finally, I did something right, Eric. I only did that. I, I finally, somebody's gotten the idea of why I did that. Damn you, cellar dweller! Go to hell, you, you son of a bitch! Oh my goodness, Eric. <laughs> it's a party in here. Great Dracula. work there. I'm Great a Dracula. There. So, salesman Rodney, I believe. Yes. Who did that one? No. But anyway, I very, forgot. very, very good podcast. Like every other thing I do, I forgot, so I just did it normal. Podcast it there. So, um, the yeah, that I'm looking forward. I was... <laughs> the no. guy kid? <laughs> at, at work uh, the other day, I'm yelling at Eric that I'm going to do my own uh, cellar dweller, or no, boys toys yeah. podcast, but it's gonna be with the guy kid. The hey, guy I'm the, kid, I'm the guy kid, Jimmy Alvin here, and I'm just gonna do shit like, uh, hey, anybody remember this one? Kick the can? I'm just at old games, the guy kid. I'm like, that, that goes well, right? The guy kid? <laughs> That's the worst idea I've ever heard in my life. about that periodically since then. I just the start guy, laughing to myself. The guy kid, Jimmy Alvin. I would almost say next week, but no, you kind of have to do that on a monthly basis. So hopefully yeah, next month yeah. it will be just as wonderful and good. I'm going to have the solicits one as well. I'm just trying to figure out a way to do right it here. that isn't boring. 
It's just, I, I don't want to just sit and read the solicits. Me and Eric did do that. We played it before. Yeah, we played it before, uh, the 100th episode back in the day. If you were there in the, you know, the chat, the, uh, online Mixler deal before that. And people were just there, like, this is the worst thing I ever heard. This is terrible. So I I don't want to do that. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to do that this weekend. Maybe even when we're done here, I'm going to do it until like 2 a.m. Get a oh, you want battle on tonight? But uh, yeah, 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 I am. I think I'm gonna do like a good, the bad, and the ugly of the solicits and try to do it that way. I just have to figure out a way to do it and not be, you know, stupid, stupid. Harry. Maybe the books would be better too, but we can only hope for yeah. so much. That's- Speaking of books, um, I like I said, I did buy lots and lots of books this week. I have read five of them. I got eight. I've read five. Okay. So the three I've not read, of course, it's Mage the Hero Denied number eight because I'm trade waiting on older trades, yeah, which is that. ridiculous. That yeah. is, of course, from Image Comics. Image. Thirty Days of Night. Mm-hmm. He likes that. Number five, which was my book of the week for the Solar Dweller recommendation because it is a horror comic and. Yeah. If you saw on Twitter, I did maybe throw shade at a couple of DC writers when I was talking about how this mo- this book has big moments at the end, but they tie into the overarching story and there is a continuous plot. And um, if it's it's a horror movie in comic book form, so if you like horror movies, yeah. you'll probably like this. I mean, the art's good, the story is good. Uh, like I've said, I've never guy. seen any of the, I guess there's at least a couple of 30 Days a Night movies. I That was one that was like, I need to see it, and I never did see it. So I don't know if the movie's good or not, but I am That's liking the comic book. What the hell are you doing, Mike? Now he's intrigued me, because that's the only reason I haven't read it. That is the only reason that I haven't read those, because I have them. Uh, and I've never read them because I'm like, eh, I got the you know preview copies, the review copies. I'm like, eh, I didn't watch the movie, so I'm not going to do it. And I think you mentioned this before. That it's it's like a, a, a retelling or whatever. But now, now I'm intrigued. Look, and there was another big twist at the end, which I'm twist. sure will tie up again next month. So I am enjoying 30 Days of Night from IDW. And then I bought, uh, let's see, five, six DC books. So I have not read Batman Creature of the Night number three yet. I'm sure I will enjoy that because I am enjoying that book a lot. It's a good book. I have not read Action Comics number... What number was that one? It was number 1,000. Action Comics 1,000. So so I have not read that yet either because I've been kind of... Yeah, I've been... I've been actually decided to get some rest this weekend instead of, you know, staying out all... And I'll tell you, Mike, uh, that's one of those two. I was going to mention it when we talked about it earlier that I was having problems because it was getting towards the time that we were going to do the show and I was reading the books and then of course disasters were happening around the house of course. and I was really afraid that I was not going to have enough time to read that. It's a very quick read even though it's it's that oversized deal. It, it's a pages, fun yeah. and it, it's just a very quick read as well. So yeah, you just sit back and enjoy. All night. And um, let's see. <sighs> I haven't read the reviews yet on the website. I'm sure that the gift part one, Batman number 45, I'm sure it got 10 out of 10 as as all Tom King Batman issues do. So... Phantom Reviewer might have given us that, Eric. I don't know if this gets talked about or not. So Booster Gold's motivation, his logic is he's going to show Batman how bad everything is but that will make him want to turn it back to good. But the thing is, if he grew up and everything was 
in that state, he yes. would never know what yeah. to compare it to. I don't get it. So it is a nonsensical. Is that a Good Morning Zoo clip? Oh, yeah. <laughs> just yeah, Mike. It's the, the, the premise is just the premise is flawed because if you erase the other reality, then he just, doesn't know. Just keep in mind, McRib. But he had some dreams, McRib. Eric, just keep that in mind, McRib. What he's not missing, it's been like that his whole life. If you've gone back and changed time like that, so uh, I don't get it's, it. It's just I don't know. I don't know. The art was good. Yeah, that's Batman number forty-five. Right. More Batman is Brave and the Bold number yeah, three. Um, I am enjoying this series more and more as it goes along because it gets easier and easier for me to read with some of these uh, names. It did get a little I, easier, a little. I'm liking it. I mean, it was it was good. Uh, it was a little bit of a you know expositiony exposition in this issue, um, and I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's I mean, it's it's moving along and getting closer and throwing little twists in. So I am enjoying Batman: Brave and the Bold from Mister Liam Sharp. Um, and let's see, more books, more books. Um, Batman: Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two number six, the end of that series, and they actually wrapped up things. And it was nice. again Donatello centric, which I have no problem with that because love I love me some Donny. So that's everything I got this week except one last issue, which was Batman Sins of the Father, which oh. I think this is my Batman. And I'm nice. going to nice. talk about this in a bit, and, and I'm going to address a bit of this to Bobby. So Bobby was on Slack talking about um, not minding King's Batman too much because she wants a Batman that's more grounded to the... You know, street level and yeah. things like that. And I agree. I, my problem with King is I, like I said, I loved I Am Gotham, but then he went into this whole repeating dialogue, um, Alan Moore like thing. And it's like those Geico commercials. Everything has to be bigger. It's the 84th floor. It's 934 people die each day in war jokes and riddles or whatever. And, and all of this showing and not doing and, and then you don't have the super bat, but you have the, the, the cat god. Yep. So I, I don't mind what, I, I wish it were going back to street level, but he has to plus size everything because I think King feels you have to make everything big while being a bat book. And then somehow Batman is a side character in his own book because it's all about Catwoman. Yep. So I, I wouldn't mind going back to a more grounded, street level Batman, but I don't, the Batman that does nothing and sits around and, and gets, and everyone gets the dupe on him that, or, you know, gets the drop on him. That's not the Batman I want to read. So I, if I think King has some good ideas, but the execution is what kills me. The execution is, you know, just not getting it for me. So, yeah. but a book that is getting it for me is Batman sins of the father. You have a, a grounded, it's a, it's a, what we're not getting, <laughs> we're not getting is, uh, Snyder's asshole bat god or King's youngy animal emo Batman, the Sean Murphy dumbass douche bat or Tynan's Snyder like Batman. We're getting a human old school type Batman that does get this actual detective work. Check that shit out. Imagine yep. that. It's the world's greatest detective actually doing, you know, detective stuff. Which he does in issue number three, Batman Sins of the Father. He's 
breaking going staging a break into the Arkham look at looking at files. It's it's amazing and you know it's detective stuff and, and it progresses the plot. So it's very it's refreshing for me to see a Batman that's doing that and he's you know he's very human you know and the guys he's he's taking on Black Spider which is you know guy with guns. So you're not, you know, it's not predestined, preordained, and some secret organization that's lived in for centuries and eons is, you know, it's not anything like that. It's criminals and street level. Black so, Spider, I like yeah. That. You know, if you put aside that, you know, in this in this universe, Batman's father, Thomas Wayne, was not a very nice man. Um, he was, he was, yeah, bad man. But you know, that's. Is that a bad man? Sins of the Father title. I think if you, but like I said again for you, Bobby, if you want to, you know, see a Batman that seems more in line with the pre fifty new fifty two Batman, or as I like to call it, the real Batman, oh. or pre bitch ass Billy Batman, then Sins of the Father. It's it's. I don't know how long it's going to go on. I've never played the game, but I am enjoying the series a lot. Yeah, that's another and of thing. Course, I haven't old played Batman, the game. No purple. So I was game. worried, but I'd like to check it out. And. Let's talk about Snyder for a bit, because, right. you know, and again, Bobby likes me talking about Snyder, so this is, this is all for you, Bobby. Exactly. Everyone else, you, you can just skip until you don't hear my asshole voice anymore. I'm um, sorry, it's jerk-off voice until you don't Door hear my jerk-off voice anymore. Just skip ahead on your player. So, Jimmy, 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 I know that Snyder is your boy, and you're Snyder's boy. Oh, uh, one other thing I wanted to go back to, Batman Sins of the Father, because I actually had it kind of I like the here. killing. So it's internal dialogue, and he is going on to himself about, and okay, so he is fighting some of the guys, he's fighting some security guard guys, which I'm not going to give any real spoilers, but he says, except of course, this is the internal dialogue, except of course I fight for justice, not wanton destruction, I don't kill. And with these men who are just doing their jobs, I have to take care to not even injure them. And when is the last time from Batman that we saw anything like that, making sure he doesn't injure guys that are just doing their job, that aren't bad guys. So He's a bad guy. It's, like I said, old school Batman has a sense of morality, a sense of justice to him, and I... When do we see Batman fighting guys? I miss Batman being a good guy, and like I said, his father apparently is a bad guy, but he's making up for that and being a good guy. So that's why I like Batman's Sins of the Father. So that's I think that's my Batman right now. You know I have all, all, got five Good. different kinds of Batman this Wish week, Batman. and um, out of all of them, yeah, I think that one is my Batman right now. So that's that's what I'm picking. I, I choose you, Charizard or whatever. I don't know Charizard, Pokemon. But anyway, <laughs> getting back to Snyder. So I know Jim that Snyder is your boy. You're Snyder's Here boy. You go. guys yeah. are yeah. boys, I guess, like that German pop video. Yes. But you always oh, seem to say things about, oh, things that are forced on them, like, you know, Gordon in the robo-bunny suit. And no, 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 that was not forced on Snyder. That was 100% Snyder's idea Snyder. because I heard him talking several months before that it's happened or, you know, maybe uh, you know, several months, maybe a year before that happened. He had this combo. crazy idea that he always wanted to try, but he didn't think DC would let him do it. But of course, once Billy the Detective sold so well, Snyder had carte blanche to do whatever the fuck he wanted, no matter how asinine or nonsensical, and so we get Jim Gordon in a can. 
and Bruce Wayne dead. And I don't know yep. why he says he wants to write a Batman death story like Morrison said you should always have a death. He's already Now, the other thing, though, is if you're going to go with that and say, you know, 100% that's his story. I'm just talking to Mike now. We're going to get real. Uh, huh. the, the problem is, though, is also it seems that if anything, DC wasn't going to allow him to have carte blanche, like you're saying, because Bruce comes back in one issue. That yeah. would not, to me, that would not have been the way to go. I think that he was forced to do that, if anything, uh, because the story then didn't have any weight to it. And you just sat there waiting for Bruce to come back the whole time. So it really failed because of that. And so, and the whole thing, it, me and Eric thought it was going to be interesting. It stunk. It really did. It, it wasn't good. I had high hopes. And I, li- I like different things from time to time, and it was just terrible. Yeah. And that whole DCYOU just failed. It failed miserably because of all the changes going on, including that one. It just wasn't good. Written a Batman death story. He, he, you know, he died, and then he came back and worked in a center and... Yeah. Went out with Center. some woman who had terrible tattoos everywhere. Joey Madison. Anyway, just another sexy. reimagined. And one you know, was an owl. Character and it's, a, it, it's intrigued me and, and Eric since. You she also works say, in the courthouse. When I talk about she you, had an owl tattoo and was the one looking after Bruce that seemed like this was going to be something big, and now it's Catwoman. I'm you know, telling you, where I is she something now? Something big going on She's at one out point. There. She's out there with that owl tattoo somewhere looking sexy. Batman being a dick. <laughs> and you always say... And, and, you are say things like, and like I said, that was Snyder's idea was Robo Bunny. That was, yeah. And you always say that, when I say Batman's a dick, you say, well, you know, that's the Batman we're, big, we're getting now. That's the Batman we've been getting for so long. You started reading comics at the New 52. That's when Snyder was writing Batman. That's when Snyder started writing Thanks Batman so. as a total dickhead. So, yes, that's the Batman we're beginning now because Batman became Snyderized and Snyder's Batman is a dick. So it's circular logic. It's like I say, I don't like Batman being a but That's the continuity. That's the thing, that this is the Batman that we're getting now. So it still is. Tom King's doing it just the same. So it hasn't changed. Dick, you say that's the Batman we're getting now, but that's the Batman I don't like because that's a Snyder, that's a Snyder Batman, the one I'm really against anyway. So you can't say Batman's a dick, so you can't blame it all on Snyder when it's Snyder that made, you know, that we've been getting that for now. It's Snyder that made him that way. He's so if, if you get, if you have someone besides Snyder writing Batman, someone who doesn't go with the Snyder tropes like Tynion who made, you know, who had to try to explain the way Batman being a dumbass, which is also a Eric Snyder thing, Batman's an obstinate dumbass, he had to come in and say that Rachel Gould wiped his memory. So that is, you know, the Snyder slash Tynion dickhead Batman. I'm over that. I am just want someone else to take over, but I'd say they'll go with whatever Batman is in the Justice League written by Scott Snyder. No, no. Tom King said he's going for another 50 issues. Oh, this is going to be well beyond whatever. The only thing that's going to stop Tom King on Batman is going to be a complete reboot and them wanting – and I still think they'd have him do it. Uh, so it doesn't matter what we hate or not or what not. Me and Eric can scream all we want. You can yell. We're, we're going to get Tom King's Batman for another 50-some issues unless he decides he doesn't want to. And as we see, it doesn't matter what. You have Scott Snyder doing and Justice League. Tom King plays his own game and gives you what he wants. It doesn't matter what anything else is going on. So, and here's another thing. With this Batman being a dick and not telling anyone things, it, it hit me that Batman knew that Joker had been to the cave. That's what he hid from 
the Bat Family. And then it comes out, you know, like I said, there's 70 plus year cat and mouse game. Does Batman know who Joker, does you know, Joker know who Batman is? Does he, doesn't he? Of course, Snyder said, oh, he knows because that's what I want to say. And I'm Scott Snyder and I write everything and everything that I poop out. Um, and then smear on the paper is, and send in as a script. That's great because I'm Scott Snyder and my shit doesn't stink. So anyway, so Snyder knows that Joker has been to the cave and he hides that from the Bat family. So he's basically saying, he knows who you guys all are, and he might just come to you in your civilian life and kill you just to get at me. But I'm not going to tell you that because me keeping secrets from you is more important than your lives. I value your lives that little bit. I don't give a fuck what happens to you because Joker, that homicidal maniac who has no sense of humor in Snyder's world. He's just a guy that plans things out really well and executes, you know, horrible, violent crimes. No wackiness to him at all. But he might come after you just to get at me, and he might kill you, and he knows who you are, but I'm not going to tell you even that so you can be aware of that, because I don't care, and I'm Snyder's asshole Batman. So, yeah. That's what we're getting from. This is how Batman, this is how Scott Snyder views Batman. It's just maddening that all of this stuff just gets looked over because, you know, they, oh, he puts in big bombastic moments and it's destiny and it's Morrison light and, you know, I don't. And then his books, some people mention it's like that his books are a chore to read. Yes, so it's a chore to read, and then Sometimes. when you break it down, he's an asshole. He's a dickhead. He's not a hero or good guy. Like I said, even the stuff in metal, a lot of it was caused because, you know, like I said, oh, I was totally listening Batman to the reviews. It was Batman being yeah. a dumbass, an obstinate dickhead. So, yeah, so anyway, I know this has been one of my longer rant and raves, and, you know, it's because I, yeah, I bought a lot of Batman this week, and I like I like almost all of them except it's you got you got King's Batman, and then you know you've got Sharp's Batman, which is good. Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fine, but Sins of the Father is what I want. That Batman is what I want the regular Batman series to be more like. You know, take away the fact that um. Bruce's dad was an asshole, and yeah, I think it's a Christos Gage is writing it. So, I like and I don't know like if Christos that's dad. based on the video, how closely it follows in the video game. Um, but yeah, that's the Batman I'm liking right now. So, right now, Batman Sins of the Father is my Batman. So, and Snyder can go. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so. Yeah. So anyway, that's all I've got for this week. So, until next week, we are going to. Um, Turn off that spotlight. Power Dang. off that Patreon spotlight. Ding sound. Watch out because every other Monday, those guys from the Pop Culture Podcast are going to pop up and culture that ass. Door slamming. <laughs> Keep it weird and see you. Ding sound. Seven. See you on the sevens. See, he, he doesn't say stuff like, you know, uh, close up that see toy box and stay out of the cellar. See you on the sevens. Or, or he, doesn't, he doesn't end with one of my catchphrases, see you later. <laughs> That's usually what I, I'm like, yeah, or or that classic. I don't know what to say at the end of these. Bye. That's what I do, Eric. I come with the the info and leave. I am an informer, not a presenter.
That's what they say, right? Is that I, what they I, say? I, still, I actually still am waiting for that other podcast that's going to come out from the Attic Animal. Who's oh. doing a boys' toys type podcast, Toys in the Attic. Toys in the Attic. So you just <laughs> want the theme song. That's really all you want. Yeah, as as uh, this was going on, I was going back to look at some of my old reviews before. I And, and the thing is about the Scott Snyder stuff, uh, legitimately, when we started the podcast, there were people who were yelling at me constantly because I would get on the podcast and say that Scott Snyder was a guy who wants to write a comic to be the smartest guy in the room. And I would say that it gets a little old and, you know, he'll have things that are pointed out that never do anything and ended up giving Eric the book because I wasn't enjoying it as much. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I used to get shit from other people with that. So, And, and then I got luckily. Gordon Batman and Mr. Bloom. Like, yeah. oh, shit. And then I was so happy when Rebirth came out because we traded back in the War of Jokes and Riddles. Go, you got to do this. Eric. We got to change. I'm done. Yeah. I'm like, I am done. We were talking about it this week again about changing it up again. And I'm like, no, no. Yeah. You are stuck, well, my I, I will trade you Batman for Wonder Woman. Ba- oh, yeah. Yeah, That you're, you're asking me to trade two books that are yours. Somehow I get another <laughs> book, and I'm like, well, what the fuck happened? I just got punched upside the head. I, I really, don't know I what's really going on. You were paying attention. Oh, I was paying attention. I don't go for that nonsense, but yeah. Uh, I even, there was something else that we were going through because we always talk about the books that we give off and on and things like that. And we were talking about how, like, who made out better on all the deals, but you're, it's like turned your way where a lot of the books that you got are now going to be turning them monthly. That's all we care about. It's yeah. workload. That's all we care about. But I'm actually going back. I wanted to see what my metal aggregate score was for obviously the latest thing that Scott Snyder did. And I, it's not going to be that great uh you know and i don't know why i'm i'm trying to justify myself to mike with that but yeah uh he doesn't talk to us anymore so i i can't say he's my boy or i'm his boy because he only talked to us for a limited amount of time and i think that there was there was a bunch of game playing going on on both oh, sides yeah. it seems i don't know i don't even know what i'm saying but yeah he doesn't really talk to us anymore. now jim Basically, you think like, this is weird though I'm looking at the comic book roundup for this issue of Batman 45, yeah. and there's a there's a oh, reviewer who gave it a 10 oh, out of 10 named Eric Lake. Oh, I saw it. I actually had it ready for when we were done here to send you a note. <laughs> like, what are you doing over there? Sending out reviews of this thing. Really? Eric Lake. Eric Lake. I saw that Eric Lake. Lake. Yeah, he's playing his games. Look at him <laughs> playing those fucking games. Double dipping. Ah, uh, yes, but that is the end Eric of the Lee rant. Eric Lake Eric Lake. That's the end of the rant raise right now. We're going to go off to hear Jeremy and, and uh, Josh talk about some things, and then be back with the books. What's up, Weird Science? Josh Vermillion here. want to welcome you guys back in for another edition of Vermillion's Visions. You guys know by now how I like to do things over here. want to bring you guys a review of a trade, not from one of the big two of DC and Marvel. We'll try to go with some smaller companies here. Um, and it does end up being a lot of image books just because image puts out a lot of books that kind of appeal to me personally. Uh, so I kind of gravitate there a lot. Um, and this week it's going to be yet another image book. It's going to be Cyber Force Rebirth Volume 1, like I said, from Image Comics. More specifically, Top Cow, their imprint. It's the first five issues of that series. You got writers Mark Silvestri and Matt Hawkins, art by Koi Fom. 
Um, and this was actually a book that was funded through Kickstarter. Um, it had a ton of backers on this book. They're all listed at in the back of the trade as well as some of the exclusive rewards for people that, that threw more money into this project. And uh, let me just say that it, it came out pretty well. Um, this is something that if I would have known about it, might have been something that I would have funded because it was it was worth the money. Anyway, I did Aphrodite 9 a few weeks ago, plus a new Cyberforce book from Image just came out that's really pretty good. Um, so this one just kind of made sense for me to start in on now. Um, so I'm just going to kind of jump right into it here. Uh, so we start out in Millennium City, Pennsylvania. Um, that's a converted Pittsburgh um, and our main character, who's a red-haired girl named Karen Taylor, she's lying in the sewer. Sometime in the future, she's talking to someone, kind of recounting the story of how she ended up there and what was going on. She remembers running away from home after she found out that the world was going to end and everyone was going to die. Her dog, Ninja, has kind of like, like a neural interface with her. Um, and he found out all this information that her family was planning about the end of the world. They were going to set in motion this series of hundreds and hundreds of events, smaller events that would eventually lead to the destruction of everyone. So when she finds us out, Karen takes off in search of a man named Morgan Stryker. Uh, when she runs away, some cybernetic soldiers called Shocks start chasing after her. Uh, she runs from them and jumps down into a market square. But, you know, the presence of all these innocent people doesn't really do anything to slow down the Shocks. They just keep firing away. They actually, they turn on some, some blinder things uh, that change what people see inside of its range. Um, and these blinders convince convince everyone that Karen is actually a terrorist and they are just police officers. Uh, so once they have Karen pinned down, one of the shocks goes to eliminate anyone outside of the range of the blinders that might have seen what was happening. But uh, one of the shocks is holding a gun to Karen's head and when he looks away, Ninja actually jumps up to attack him. But there is another shock nearby, and that shock actually shoots Ninja in the chest, and Ninja falls to the ground dead. Now this, this really pisses Karen off. Not only are they executing innocent people who just happened to see what was happening, but they also killed her dog. Uh, but she can't really take on three shocks and a helicopter that just showed up. She does, however, spot an opening and dives down underneath some rubble and crawls down into the sewers. Uh, so the shocks can't follow her down here. They're too big. They're going to have to send a mole down after her. But she takes off running, sprinting through the sewers. And she runs until, you know, she thinks uh, she's, she's far enough away from them. And then she stops. And then a man wearing a cloak uh, kind of comes up behind her to ask who she is, why she was being chased. And she just tells him that, uh, she's looking for Morgan Stryker. And it turns out that, that this dude in the cloak is actually one of Morgan Stryker's old friends, but he's not. he doesn't tell her that yet. He takes Karen for a walk, and eventually they get to a group of cybernetically enhanced people. They all have code names. You've got 
Heat Wave, Psy Blade, Impact, Ares Prime, and then the dude in the cloak that helped her out, Ripclaw. And then you got uh, other ones in there as well, but those are the main ones that get named. Uh, none of the people there are really happy to see her, and this is where we find out actually that, that Karen is the daughter of, of the chairwoman of something known as the CDI, um, and she is one of the, the most powerful women in this half of the world. All of these former shocks talk about killing Karen so that they aren't compromised and that the safe house that she's been brought to isn't compromised. But instead, they decide to use her as, as a hostage um, and leverage her against her mom for something called the serum that they apparently need pretty badly. Uh, right before they can do that, though, on her first night staying there, Ripclaw's son actually lets her out lets her escape, and she goes out looking for Stryker again. Now we get to learn a little more about the end of the world. I kind of talked about it at the beginning. Uh, this is where you find out about it in the book, but I talked about it in the beginning, so I'm not going to rehash it here. But Karen also does talk about the Aphrodite Protocol, which is an attempt to change humans by by merging, you know, genetic enhancement and cybernetic enhancements so that they can survive after after everything goes down, after the end of the world. And one of these Aphrodites, uh, one of these models, is actually Karen's bodyguard. And at Karen's 16th birthday party was when she found about, out about this plan from Ninja, and that's when she escaped. These people even know the CDI, even knows when the end of the world is coming, and that's going to be in the year 2047, according to their plan. So when Karen's father finds out that she escaped and learned so much about the plan, he sends his top henchman, a purple man named Dolorosa, to bring her in. Uh, so Dolorosa destroys pretty much everyone in the safe house where Karen was then actually moves on and captures her as well, um, kind of putting her under. She's knocked out. Elsewhere, uh, you got Karen's mom, and she sends her other daughter to find Karen as well. Uh, but this other daughter, Karen's sister, comes up on the safe house to find everyone dead. Dolorosa's already been here. Karen's nowhere to be found. Um, and the issue actually ends with Aphrodite being ordered to go and bring Karen back. Uh, so the rest of this book is pretty much about Karen's search for Morgan Stryker and trying, and then once once she finds Morgan, uh, them trying to, to stop the end of the world. Um, and meanwhile, you know, the, the reader is learning more about this plan for the end of the world, more about this world as a whole. It's a good book. It, re it really is. I enjoyed it quite a bit. I don't think I liked it quite as much as the Aphrodite 9 Rebirth that I read a few weeks ago and reviewed uh, on the podcast. I still haven't had the chance to go back and read uh, the original Aphrodite 9 or the original Cyberforce, um, and there's only been one issue of the current Cyberforce run that's come out yet, um, and I haven't finished the rest of Aphrodite 9 Rebirth, so I kind of just have those two trades to go on, and this one is really, really good, not quite at the level of that first trade of after 90 after 99 rebirth that i read but it's still real real good um and i actually was drawn to this book because aphrodite was on the cover uh but she actually doesn't turn out to be a that huge of a part of this first 
this story in this first trade. Um, and that's fine. I like Karen quite a bit as a character and enjoyed seeing it from her perspective. Um, I hope if I get the chance to continue reading that Aphrodite will play a little bit bigger of a role, but it was fine for this first first story that she wasn't, you know, the main focus of it. The art in this book um, is really, really good. Um, Koi Fam's art, it, it stands out pretty pretty well. Um, it's not quite on that Step and Cedric level from Aphrodite 9, but, you know, not many are on Step and Cedric's, Step and Sted, Cedric's level. Uh, sorry, got tripped up a little bit there. Uh, not many are on his level, but Koi Fam has really, really good art here. Um, and I think this book would appeal to pretty much any sci-fi fans out there. Uh, if you checked out the new Cyberforce series and like it, um, whether you read the original Cyberforce, checked out Aphrodite 9 after I talked about it a few weeks ago, anything like that. Um, if you were interested in Aphrodite 9 um, and are interested in this, I think both would be really, really good trades to, uh, to give a shot, especially for, like I said, sci-fi fans. Um, if you like kind of the, the cybernetic enhancement aspect, um, the, the, the ending of the world, almost like an Illuminati controlling the world and planning its destruction aspect, um, that's all in here, as well as just a, a good story around all that. It's not just a cool concept. Uh, the story is executed really, really well. Um, I don't really know much about Mark Silvestri, um, the main writer of this book, but Matt Hawkins co-wrote it. And Matt Hawkins is quickly, you know, he's becoming one of my one of my favorite writers. I love, I've loved all the books from him that I've read thus far, and I hope that I get a chance to continue reading some of his books because they are really, really good, and he is a really good writer. Mostly doing his work with image and top cow but he's really really good and he's one that i would like to see you know if dc can give him a shot on a book and if they can get him to come over from image to to go out and do it because i think he could kind of inject um some some new some new writing talent into dc and i think uh he'd be a good one to go after as well as you know the classics that jim and eric always talk about you know your your tom taylors etc um but yeah, definitely really enjoy Matt Hawkins' writing and Koi Fom's art, and this was, was really good as well. Um, but when it comes to giving it an overall score, this one's tough for me to score. I think I'd have to go around like an 8.5 out of 10. Um, like I said, not quite as good as Aphrodite 9. Still, still really, really good, um, and I did enjoy it quite a bit. There were just... One or two points where it seemed to drag on a little bit, um, but then it would pick right back up and get me engaged once again. So yeah, like I said, probably an 8.5 out of 10. Uh, but that pretty much wraps things up for my review. I want to remind everybody to go uh, check out patreon.com slash weirdscience. I know I say it every week, but Jim and Eric and Reggie put in a ton of effort into into not only producing this, you know, 8 to 10 hour podcast every single week, uh, they also do the written reviews, the spotlight, um, and then if you join them up on the Patreon, you get 
over over 200 probably i'm not i mean i they haven't set a, f a total count in a bit but probably approaching like 250 extra shows that you can get on that patreon you got uh you know the seller dweller um he come he pops up every once in a while talk about some horror movies you got eric's boys toys podcast you got the comic news podcast you got jim's other comic reviews uh, you got the Pop Culture Podcast. Um, what am I missing? The Patreon Spotlight. You got so many extra shows there. Necessary Nonsense. Just so many shows um, that you can check out on that Patreon. So definitely go give it a shot. Uh, support them for all that they do. Um, if you got any book suggestions for me, uh, you can hit me up on Twitter at Vermillionaire3 with those book suggestions. Um, but that pretty much wraps things up for me here. So I'm going to send it on back over to Jim and Eric. Thanks a lot, guys. It is time to start a new chapter, a new sound, a new era. This is Cyber. Welcome to Jeremy's JLA Jamboree Edition 2. Yeah, we're going for the full alliterative effect today. Oh yes, we are. Last week's JLA Jamboree, we looked at uh, JLA Issue 1 by Grant Morrison and Howard Porter. Uh, this week, we're going a little bit further back in time, and we're going to look at uh, Justice League Issue 1 from 1987. It was a uh, a spin-off or it span out of uh, the legend series which came out of crisis on infinite earths uh, very much part of the kind of uh, the rebooting of the dc universe after crisis um, and very much a kind of invigoration of the Justice League. Uh, not that it had been doing too badly up until then. It, the Justice League at that point was the was the Detroit Justice League, although by the time uh, that it finished, uh, they'd moved out of Detroit and moved to Happy Harbor, uh, which is the original Justice League uh, hangout. And indeed, it's where uh, this version of the Justice League starts its life. Not a particularly well-regarded era of the Justice League. I kind of liked it, but then uh, I was 15 or 16 at the time. And, um, you know, I, I think looking back on it now, it, it, it was okay. Um, there were some decent storylines in that old league, um, but it was a little bit pedestrian, uh, I guess, I suppose you, you would say. And plus it had a roster that was a little underwhelming in terms of uh, star quality. Uh, there was, of course, Batman. Uh, he was brought back uh, shortly after Justice League of America issue 250, if memory serves me correctly. Um, but even his presence wasn't enough, really, to lift the title. And you ended up with, with a decent... Uh, set of stories, but nothing too spectacular. Uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths, of course, gave DC the opportunity to uh, revise and reinvigorate some of its core characters. Uh, that was already going on. The Superman, uh, John Byrne was doing that, first with the Man of Steel miniseries, 
uh, and then with the uh, the Superman ongoing title and of course he was also responsible for the art on Legends. So the, there's a lot going on with uh, some of the core characters. Uh, Wonder Woman uh, was being revamped by George Perez at the time. Uh, they thought it was a good idea to give uh, the Justice League to J.M. DeMatteis and Keith Giffen. Now, uh, both of these writers uh, have at that point been uh, around the industry for a good while, at least a decade or more. Uh, Giffen probably has a slightly longer pedigree. Um, he was uh, primarily uh, known as primarily being an artist, uh, first for Marvel and then for DC. Uh, started off in very Kirby-esque kind of style. Um, came across some of his work on the Defenders um, in uh, in the Moon Knight epic collection a couple of years back. I was quite taken aback actually by just how much of a uh, of a kind of Kirby influence there was on his art. Um, Di Matteis, um, he was uh, primarily a young writer. Uh, first on, well, the first time I came across him was on Conan the Barbarian, but I think he'd probably been around a little bit before then. He came to my notice uh, by uh, scripting a very interesting and quite intricately plotted and, and a bit crazy. Uh, version of the uh, a run, sorry, of the defenders, which culminated in the team's kind of changing up and becoming the new defenders around about issue 125, and Demetrius kind of left around about issue 131. Now, if memory serves me correctly, his last issue on that defenders run was a little bit of a hint at the kind of adventure we might get in Justice League, in the sense that. Uh, it was very heavy on humour. It was genuinely funny, actually, or at least it amused the uh, the 13 or 14 year old version of me at the time. And um, th there was some kind of, you know, really quite clever, witty, snappy dialogue. And I think if it's the one thing that JL Run is known for, it is the the kind of the wit of the dialogue, the snappiness of it, the silliness of it at times, the back and forth. Now, I know from having listened to the podcast for a long time that that is something that um, Jim and Eric are not overly happy with in terms of uh, Keith Giffen's writing uh, in some on some of the titles uh, that he's written for in the New 52 and beyond. I think at the time that kind of sort of repartee, that wit, was very much, uh, it was new, it was fresh, it was different, and it was just a lot of fun. And you can argue, yeah, they kind of took it a little bit too far at times, uh, but I don't think it was excessive at the time. You'll be able to judge for yourself in a moment, because we're going to do a, a read-through of, of the first issue. Um, but the two of them working together do a pretty good job with this series and and they they put a real emphasis on character and character interaction i think again that was something that not that you didn't have character interaction in, in the in the previous uh, iterations of the league but this was something that was a particularly uh, foregrounded thing in this version of the jl and as a result of that uh, it became very engaging very quickly and it was a lot of fun uh, both creators uh de Mateus and giffen uh, well used to handling team books. Uh, Giffen worked with uh, Paul Levitt on uh, quite a long and well-regarded run 
of the Legion of Superheroes. And incidentally, I often hear or overhear um, uh, people talking or in the Slack chat uh, about the Legion and uh, what would be a good uh, stepping on point. I, I'm very biased when it comes to the Legion uh, because my Legion is the Levitz Giffen Legion. That era of sort of roundabout issue 290 through to issue, well, through to uh, volume, I think it's volume 3 or volume 4, no, it's volume 3, uh, the Legion of Superheroes that that's just phenomenal stuff to me um it, it's it's really well done really well written really well plotted and considering that the legion is a huge organization it has something ridiculous like like 16 or 20 active members at any one time they do a really good job with keeping the plates spinning for different characters and having interesting things happen with different characters and yeah they handle the team book thing really well and that is certainly true here with Giffen and Demetrius uh, in Justice League and um, they, they do a great job of giving each character a chance to, to shine having each character have their own unique personality and distinctive personality and I think that is really uh, difficult to do or, or at least more difficult to do than I think people realize and I think that these guys do a really good job of it anyway we will do what we did last time which is we will uh, I'll do a, a read through of the comic lots of different voices uh, this time around I will try <laughs> I'll try and keep them consistent and uh, do justice to the <laughs> to the to the script uh, which isn't always easy with scripts like this so you'll have to bear with me we've also got the additional thing to think about of uh, thought bubbles which are still a thing in the uh, in the late 80s uh, as is uh, third person narration although there's not quite as much of that this time around so without further ado here is justice league issue one and uh, this issue is called born again and we start with a full page splash of a rather arrogant looking and moodily lit guy gardener who is sat at the head of the Justice League boardroom table um, and in typical guy pose he's got one leg on the table uh, and he's kind of sat back and uh, he's sort of staring brutally into the middle distance and he's thinking he's thinking great thoughts because this is guy at the end of the day and uh, this is what he's thinking Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. My name's Guy Gardner. I'm a Green Lantern. Correction, I'm THE Green Lantern. Uh, none of those other jerks can hold a candle to me. Uh, no doubt you're wondering why I called you here today. Uh, simple. I'm declaring myself Commander-in-Chief of the spanking new Justice League. Any objections? I didn't think so. Yeah. That's the way it's going to be. Easy as pie. Easy. And as he's saying this, behind him, the uh, teleporter tube is flaring into life. As. And then he turns. Hey, teleporter's kicking in. It's showtime. 
and the first person that he has to win over is Black Canary and there's a problem <laughs> right there because Black Canary is not the kind of person to take orders from, from a male chauvinist like Guy Gardner so here we go Guy I should have known you'd be here early I'm a nut for punctuality so was Mussolini uh, nice to see you too Black Canary our old headquarters it seems to change Oh, sure, it's a little larger, more up-to-date, but I can still feel the ghosts here, hovering. Ooh, spooky! I bet Rod Selling's around somewhere, too. Do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do. Sensitive as ever, aren't you? Hey, babe, this is the 80s. Alan Alda's out. Sylvester Stallone is in. Your choice of role model leaves something to be desired. And the teleporter comes into life again. You kidding? Old Sly models himself after me! And Black, Black Canary says, you probably believe that too. And our two new arrivals are Mr. Miracle and Oberon. Now, um, Mr. Miracle, I would imagine you're fairly familiar with. Oberon is uh, his manager and he's uh, he's a short guy. He's, uh, he's a dwarf. And um, he's got quite a sort of uh, kind of a big personality. And this is what they say. I don't know, Oberon. I still have my doubts about this. I can't believe it's really happening. You, me, the, the Justice League. Oberon? Huh? Oh, uh, Scott, my boy, never fear. When word of this gets out, your box office receipts will skyrocket. There's not a paying customer alive who won't sag to his knees in awe at the sight of Mr. Miracle, world's greatest escape artist. And he spots Guy. Ah, a fellow member. Good day to you, sir. Oberon's the name. Personal manager of and trusted aide to... Ah, what's the matter, Sneezy? The other six dwarves couldn't make it? <laughs> and Oberon storms off in a huff, and uh, Mr. Miracle looks after him and says, Think box office, Oberon. Think box office. Our resident Green Lantern seems to be lacking in the social graces department, Black Canary. Dozens of active GLs around, and we get Rambo with a ring. And now things begin to get a little crowded because Captain Marvel, that would be Shazam to you and me, he arrives next. Holy moly, people! It's a regular circus out there! A guy picks up on uh, Captain Marvel's uh, rather interesting <laughs> use of vocabulary. Holy moly! Ah, Captain Marvel. We came in by tube. Seemed like the best way to avoid the crush. Oberon. Hey, nice costume! All those cameras, all those people. We're getting all the media coverage we could hope for, and then some. Oh, that's understandable, Captain. After all, we're big news. And the publicity can't hurt. And then Martian Manhunter and Blue Beetle arrive. In light of recent events, I would tend to doubt it. I think the Martian Manhunter is being paranoid, group. Then I suggest you think again. It can't be that bad. Uh, now, this is a reference to the Legends series, where one of the things that happened in Legends, if memory serves me correctly, was G. Gordon Godfrey uh, was sent by Apocalypse to uh, sort of manipulate ordinary people into turning against their superheroes. 
and um, it caused an awful lot of trouble for different people in legends and that's I think what's being referred to here blue beetle yeah what's wrong with a turn in the spotlight a little blue beetle mania they are wolves waiting to consumers to them we're novelties sideshow freaks viewed with amusement one moment reviled the next look johns we don't really know each other but aren't you being a tad grim you are correct beetle you don't know me nor do you know what i have lived through what the old league endured what we lost and there's a nice kind of little homage here to the previous league. You see uh, him bent over the, the kind of monitor desk and it brings up pictures of Steel, Gypsy, Vixen and uh, Vibe. He looks up at them for a moment. This is, this, is, this is the Martian Manhunter. He looks up at them for a moment and then he lowers his head and he clicks the button that says Purge and uh, the images disappear uh, from the screen and he walks back with his head still bowed it's quite a nice moment of uh, a sort of solemnity i suppose uh, and a nice acknowledgement of, the, of what the the previous creative team had done as well the other issue of course is that if memory so i can't remember what happened to vibe but i know steel definitely dies at the end of that jla run so there, there is a kind of um, an acknowledgement that the, that the League have lost members in their previous incarnation. Black Canary is trying to say something to John, offer her condolences, uh, and she says, John, I... And then she's interrupted by a green gavel hitting the table, and uh, Guy Gardner wants to have the floor. All right, heroes, now that we're all here, I'm calling this meeting to order while he starts to do that and we will go back to him in a moment uh, the scene shifts to Washington DC uh, somebody is whistling and it would turn out that that someone is Maxwell Lord the fourth and uh, he is a CEO of a company called innovative concepts and uh, he's coming into his office good morning miss Woodenhofer Good morning, Mr. Lord. You seem to be in an especially fine mood today. That I am, Miss Wootenhofer. That I am. Goes through to his office and he's looking at uh, a bunch of uh, TV screens uh, and quite a few of them are dealing with uh, the Justice League, or at least one of them actually does appear to be running old episodes of Star Trek. So, you know, fair enough. <laughs> then we go to uh, some of those TV screens. We stay with Maxwell Lord and we focus in on the TV screens and they are talking about this new Justice League and they're talking about what's going to happen next and uh, these are some of the sign sound bites we get. Many people question the effectiveness of a new JLA in these times of, at best, grudging tolerance of super. Two of the newer members arrive. I'm sorry, one new member and a veteran of this oldest of super teams. A Martian. What effect his presence will have on public opinion is yet to be. And as mer, I can assure the people of this city that every measure necessary has been taken to safeguard the public in the event of... And then Reagan smiled, waved, and avoided the question entirely. When asked, 
nothing in the Bible to support the existence of superheroes. And so I maintain that it's all an elaborately staged. Seems that ready or not, here they come. This is Lonnie Cha. I'd like to buy a vowel, Pat. An E. I'd like to solve the puzzle. And on that last couple of page, uh, couple of panels, he is writing out the name Justice League of America, and uh, Maxwell Lord has decided to cross out the word America, leaving Justice League of instead. So there's interesting things going on there. Then we head back to the JL boardroom, where uh, probably quite predictably we have uh, a large panel. Uh, in which Black Canary and Guy Gardner are not quite literally butting heads, but it's pretty close. If you think I joined this outfit to play good soldier, you've got another thing. What you think is immaterial. As long as you're here, you'll abide by the rules. We have a tradition of honour, of I don't give a damn about your rules and traditions. I'm in charge here, and that's... Oberon intervenes. That's enough. You apologize to the lady right now and then sit down before I, in case you miss the symbolism, Sneezy, this is the brush off. And uh, Guy constructs a large broom with his with his ring and he literally sweeps over on off his feet. Uh, Black Canary, Gardner, you're insufferable. And she kicks him. Uh, she kicks him his uh, ring hand, breaks his concentration, and uh, Oberon's able to pick himself up. That's the way it always works, babe. First they tell me I'm insufferable, then they beg me to take them home. Black Canary's not impressed with that. Why, you slimy disgusting... John intervenes. Stop this, now! Guy does something unbelievably stupid here. Uh, he picks the Martian Manhunter up off the ground with uh, a construct kind of pincer that he's uh, he's made and John says I strongly suggest you let me down just butt out Jolly Green or I'll boot you back to the valley ho 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 John now look I want to get a few things straight I'm not a bad guy I just happen to be better equipped to run this outfit than any of you long as we understand that there won't be any problems Captain Marvel. I think you're being overly willful, Guy. After all, we're a team. We have to work together in harmony if we're ever going to... Tell me something. Do you drink warm milk before you go to bed at night? I, I don't know what that's got to do with anything. Face it, Marvel. This is Oberon. You can't reason with an ape like this. Only thing he understands is a well-placed knuckle sandwich. Oomph! And uh, Oberon has actually launched himself at Guy and now has him in a headlock. Just be glad the other six dwarves aren't here. Oops! Uh, because Guy quite, quite predictably hurls Oberon away uh, and sends him crashing into Mr. Miracle. John, this is utterly infantile. We have to... Oof! You are correct, Mr. Miracle. This is infantile, and it's time our ring-wielding baby got the spanking he deserves. And we don't get to see that. What we do get to see is Batman and Dr. Fate walking towards the uh, the boardroom. They're in the complex. They're in the, uh, the, the cave um, where the Justice League has been based, uh, but they're not in the boardroom just yet. Dr. Fate. 
Though you agreed to my suggestion to regroup, Batman, I must admit some surprise at your actually showing up here. Your methods do not easily lend themselves to group efforts. That sounds almost funny, coming from you, Dr. Fate. I am here because I sense I am needed. Call it karma, if you will. I wouldn't call it any such thing, but I suppose I'm here for the same reason. I... What the hell? Perhaps it would have been wiser to ignore our karma. It never fails. Put more than two of them in the same room together, and... And we have a panel. <laughs> we have a panel of action. A guy is uh, firing a blast of his ring uh, at Captain Marvel, who's hurtling back, and... Uh, into John, it looks like. Uh, in the meantime, Black Canary is getting ready to throw another punch at Guy. Oberon's scrambling to get out of the way. Mr. Miracle's got Guy in a headlock, and Blue Beetle's on the floor, and he is the one who notices that Batman has entered the room. I don't think he cares about Dr. Fate. He does care about Batman. He goes, uh-oh, and Oberon says, hey, well, uh, will you look who's here? And Dr. Fate gets ready to intervene, and he raises his hands, and sort of mystical energy starts to form around them, and he says, I can easily put an end to, and Batman says, no, allow me. And he starts to move and walk towards Guy. And this is a really nice set of panels, because because Batman just just walks in a very kind of deliberate way, through the fighting, everybody kind of backs off away from him because obviously this is Batman, and he gets up right into Guy's face, and he look and he looks him in the eyes, and he says, "Sit down." And there are three little panels where Guy looks like he might be about to say no, then he thinks better of it, then he looks at uh, looks sideways at Batman. And then he does as he's told, because Batman, because <laughs> Batman, in whatever whatever iteration of the league you want to talk about, Batman is badass. Okay, now shall we begin? Uh, and then we move, and they've had a meeting, and they've all sat around a table. Guy's feet are still on the uh, on the boardroom table, but at least it is now civilized and what have you. And uh, this is what Batman says. And that concludes the reading of our charter. Before we continue, I'd just like to say that I think in this early stage of our reorganization, that it would be best for us to maintain a low profile. There's a lot we have to learn about each other and about ourselves because before we can present ourselves to the public in any major fashion. And I'd also appreciate it if you would try to pay attention when I'm talking. If you find these meetings boring, then perhaps you shouldn't be here. And Black Canary, uh, who's been looking at the at the monitor screen, says, I think we're just a little anxious, Batman. I mean, staring at a computer console isn't my idea of a thrilling time. You should know by now that we need someone on monitor duty at all times. Of course, I know that, but then we needn't discuss it any further. Batman, Batman, he just... <laughs> This is this is why this is why Cyborg ends up on monitor duty. <laughs> because every time he complains, Batman just says, "Yeah, we need someone." Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know. But yeah, well, we don't need to discuss it any further. Oh dear, 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 dear. Guys talking to <laughs> guys talking to Mister Miracle. 
Is that bosom a royal pain or what? I admit I'm not overly comfortable with Batman's style. Yeah, well, that makes two of us. But next to you, he's Mother Teresa. You'll get yours in due time, Buster. Did I just hear you threatening a fellow member, Gardner? Who? Me? Nah, must have some wax in those funny ears of yours, bats. We move to New York City, and it is the UN building. It is the ladies' room, and in the ladies' room, there is the new Dr. Light. She is there in her kind of uh, her business capacity. She's been given a, uh, a weird Justice League uh, signal device, which is kind of weird because nobody knows about her yet. And she's been given this signal device by a strange man, and it keeps on beeping. Oh, please! Stop, stop, stop! Not another beep out of you! I've got to address the General Assembly in five minutes, and they decide to call a meeting now? Well, sorry, no thanks, forget it. If it's a choice between zapping supervillains and feeding the hungry, well, then there is no choice. The new solar storage units I've developed could open up the ocean floor to all manner of agricultural development, if I can only get the funding. Shut up! Please? Pretty please? Quiet! I'm talking to it. I'm talking to myself. I'm losing my mind. Well, if I can't shut the stupid thing off, I can at least shove it into my purse and hope it's muffled enough so no one else will be able to hear it. How do I get myself into these things? And we find out how she gets herself into these things in a flashback. How nice. Uh... There's a shadowy figure here. We we don't see who it is. It's a man, fairly obviously, uh, and he's uh, off panel. We see this basically with just just her her facial expressions as she is given this signal device. Doctor Kimio Hoshi. Yes, but how did you get into my office? Who who I am and who sent me doesn't really matter at the moment. What matters is why I've been sent. Uh, very mysterious. Are you intrigued? Mildly annoyed is more like it. I think that will pass, Dr. Hoshi. Or, should I say, Dr. Light. What? I I don't know what you're talking about. Please, Doctor. Let's not waste time with denials. Or with fear. I'm not an enemy. I'm a friend. Perhaps the best friend you'll ever know. <laughs> How do you figure that? Because I'm here to offer you charter membership in the newly reformed Justice League. Justice League? Your signal device. Take it. It won't bite. Hmm, we'll be in touch. And then we move back to the present, and she's rounded the corner, and uh, she comes face to face with some very nefarious-looking individuals who look like they're terrorists or something along those lines. What do you know? It stopped beeping. Well, thank the Lord for small mercy. Huh? Hey, how'd she slip through? Who cares? Just don't let her get away. Because I don't think you'd be stupid enough to try to run, would you, lady? I I don't understand. What's... Don't worry your pretty little head about it. You don't want to understand anything. Mmm, you smell good. Perfume, or is it natural? <laughs> You're a pig. Uh-huh, that's right. I am. Oink, oink, darling. Now, how's about a little... Shrek! Cut the crap and get your butt in gear. Move her in with the rest of the hostages. This is a female... Uh, terrorist and uh, she's here to kind of keep her men in check and she says and try to keep your damn libido in check will you or oh, for crying out shut up yes sir uh, ma'am uh, oh, shoot 
Sexual politics was fun. <laughs> in the 1980s, wasn't it? It was great. Uh, now we move into the General Assembly room uh, and we see quite a large panel, uh, lots of people present, um, and there are armed figures on the podium and uh, their leader is addressing the crowd. Going to be here for quite a while. How long depends upon you. Whether we all live or die depends on you on how well you listen to what I've got to say. So I suggest you listen very, very carefully. Uh, Dr. Light is thinking, oh my God, all these people, all these lives, how can I possibly? Of course, I can't believe I was cursing this little gizmo a few minutes ago. I just hope it works. And then I can remember where the switch is. Click. Bingo. Sit down, honey, and sit down now. Oof. So she's uh, pushed into a seat uh, by the female terrorist, uh, but she has successfully activated her signal device, which, of course, is picked up by uh, the Justice League with Black Canary on monitor duty, whether she likes it or not. <laughs> and the, uh, the TV screen uh, changes to say, Priority One Members Alert. And then uh, there's some other information, and underneath that it says Dr. Light. Batman, what is it? I'm receiving a Priority One alert. From who? All our members are... From Dr. Light. Dr. Light? Trace it. It's coming from the United Nations. So much for my hope of keeping a low profile. And then he's thinking, Dr. Light. And Guy, Guy's delighted. Guy's very excited. Guy is like a child in a sweet shop. And he gets out of his chair and he goes, Whoop-de-doo, it's time to bust some heads. Come on, guys, let's get... Freeze, Gardner. We do this my way. Dr. Fate, Captain Marvel, fly on ahead, but stay out of sight. Act only if it's absolutely necessary. The rest of us will follow in the Beatles' bug. We can use its telecommunication system to get a better handle on the situation. Gardner, where are you going? With fate and marvel? Uh-uh. Why the hell not? Because I said so. I love that. So basically, as you probably figured out by now, uh, Batman acts essentially like a, like a badass throughout the series. He's not in it all that much, actually. He's, he's, he's an important character, an important leader, for the first sort of few issues or so, but he becomes a little less important as time goes on. Then he leaves at some point. I can't remember when exactly. Um, but you can kind of see what they're doing here. Gardner is the is the kind of fly. <laughs> he's the fly in the ointment, and he, at the moment he's the source of a lot of the tension and also a lot of the humour in the in the series. Uh, right, we're back to TV screens because that's the best way to get information across to your reader, isn't it? Here we go. Including the UN General Assembly at gunpoint, all other personnel were permitted to leave. Another TV screen. Uh, this time uh, of uh, sort of riot police or SWAT teams outside the building. Still unknown how many terrorists are involved. The area has been cordoned off and see a group by the main entrance and yes, they do appear to be armed. As yet unidentified leader, this photo taken earlier by one of our cameramen who was permitted no demands as yet. And that last 
little snippet of dialogue is heard in the bug as uh, Blue Beetle's ship is flying over New York uh, with the Justice League inside it and they're kind of um, monitoring the local TV and uh, news reports. So, we then get this. Perhaps the strangest twist, the terrorist leader has grafted a bomb onto his chest, set to explode should his heart stop beating. In the studio with us is Dr. Emery Hunt of Star Labs. Uh, Dr. Hunt, uh, could this threat be genuine? Could the bomb detonate should the terrorist be ki- uh, die? Well, Mitch, as you know, the field of biomechanics has been much advanced of late, especially... And then we hear an echo of that in the uh, in the bug as they're listening to it. Much advanced of late, especially as regards... Blue Beetle. Translation, he hasn't got the foggiest idea what'll happen. Scott, you're familiar with uh, exotic armaments. What do you think? Being raised in Apocalypse doesn't automatically make me an expert on death-dealing. I don't know all there is to... Will it detonate? Yes. I think it will. Take us down, Beetle. Gotcha. You know what you have to do? Yeah, but, you know, Batman, maybe I could... Why does everyone on this team insist on questioning my orders? And, um... Beetle stays in the book. The rest of them, John... Guy, uh, Mr. Miracle, and uh, Black Canary, as well as Batman, head to the roof of the UN building, where Captain Marvel is waiting for them. All quiet so far, fellas. Where do we go from here? Batman, I don't see Dr. Fate. Well, uh, he... um, Where the hell is he? He uh, said you'd understand. Understand what? And then he just disappeared disappeared guy gardner guess he's got a lot of faith in your leadership abilities gardner now let's quit jarring and get in there we've got a i'll say this for the last time we will do as we were instructed and we will do it now so the next thing we get is uh is a shot of guy outside the un building sealing it off hermetically he's kind of um He's he's constructed a force field around it to kind of contain the situation. Um, I suppose this makes sense from the point of view of if the bomb does go off, then uh, it'll just be the building itself that is destroyed. Um, so that's what Guy's doing, and obviously, obviously, Guy doesn't like that because he'd be he'd much rather be be being violent to bad guys. So here we go. Uh, he's thinking this seal off the building yeah great he makes like a hero and i float around up here like a jerk hey maybe i'll get lucky maybe one of those terrorists will blow bats away nah never happened oh well i can dream can i and then we go inside the building where our madman who has a a nice goatee and a bomb grafted into his bird chest uh, is speaking. The world has to listen. The world has to tremble. How long can people remain impoverished and depressed? How long can they be ignored, shunted into the shadows to starve, die, and be forgotten? 
How can you all sit there so smug, so indifferent, when there's such pain on this planet, such suffering? Oh, I swear, you'll all know suffering. You'll all learn. And uh, Dr. Light's listening to all this, and she's thinking, he's insane, and yet much of what he's saying is true. There are so many on this planet, in this country, who've been forgotten, who suffer in silence. But this, this lunacy isn't the answer. I don't know what is, but it can't be this. I've got to stop them, and I can't act alone. Too many people could be hurt, killed. All I can do is bide my time. Damn it. While uh, the demented leader is ranting dementedly, uh, his lieutenants are checking in with the various squads, um, sort of arrayed around the building, and uh, one of them is whispering into his headpiece now. Perimeter check. Checkpoint one. Report. Checkpoint one. Reporting. All clear. You've all got to be shaken out of your complacency. You've got to see with opened eyes, and I'll blow those eyes open if I have to. Then we switch to... Uh, a shot of Black Canary uh, kicking one of the terrorist guards in the head. <laughs> oh dear. Knocking him out. And uh, while she's doing that, in the foreground, somebody else has already been knocked out. Captain Marvel's there in the background. He's got a couple of the terrorists, uh, one in each hand. Uh, Batman's hovering behind him. Uh, and in the foreground, there is a communicator, and from the communicator is coming a voice. Repeat, all clear. Checkpoint one, out. And we go back to the bug, because that is Beatles' role, is to hack the terrorists' communication devices and to um, maintain the pretense that everything is fine um, and that all the terrorists are... Uh, still operational and he he also <laughs> is not happy with the role that Batman has, uh, has given him and he's thinking this jeez you'd think I'd get something a little more challenging to do I got this swell costume some great moves I should be out there punching and hitting striking terror into the hearts of evildoers at the very least I should be leaping over tall buildings in a single bound checkpoint two report and he's got his nose uh, clutched between one, his finger and thumb uh, while he is reporting back. Checkpoint two, reporting all clear. Oh, God, this is embarrassing. Uh, then we move to Martian Manhunter, who's doing, he's doing the same uh, as Batman and uh, Shazam were, Captain Marvel was. Uh, with the different the different uh, terrorist patrols, uh, and we get a really good visual gag here. Actually, it is good, uh, which is that uh, John is is kind of uh, knocking one of the terrorists out in the foreground, and behind him, two of the other terrorists are suspended from the ceiling by their heads. Their heads are kind of stuck through the ceiling, and they've been just left there to dangle. Uh, their heads are through the ceilings and they're hanging from <laughs> hanging from the ceiling uh, by their heads. And then again, uh, Blue Beetle is doing his thing. And then we s 
uh, we go to uh, Batman, just a panel of Batman and Mr. Miracle uh, talking together. And again, this is kind of interesting because because Batman and Mr. Miracle are both in in different ways. They're both warriors and they're both tacticians and strategists. And uh, it's almost like Batman kind of has gravitated towards Mr. Miracle as a lieutenant. I, I don't think it's ever kind of spelled out that that's, that's the relationship, but that's the way it's being written here. And it, it's quite interesting. They're so poorly trained, it's pathetic. And aside from that bomb, their equipment is substandard and outdated. You're saying there's more to this than meets the eye? Possibly. Like what? That's something we'll have to consider later, for now. Let's bring in our ace in the hole. And John, who of course, remember, can turn invisible, peers behind uh, Dr. Light and says, Show no alarm. Make no sudden moves. I'm John Johns of the Justice League. You're invisible? Obviously. Now please, listen carefully. And then we move back to the outside of the building where Guy hears the signal to come in. And he's rather happy about it. That's my cue and it's about time. When all the smoke clears, I'm going to have to straighten out a few things like who's taking orders from who. Oh, I can't wait to kick that bad-eared bum's butt from here to Jersey. Uh, we go back to Mr. Miracle and Batman. Gardner coming in. Now what? Now you stay put and I move. Hey, now, wait a minute. It's pretty clear why Batman and Gardner are at each other's throats. They're two of a kind. And it's a kind I'm not too thrilled with. And Batman lands on the podium right in front of the terrorist. And he's got... And he's, he's, this is fantastic. It's one of the best... It's one certainly probably the best panel in the entire issue. Uh, and it's such a great kind of iconic moment. He kind of lands on the on the podium with his cape out making the uh, the silhouette of the bat and he just goes boo and uh, <laughs> the guy freaks out as you might imagine yeah and then uh, John telepathically uh, tells Dr. Light now Dr. Light now and she hits uh, the whole room with this uh, intense flash of light and it completely disorientates the guards. Guy Gardner comes bursting through the uh, the wall, and his uh, his ring produces one, two, three, four, five constructs of uh, sort of hammers uh, that just knock out the various uh, terrorists. And uh, he obviously has it's it's a sort of brutally kind of efficient way of doing it, and it's also very painful for everybody concerned. Dr. Light elbows her guard, who's the uh, the female terrorist, in the stomach. Uh, hi! The, the uh, terrorist keels over. Uh, John materializes. I admire your efficiency. Years of practice, they paid off. And now we've got the confrontation between Batman and the terrorist leader. And he's burying his chest to show the bomb. And he says, Idiots! You've won nothing! I've still got the bomb and I'll detonate it! I swear! Stop looking at me like that! If I die, all of us die. Do you, do you understand me? Answer me, damn you! 
Do your lives mean so little to you? Stop looking at me like that. Evacuate the room. Let him be. Mr. Miracle, run that by me again. Evacuate the room. Guy Gardner, evacuate? Let him be. I knew you were stupid bats, but I never knew you were this stupid. Now get out of my way so I can rip this moron's lungs out. I'm going to do as you're told. I, I see now. You're, you're, you're trying to humiliate me. You're a demon sent to test my faith. Don't walk away from me. Don't you dare walk away from me. You've signed your own death warrant, fool. We're all going to die. Die by fire. All of us. And then we move back to the news shows. The terrorist siege of the United Nations is over thanks to the intervention of the newly reorganized Justice League of America. This group has been the focal point of much controversy and heated speculation, but speculation it must remain, since this incarnation of the League is extremely reluctant to speak to the press. Get those cameras out of my face! The members of the terrorist squad that held the UN General Assembly today were identified as former members of the Weathermen, the Black Panthers, and other 1960s radical groups. But the big mystery surrounds the squad's leader, identified as John Charles Collins, who was found dead of an apparently self-inflicted gunshot wound in the General Assembly chamber, the bomb with which he threatened to level the UN having failed to detonate. Collins, we have learned, was a former mental patient, a drifter, who had no previous connection with any political groups, underground or otherwise. This, coupled with the fact that the controversial Batman was the last person to exit the chamber before Collins's death, has cast a pall over this dramatic re-emergence of the Justice League of America. And on that last note, uh, we go back to... Maxwell Lord, who is sitting in front of his bank of TV screens, watching everything and looking rather satisfied with himself. And he has the last word in this issue. Not Justice League of America. The Justice League, period. Oh well, imagine poor Collins shooting himself like that and his bomb failing to detonate. Imagine that. Maybe I should have given him the firing pin. And on that note, we end the issue with, with Maxwell, <laughs> Maxwell Lord's hand on a notepad. And on that notepad is indeed the firing pin for the bomb. So the implication is there that all of this is, is has been arranged by Maxwell Lord to get the Justice League uh, back into the public eye. Uh, and for reasons that are currently unknown. We have no idea what Maxwell Lord's game is here. Uh, he will make an appearance uh, shortly, next issue, uh, but at the moment it's all very mysterious. Um, as an opening to uh, the series, uh, I think this is pretty good. Uh, it's dated in all sorts of ways. It's dated in, to be honest with you, it's, it's dated in ways that, that comics should be dated. <laughs> <laughs> it's dated in the sense of uh, you know the cultural references to Sylvester Stallone and, and all this kind of stuff. All of that's fine. I don't really have a problem with with any of that. I, I, I think um, what is fairly clear is is that there's a big kind of reliance on the relationship between Guy Gardner and Batman. That that's a that's a big central issue in the in the comic. They're almost being set up as. Um, 
uh, as protagonist and antagonist at this point. Um, it, it's which is which is kind of interesting, and it gives it gives a kind of structure to the to the way the league is is kind of is kind of forming and coalescing um, a, a, around those two characters. Uh, later on, John John's uh, the Martian Manhunter becomes much more important. The other characters, not so much. I Scott Free, obviously, once Booster Gold arrives, which I think is issue four, uh, Blue Beetle and Booster Gold become this 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 couple. Uh, they become very uh, they become integral really to the league, and they become in many respects what what the league is about uh, in this in this version. We're a few issues off that, and I think it's kind of noticeable that at the moment there are probably. The, the the characters kind of divide themselves up uh, into into kind of powerful but not very interesting, which would be and I would include Doctor Fate in that. And it's kind of an interesting thing where you know they they take Doctor Fate out of commission. I mean, to be honest with you, on paper this league is is quite overpowered actually. Um, you've got uh, Captain Marvel, uh, you've got Doctor Fate, you've got um, you've got Guy. Uh, who you know? Look, he is a Green Lantern, and yeah, he's a jerk and a bit of an asshole. But 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 he is quite a powerful guy. Um, those three on their own are, are, are pretty formidable. You've then got Batman's. Uh, I, mean, I mean, this is the, the this is something that I think this issue does really really well. Is that is that it 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 paints Batman as as this planner, uh, this this sort of coldly efficient authoritarian uh, who knows exactly how he's going to play something it is not open for debate it is not open for challenge you do as you're told but it works um and and the the the, the sort of moment where he confronts the uh the terrorist ringleader is is actually that's so good it's it's you know really uh quite impressive stuff and you get you get that we've already seen sort of batman take on uh you know green lantern uh, and intimidate Green Lantern, so so in, in a, you almost kind of feel sorry for, for this guy uh, who has been used by by Maxwell Lord and set up by Maxwell Lord, and he's facing Batman, who is just just horrendously kind of intimidating, and it, it's it's really well written. You really get that sense of this guy sort of fearing Batman and, and being cowed by Batman um it's uh it's it is it's it's impressive stuff um the rest of the league uh i like black canary at the moment she's the only woman on the league um which is oh sorry well we've got dr light haven't we but but she's dr light uh hasn't really had much interaction with the rest of the league this issue black canary has um she's good she's competent um and obviously she's a feminist foil uh for guy um which is which is is kind of interesting um everything else is 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 pretty good i i think the over reliance on tv screens as a way of uh of communicating and um setting up different scenarios and what have you uh, it's perhaps a bit of an issue, but then again, it is about uh, it is about public perception, and it is about um, sort of you know raising the Justice League's profile, if you like. 
Um, so that that does kind of make sense, but at the same time, it, it also feels a bit much at times. Uh, but on the whole, I think this is a really strong issue, and and the series does go from strength to strength in many respects. There's there's some great stuff uh, that uh, that comes up in the next uh, few issues. Issue seven's really good. It's the it's the issue where um, the Justice League gets its UN charter. Uh, it, it establishes embassies uh, in different parts of the globe. Uh, it becomes a, a sort of a more. I mean, I mean, this is a sort of very very reflective of kind of the, the the time it was written. There's a sort of optimism about you know sort of the world order changing. Uh, the Rocket Reds become a big thing in the uh in the in the series as well and, and and you get this whole kind of cooperation between nations thing going on um and i think that that again that's very much of its time um it, it's a yeah it, it's a it's a great series it's a series that i re- i remember very fondly um i can remember reading and rereading this issue over and over again um when i first got it and, and it is a, it is one of those issues a little bit like the Grant Morrison one, actually, that I, that I do return to from time to time, just to kind of refresh my memory and enjoy uh, enjoy the banter and enjoy Batman being a wonderful character, <laughs> uh, which is which is pretty cool. So um, yeah, um, that's uh, Justice League issue number one from 1987. Uh, Keith Giffen and J.M.D. Mateus at their finest, I think. Really, if you haven't read it, you really probably should it is a defining issue uh for the for the justice league in many respects and um and it's funny actually i was always was looking at comicsology uh earlier on today and apparently this league is known as the ha ha league <laughs> which i i didn't realize apparently that apparently it is known as the ha ha league and you can actually at the moment you can get uh, different volumes of this on sale at the moment. So this is this is kind of uh, can I can just say by the way I, I, I've not done this because of that, but but it's just a happy coincidence. Um, so there you go. If if what my slightly <laughs> not amazing rendition of the uh, the issue has kind of piqued your interest, uh, go and get the real thing. And uh, Comicsology is not a bad place to, to get it at the moment. So I think there's a I think it's the first three or four volumes actually that are on sale at the moment on that. So yeah, check it out. Anyway, I shall uh, hand you back to the guys in the studio. Have no idea what's happening next week. But my plan with these is whenever I'm not talking about the Wildstorm or um, or Snagglepuss. Uh, we'll have one of these. Um, I, I will return to the Morrison run uh, at some point, but I'm inclined actually the next time is possibly have a look at some early 80s stuff uh, from the uh, the original Justice League of America run and get a feel for what that's like as well. So there you go. Anyway, thank you very much for listening. You take care. If you are interested in anything I have to say, you can always follow me on Twitter at door jeremy and i also have a website that hasn't been updated in about two months uh but should be any <laughs> should be soon hopefully uh which is jddunsany.wordpress.com and that's jddunsany.wordpress.com thanks again for listening uh you have a fantastic week wherever you are whatever country you are in uh, whatever this week has in store for you i hope it's a good one Uh, You take care, and I will see you next week. Bye-bye.
Yo, it's mail call. It's mail with Derek. Hallelujah, it's mail with Derek. Oh yeah, it's mail with Derek. Hallelujah, it's mail with Derek. Oh yeah, it's mail with Derek. Hallelujah, it's mail with Derek. Oh yeah, let's hear what you have to say. We don't need no human. Is mail with Eric? How you doing? All right. How have you been doing tonight? God awful. You, you like everything going on? You, you like what you see? What you going with? I and can't all see that Jim. stuff. You like that stuff? Oh, this is mail section number three. We're gonna got start my with my blindness in my face. We're gonna start with other Brandon. He emailed uh, during the podcast. Eric, other Brandon has gotten a hold of us, and he says, "Go." Tish is Brandon. Is Ben long work at week drilling with Marons? I rally hat that Michael Bendham's well tome to go jump off a vin into a table cause it's Bill's Prazion. There you go. Of course. <laughs> Love Brandon. Spell his name right though. So there you go. There is other Brandon. It seems like a Brandon that might like dancing. Somehow, Eric. Really? I don't know why I get that from that deal, but I think it's the case. That might be, uh, that's Bizarro, Brandon. And now we have Jeremy, and Jeremy says, Greetings, no, Jim, extreme, Eric. extreme, Brandon. Yeah, it's, it's super, Brandon. Greetings, yeah. Jim, Eric, Reggie, and the rest of the magnificent Get Fresh crew. Poop, poop. Poop, poop. Yes, back to the classic. Just thought I'd drop you a line and say how much I enjoyed the sales podcast. Oh, my Ooh. goodness. My ears just pricked up. Oh, my goodness. It was really informative. Wasn't that Sales Tommy or something that did that one? It's really informative. Sales <laughs> been Rodney, maybe? It was Rodney, really informative and interesting and threw up some things I didn't know. He just said throw up, Eric. Like, for example, the fact that Adam Hughes is now the number one variant cover artist. Did you know that? I did. You told I me earlier this week. According to some website, I remember his stuff back and they given DiMatteis Just League run, but I had no idea those variants were in such high demand now. I really appreciate Jim taking the time to get in the nitty gritty of sales numbers in the background to them. It's stuff that does interest me, but I'm way too lazy to do, lazy to do my own research. Thank you. Jim and Simon told me a couple of other things, a little secrets of the trade secrets to make it even better the next time. Uh, there's some interesting stuff in the solicits this month. Seeing Orlando's name on Wonder Woman was like a punch to the gut. Seeing the words guest writer directly afterwards was such a relief. Yeah, it I know. might not be as much of a relief as we think. An issue or two of Orlando nonsense on one of my favorite books. I can just about stomach. The thought of a full run is just too horrifying to contemplate. Now, this is one of those where it does seem that it might be the deal. Oh, we'll see how the sales are. And if the sales are up, then maybe we'll get Steve Orlando to be fully on the run. The problem is, speaking of the sales deal, it's an art germ cover for that Wonder People Woman. Love it's going, that art it's germ. going to sell. So it might jump up from a James Robinson deal up 15,000 even for that. And DC might be that stupid to say, Oh, look, everybody loves it. And now we're going to get a Wonder Woman that talks gibberish and pacing that's awful and cliffhangers that people just don't know what's going on. I must admit, I'm kind of excited for the new Justice League books. I'll probably get them all. 
And if the rumors are true that Grant Morrison is going to be writing a Green Lantern book, this this is like my non-news podcast, Eric, where I got shade thrown at me because these weren't in the news. I'll be picking that one up too. One of the commentators I follow on Twitter was complaining that Morrison on a Green Lantern Lantern title is too safe for him. I'm guessing they meant that it gives him the opportunity to indulge his love of bleeding-edge science fiction without having to worry too much about the rest of the DC continuity. But honestly, I'm really fine with that. Morrison is a quality writer, has tons of ideas too many at times in the writing chops to make them work well most of the time i want to ask uh jeremy go on and ask this guy okay i get what you're saying what the hell else is he going to write because they're not going to just they they don't seem to want to be banking on like uh hey let's get grant morrison back on the animal man and wouldn't that be a safe choice too he can't write superman bendis is now on that they're not going to take tom king off of batman and and scott snyder's on just league there you go you have pretty much the biggest books the next in line would be the green lantern book which is not doing well the sales aren't great on either Green Lanterns or Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps, and then Diddy's leaving at 50. I would wonder if maybe – and this is the other thing with this rumor of a story. I just like what book – are they going to make a new book without canceling maybe. any of those other two? Because they had Dan Jurgens on – he's going to be on Green Lanterns coming up. Yeah. Uh, Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps, we'll see uh, if – that's what they're going to do is that ends, then they get Grant Morrison on a Green Lantern book, number one or whatever. But the Green Lantern books are not selling. I can't see them having three of them now. Uh, something has to give. So I don't – this whole story, I just want to see – wait to see what happens and, and go with it. But yeah, ask this guy what he thinks is the – who, what's the crazy book you want Grant Morrison on and not the safe choice? I know that this week in Action One – really, we're, we're having problems with these books selling anyway and you want to have a crazy book? I know that this that week is Action Comic and I don't know why I seem like I'm mad at Jeremy right now. Uh, I am mad in general. Well, I am. Uh, during the break, uh, I ended up getting a mail, uh, a tweet from Batman Beyond Mark, and he asked me a question, and it's so funny because I answered him, but I didn't realize that I had my caps lock on, and it would be like something like you say, like, hey, Jim, when are we going to do so-and-so? And I just write, well, when I get to it, I'll, I'll let you know. But now I write it in caps, and it really oh, yeah. looked like I was pissed. Like I'm like, listen, I'll let you know when I'm ready. Something like that. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And then afterwards, I wrote real quick, like, I don't know why that was in caps. I felt (laughs) so bad. It was like I was yelling at him. Uh, But I haven't bought it yet. And while I'm excited that Bendis is at DC, I can't help thinking that Superman's not the best character for him to cut his teeth on. Hopefully, he'll get to extend himself a bit as the year goes on. I'd love to see him on a quieter book or a quirkier book, which he can make his own. Creeper, The Outsiders, Legions, a, a Legion of Superheroes, Dark Stars. I may be kidding about that last one. That's the one that Eric is like, yeah, Dark Stars, I'm in. Dark Stars, uh, huh? It's weird. This is the problem is with what's going on at DC and the sales being what they are in comics in general. And when you do look at the books that have sold and the books that haven't, say Justice League of China, New Superman, which they're begging people to try to buy and nobody will bite. But yet you'll have a big event. That's what sells. I don't know that the time for these – and these also in this, the uh, – 
these miniseries that they are throwing out. Hey, there's a Etrigan miniseries. Oh, there's a Ragman. They are not selling. I'm really saying that I'm afraid that we're not going to get quirky books ever again, at least for now, because nobody's buying the ones that they've tried to put out. But then it's a, you know, it's a slippery slope there because the one they put out are garbage. So what are you going to get? I actually am surprised that we, if we find out down the line that this Grant Morrison book is number one, it's an out of continuity, dark label, Green Lantern book that would make more sense to me yeah. uh they're really pushing a wonder woman dark label book so it's not like they're gonna not have these characters in that but um, i would say and also they the other rumor is liam sharp is on art for some reason that even lends me to say it's more of a darker dark label type book i, I don't know but that's my guess so we'll, we'll go with that but uh yeah the outsiders i always want but that seems to be kind of ruined by uh, uh you know the uh the new age of heroes stuff there's characters the that are in wrong books and stuff and terrifics and stuff Oh, so One we final got thing. Katana in the Suicide Squad. We have Metamorpho in the Terrifics. Like, yeah. all right, like. We're just going to have one with Halo and Geo, oh, Geoforce. Yeah, no, yeah. I don't think I want that. No, no I don't either. One, one final thing. My comic book guy is still sending me Batman issues, and I've just decided to roll with it. So I read the double date issue while taking a dump Thursday night. This is funny. I'm reading Do you think that there's a possibility that somebody has taken Jeremy's email and, 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 and sent this? Because that does not sound like That's Jeremy, not though. Jeremy. What he's doing, Eric, he's dumbing it down for us Americans. Oh, thank I'm God. Like, I'm reading this. I'm like, I have not had a problem. Problems with one word, and he's saying dump. He is speaking my language. We're now speaking <laughs> the international language of awfulness is what we're doing, and I like it. This proved to be an appropriate activity as it happened, and the, tempta- the temptation to wipe myself with the issue after I'd read was strong, but I have too much respect for artist, colorist, and letter. Oh, uh, well, he spelt colorist with an O-U, Eric. It's Jeremy oh, and letter for that kind of thing. Writer, though, eh? I really enjoyed the I Am Gotham arc. So did we. But this was just nonsense. A story there should have been about the friendship between Clark and Bruce and should have also given us a deeper insight into Bruce's character and his feelings about his relationship with Selina became a poorly connected collection of grandstanding moments and narrative trickery. Now, wait till you get to the Wonder Woman. I mean, he's behind. He just read that double day. Wait till you get to the woman. Wait till you get to this week with the Booster Gold. I think Jeremy's going to blow a gasket. And uh, with that, too... It's another thing. Later, I don't really spell it out in the review, so I just want to mention it really quickly. That's another thing in this Booster Gold issue this week and the starting of the. You really get an opportunity to learn about the man, and Tom King is not. When I see these people saying that this Tom King run is really what's showing you the man, you're not ever getting that, and you're not getting it in general. I don't even know what this Batman thinks now through all of these issues that that part in the you know the super friends double date deal basically most of his dialogue was uh, no hmm. you're not getting anything about like he needs somebody to be a best friend like a clark where you could have an issue where he just sits down and talks about what's going through his mind now with this wedding and what he hopes and what you know what he doesn't want to happen or whatnot and we're never going to get that it's all grandstanding he's right it's just all that it it sucks uh but he says uh about his feelings that you know the grandstanding what should have been warm became cool and awkward as i said in the slack chat the effect was to keep the reader at arm 
arm's length as if King wanted the reader to admire rather than engage with the story, and the ending was nonsense. In both the OED and weird science senses of the word, OED is the Oxford English Dictionary version ah, of it, Eric. Thank you. Jeremy has returned. That said, I applaud your decision to give a space for alternative viewpoints on King's work, and I hope this continues. Ooh, Eric doesn't. I can't think of many sites that would do that. It's a gracious and even-handed move that confirms what I've known for a long time now. This is the best comic site and podcast around. See, Eric, it's working. The the evil plan is, is coming to play. I told her, I said, Eric, we're doing this so that people can see that it's just not hate, that we, we genuinely just don't like the issues themselves. And Eric's like, this is nonsense. I uh, hope you guys no, The thing are- is, I don't mind a second opinion review. It's just when I read the review, there was not like anything wrong, like – I, he explained it. You better watch said, yourself. Man, I do love this, <laughs> and then that was it. Yeah, well, that's that's what you get. That's a lot of the reviews that you get are are less than that. So there you go. Hope you uh, and yours are doing well. Mine aren't. I'm telling you, I still hear him screaming upstairs. Much love as always, Jeremy. And then he does have the editor's note, Oxford English Dictionary. I didn't know what that meant. Eric. He had <laughs> yeah. an editor's note. I just revealed my secrets. Uh, the next uh, email, and thanks, Jeremy. The next email is uh, Joey from the MSDC podcast. And he is kind of a, a newer friend, though. He said he was listening to the podcast, but he's become more of a friend of mine talking to me. And I told everybody, yeah. talk to me on Twitter. I'll talk back. I won't shut the hell up. I'll just no. keep on a talking. And I like uh, talking. I'm going to listen to He'll ignore me good. at work to talk to you. Damn right I will. Really. That's what I'm begging for. And that that wish, it has no monkey paw, Eric. It really doesn't. <laughs> I'm a Dracula. Joey says, Joey, the dad bod Galvez here. And I just wanted to say with a seven-plus-hour podcast, you can do anything. No, no, we can't. We're pretty much tied down in doing that podcast. But there's rules, right? Yes. You can piss off fanboys by never giving a 10 out of 10. Correct. I almost did this week, Aaron. You can make Tom King cry, but with willpower, you can get past those rules and be positive and give a crappy comic a 10 and make America great again. Make fanboys happy. I dare you. So he says that you're chicken, Eric. He says you're so chicken that you would never give a 10 out of 10. I have given 10 out of 10s on the site. Dare me, motherfucker. I'll give a 10 out of 10 and smell you later. So, so wait, what, what did you just say? You'll give a 10 out of 10? Oh, there you go. All right. Uh, I, I gave 10 out of 10s on the site. I will tell you, though, when you actually have to kind of get to the nitty-gritty and talk about them, it really does shy you away from you know saying anything's perfect. But yeah. let's talk Batman 45, just like giving a comic book a 10 when they haven't earned it. Booster Gold goes and screws with the timeline. You know, when I first heard about this run, it sounded cool, and I was actually excited, but it didn't turn out what I expected at all. Why, oh, why did this book let me down? Well, we, from the get-go, I was frustrated with the Booster Gold, got pretty twisted with an excitement crew when he witnessed Green Lantern committing suicide. Yep. Booster had issues borderline sociopathic tendencies we said this this was joey who said it on the site as well and tweeted me that he does think he's a psychopath which explains why we get the idea that he created this alternate future for bruce which i'll call bruce point which i do like that name and yeah i, I like even Booster said it point i even said it before where i almost think that that's what might have been that he wanted to see the shit go i did like the look of grace and batman i think everybody did but why cool. is every alternate future batman's go to the guns and the killing I don't even understand why he, this is Batman. Well, he wants a sound effect, Eric, and he wants this one. 
I like the killing. Of course, of course he, he does. wants that one. Of course. And, uh, yeah, it's because when they do anything in this, uh, you know, especially I say later again, that it is opposite world. It's bizarro Batman world. When you do this alternate take, it, it, and to me, it's lazy and it's not thinking things through. It's not going from the point where his parents live to continue on. It's his parents live. He's not Batman. Let me see how fucked up shit can get. Oh, you know what? The penguin, he's the president. Oh, oh my. my goodness. You know, oh, the, not even just the mayor of, uh, you know, Gotham and, and have a progression. No, he's just the president now. Only because there wasn't a Batman. Like, he is a good guy or at least can fool people. Batman was the only one who saw that he was bad. And now he's, he's fooled everyone, Eric. And you have a Jason Todd. Oh, you know, uh, we got to figure out something for him. Let's not have a progression that we think out. And I told you, this is where a lot of people have these alt, you know, timeline things. And you'll, yeah. you'll get the, you All know, history. the classic of the Nazis win World War II. You go from there. And it is really fun when somebody knows the so much about history and things like that, that when it gets to the point later where you're shocked. At like, how would that be? And when they explain it, like, yeah, unfortunately, some of these things, there might be things that work out better. Everything doesn't fall apart just because of one thing. And, you know, that's the cool thing of somebody who can guide you through an alt history uh, deal like that because it's something that I'm not smart enough to think through. And so when they say things and give you the reasons, you're you're amazed and impressed by what they're saying. This didn't amaze or impress me. This seemed very lazy and very surface level to just be a wow moment to shock people. That's all it was. So that's why you always in any of these get a Batman who has guns because that's where it all starts it's a Batman who has guns it's basically I said at the point where you had you know future things in the 1950s when people were pieces of shit and they're like you know you would always know you're in an alt timeline because the guy will turn on the TV and they're like Mrs. President what? Oh, no. no. Well, we've gotten past that now, obviously. But people with the Batman alt things, they can't get past it. That's the oh, wow moment that's supposed to set up everything. And it doesn't. It's just, again, I I call it lazy. Uh, One thing that made me laugh, if I haven't laughed enough in this issue already, is with all the crazy jokers running around, how can Bruce let Booster Gold break a window, take Booster to a private room and let him explain himself? He just busts in. They don't have doors in the future. If I were a multi-billionaire, I'd have security on his butt so fast, and he'd never get a chance to get near my guests, let alone myself. The other thing is, like, the, you're saying this, and the weird thing is, is that's not even his house. That That's his parents' house. I don't think that he lives there now, but he acts like he does. You know he what I mean? Might. He might. You think he lives in the out. basement, does he, in the back cave? It's yeah, now a man. West wing. He, you, you, a Bruce Wayne doesn't move out of his house. No, who he knows? loves his parents so no, much. He does. He loves them so much that they threw two parties in that issue, a birthday party and an anniversary party. But we get an explanation from Booster and his logic. If he's in Twisted, I want to give you the dream hallucination Superman had while he was trapped in his own mind. You never show your cards and let people know you've got a time machine. I said, that's another thing that I forgot to mention. He just He's just yelling about time machines because then your time machine gets taken by Biff or smashed to bits or the weird thing is, Skeets isn't a time machine. I think it would have been a better idea that Bruce knocked Booster over the head and taken Skeets to his R&D department instead. What I'm really hoping 
hoping for is that this sadist version of Booster is going to be an alternate version, which quite possibly could be the situation here. And now again, you do that, and now you've really went off the fucking reservation. Like yeah. that, that goes again, and, and again, now we're Mr. Miracle territory in my mind. I am going to give this issue a 4.5 on my review podcast, MCDC Comic Book Podcast at mcdcpodcast.pompey.com, Eric. And that he says is a shameless plug, but yeah, go check it out. I am very more, I'm more positive I gave it a 10 out of 10. Want to keep the fanboys happy, right? After talking more and more about this issue, the worse my rating gets. I might have to agree with Eric on this one. Maybe I should change my rating to a 3. Ah, clickbait. Artwork has actually better than I thought, but the dialogue was so horrible in some areas I actually screamed that my Kindle and my teenage daughter gave me a weird look. Dad's a geek, sorry. So that's my take on this book. And remember, kids, if you have willpower like Hal Jordan, you break the rules and accomplish anything like killing yourself. And that well, is even Joey. that, I'm telling you, how far has he taken the Green Lantern thing? Yeah. Because at this point in the regular timeline, Hal Jordan has created his own ring, which he could kill himself with because it's his own willpower fueling it. Yeah, but again, what has he done? Because he's saying that that's a regular ring and mentions all the and things about it. And it's a regular it. ring, but yet it doesn't fly off to find a new person no, after he that's dies. Another the Green thing Lantern core yeah. at? Yeah, where's the Green Lantern Corps? Why didn't the ring fly off his finger? Why are any of these things happening? Because what it, it basically is he writes it in a cinematic way. The way I say is that it's like he's the director. There's Al Jordan. All right, now put that ring up to yourself. Kill yourself. And scene. Okay, we're done with you. He goes off. The extra Hal Jordan goes off never to even be figured out and never the deal. I told you that one of the things about – Everybody starts uh, clapping. All right, we have yeah. a wrap. Uh, yeah, that's a wrap. A wrap. Hal Jordan. All right. All right. Me, His me, final day. Meet you down at the Brown Derby, guys. Time for sandwiches. Uh, with that, I said that I think it was Alan Moore that I, I heard the one time that I was telling you. It might even be Grant Morrison now that we t- talk about it in here. But these guys, some of these big guys, they have Bibles of yeah. characters. And there there was a story. One of these guys ends up having this Bible, and somebody gets a look at it and says, like, oh, who is this character? You have, like, 50 pages of this one character, and I don't recall what issue was that in what you know what book and whoever it was said oh they were only in one panel but to make it work i had to know exactly what they have done their entire life and yes that's crazy and that's why i go out more but it is somebody that so everything that happens these people are living and breathing entities that come and go from something before not just to show up in this book as a prop and then be used booster gold is only in this because you want to have an and i'll tell you my theory my theory i don't say it later my theory is all this is is so that before Bruce can go somehow. Selena is in the story. She's in the solicits. And somehow in the story, you're going to have Bruce say, uh, Mom, I want you to meet Selena Kyle. You know, I think that in some crazy deal, we get married. Oh, I really like her. All this is is to give the approval of a dead mother about Selena. I don't know how it'll work. Doesn't say it in my in my version. It's really bad what I just said, but I, I just think that's all it is. And Booster is a prop to do it because you're making it an Elseworlds deal, which doesn't make sense. Where he changes the timeline and then we'll just change it back, wipe his hands clean, and say you know everything's good now. Though this is where Booster should be fired, and he's no longer a Time Master. He should be. It, it should be done. He, he's really not should. one in this continuity, as far as well, I'm yeah. concerned. 
But even so, when he went after that, uh, you know, the whole deal of, you mean Tom King's continuity? Or all, yeah. yeah, he isn't. So basically, yeah, he's running roughshod. But this is awful. It's awful for the character. It's awful. And, and the book itself doesn't give you anything new. It doesn't give you, like Jeremy said, the, the idea, the, the look of what the man is, though that's what everybody says. And these were 10 out of 10 reviews. Eric, I'm not going to get mad. I'm taking deep breaths. I'm not going to. Luke Hollywood's next. And thanks, Joey. Luke Hollywood is next. Hey, and says, What's up, Jim, Eric? I need Luke to cheer me up. What's up, Jim, Eric, Reggie, Chris, Brandon, Trevor, Josh, Jeremy, Andy, Abby, and everybody else in the Get Fresh crew? Boop, boop. He wants this one, Eric. Ding sound. Ding sound. Ding I'm a little sound. earlier sending my mail this week. I'm typing this on Thursday. So I haven't gotten around to read all my books yet. But I've read a few so far, including a big one. So strap yourself in for Hollywood Kids Two Cents. I was kind of bummed to see Tony Daniels off damage this week. I guess he was busy on Batman. But I would rather he stay on this book for the first six, seven issues at least. Enough to fill out a trade. Seeing as these New Age of Hero books really push the artist as the headline act, it's a little strange to see DC going for fill-ins this early in the game. Yeah. I mentioned that as well. Although I'm definitely not complaining about Victor Bogdanovich saving Silencer. Shh. From Blocky Jar Jar. LOL. Haven't read Batman yet. You opening up a, a drink there, buddy? You, you get no, your drink. No, snap and get the cone of silence. Oh, were you? Oh, it sounded like you were opening a drink. I'm a, I'm a bit apprehensive because I'm a big booster gold fan. He hasn't read Batman yet. Nope. Oh, goodness. He probably ranks third next to Kyle Rayner and My Hero Academia. And for the looks of that preview, King is really going for the lame wow moment with my boy Hal shooting himself with his ring for no reason. I guess it all makes sense when I read the book. Optimistic. <laughs> Mr. Miracle was actually a bit of an improvement for me this month, so I guess that puts it just below JLA as much as it annoys me. Not sure if this uh, was more of an insult or compliment to JLA, to be honest. The big book of the week definitely had to go to Action Comics 1000, obviously. I've only been reading action since Rebirth kicked off, so I haven't been in the game for as long as other members of the get fresh crew boom, boom, boom. but even to me this issue felt like something special had we've had a couple of victory lap style issues recently with creative teams jumping across books and while usually they feel tacky and forced this celebration of both clark and soups felt really deserved and i found myself cheering him on in every story you know why it felt right there because it was a celebration there, yeah. there are times for it and this was it this is a victory lap and we've also had a couple of oversized milestones and special anthologies so far in rebirth but i think this issue was one of the most satisfying of those so far the all-star creative team pulled out all the stops, and I enjoyed each and every one of the stories with my personal favorites coming from Jurgens, Tomasi Gleason, Johns, and Meltzer. Those last two are my least favorite, I say. Uh, I usually, with these books, I only read like one or two of these stories, so I was pleasantly surprised to thoroughly enjoy all of them. And I say that Johns and Meltzer ones were my least favorite. I, I didn't hate them. Uh, no. He's right. Every one of these was worth reading, and you have some fun. So I was presently surprised to thoroughly enjoy all of them, and I think King's story was probably one of the better things he's written recently, and it didn't even have Dark Side, isn't it? LOL. <laughs> Finally, I know Brandon. It's a weird deal. Like He wasn't even in the announcements at first, and all of a sudden they announced he'd be in it. Then they let him put the story online. It just was a weird progression of that whole deal. Finally, I know Brandon isn't going to be happy with this, but I was impressed with Bendis' story at the end. It seems he isn't afraid to come out swinging and really make his mark on the character, and I can respect that. I'm also happy to see Supergirl added to the mix. I like that a lot. I Me feel too. like we've been desperate for some decent care ever since Orlando goofed it up to Rebirth. I was intrigued enough to stick a pre-order down for Man of Steel, which that's awesome. And as yeah. much as I enjoyed Jurgens and Tomasi Gleason's run on the big S, I must admit I'm excited to see more of this new direction with Bendis. Sorry, Brandon. 
all right, now that we have all the required comic talk out of the way, we can get into the real meat and potatoes of this mail. It's a long-ass mail. Jim, having listened to your My Hero Academia update from last week, I pondered long and hard, and I think I have a solution to your dilemma. He's, and the dilemma, obviously, is my kid, mainly Logan, will not watch it. Now, before right. he goes on, I will tell you, we have watched the intro, and Logan basically, full quote, this looks like nonsense. And I said, come here. Come here, little guy. You're just like your daddy. Uh, what you need, I, I thought it looked good, but yeah, nonsense. He said, what you need to do is grab Logan by the shoulders, look him in the eye, and tell him that the Hollywood kid says he needs to check himself before he wrecks himself. Why? Because real men watch anime. It's not what he says. I won't say what he says. That's why the Get Fresh Coop can boop, boop. back me up on that. I was huge anime and, you know, late 90s, 2000 deal. I, I was big. I liked a lot um, of anime at that point. I'll admit I haven't watched much, and My Hero Academia is the only one I'm keeping up with right now. But I would argue that alone is enough, uh, is enough as you should always aim for quality over quantity. Uh, and he says in My Hero Academia, it's like chicken soup for the soul. It's that good. Seriously, Jim, especially with what you were saying about the, you liking the plucky kid down on his luck who goes on the hero's journey and enters a whole new world of opportunity. It's got Jim Book written all over it. LOL, if you're not hooked after the first three episodes, which is one hour, or the first volume of, oh, it's a half hour, Eric. That's for me. <laughs> that's what that's my first deal or the first volume of the manga i think my boy josh would dig that for an episode of vermilion's visions which is actually a really cool idea then yeah. you and logan can both come on down the leak slip and catch these fists no oh, axes shit. allowed and bring some bread with you too that'd be great i will bring bread don't worry i'm not putting continuity. anybody on blast except eric i always put eric on blast yes yeah. i just don't want to go to belfast because andrew ended up sending me a video of these two girls beaten up or getting beat up by bouncers boy it was World War Eight there. It looked bad. And right now, it is an ongoing feud with Andrew and, and Brandon thinking, which is worse, Belfast or Buffalo? And I wish that they were sister cities. It'd be hilarious. Okay, I'll get off my, my Hero Academia soapbox for now, as this mail is already bursting at the seams as it is. I haven't checked out the new Sales and Solicits podcast on the Patreon yet, but I'm looking forward to listening to that, Jim, and keep cranking out the boys' toys. Eric, I was worried the seller dweller had taken over. Cool. Oh. See how the tables turn. Yeah, you, you had a bunch of boys' toys, and it seemed like people were like, "Ah, oh, cellar dweller's dead." And then the next thing you know, now the cellar dweller's taking over. Your boy in leaks up. The Hollywood kid. XO. 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 And that's the end Man, of that mail. Thank it's you, the Hollywood end of this kid. mail section. It's the end of the mail for the night. So we're gonna go off now, and I think right now we are actually gonna go to the end of the podcast. I think that's what we're doing, Eric. I'm not All sure, right. but it may be the last, and really the last section of the podcast is four books, so it's pretty much its own little podcast itself, but yeah, we'll be back with that.
time to end this here podcast, Eric. About here time. we go, America's sweetheart, Eric Shea. Are you oh talking about me? Oh my goodness, what is going on with you, Eric? I don't know. I think I've had way too much coffee in my system. It's messed up my Q-Zone. And we're going to go on to these books Is that there. a product by Queen buddy, Industries? Buddy, there, my Q-Zone is being messed up with their coffee. I think I've had probably 12 coffees tonight. And it's, All right. And I haven't eaten. So, uh, really. That's I, called diarrhea. I, I am. Re- it's called Jim is very dizzy right now and may vomit is what that's called and we'll never go to sleep tonight which in the roundabout deal i didn't go to sleep until 4 a.m yesterday so there you go or this morning eric or no oh yeah yeah it's not midnight yet i was thinking that maybe to me it seems like it's 2 a.m is what it seems like oh it's crazy what would you say if i asked you that drunk eric shea what what do you think he'd say he'd say this segregation reggie uh, Why would he say that? He would say this. Like, Eric, we have four more books to do. It's a weird four-book section to end this. What do you think about that? Oh, it's so good. It's so good. That so does good. not sound like current Eric Shea to me. That, that is not a guy who says that, but he does say this. You liked it, baby? Yeah, I did like it, baby. I did like it, baby. Ah, uh, yes, Eric. Here we go. Why are you playing with the soundboard? Come on. Here we go. I'm having problems. I'm very dizzy right now, and I need. You ever like when you you get drunk? Uh, you ever get the drunks there when Not you, a long you time. drink? You're drinking your beers and your alcohols, and you come home and the room starts spinning. You're supposed to like put one foot on the floor so it doesn't spin. You ever do that? Like you're well, laying in bed and you're supposed to put because then that kind of in your mind it grows. I usually it. vomit. Yeah, I I feel like I need to put a foot on the ground, but Eric, I'm in a chair. You know my feet aren't reaching that ground. You're dangling. <laughs> I'm dangling my feet here. I should not really do uh, podcasting from a high chair, but you know. They're, that, all, that, they're all high chairs to you. Oh, you son of a bitch. I'll kill you. I'll fucking kill you, but we're going to move on. He's a man, everybody. Well, I'm a man, Eric. I'm a man. We're going to start <laughs> with this section of books, the end section with four books. We're going to start with the continuation of a new age of heroes or, if you will, a new age of DC heroes. I see some people saying, or I see people saying the DC new age heroes. I really or think the that, dark matter books. I, I really think that the problem is that they really haven't spelled it out well. And people are just calling it what they will. Some yeah, people are calling it uh, unnecessary. Other people are calling it nonsense, Eric. And the problem is, I was not saying that until this issue, at least, in this series. And well, it's I'm damaged. telling you, it's getting there just because of how weird it is. Like, last week we had Sideways that didn't have enough freaking story yeah. for its third issue where we had a freaking, you know, oh, let's fill everybody in with what we've been dealing with so far. I'm like, yeah. that's weird. And if you look at this issue... This is a short issue. I think yeah. it's like 15 pages. Pretty thin, Riggs, is what I Pretty say. Uh, with that, I realize that in these books, it's it's a, not a slippery slope. I would say that it's very thin ice that they're playing at in these because I realize that because, be, well, because of this one issue, I, I'm almost out. 
I, I'm I telling you, these are – I didn't realize the thin red line that they're playing with here of me being into these books because Damage is one of those that we had listed as our one or two favorite ones oh, with yeah. Silencer actually. And, you know, the Terrifics, I, I liked – I actually were – I was more into Damage than the Terrifics because I didn't think the Terrifics is giving you enough as well. I just can't wait for the unexpected is what I need, Eric. But uh, with this, I realized that with this one issue – I'm kind of out and yep. to the point where now the rubber venditti is going to have to win me back. And I don't know that he can. Because and it turns it really... out the person who can only win us back is Tony S. Daniel. Yeah. And, and that's a big problem, which I'll, I will talk about once I do my thing uh, coming up, my blurb. But even with that, it just shows you that these are what they are. You know what I mean? I, I really thought like, boy, they're really hitting with these. Finally, some new characters. I'm really into this. But no, in in the end, it seems like, yeah, they're just kind of side deals that if I'm it keep my you, interest, like, I'm in, but I'm not real interested. We uh, were joking before, like everybody makes a comparison with Damage being DC's Hulk and stuff like yeah. that. We made the joke when it first started, like an issue two or something, where every issue is just going to end where he's just going to be a Bill Bigsby freaking hitchhiking down the yeah, street, hitchhiking going down to the his street. next adventure yeah. where he has to t- Hulk out fight somebody and then do the same thing and apparently that is what we're getting right i was gonna say little did we know we were right it's crazy (laughs) it's crazy just we move on to the next big you know who's gonna be our uh, cameo guest star of the week and we're just gonna fight them and then we're gonna move on and do it all over again boys and girls and and the weird thing about it is is that we have this whole deal with this hour of power uh, I like to call it usually the what Shazam I Shazam Isis Power Hour? No, I, I wanted the actually Hour of Power. It's the gym Hour of Power. It was going to be my dance show that I was going to have mm-hmm. on Channel 17, Eric. Uh, and I was going to have all the top hits that the kids all love in that. Uh, you don't get anything more with Total anything in this. No, no, it's just a dance show. It's like yeah. dancing on air. I'm there dancing it up, you know. You see my moves, Eric. Every, I know. Everybody's I really want to see it. this power yeah, hour. What you're going to see in the power hour is basically me dance, probably hit a light that falls down, makes me step back into the set design, which I, now tumbles, and I fall down and slice my wrist. It's uh, it's always going to end with me hurt. Uh, but, yeah, you have this where you're not progressing the overall idea of what this book is. And this is the problem where before – I thought that Silencer had the worst power. Maybe I was wrong. Maybe this hour of power is what because it seems like the writer Robert Venditti doesn't even want to deal with it himself. It's just like basically like, okay, we're going to have him fight here. And not once has it seemed to really matter the whole deal because he is a little overpowered and ends up beating people up in in a second. Uh, But uh, I'll give you my blurb and you'll see. What I'm talking about, Damage Number 4, written by Robert Venditti, our team of Kerry Nord and Tomei Moray and other people. Uh, I grabbed it from Brandon. He did not list that. I'm going to look now. Tomei Moray and Tom Napolitano. And I have an issue here mainly because and I know the way they're spelling out, and this is part of explaining what my blurb will say, but – now you have Kerry Nord on this, and Tony S. Daniel was the guy, and I'll, I'll, we'll talk a little about how they made these issues and how they were doing it, but it's weird now to see Kerry Nord in the storytellers where I don't know how long he's going to be on this book. I don't know if, if Tony Daniels needed one issue, if he's not going to be on it anymore, but it's kind of an odd thing to see well, him there. Right right away it makes me think because I know that Victor Bogdanovich is taking over yeah, in Silencer yeah. number four for uh, yeah. J.R.J.R. J. But that became but like, news. 
that's that that I was know, like, like that was on the bed. I never thing, heard like, like we have these big, you know, artists, like, arts? out and about. Like, this is going to be our dream team of artists coming out to present the new age of DC heroes. But little do they know, they're only going to be lasting for no, three no. issues. Three issues. You're going to get everything you want for three issues. Yeah, <laughs> it's a fine wink, print. Wink. Is what it is. Like, your mic's still on, uh, you know, Mr. DC. Shit. What? I didn't know that. Oh, I'll do this. I'll think of it in my head. You're going to get this art team that you love. Issues. No, no, you're still saying it, buddy. Ah, oh, shit. But yeah, here it is. Here's my blood, which ah. explains something. In an imprint of books that values the art team so much, and really was spelled out that this imprint, which isn't an imprint, but it is, uh, yeah. is mainly the artist, is the star. It's odd to see someone other than Tony Daniel on this book so soon. With that, the lesser art kind of really shows the flaws in this book. Namely, nothing is going on. And the art isn't horrible, but... Because it isn't Tony Daniels who we're used to, it does kind of make you kind of pay attention a little more. Like it's one of those that it like wakes you up. It's still, oh, okay, well, what's going on here? Nothing. And it, it kills me. Now, this is the, the concept of this, this whole imprint. Uh, I heard this. I forget. I actually, I, I'd love to give the shout out. I heard this on another podcast and I can't remember which it was because I've listened to so many. So yeah. if, it, if you are listening and it is yours, give me a, a ring ski. And uh, I'll give you some credit, but they spelled that because I didn't know as much of what was going on. But basically, instead of a script being presented to an artist, it is the artist presenting done artwork to the writer who then makes the script based on the artwork. So it's a very, very – Well, that's fucking terrible. Well, who would ever think that's, that's a good thing. idea? It's a very important – and this is what I heard. And if, and if you did say it and you were lying, I'll kill you. But uh, with that, it's a very delicate balance then between the art and the, the thing and the writer. So all of a sudden, when you do change, and a Victor Bogdanovich even, uh, changing this really would throw off, you know, the whole concept of this and the story. It almost makes sense that maybe Carrie Nord is going forward and this is a dip your toe in where, okay, just kind of get your – your feet wet, your toes wet there, kind of get your idea about this uh, because nothing goes on. You get nothing more in this. You see a little more of, you know, how damage was made, Kind of, but we know this. There's nothing new there. You're well, not going to get that. That's the worst part where we go back before, and it's like before. I'm like, all right. We're going to get a little bit more on, like, you know, Elvis and how he became damaged. Yeah. Like that. Instead, you just, just see him damage up for the first time well, and they go, the oh, is, my goodness. He's just laying in a hospital yeah. bed where they inject him with, you know, this is, you know, like, uh, like test number, like 143 or something like that. And like this time it happens to work and he turns into damage. There's no talk about what this damage solution is, this damage serum or how it works, stuff like that. It just is. And then we progress. I'm like, really? Yeah. We just you know get what to the, see him turn into you know damage. What the for the first thing, time. There's only one little thing. And I'm telling you, I'm like, really? This, like, I, I don't know that this makes anything better. It seems that Colonel Jonas at one point is a little hesitant to go forward. Like she, like there is the little window of opportunity that we're going to see that Colonel Jonas may end up joining up with Elvis on the run at some point or be his kind of like out to kind of make things better. Just because doctor, perhaps we should reconsider. Yes, because out of all this, she's never said anything like that with the whole deal of – and it's going, and they're like, okay, everything's going right. Oh, no, we have a response, and then her just saying out of nowhere, 
Doctor, maybe we should, uh, you know, reconsider. And then shit goes you, wrong. You, you know how I finished that sentence from her? It's like, Doctor, perhaps we should reconsider standing this close to the subject. Yeah, maybe. But I'm <laughs> telling you, her saying that is the only time we've ever seen that she may have some feelings and feel bad with what ends up going on. You need something. You're yeah. going to need – like, you're not going to have this is – it's not – Hopefully, like we thought, going to turn into Bill Bixby hitchhiking every time. At some point, you're going to have to have this book move forward with somebody helping out. He can't just go from town to town and and fight each. You know, all of a sudden, it just ends up. Who's well, the guest star of the month? And, and and basically, like, huh? We just had reports that that he's been seen fighting Gorilla Grodd in Central City. All right, let's go to Central City. When you get to Central City, oh no, we saw that he's fighting Parasite in, you know, Metropolis. Oh, let's go to Metropolis. You have to have something. And the idea of this team that's on the, you know, going to get him, they do not think this crazy, you know, the the sniffer, and I'm telling you, I don't know their names. I'm telling <laughs> you, this team Paparazzi that, uh, that Mr. Alicia set up yeah. for, like, the hunt down Mr. damage. It's like Misha can sense that it all seems to be about sensing things with their different it's not, the, it's not the sniffer. That's not what I'm telling you. I'm, I'm making up names myself. Who? She's the sniffer. Oh my goodness. I actually gracious. wanted to write these names down before we got on. Well, and you I, had paparazzi. That one paparazzi. of them is paparazzi, who's like a guy, you get a bunch of people together and he can tell you which guy did this in a lineup. I'm like, really? That's not what very are, what interesting. What about cataract? Oh, cataract. I, I like sniffer. I'm telling you, uh, you have the, and Misha, out of nowhere, you have paparazzi, <laughs> paparazzi, cataract, Misha. I'm like, really? You're not helping me here with your, your, uh, freaking, uh, what are those? The glasses? Are those like the glasses that Zach wears in the Ghost Hunters now? These I square, so. like, <laughs> it's so ridiculous. She's there. Not a good look, the, Misha. Oh my God, like, Misha. She looks like a reject from the Matrix movies. I'm telling you, she, she does look like, she does look like a reject from the Matrix movies with maybe Charles Nelson Riley's glasses. I'm like, what is going on? And then paparazzi's there to go, baby, you don't look so good. There you go. You got a team. But yeah, you have Mr. Leisha's team in this where why are we setting up more about them than our main character? I know now more about Misha, quote unquote, the sniffer, that she can. One time I went and I sniffed this guy's. You know, flower. Um, no, I, I don't yeah, care. I, I really Misha don't care. It's more of a, like she has to taste them. She's like, taste. Yeah, One know. time I found a target of a bakery by matching the brand of flour he tracked from the stairs yeah, to the seat of it. Like an assassination it. three months earlier. But you know what it is? Jesus Christ. I think it's when she smells the diesel exhaust that I got yeah. the sniffer because she goes out like, all right. And it's okay. It's, it's kind of interesting. The problem is now, you, why are you setting up? Characters that are more developed and quite frankly, if we get a little more, are more interesting than your main character. You're setting up that this seems like the book now is about the sniffer that's going, I, I got the, the flower. Sniffer. <laughs> and yeah, she goes in the stand like, okay, he sat there and then went there, went out at this point. Okay, he got in a diesel 18 wheel truck. They did this and that. And this is and, all the whole thing from where he left off last issue where yeah. he got in the back of the And we saw even in this too where yeah. he's in there and he's kind of figured out that the best way he can do he got out of that 18 wheeler luckily the guy who was driving is a nice guy and says hey what's going on you, you having problems yeah i need a job whatever hey you know what my cousin he'll hook you up he can yeah. do that and he's just manual labor but it's outside it's like, fresh air he's like a migrant worker which yeah. is perfect for a guy like him the problem to keep is a low profile. 
is, of course, you have of everything that he can get involved with, he gets involved in some work that leads him right to Poison Ivy. And these people who are very nice, which it is set up by Venditti, that they are very nice. They're joking around. They accept them right away. It's pretty yeah. cool. Jose and, uh, and they're all making jokes how the white man's taking their jobs away. Oh, yeah, the, jobs away. That, the white man's taking our jobs. And they all laugh, and he's laughing, and they're having a grand old time. They get to where they're going, and like, what, what are we doing here? This is like a, you know, a forest or a jungle. It's, it's because be, Ivy. It's supposed to be a field of wheat. What's going yeah. on? And Ivy's there, and you get the pretty much generic Ivy. More and murderers arrived to earn their blood money. And again, we had the whole deal with Tom King. You even get a spell out here. And where I see, like, where I have an issue, I have an issue where, number one, they need to get together. If you're not going to make Ivy a hero, at least get some parameters of Jesus the look Christ. and what she does. And I realize that when she is doing things and it's with, say, a Batman, yeah, that would be the big one. But even yeah. when she usually is doing some stuff that, you know, yeah, she's bad, but she has her point or she's doing this. When she shows up in a book like this, she is generic, cliched Ivy that does nothing. She's just yelling stuff. She's only there to attack so anything she yells is nonsense it never is thought out it's basically like huh you man is the scourge of earth and i will take it down with the plants you eat my brothers and sisters i'm like where are we going with this like this is so generic just to fight to cause a ruckus so that damage, so damage has to has be damage turn into damage yeah. yes it, that's and, all and it's a, it's no, a prop I get angry, though, because it says this issue takes place before Batman number 41. I'm like, why is that the call up? Because yeah. all of new like the new like the, all of Rebirth and Batgirl, Birds of Prey, Poison Ivy has been yeah. a good goddamn yeah. good guy. Yeah. Why is it now like a Batman? Yes, That's the Batman why. is obviously the big book, but this is the been doing this stuff with Batgirl and the Birds of Prey the real this entire goddamn time. The real big problem in all of this is if they were going to do these notes. Now, yes, this would not make sense that this would be Ivy. After Batman, I, I understand that. Why aren't they? Why didn't DC give the props to the Bensons? And it's actually, it's not even the props. It just makes more sense to me that if you're going to make a timeline and you're going to have to give Tom King the props, make Tom King's story happen before all this, so that uh, before the uh, Birds of Prey. So yeah. at least then you get a progression that makes sense. It makes no and sense I'm when they throw you, this I, out. I'm actually trying to make it work in my head because we, we always throw, we, I'm sorry, we always throw shade at the Bensons though because they think that real time is the same mm -hmm. as comic book time. I'm like, all right. So like Batman's taking place in comic book time and the Bensons book's taking place so two years. So that's why it's not working exactly. out. Exactly. And she's and a hero two years from now. So it's okay. All this stuff takes place before Bat. I, I'm yeah. telling you, I was going insane just trying to make a time on my head because like, nobody and, knows and what the fuck to do with Poison here's Ivy. Here's the problem. You have, the spell out in Birds of Prey. This happens before Batman. That doesn't make sense. So no. she's redeemed to go to Batman to be redeemed. This doesn't make sense in the opposite way of this happens before Batman. Oh, so she attacked all these people, but she didn't care about this. She only cared about jokes and riddles. It, it never makes sense because everybody's just running roughshod with the character. And this version, though, is only there as a prop. And, and just this could be Ivy. It could be, I mean, name your, you know, pick your poison. Parasite, like I yeah. said earlier. This could be Killer Croc. I think Croc. Damage might have killed Parasite. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm saying. But you could just name 
any villain that yeah. can attack in a grand style. You know oh, what like I mean? Oh, like Grodd? Yeah, like Grodd. And that seems a little off as well. Like Grodd seems to me like he would just get his head torn off. But you, you know what I'm saying. You have a big uh, a villain so that you can have this attack. So Ivy attacks. Uh, these guys really, she's attacking them because they cut down the wheat. That's yep. basically why she's there to attack. Like, this is the one farm that she has decided to make her last stand at? That, that, that's, this is it? It's yeah. nonsense. And, well, uh, even that, I'm sorry, the progression here, because we have Ivy attacking all these migrant workers, and Ethan's forced to, you know, damage up and stuff like that. He's in the back of the truck in the flatbed area. He turns into damage, and then when you, like, you know, we see the uh, ca- character of damage... He's now above the truck in front yeah. of it and smashes down and the smashes. hood of the truck. Among, yeah. But the hood of the truck, he was in the back of the truck. Yeah. What just happened? And, and with that, you have the guy and like, oh, my truck. And you have the whole idea that the other thing is the big part of the book so far and what you would think is the intriguing part going forward as well is the idea of a, you know, Ethan saying like, hey, damage, just relax. We got to do this right. Damage kind of not, you know, whatever. But this one, that just kind of pretty much gets thrown aside just to attack. He does say like, you're going to have to damage up. They're going to need me. Oh, come on. we got." And then immediately smashes the truck of these guys who are the nicest guys to him and setting him up with a job. But, and but I'm he just gets, like, what's going like, on? It looks like he's coming from in front of the truck. Like he's, yeah. it's, a, it's a weird progression where I don't get what he, how he's moving his body like this. Yeah. Yeah, it know. really throws me off. But And then we, we just fight Ivy and it's a cliffhanger where he's all wrapped up in vines. Yeah, and uh, again – you have how many guys? Like three or four of these guys, and then Ethan and, and Ivy shows up. Huh? You murders are arriving to get your blood money. I'm like, really? They're, they're, they're harvesting wheat. Like, really? You, that's your biggest problem here. And I'm pretty uh, sure Damage killed wheat? that guy in the truck. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just to me, it's just way just ridiculous. And it, nothing happens. Nothing I, in nothing. this happens. And you just have a fight. The timer's going you got, down. You learn about is, the sniffer. Yeah, the sniffer and the 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 picturer, the, the paparazzi, the cataracts, and the Mr. Uh, Leashes. And then you have a, it, even with the whole idea, like where is this? Which I I would think is going to lead to it, but why not just get right to the deal where he's fighting Ivy here, and we only get a, a minute and a half gone. So really, like the tension's not there. You would expect that the next issue, he's now down to thirty seconds. When the sniffer and the gang, Mr. Leash's gang, shows up, so now you need, oh my God, he's not going to be him. What? It just, oh no, the, power, the hour of power is almost the over. Hour of Jim just ran into the set <laughs> and he's bleeding out. He's now bleeding out on the set. But yeah, it, it's just. Dial 9 1, and, and when Jim you know falls also, over, hit yes, 1 again. You know what's funny about this is. You, they, it seems like Venditti really is afraid of the cliche that every issue is going to end with him almost running out of power, but he's gone the opposite to net. This actually, it makes sense with this Green Lantern books. When was the last time we had anybody recharge a ring? Oh you God. are setting up the hour of power, Eric, and you're dialing 9-1. You never have to dial that other one because nothing ever happens, and it's there's no stakes. There's nothing. All it is is Ethan, you know, sad sack Ethan going around uh, – <laughs> As as a worker, I, I've had enough. And like I said, I was really into this. 
And now I'm not. And I realized well, maybe I wasn't completely. that into it. I was just I, kind I, of I, fooling myself. I'm telling you, it was cool. We had some really great art where we had some big, like, you know, heavy hitters showing up, you know, sort of guest starring, stuff like that. It was fun. Now that the art's gone and it's just the same thing over and over, yeah, there was yeah. nothing to this from yeah, the it, beginning. You know, it's, the funniest thing, it reminds me of my old roommate, Rick, who was the, the guy – I mean, I, I'm not stepping out here. Stepping out. He was a good okay. looking guy. He was a very good looking guy. Hey, you keep and, telling uh, me that. It's weird. Oh, he, he really. I'm telling I know, you. Just anybody I was like, hey, Jim, what do you want to have for lunch today? You know my buddy Rick? Really good looking guy. I'm like, you know who's a good what, lunch? You know who's a good looking guy? That Rick. Speaking of good looking guys. And the best what? is, the best is, is like Herb's listening now going, why has he never said that about me? <laughs> it's because you're ugly, Herb. You're ugly. Herb would also not listen, but this is a guy. He had a lot of options, right? So yeah. a lot of, a lot of things that the, you know, the age old adage is that a guy's fidelity is usually based on the amount of options he has. But uh-huh. the other thing is not just fidelity. You know what I'm saying, right? Eric, you're very aware of what I'm saying <laughs> <Right>? here. <laughs> wink, wink. Nobody's listening, Eric. Uh, Rick though, because of the options, he was very like, particular with things but he would always tell me also i I mean i don't think rick listens uh not exactly very nice guy one of the nicest guys i've ever known as well not exactly bright but he would say to me like every girl that he met he would be said this is this does tie back to damage all right Uh, cool eventually uh it's a roundabout way now every girl he would meet he would tell me jim this is the one Oh my goodness. I, I think I might marry this girl. Like she oh. is the best. She's great. Uh, she has a job here. She's doing this. She's doing that. Oh my God. And then she'll pull up in a pickup truck. He breaks up with her immediately. That's a deal breaker. And he right breaks there. up immediately. And I'm like, what, what, what's going on? You just told me a minute ago that you were going to marry this girl. He's like, no, no. Dudes drive pickup trucks, not ladies. There oh. you go. Boom. Done. Another Very girl. Progressive of you, an- Rick. I'm telling you. An- oh my God. Another girl he was dating. And I'm telling you, she came in. We're sitting there, you know, I'm sitting there in the, the living room. We're watching some TV. She comes over and he's told me how great she is. The best thing ever. And she came over. This is pretty bad, but she's like, yeah, I was driving in this and used the C word, swerved and cut me off. Rick's like, yeah, we got to talk. Deal gotta- breaker. They go outside. I see her ye- or hear her yelling and like, why, why crying? She goes off, comes in. I'm like, Rick, what? She cursed like a man. <laughs> really? You have a I'm lot of you. issues. I, I really, for some reason, if I was living with you and Rick at the time, I think I would have bought a big gong for the living room. Oh, where every time best. that Rick broke up with somebody for no reason, gong. This would oh, happen every three days. This yeah. would happen with Rick. That, and that's that's just why the it would be a sound investment because we I'm would always you, use the gong. At one point during the span, I I think that it was the joke. I think that he went through 24 girlfriends and I couldn't find anybody to even know my name. Like, <laughs> what is going on? And in the Herb lived there, ugly Herb. You know, ugly. Me and him are sitting there like, what the fuck is going what on? ugly Herb would like to say Oh, chess. my God. I'm like, oh, Herbie, you, you look a lot like Charlie Bucket from uh, from the uh, Willy Wonka movie. And he's <laughs> like, you know what? But, uh, you know, I'm not a horrible looking man but uh it yeah. was just odd but this is how damages to me and when i when we're talking about it, i'm like uh, we're now rick like we thought that we were really in this and it only took one thing to be like nope we're done damage fights like a fights like a man i'm out oh, not on my watch oh, and, and really uh rick 
that, that I wish that I could remember. I'd have a top five reasons Rick has broken up with women. If I sit and think there are some crazy ones, I mean crazy. Do they all uh, eventually all wrap around to they did something like a man? It's almost always like did something. <laughs> like, I'm telling you, this would be Rick one time broke up with a girl because her sister moved to England or France. And like he a said man. that, and no, he said that basically <laughs> that's something that must be in the family, and he does oh. not need that nonsense. I'm like, well, he's, it's it's he's in a the family. Scientist. They they moved. I, I don't yeah. understand what you're saying there, Rick. And then, yeah, it, it got it got it, if she, you know, and the typical like I didn't like her laugh. That that was very common. Well, that's the uh, thing is, Rick Rick needed a lot of explanations just to tell you. He liked to fuck around. Yeah, well, that kind of was too. Oh, I, you want to hear another one? I just thought yeah, of. Of course, I do. <laughs> he actually broke up with a girl after a little bit after telling me she's the one because yeah. he realized she had bigger feet than him. It was deal pissed. breaker. Yes, he was so upset because I think that he went and he like put her shoes on by accident and and they were too big. And he's like, "Wait a second. I just don't show know. How me. That he's like, "Show me your feet." And he put the feet that, huh? Let's go outside. And it was always hey, go outside. Hey, Wern. Hey, Wern uh, yeah. Um, yeah, that's what he would say, it, it, too. Hey, Wern. Uh, it turns out <laughs> I didn't realize I'm dating Sasquatch. Yeah, he's like, I am dating. Deal breaker. I'm dating Sasquatch. Every photo we take, she's oh blurry. Deal breaker, it's Wern. So, yeah, it's, I, we went by a mirror. She didn't have a reflection. She's a Dracula. She's a Dracula. She's one of them Draculas. Oh, he was so crazy. I, I'm trying. I wish I could think. Baby, I'll, it turns I'll come out up. he's a Dracula. No, Deal again. breaker. Basically, going back to Rick, uh, we ended up, he ended up buying a house. His mom and dad helped him buy a house. And, uh, and this was right I'm out of high school, that. pretty much. I moved in with her. We wanted to get out of our, you know, I was still living at my parents. So I wanted to get into a house. So we move in and, uh, he ended up the first time he used the, uh, the oven. We oh, ended God, up making like, we, we made a lasagna. So, and the, the thing is, Rick worked, uh, I think second shift, but it was a weird second shift that like started at six at night. So right. we ended up eating. He went to work. When he left, we had cooked this this lasagna at four hundred for yeah. at, you know two hours. The minute that it was done, he was worried something was wrong with the oven because it was still hot. He ended up calling six or seven times from work, saying that he thinks that he needs to have his mom and dad come over to check the oven because it's still hot. And I kept saying, Rick, y- y- we cook something for two hours; it cools down. Like it, yeah. it will go. Next thing you know, he. Yeah, uh, it's Rick's mom. Jesus Christ, he called Rick's mom. Rick's mom comes in. She, she's missing an arm. She, it freaked me the hell out. She, that's just a lady without an arm. She comes in and she's like, yeah, uh, that the best is she showed up basically to tell me, listen, uh, Rick's a really nice kid, you know, he, and they, he has like, thank God for that body. And he's like, listen, uh, basically he's like, listen, uh, you're going to have to deal with this a lot. Uh, he thinks he's only ever used a microwave probably three times in his life. So, you know, just give him some slack and we're going to pretend that everything's fine with the oven and we'll go from there. Uh, another thing is he ended up putting, um, regular. No, no, he went to do, uh, dishes in the dishwasher and use shampoo. 
and shit was everywhere. It went everywhere. How is and, he and, making classic sitcom scenarios? I, I don't know. It was the cra- he. This was the craziest bunch of times. And me and her would just you, sit there and I, I shake our heads. I lived above a porn shop for five years. You have crazier stories than yeah, I know. Uh, I was all Rick then. And then the, uh, another thing, he actually ended up breaking up with a girl. One last breaking up story because we had a party at the house and I ended up throwing up in her purse. And he didn't like the way that she badmouthed me. <laughs> and I was That's trying. a good friend right yeah, there. Yeah. So he's like, and she was like, basically said I was an asshole. I didn't know what I was doing. I was so drunk. And uh, yeah, he's like, you know, enough of you. Get out of here. But he, he had so many opportunities. He's like, don't you talk about my word like he's that. He's allergic to hops. Yeah, really? <laughs> you know, this is what happens. Yeah, I, I went up. Supposedly, problem. I was running around like. One of the, almost like a sitcom where I couldn't find like I was going to throw up in a plant, but I, that didn't yeah. seem right. And I was running around, and then finally I threw up in this girl's purse and then passed out on the floor. So there you go. But yeah, that's damage, Eric. That is damage and scene. Uh, I give this a fuck you five. It's it's nothing happens. And uh, even if I wasn't doing the fuck you five, I probably would have just given it a four or five anyway. It's around there. It's funny because we say about the art by the end. I do kind of like the art a little. And now I realize who this artist reminds me of. And it's nobody we like. It's uh, Bernard Ching or uh, what was this on the Supergirl book uh, where you had Eliza. I with forget. The, I know you're talking about. That's who it reminds me of uh, very much this so. seemed a little bit too more – like like more detailed than that. Yeah, well, though, that's right? what I'm saying. Really but it does thing. remind me that the faces and things remind me of his art. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it's Brian Ching. I think it's Brian Ching is what uh, yeah, I was thinking. I think that that's what the art, but it's actually a little bit better, but it reminds me a lot like that. Uh, what would you give it? I'd give this a four out of 10. It's, yeah. uh, I'm telling you, the, the art I actually, it, it's obviously a step down from Tony Daniel. I don't mind it all that much. There's just no story going on here. And if, if you say there is, it's just the same story we've gotten so far where damage shows up and fights somebody and the countdown continues. Yes. yes and the poison does. ivy, it's not, it's, it's, I don't even know how to classify Poison Ivy anymore because she has had so many incarnations since New 52. The, you can't put your goddamn finger on who she is, what she is, even what the hell her skin color is because this bitch is green. <laughs> it's like they want to go classic, then they go cartoon. They, they, they can't come up with the deal, and that's like, you know, you, you hear us talk – uh, you know, hero, villain, whatever you're on that side of the, that fence. Uh, I just, I really want one or the other, number one. I don't want to have where we're going to get these editor's notes for 10 years now. I mean, that's got to end and make it so if you're going to do this and you have the Tom King deal and you're going to have her go to that sanctuary and reform or whatever, you have the to JLA put a, Research a moratorium now and say to everybody, listen. Ivy's off limits for now. We we need to get some space to come back with what we're going to do, what's been set up. You can't keep saying this happens before now because when she's evil and it happens before now, like I said, now it makes the Tom King thing look silly because she's only concerned. Like This is almost like she went and did this, almost killed everybody, fights damage, and then the next day – she tries to take over the world and say, you know what I'm upset about? Uh, what? Those migrant workers that you attack for no reason? No, no, no. Those gangsters. Like, yeah, she's more I, upset I, I, about gangsters than she is about these poor guys who just want to make a buck. You know? And, and yeah, they're making it under the table, Eric. I don't know why they're not paying taxes. That upsets me. <laughs> I'm not going to get political with that. Actually, <laughs> I, I'm thinking good for them because I hate paying taxes. Too. Yeah, Fuck so that. do I. That's just suckers. It really is. And – 
it's a great setup for an Ethan who's, who's on the run. He can't have yeah. a paper trail, though. The sniffer now, is the on is, him. It is Elvis, Ethan, Avery. Yeah, everybody I always go Ethan. Ethan. I, I want to go Elvis, but everybody goes uh, Ethan. I go I'm Ethan. Like, yeah. Uh, Elvis has left the building. And is this the sniffer? Is the sniffer now going to smell the wheat? Is that the next thing? And then Cataract is going to come out and they're like, Cataract, tell me what you see. Listen, Nothing. I can't see shit. I got Cataract. Cataract. Jesus Christ. I'm the sniffer. This is the best. He's like, listen, I'm not part of your group. I just, I need help. I, I thought that this group would give me better insurance. I got to get rid of these Cataracts. I can't see shit. And they're like, uh, he's off the team. Next thing, he's dead. Get Sniffer back. Get the paparazzi. I know who's not surviving that next fight with the damage. <laughs> Cataract. Yeah, I can't see. That's all I want. We ain't found shit. Cataract can't see. Cataract's there, and they're all looking. He's looking the other way, pointing there. And, or they're like, where the fuck's Cataract? Cataract now is petting a rat on the side of the road thinking it's a cat. It's Cataract here. Boom, boom, boom. There you go. I, I just like this whole thing, though. It's like we're talking to this one guy. You did the right thing paying Mr. Leash for our services. Misha will find your stray, and Cataract will get close enough to hold his hand. Yeah. He's just uh, reaching out to find no, something to hold know, on to. It's, yeah, he's like, where's my cane? Also, where's my seeing they dog? think that everybody's so dumb that if Cataract can't see, that means you can't see him. Is that dumb? Uh, hey, you can't see me. I have my eyes closed. All right. Whatever. Cataract. Holy mo! The wor- I'm, I'm saying there are silence here. The worst, but no, no. The worst powers are cataract. He has the power of blindness. I oh, mean, really, Eric Shea now is a superhero in my mind. He's blind. Paparazzi. It, it's just yeah. That. He'll pull. He'll pull a memory <laughs> from any head you want. You. <laughs> he'll pull a memory <laughs> from any head you you want. Won't you, Raz? And yeah. I'm like Raz. Raz. Okay, so that's is is Paparazzi. Raz Paparazzi. Paparazzi. Oh, I got you. Paparazzi. Yeah. Paparazzi. Uh, of course, it's a coin flip whether the witness is lobotomized. Like, yeah. That's not a great power either, now is He's it? like, that, that doesn't sound like the paparazzi. I guess you never heard of Lady Diana, have you? I, I thought she was the Listen. people's princess. <laughs> you, you, you never saw what happened in that tunnel, did you? Oh, my goodness. God rest your soul, Eric. My mom right now would kill die. me. My mom would kill me. If she ever heard me badmouthing Lady die of any sort, she would cut my nuts off. And that's a weird thing for a mother to do. But we're going to go to the next book, Eric. Holy moly. Now it's starting to get late. I now see that it's getting late, Eric. I'm getting the giggles. And we have now a book that's going to take those giggles away. I would even like to say that the power of this book is the power to take my giggles away. It's Batwoman, number 14, written by Marguerite Benet, art by Fernando Blanco, John Rausch, and D. Ron Bennett. This book continues being one that I really don't think about before it comes out and pretty much forget about the minute we're done talking about it on the podcast. And we're talking about it now. Right now it is almost 1230. Uh, I would say that we're going to be talking about this till about 10 of 1. By 9 of 1, I will have forgotten everything that we're talking about oh, yeah. because this book does not matter. The only thing to I would be thinking about is, you know, um, you know, Rick would have broken up with Batwoman because <laughs> she drinks like a man. Yeah, yeah, that would have been the case. And also, uh, he'd have something to do with that wig. He'd yeah. say, well, I don't like, she has a haircut like a man. The art continues to be the main oh, draw for me, but the story is not interesting and just seems to meander along without much direction or inspiration. And really, that's the biggest problem I have with this book is, uh, you know, Marguerite Panay, 
We've liked some things that she's done. I'm telling you, we were going back and looking at uh, sales and things like that uh, back in the New 52 today, and I was kind of pulling up some things, and I did uh, just happen to hit on the reviews for that Batman annual with the Angrus. I love that. I think that that's That's one of the better issues that I have read, like an annual-type deal. I thought it was great that she did. That was Batman annual number two, right? Yeah, yeah, I believe it was, and it was one of the first things that we kind of knew her name, and I thought, boy, this is somebody who may really have something going on. Uh, Also, like, you you have some other books, the the digital stuff that she does that people like. Bombshells. Yeah, Bombshells is a big – people really like that. So there you – this book, though, really feels like she's doing it just to do it, and they may have hired her just because they couldn't get Gail Simone or somebody or didn't want to have, you know, needed to have a lady. And it just really feels like she's not into it. It's no. all I'm saying. It really feels And like, I can tell you this. I'm not into it either. No, it really – and that's the problem. It's one of those books that it really feels like it's going through the motions, so you never seem to care about it. And – uh dan does it on the site and you can tell like he's even like well you know and and almost like i i asked him about this before like how is it and you're almost getting to a point that if you are reviewing it and are a batwoman fan which dan really is you're he's starting to try to convince himself that it's good like you get you don't get like grasping a straw to try to find anything that he likes about it and it's not like oh it's great it's well it's getting better Kind of. Uh, you're getting a little more progression a bit. It's always there's some sort of – it's never like, oh, man, it's awesome. And, yeah, yeah it is it's a little a better. response. It's a little better than before, but not much. And this issue just throws in shit where I don't even know half the time what's going on. And, and we're at issue 14, and that Tahani is still in this book is nonsense. The I knife? mean, really? Yeah, the knife. I get her the knife, the spoon, and the fucking fork. Get her the hell out of here. I want to have the, the spork show You're up. You're just really hungry, me. aren't you? Yes, I am. I haven't eaten. I've been drinking all this goddamn coffee. Well, you have Tahani there, and we did see Alice kind of being, uh, you know, introduced last issue pretty much as being like the war mother. The mother you know, of the, war. Yeah, the, the continuation of that. Uh, with that, though, you have to throw in this little caveat here that she's not completely her own mind. You have the Alice to the Beth deal, and it really does seem like y- you have an escape clause eventually when Kate does get her. So you see that, but Tahani's there, and we also have the twins. We hardly knew ye, even though we see you Elder all the time. And then, yeah, we have nothing to do with them. So basically, they are just killed for, you know, no reason except to die it, in a horrific this way. terrible green shit. Just do it. It'll be fine. Yeah. And then yeah. they start, like, melting. Yeah. It was probably like that grass drink that I used to – at one point, I had this weird – it had algae in it. It was this green I think it's that, that was, drink that Jeremy's wife makes me drink. Yeah. Oh, my God. It was awful. It was awful. Yeah, you have this, but really, it is Kate. Heading to Gotham to get her sister because Tahani is the big bad that has been manipulating everything. It hasn't been Sophia. She has Sophia in the, you know, their ship. She talks to Tuxedo One to go and don't let Sophia out. It's just like just, out just of think nowhere. about Gotham just, right now. There are fucking airships. There's so many everywhere. airships We have everywhere. the airship Vorpal Blade, which yep. has the freaking, you know, uh, Red Alice on it. We have the airship Sequoia. We got yep. colony airships. We got all colony over the airships. Yeah, shit's going to be blimps. running into each other all over the place. Uh, but yeah, and it's basically to set up. 
this, you know, confrontation between Kate and Tahani, and they do. They fight. Uh, basically, you're going to get the same deal of, you know what, hey, Tahani, this is bullshit, and then Tahani, you're a disease. You came I'm to the take island. everything you, away yeah, from I'm going to take because you took it from me. We, we, it's it's the greatest hits of, uh, you know, no, it's the greatest hits of a one-hit wonder is what it is. It's a, it's a one-sided single greatest hits, Eric, and you're just not getting anything. And then you get Alice stuff, and then out of nowhere, you get this whole thing, huh? You are the plague. You know those chemicals and the poisons and the hallucinogens and Scarecrow's in the lab. laboratory and Scarecrow's lab? That was getting you. And and there was some – you got the monkeys with the AIDS. That's you you, saw, you saw all of these animals that had this stuff, but you didn't notice the one, the bat that were the worst yeah. plague carriers of all. I'm like – you mean when the colony showed up and it looked like they took over control of the entire lab? Yeah. You, those are the ones you're talking yeah. about because uh, it's just odd. Now we have like, you know, Red Alice talking about you're the real weapon, the plague. And it, I, I, it's weird because I read this issue earlier and it's actually a hard issue for me to follow the way it's laid out because there's a lot of spread yeah. pages and they have a lot of weird, you know, like continuation with that, like where the dialogue goes. And I'm like, is, uh, is Kate Kane actually the plague or is it just actually the bats and stuff? Cause I got the idea at one point. All right. They, they did this stuff with the bats and they created this plague and they put it in Kate Kane. She's now the carrier. Somehow she's going to unleash it. But then we unleash all these bats and they got them. So you're like, so is it just the bats because they're the symbol of Kate Kane or does Kate Kane have the plague herself? Because I hope not because she's bleeding everywhere after this fight with Tahani. Yeah, yeah, uh, and what's weird is they definitely do. Those bats are definitely infected of whatever. Yeah. And like, I'm the ki-, and then goes off in a jetpack. Uh, but even with that, she's there, and it's like, really, we're we're down to it being like you. You didn't love me or our family. You love the symbol of the bats. So you know what we did? We went and infected all these bats because that's a symbol. And then we're going to let them loose because you love the bat more. I'm like, really? This you is love what the I want. bat more I want than Kate. your family. I, I actually wanted that Alice really heard like, hey, uh, you know that like Tahani's talking or, you know, talking shit. Like, oh, your sister, she didn't love you. She loves the bat. Somehow Alice takes this so literally that she thinks she does love bats. Like, here's all your bats Baseball you love. Baseball bats. And, and like, <laughs> BB bats, the uh, freaking, the uh, candy. You have all these things. Just nuts. Here's a cricket bat. You love that? Why don't you marry it, Kate? But even just regular bats, it's like, okay, we get the symbolism, but really? This is what we're going with, and now you're just going to let loose. I can imagine it's like we got an APB on uh, fifth and uh, you know fifth and chew. A lot of bats around here. Oh shit! Let's go. What nonsense is this? What nonsense? And and then Kate in her rocket pack goes off. I'm the cure. Like you're the disease. I'm the cure. She's doing all cobra. It's like goes oh, yeah. off. That's the thing. Do- like if you, if you got your science right, sister, and if you say if you say what I'm chewing, I'm the sickness. I'm also the cure. Yeah, what does that mean? What does that mean? And she's, she's going to go gonna, and fight some bats, I guess. Is she going to fight the bats? Is she going to go and then and, and cure them? And, and then with that as well, through this whole deal, all you're getting is this big hologram of Alice laughing it up. <laughs> yeah, she's just laughing. And it's like, what? what? What's really going on? Please. Because I want to know. And I really... I don't know if I do because it's not that interesting. It's it's better than the lost year, uh, but I, I to me now it, it's now the lost year. But since we've had this book for a year, uh, this is a book that I really really don't care about, and it's going to be one of those in my mind when it is canceled. And I hear rumors. Dan actually even said he heard that it was going to be done at eighteen. 
that is unconfirmed. I don't, I don't know. Some people are saying that three trades and out. Uh, who is ever going to talk about this, this run? Who's ever going to bring this up? I think people will bring it up in the top five worst fucking series of Rebirth. It may be. It is one of those, and the sales aren't good, and it's one of those where... And the writing's not good, the art's not really great. No, I'm saying when you have down sales, sometimes you have a book that, oh, that's a shame, that was pretty good, but it just, you know, we always point to Justice League of China, the new Superman. Uh, This book is just not good. It's not interesting. It's boring. Uh, You just keep running in circles to get nowhere, and it's almost as if the... And really, the good story with Kate is in detective uh, even when we're not exactly loving that but the idea yeah. of her joining colony and stuff like that that's the you know that's interesting enough uh and maybe that's the tie in too that once the detective team changes and things that you would think that this would be the go to book for Kate but maybe they'll have a status quo change with that as well maybe something that we're not thinking ahead ends with detective and then this book doesn't make sense anyway I don't. Know. I don't think it makes sense know. with Detective right now. Yeah, I, I don't either. But you know, even if they like Kate decides she goes undercover or something, you're like, okay, we can't really do that. And, and of course, also the bats all fly at Kane well, Industries. I, and, I, and even that whole thing too. There was a line in this too. I wish I could find it right now, just so I could quote it verbatim. But it's like I was too proud. I was out hunting monsters. I'm like. We saw you hunt monsters like half an yeah. issue, it seemed well, yeah, like, and then an you issue. got stuck in this nonsense. And, and that was now the worst, too. everything's lost year. It was the worst, too, because we got to a point in this book, and if you've been listening to the podcast, especially since Rebirth, we were not a big fan of the Monster Men story. Oh, God. This book, we were begging for Monster Men. Please, That's how bad. Please, let's go do some Monster Men stuff. Oh, my goodness. It's not good, but... uh. The art's really good to me, but I don't care pro- for the art. All no, that much I like at all. the art a lot. The problem is, it doesn't tell a good story. The progressions of the panels are off sometimes. So I like the actual individual art, but it doesn't help out the story. Sometimes it's very cluttered and things like that. So even that is a bit of a letdown. But I give it a four out of ten, and a lot of that is art. I'm just not very thrilled with the story, and it really doesn't hit in any sort of level with me. But what would you give it? I'd probably give it a four out of ten as well. I'm just looking yeah. at this one, probably like this progression here, where Tahani has this freaking like this hot sword that freaking uh, Batwoman snaps off, has a piece of the like the molten kind of sword in her hand, yeah, I see. and just walks into the Tahani. Who is just holding on to this chain, and then she wraps the sword around yeah. her arm and the chain that she won't stop holding on to yeah, for no know. reason. Uh, Rick would break up with Tahani. First off, he would not like the name The Knife. Also, no. she has biceps like a man, Eric. She's and, a yeah. strong woman. That, that would be, and also may not like the uh, makeup slash possibly tattoos on her face. She would not like that either. Uh, but yeah, that, that would be that. But we're going to move on. This is almost the, the podcast now has turned into the bat section. Uh, and we're going to move on to the There's next bat section. Yes, it is. Well, we'll move on to the next one. All right. We're going to finish up with two Batman books. Eric. Two Batman books. First Ooh, one is mine. Batman. Second one is yours. I wonder 
what I'm going to give this, Eric. I wonder if there might be a little Phantom Reviewer involved. Oh, God. Uh, basically, because this first book is my Batman Creature of the Night, and I actually thought I was going to get more crap, because as we go through this, you're going to see that this one I was a little disappointed with for a bunch of reasons, and people love this book. It was my book of the year love last this year. I'm telling you, I spent part of my review trying to explain to people, like, uh, almost ready for people to yell at me, like, Jim, this was your goddamn book of the year for 2017 with two issues, and now you're, you're giving this. But uh, it was a disappointment for me that the second book in this, I'll fully go Phantom Reviewer, Eric. I'm not even going to hit the, the sound effect, or will I? Uh, because uh, you got a lot of crap on, uh, and uh, but I agree with you. Did I? We're, we're, yeah, yeah. Well, you did, but I came to defend you. As I always do, Eric, because I'm there. I'm there for the – I take it for the team. I don't know. Yeah. It was, it was down the – it was like you know back and forth. But we'll talk more about that at the beginning because I'm not going to lose my mind in any of this. I'm going to be a very uh, sane, and I'll, I always start with that too. Especially with your your book, the Batman book, where I say to you, I don't want to yell and scream because then that gives people the fuel of, oh, listen to him. He doesn't even have a point. He's just yelling. I'm not going to yell. I'm done yelling. I'm done yelling for the rest of my life, even though this morning I was screaming at Logan because he uh, claims now he wants a bike, right? Every kid wants a bike. Is that the case? Cause I, I don't know at his age, but I wanted one when I was younger, and yeah. He's, he's 11, so he wants oh, a yeah, bike. Oh, yeah, I definitely that's, wanted a bike. That's a full that deal. But the problem is he was told before that he had some money put aside, yeah. and I said that I would pay the rest for the bike, which would be a good a portion of it. He told me then – he didn't care, and he spent the money on uh, Fortnite points. And no then points. I said, you're going to be done. You're, you're not going to get this bike then. And I don't care. I don't care. So this is the problem. When you say I don't care and basically you're being a jerk, you know, stuff like I wish I would, you weren't my dad, you know, things, phrases Aww. like that. Eventually, when you do want the bike, it's not the money that's the issue now. It is the concept of the you saying attitude. I don't care and the attitude of it. So I said today, he's like, oh, am I going to get that bike? I flipped out. I was screaming. Then Tanya came down, started yelling at me, and I realized then, you know what? I'm now, you know, public enemy number one in this house, not because of the message, but the delivery of said message. If I wouldn't have yelled, if I would have just sat there and said, well, you know what? You said you didn't care before and spent that money and called me a jerk and all these things, uh, a failure of a father, uh, then it would have been okay. But I was screaming, and then I got yelled at for screaming by Tanya, and I get yelled at. <laughs> it's like I'm a kid again. I started moping, <laughs> and then we were going to go shopping too, and then I'm like, oh, I don't want you guys to go shopping with me now. And yeah. then I walked outside, and then I'm like, well, I really don't want to go by myself. So then I have to go and apologize. It's a roller coaster ride of emotions I was on. Uh, the worst. So I'm at that as this was going down. I'm like, this is kind of like that Batman. I'm always yelling, and then people just say, you know what? He's he doesn't have any points. He's just yelling. He's a jerk. So I'm going to be very calm and collected, as well as I'm in very this sorry one. about your life, buddy. Yes. Instead of also in this one, because I do want to stress that Batman Creature of the Night is still one of my favorite books that we do read and review. There's issues uh, that kind of get me down, which I'm going to start right now, Eric. I, this is a weird deal. We did end up uh, stopping 
for the night and we're re-recording you know we're starting to record these yeah. books now and when when we do that it's hard for me to just jump into the book so that was probably a really weird segue into like huh they were just gonna go to this and now he's talking nonsense but then again isn't that the podcast in a nutshell that is the podcast yeah. i'm doing like a little thing i'm in a nutshell now you know what i'm i'm miming in a nutshell you got no, what no, i'm no doing more. you got what i'm doing don't mime me there, Eric. Batman Creature of the Night number three. Should we do mime puns right now? Would that be good? I, I what don't are think mime puns? I don't think there's any more. I don't know. I, mime puns. Think of a mime. I don't know. Batman Creature of the Night number three. I'll think of one later. Written by Kurt Busiek. Art by John Paul Leone. I like that name. And Todd Klein. Would you ever go Eric Lee? Would that be something that you'd ever go with? You wouldn't do that, right? You wouldn't. No, I absolutely hated that (laughs) because all my family called me Eric Lee growing up. Oh, so you would never do that on another podcast. Eric Lee. Why would I do that? Oh, my goodness. Eric Lee. Oh, my. I'm a Dracula again, Eric. Uh, I don't know if it was an overlong delay between issues or a middle section that felt like it got away from what I loved about this series, but this was my least favorite issue of Creature of the Night so far. I still am on board with the series and look forward to the next issue if it ever comes out, but this one was a bit of a disappointment. And uh, with that, I forgot there were four issues. I started up my review, and, and really, I blame Time Kurt Busiek. Time to finish this up. Like, I blame Kurt Busiek, Eric, because what is a feature is also something that threw me off. You can kind of read these as a one and done. You know, yeah. obviously, you have the you know progression into what's going on, so you'd have to know what hit. But you could really tell me that these are volumes. You know, well, volume I, one, you, volume until two. Until you looked it up after the first issue, I really thought that first issue was. And then you could almost think that years from now, you could tell somebody, oh, look, this this first one was, you know, part one. Part two came out five years later. They you you would never know the difference because they are self-contained within their own story. So I'm reviewing this. Uh, knowing that in my mind, I hear new, you know, all these news things, and people were shocked when this came out this week because we keep hearing Batman we Creature of the Night delayed. Batman Creature of the Night delayed. The problem is, I think that some of those shifted to number four, and I, I, the news just is the same about delay. It kind of went over my head. I just see Creature of the Night delayed. I'm like, yeah, really? That's news. Really? That's yeah. news. And so I'm reviewing this. I get to the end. I'm, I'm in my review going like, yeah, and as a finale, uh, I was a little disappointed at this, but boy, it ends in a, in a crazy, did he or didn't he do it? And then I'm like, okay, boom. I, I light up, Eric, like a badass like you do. As one does when they get done the review, obviously. <sighs> I'm like, all right. And then I think, wait a second. Something is bothering me about this. There is something <laughs> that's not quite right. So I go online. I look up Batman Creature in the Night 3. I did first, seeing if the solicit actually – and I think I had had the solicit earlier because we do put up the solicit. But yeah. that doesn't say like last issue. And I think that might be what was bothering me. The solicit doesn't say like – the finale batman you know bruce rain right figures out this and that so i'm like so weird so i'm like well let me look up number four see if this is the case oh shit there's four issues in this oh god damn it i had to go back and change part of my review you know and you know how it is if you look at my review on the site you'll see like oh that's where he went and just put is you know instead of this was a great finale it's like this was a great continuation wink a wink and ultimate now, issue oh yeah i never use penultimate because in my mind also i didn't really want to spell out fully that we were going to continue because i don't know that it there might be a chance that this book five. just ends 
things and it is the finale. So I'm just going to let it lay there. That I, I'm like Tom Kenny and Mr. Miracle. I'm not going to tell you the whole story until it's over, Eric. When it's over, when I actually in my hand have something, final issue, then I'll say it's the final issue. But uh, it kind of was one of those, the delays in this book have completely killed any momentum I had. This is a book that if it came out, boom, 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 boom. You had the first the four issues right in a row, four months. We'd obviously be done by now. And I think that it would have been like, boy, this is my favorite thing ever. I really love it. The problem is with this third issue of a four-issue, I guess, series, it, it kind of goes towards the point where this issue would be kind of that setup issue. Now, what throws this series off is the self-contained nature of each. But in this in this issue, just in general, what it really is to me and what it really stressed and what Kurt Busiek is really going with in my mind here is the idea that a Batman, uh, somebody who can help the world, who can fight crime, crime continues you know, above and beyond anything that you tried doing. Batman in this and Bruce Wainwright, they try to stop. It starts very it starts very early where there's these crime bosses. And from there, you know, one crime boss is down. It's it's the theory I told you that we talk about. It's super Hitler. You kill yeah. Hitler, if you go back in time, kill Hitler. There's a, a good chance that the next guy is super Hitler, eight thousand times worse it's than what you Hitler's just got. The rid worst. Of. Yeah. And so with this, you did have that. Uh, and it goes on because everything in this issue that Bruce Wainwright and Batman do really kind of ends up making things worse, uh, well, not better. Thing, am I making a difference here? Is it yeah. like, what am I, do uh, what am I doing here? Is it like, is it really helping overall? Yes. And, and, you know, at the best case scenario of this, things just carry on as usual. So he doesn't know if he is making a difference with this Batman. He also doesn't, you know, you even have behind the scenes all that going on where this Batman is kind of being hush-hushed by everyone as well. So you have this issue. Again, it progresses in time uh, and you start, but you have a Bruce. Seems like we're at 89 is, now or yeah, 90 yeah. for that Batman poster yep, that's with on the, the wall. Batman, yeah, and with that, you have, you know, and right there is kind of, like the uh in this comic the kind of meta thing is that batman has kind of influenced things and you have the the detective comics and batman anywhere in there with the comics yeah. and but with that people are even when he does mention you know hey batman what the guy in the movie and stuff like that so that's kind of coming into play there's a lot of stuff coming into play and it's a really good way that he kind of sets the time frame with that batman movie and things like yeah. that but really this is a kind of a frustrated bruce but also a bruce that at a point in the this, you almost get the idea that he may have stopped. Like he may have stopped doing this at one point, except things happen in here that push it. And and again, there's some huge things in this book, uh, especially where you kind of figure out or be you're told Bruce figures out who this Batman is. And anybody who I, I think it'd be a full shock when that happened because of the people who told us that are Kurt, Kurt Busiak fans that he really doesn't like to delve into the supernatural and doesn't like to. There there was always in. Some people's minds. And I was and saying not, bullshit after yeah. the first issue. Like, this is oh, a yeah. goddamn monster, man. I'm telling you, in, supernatural. In, in parts where, and it happens again here, where the when the police go to shoot this Batman and he dissipates in the 
that. There's some crazy shit going on. He's a Dracula. Now, he is. Wait a He's a Dracula, that guy. But in that, the other thing about it is we kind of also had an idea that maybe Bruce Wainwright was just insane, that we would yeah. end up with an idea that because of the police, and I think that's what Kurt Busiek's been playing at, because of the police not really letting it out. And you know when he's like, oh, people are going to be talking about the Batman today. Huh, there's nothing in the papers. We start thinking. So I, I think that he really played it well to go you know, in this and still leaves like an idea of, well, is it still you know, him just insane and things like that? But really, it starts off, like you said, it's about 89, 90, uh, and he hasn't been around the office. He's been going around. He's been separating himself from Batman, and that's one of the things with this is he can kind of call on the Batman to do what he wants and sees this through his eyes and things like that, but he's been tailed by the police. The police have been on him because they think that he's the guy that can lead him to this. And yeah. the, the, the crazy thing about this is – is the time frame involved as well. This is years upon years of this happening. And it's, it's Hoover who's doing it, Gordon. And, Gordon uh, Hoover. Yeah, he's the guy who really seems to want to bring this Batman down. So you, you have that. But, boy, they're telling him they cannot, you know, go. They, they can't put two and two together because he's never around. He can just kind of psychically go with it, but he's not yeah, really he, seen he sees through it. Batman's eyes, but yeah. they really don't need to communicate as, no. as a regular person to another person would. Nope. So he's been going, and he ha- he's been a little down the office you have al his you know uncle al and uh robin the woman that he hired to be the the lady who does his uh charity thing and things and that they even say through their narration he's kind of been down he hasn't been around uh and and they do a good job where kurt busiek even has the part where bruce does talk to al and hey how are you doing and Bruce is like, oh, you know, things are going great here at the business still, right? And he's like, that's not what I'm talking about because, he, you know, you're getting to a point where you do think that Al may think – he goes through, uh, a, again, a roller coaster ride of emotions. Is Bruce suicidal, depressed? Does he have a woman? Does he have yeah. this, that, and the other thing? So you have all that, but you do see the thing we were talking about, Super Hitler, where he has Batman take down – I guess it was McKenna, uh, this crime boss in Boston. Dickie McKenna? Yeah, who then gets done and then a rush moves in Drosky and he's worse so then he has to take down Drosky and then McKenna starts running things from jail again so really after all this time and people dying and things like that it, it, the song remains the same as Led Zeppelin said Eric and he's starting to give this other it's deal. not the same old song and dance no, by it is not how dare uh. you how dare you uh, but it, as this goes he even in this issue is really stressed that an older Bruce starts realizing you know what this isn't like in the comics. Like, real yeah. life ain't the comics, and that comes up a bunch of times. It's not clean. It's not easy. What no. the hell am I doing? And that's no. when we get to the point where he goes up on the roof. Because oh he God, probably yeah. wants to show he Robin to and show uh, Uncle Alfred what's been going on with him. Because they keep asking, obviously. But he's going to come out and show me. He calls to the Batman, and he doesn't know, but he believes that. Because they're there, he won't manifest himself there. So he just comes off looking like a lunatic. Yeah, yeah. And that's, you know, it's such a good progression. I'm telling you, if this was, say, a TV show, which could be. I mean, I could see this as being like a miniseries on like an HBO or something where if you didn't know, like you just think that this guy, obsessed with Batman, kind of thinks he is. And this Bruce is Wayne, like, right? Yeah, and this is basic and really run, runs his 
company based on any decision that would be something uh, that uh, connects to a Batman. Yeah. And and then this would be a huge moment when he goes on to that you know rainy rooftop, calls Robin and Al up, and starts yelling, uh, "I want to show you the Batman! Come on, Batman! Come on!" And nothing, and then just breaks down, falls down. They're like, "Oh, let's go in!" And like, "Oh God!" But he, it is kind of a cool going. rap ramp for what we have here, where he does look like a lunatic trying to call Batman. Yeah. To where we get at the end, where they meet up at the same rainy rooftop, and he actually turns and into is. Batman and yeah. leaps off the yeah, roof. It's crazy. It's. I'm telling you, this is really good. And again, at the end, you know, going forward to that. That ending with him turning off the Batman and jumping off the roof to me is like that's such the the cinematic deal of is, did he turn into Batman? Did yeah. he just commit suicide? Oh, it's, it's like the did end he... of Birdman. Oh, it's the best. Yeah, it is. It really is. And so when I got to that ending, I'm like, holy shit, that's a great finale. Oh no, it's not the finale. Back oh, no. off here. Uh, but yeah, as this goes on, he wanted to Stop reveal it. That you see that now he's desperate. He's very desperate to kind of tell somebody. He needs somebody to kind of tell. He goes to a psychiatrist. He says, my psychiatrist will just start yelling about how I can't get over my parents' death and this and that. Oh, so that's not working. Yeah. Uh, then he goes, hey, I, I thought maybe I could go to some, you know, uh, fortune teller psychics yeah. and things. And they're all hooey. They're all a bunch of crap. So then he just goes to Gordon. Yes, they are hucksters. Yeah. Yes, they are hucksters. He goes to uh, Gordon Hoover and then says, you know what? Uh, I just want you to know I'm kind of involved in this Batman thing, but you'll never connect me because there there is no like connection. And he's, it's such a weird meeting where Hoover already we see that he hates his guts. He, oh, yeah. he can't stand him. And there's Bruce trying to tell him like I can't give you a guy, but it's kind of like a feeling thing. And oh, look, if I you ever need any help, the, this guy will yeah. be there for your help. Yeah. What the hell, I'm not going to get the help for some lunatics. Yeah, and then basically says the the biggest line in this whole deal I thought was the listen. I don't care what your buddy's doing. He's going down, and if you're holding his hand when he does, then I'm not. Your lawyers aren't going to save you. And I was like, that's pretty powerful. Now it leads to something in Gordon's mind, then, which leads to what he does later. But also in my mind, that line should have really stuck in Bruce Wainwright's head because when Gordon comes later to get his help. Boy, I wouldn't have done it. It seemed like a setup from the beginning. I just think that they had to show all this to show he's kind of desperate to, number one, kind of have somebody to talk with about. But also, yeah. number two, to actually have this Batman do something that means something. I think that what this is is Bruce thinks in his mind, OK, I'm trying to do this. My way, oh, I see the crime boss, I kill him or get rid of him, another crime boss comes. Maybe we should be solving crimes. Maybe we should be doing bigger things, better things. And the the legwork, the detective work, and the setup, the GCPD are the Boston police. I, I, I keep saying GCPD. But uh, you know, these would be legit things. They know what's going on, putting a lot of trust in the police here, which pretty much is his undoing in this. Yeah. I also like the idea that while – Bruce is going around and, you know, he's like, I, I don't want to talk to my psychiatrist. You see, like, the bat wing on the side. But what I really like is after the mediums and going into the meeting with uh, Gordon, you see Batman and he's just, like, depressed like a gargoyle on the side of the, the you know, just sitting the on building, the sledge. Yeah. And it's also, I think, really kind of giving you the idea that – Whatever this Batman is or whatever, it's kind of a sad and lonely life and, you know, for them as well, which we do find 
out what it is very quickly here, which is pretty crazy, but he goes to and his parents' it, it, grave. It feels very forced to it me, does. though, because here's a guy who is emulating Bruce Wayne Batman his entire life. You're saying life, why he wouldn't have been he, at that grave any other time I, and seen that's the this? the thing is, he yeah. would have been to this grave every year on the day of their death because mm-hmm. he emulates Bruce Wayne so much. Yeah. And just the idea that he happens to see, like, oh, my God, this littler grave right here, though. Thomas, Eric, it's Thomas a very Wainwright? it's a very unkempt graveyard. They do not I wish actually that there would have been something that led to him that there was another part of this graveyard that he never would have been at that this was at uh maybe he finds out later or that ju- their graves were switched. He is the Wainwright. This is the family plot and he yeah. wants to like, you know make sure he like you know he has he's buried with his parents. Oh, here's the Wainwright plot. We have, you know, your parents and your brother Tom. Thomas. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I, there could have been a better way. It should not be right there. Just like comes I said, across it. Oh, my God, I've never seen this little gravestone before. It, I don't I know. I have yeah. a brother. Yeah, I don't know how you would go about. But, yeah, they and the, the problem is they, they wouldn't have they, – they weren't rich or anything before, so I don't know they would have had a very fancy family grave. But I would have liked to have something. And, again, this is not script, Doctor, because I don't know a great way to tie this. But have something where he finds out somehow where his parents would have, like – Oh, your parents always wanted to be buried here. And when he goes there, even another part of the graveyard, he sees why it's because of this, you know, little stillborn identical twin brother that he was going to have. Uh, but yeah, he sees this and yes, it's very forced. It's very forced. Maybe even have this Batman, you know, ghost apparition, you know, vengeance demon somehow there. You know what I mean? And then connect it right away. Like, why is he here? Where, where, what? And then he sees it, but he does see that he had a brother. He goes, asked Alfred about it. Alfred is very, it's another odd thing, but it kind of makes sense because Alfred was kind of on the, the fringes while he was growing up before Bruce's yeah. parents. So he's like, oh, you know what? Yeah, your parents did die, you know, when you were that young. Maybe they didn't tell you about it. Just says, yeah, you were going to have a twin brother, died when, uh, you know, stillborn brother. And this is right away. The the thing that gets me here is right away you have this force deal of finding the grave. And then basically we know and Bruce pretty much says that's what this Batman is. It's very quick. It's very like, okay, well, that's what it must be. He does do some research, but it's more of research of understanding it more. Yeah. Uh, though in the end, we may find out again that he is Batman and there isn't such thing as the, but it would be odd to even have this here. He goes to a community college to talk to uh, Professor Nabisi and uh, asked her about, you know, she's a paranormal, I don't Paris, know what like kind of, I don't know what studies. kind of crazy community, what is this freaking, it, you, you know, what's that? Uh, DeVry, Eric? Is that where this is? Because I don't what know what you're talking about. They got what? parapsychology. At 89? No, first. not in 89. I'm telling you, well, this might have been something. Ghostbusters had already been out for five years at yeah, this point. They Ghostbusters. Were, they were in parapsychology. Yeah, really. And they were hacks, Eric. And it was the joke of the goddamn thing that they were stealing money until it happened. Nonsense. There's the community. And also, he has to make it a community college because there's no way any college is going to have it. It's But anyway, she's there. Give some info. It's nonsense Uh, because she doesn't really do anything. She's just there to throw out ideas and, you know, you have Stephen King thrown in there. Talking about some ghost lore and stuff like that. She doesn't bring on no Ghostbusters. But, yeah, he wants to know the folklore about it. And, uh, you know, and then this leads to just uh, Hoover then comes to him. Gordon Hoover comes to him and says, listen, we have some things we want you to work. 
workout. You know, you 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 asked us if we wanted to do this. Uh, yeah, let's do this. They take out some guys. They throw a guy off a, a freaking building and things like that. But then it, it escalates. It escalates into the – and this is where things to me go south. It's basically a political thing. Uh, who's going to be, you know, the mayor and they're going to have these fights here. And, uh, you know, this guy's dirty and that guy's clean. Well, it's like, we it's want this like guy. like Jack Crowder, state senator. Yeah. There have been rumors around him for years that he was on yeah, the take. Senator, there was sorry, always rumors. Yeah. Gordon needed to know if they were true. Yeah, I was taking a sip of, of I'm sorry. But yeah, he, so he wants to know that, but this is a roundup. It's a twist. He, you know, Gordon's on the take. They want their guy in. Uh, everybody's getting paid money. So you have this idea that I think that Kurt Busiek wants to make this like, boy, I have a Batman book and there's no detective work here, uh, where I wanted the detective work to be more about the brother, more about oh, yeah, who the Batman the thing is. Oh, yeah, like, We have this really interesting thing going on with this whole idea, like the, almost like a psycho pomp like George Stark was in the dark yeah. half and Stephen King's dark app, and it's around along those lines, but, but then we get bogged down with this political, I'm like, you so know, underhanded down. nonsense that actually yeah. goes on to the point where I wasn't exactly sure of where we're going. No. Because at one point, they're like, oh, this is Edmund and, like, uh, Healy, and then they're like, talking about, oh, Ted Healy was elected. I'm like, yeah. is Ted, like, a shortened version of Edmund? I don't know, but you're throwing names at me. They're just political, names. like, uh, like, like, uh... Mumbo-jumbo like, is what it is much. to me. I mean, I'm it, not... It didn't work in the long run for yeah. me. Yeah. We talk about it all the time and Dancing Michael roll his eyes, but... Uh, I'm not, you know, a political guy, so I don't know the inner workings of things. Yes, I know that they get, you know, campaign contributions and this, that, and the other thing. There's a thing in here about uh, campaign signs. I see these signs out there, but it, it's not – that sort of thing is not interesting to me. It's not interesting to me to see a breakdown of an investigation about – crooked politicians when it's more interesting me in this book that his uh, you know stillborn twin brother is batman and avengers demon thing that yeah so on a that's what i batman. want so instead of this why and i know it's to lead into what happens with gordon but why not have it where like you said all of a sudden he just finds the grave that's just like boom there and why not have more of that why not see a progression of him really trying to figure out this brother angle and who this batman is and that just kind of gets pushed aside for this and there's it's too it's very heavy-handed to me and over long and it's a big part of this issue and after having all those delays to get back in this and then the the weird deal of this is finding out oh my god this is his stillborn twin and then stopping to go about all this political stuff, it really – it slammed the brakes on for me. Completely. And I'm sure there's some people who would like it, but even then you also get you know, Bruce going to Al and saying like, what was it about my – you know, tell me. What did my mom and dad think about my brother? And it's a very odd thing, and I know I've had kids you have not, Eric, that you know of. Uh, and they're thinking about like, oh, what would it have been like? In my mind – and I've, I've had kids – I never sit there – and sit where we're going to have a kid. What are my hopes and dreams of the kid? It's an odd thing that like, oh, dreams perhaps, you know. But it is like, yeah, we thought that you'd be – she thought you'd be running around making a lot of noise. There's even a thing there that looks like the one kid has Battlestar Galacticus, Eric, running around. Uh, I don't know that the time frame really works no, with that at, at that age. It doesn't at all, but that's fine. Uh, but And it might actually be Space 1999 as well now that I look at it, but it still doesn't match up. But, you know, you have that. So even in my mind where he she, he's like, oh, my mom thought. 
thought, you know, the twins this and that. I don't even know. I don't. I have not had twins. Uh, but twins to me, when you're thinking of it, you don't think of them as individuals anyway. It's just like, oh, twins. We're gonna have twins. We're gonna do that. And then Bruce just has the whole idea, like, oh, they were expecting this huge tornado, as mentioned. And then you just got quiet. Me, I bet you they were upset. And it's it's kind of a weird deal. But again, I want more of that. I want more of the twin. I want more of him going to Nabisi and finding out what's going on because those are just there. Too quick. In and out. You're done. And then we get to this political deal, like we said, where he is, you know, you have Batman being the strong arm at one point to get evidence. And really, you go through a lot of evidence to see. And then basically, it does kind of end up of just Batman going and threatening a guy to get him to talk. And then, oh, he talked all right. And then the whole deal is the wraparound again goes back to doesn't matter. Nothing came about. No good came about because no, Gordon, Gordon was, was on, the on the take. And the guy that they wanted in got in because of the, the first guy that they got Crowder. They got out of the race. So when they did find out Bruce and his uh, – I think it was uh, Chen who ended up yeah. doing all this research. They went a li- you know, they went beyond and found out that uh, Gordon's guy was dirty too. Released a lot of you know info, but he was and still Gordon elected. was just using a yeah, Bruce using, as a way to take out the competition yeah. for yep. his boss. And what happened was they did release the stuff and nothing happened. It's odd because the stuff that they seem to release is pretty bad stuff, but it's almost like a weird progression of well. He's elected. Old Healy, what are we going to do now? And then they even say in the thing, well, you know what? Uh, he just says it dismissed it as just dirty tricks in a campaign full of them. I'm like, this is weird. And I did kind of think, okay, we are talking 90, you know, somewhere around yeah, yeah. there. If this would have been, say, 70s still, and we're talking Boston where there were a lot of problems with politics in Boston and things and, and whatnot – it just – it doesn't hit right for me of the just quick explanation of, oh, they're just dirty tricks and a, a bunch of dirty tricks. I think people would have looked – Fake these news. Things, Yeah, these things look too, you know, too much. But in this, when he does go to see Gordon and, and threaten him, Batman comes, grabs Gordon, throws him off the building, and Gordon yep. only gets hurt, and that's the next thing, huh? It's not like in comic books. He wanted to kill him, and he's upset that in a comic book, Batman – it's a weird thing too because now we're getting to a point where Batman is like trying to kill people, which is not comic books. He's going a little too far, and maybe that's another thing with this because it turns end, dark. Though, too, when like, you know, because when Bruce Wainwright realizes that all the stuff he's had Batman do was actually doing it like not for good and yeah, stuff like that. You have, you've turned it around from this protector to an enforcer for just wrongdoing. Yep. And that's when his eyes start glowing. He goes out to the roof and, you know, Alfred and Robin go to meet him. Yes. And, you know, he is enveloped by Batman. It seems that he actually becomes Batman at that point. Yes. Looks like poor Uncle Alfred has a heart attack. Oh, it looks like he has a heart attack. This it makes sense. This monster come out. And, and you don't that, deserve him. Yeah. You don't. And it's so crazy because you, when you look at this to see what like a Birdman and like you said, like Bruce goes up and he's upset. This isn't fair. This isn't fair. And you get these lines that Kurt Busiek does a really good job of things as if when he's enveloped and kind of is the Batman. He he basically, you don't deserve him, but is that Batman saying it about Bruce or Bruce saying about Batman? It makes sense both ways. And then Gordon, he, he or not Gordon, uh, Bruce jumps off. Is that him? 
jumping off his Batman is he committing suicide you have Alf kind of break oh no uh, and you have you know Robin come back come back oh no oh my god you never get a thing of like holy shit he was Batman or yeah. hey he flew away he's it, a you goddamn don't, demon yeah you don't know what it is and then yeah you do see and earlier in it uh, you had a big part with Bruce saying that he thinks that this brother of his, Thomas, who's become this Batman thing, that he thinks at least, uh, that his protector is also like, oh, no, he's learned, he's done things, and he's done this and that. So that was a big point where these things that usually happen are stuck in a, you know, stuck in a form, they're ghosts. They don't yeah. really, they, they don't, don't grow, they, they just, don't they, learn. They just have like a They're mission and they, they stick to the mission. Yeah, and he's like, no, this isn't the same. This is different. At one point, you do have Bruce and Batman flying around Boston. Like, oh, having we, fun. Yeah, having a, a grand old time. It is funny that at this end, because he gets enveloped, enveloped into this Batman deal, he goes off and the last thing you see is just a Batman flying around and a really more demonic to me even bef- than before. Uh, but yeah, it ends like that. He's flying well, around so you don't too, know what like, happened. He, he starts learning about this Batman, the whole idea that it is this like, dead, stillborn twin Tommy. Uh, he starts calling Batman by Tommy and starts uh, you know, yeah. treating him more than just this ghost vision that he's been his entire life. Yeah. So I don't know if it's like this is actually making him become more like yeah. than he's supposed to be in this ghost lore or whatever. If he wants to be connected to his brother in a physical form now because of this. Or yep. if he actually just is upset because he wants to have the life that he was never given. Or he just killed himself there. We don't know. We, we have saying, no idea. This, for, for everything we've seen so far, it's been pretty much what you see yeah. is what you get. So that's what I'm going to go with. I know. He somehow became a Batman. But, but, again, the, but the weird thing is the only thing that I can say that really – points to the batman is hoover that's the only one because he even yells like bruce hey i can't prove it bruce call this thing off that's the only time in my mind that there is somebody that knows bruce batman different yelling for bruce call this thing off because even at the end you know kurt Busiek makes sure that you've already had like you said it's a great progression of he was already on that rooftop saying come on look batman come on show him show him don't show up they go up and there isn't even a like we'll see at the next issue may start out with like al like what the hell was that thing but at this point or al might all, be dead from a heart attack yeah, because all he just says is you know Br- bruce and that, and you see, it's not Bruce at that point. It's this Batman. But that's a natural thing to say when you follow Bruce up and then say that. So it's just a really weird thing where you don't even get a like, oh my god, you're the Batman or something. So it really is a cool ending. Now this is the thing we've talked about, say, in Mister Miracle, where we're not really enjoying it because of the fact that we don't know what's going on. To me, this is the type of story that. It, it does it better because you don't know exactly what's going on. Me and you are both may have different opinions of it, but the progression to get to there, you're getting a lot that's very intriguing and very cool. And also, you know, being set in a real world setting with a supernatural yeah. thing kind of does that as well. Uh, but also he has set up these characters to a point where we really care about them. Even Al. Al goes down the leg, looks like he's having a heart attack. You're upset. Al's a cool guy. And, uh, yeah, it's just, I like it. This issue with that middle stanza with the, uh, you know, the political stuff kind of, it, it brought me down a little, especially yeah, since we've waited so long. So I give it a seven out of 10. Uh, but I'm still, I love the art. The art fits it perfectly. Sure does. Uh, yeah, but the story I thought got bogged down in that middle just to have, 
detective work that really just ends up you find out hoover uh was you know did the twist and, and it turned on and was a backstabber but you should have gotten that from the beginning because he wanted no parts of this batman before so it, it didn't really shock me uh but what would you give it i don't know it kind of shocked me that hoover was bad guy just because we've been dealing with him for so many like you know it's been like two decades now of like you know bruce wayne yeah. Wright's life and how just, he's never liked he seemed him, to though. bring him down he did it first until this whole thing got crazy with yeah the, but, uh, yeah well, remember the, the the first time that he mentioned a Batman, uh, yeah. that's when that it ended, and that was pretty quick. He was still a young man. That's you know, this is thirty years of hate that seems to be building, at least ten to fifteen, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, after saying I'm going to take your buddy down, just comes to him. Oh, by the way, you know, well, yeah, we can use his help. And it Look, just I, seemed, I do kind of my, my badge is on the line here. Yeah, I well, need, that, that's the problem is he says his badge is on the line. No, I, I just uh, do that. Uh, I don't. But think I know, so. but that's what you have to go with. This is I'm just saying one of my points actually that I forgot about was. He ended up going to Bruce without any backstory of why. You know what I mean? If there was something like, you know what, the Boston Strangler, we can't bring him down, and the whole police department's in trouble. I need your guys' help. It ends up that at the beginning was just seemed like a hood that he, you know, and then it progressed to the Senate deal. But it didn't seem. I wish that it was more of like I've been trying to get this as a, a you know, an open case. I know this guy's bad. I've been trying to bring him down for ten years. I can't. I need the Batman to just. T- quote unquote take care of him and then I would have been like okay I see he's a desperate guy he really wants this done it seemed like out of nowhere he's just like hey I could use your help and sets him up by doing a couple little things then a big thing but it didn't seem right to me it just seemed very like you said about the grave seemed very forced to get it to be done so but keep going I'm just saying this was a bit of a misstep for me this issue just because of how everything was bogged down even though we get some big reveals about what Batman is yeah you get the reveal of Hoover as well but like I'm still all, like all about this series because I'm having a good time. Yeah. This issue just did felt like it was a, you know, on top of the delays, it just felt like there was a lot in here that didn't need to happen. It was just bogging everything down, like you said. Yeah. But I still enjoy the art. So seven out of ten. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is too, they kind of in the art with that cool little deal. Uh, where he goes to see Hoover when he realizes what is going on and there's that old school Batman where he, he lands on the roof and he's going to go to see Commissioner Gordon and it's the, it's actually like from a Batman and Robin or yeah. a Batman comic and he goes down and it's like, huh, it's me, the Joker. I wish that that would have been more of a tie-in as well because I don't think of Hoover as this Batman's Joker. He's not yeah. somebody who made him. You know what I mean? I wish there was some character in this that somehow the reveal and that twist like would have been like – Would have been like – yeah, or even if it was the Joker, you realize, wait a second. He kind of did make him do this, kind of like making him into the Joker and stuff. But that might be revealed next. Maybe we do find out that Hoover was a good cop and because of this Batman – Batman stuff, he ended up having to do some stuff behind the scenes that ended up making him a bad guy. You know what I mean? I wish it was just the twist of Batman made his villain in this. It just seems like it's, you know, a dirty cop then. But yeah. we, we wanted to trust. So I would have liked it to have been more clever there and not just a, oh, my God, reveal. But that, that's fine. But, yeah, 7 out of 10, that's not so bad, Eric. We're, no, we're still no, on not. board. not going to give the next one a 7 out of 10. I'm going to remain calm. I'm going to listen to this intro of yours, your little blurb, Eric. I'm going to take some deep breaths, and then we'll get on with it. What is it? Batman number 45, written by Tom King, with art by Tony S. Daniel, John Livesay, Tomei Moray, and Clayton Cowes. 
Must be Booster Gold retard. That's right. <laughs> Booster Gold has done created his own booster point with this issue when he decides that saving Bruce's parents would be the best wedding gift possible for him so that he would see how terrible the world would be without Batman, thus allowing our Dark Knight to see that his life has purpose. Too bad that none of that makes sense and Tom King knows nothing about Booster Gold. Yeah, yeah. Uh, here, wait. Uh, I, we were going to get the wrong turn to say that the Booster Gold Retard. We didn't see him at all yesterday no. at work, so. Wrong turn gives this a fuck you five. Wrong turn. We're not supposed to give the scores at the beginning, wrong turn. I actually looked to right. see if I still had the Batman bitch, but I don't have that on my soundboard, Eric, so I could not do that. But, uh, yeah, there, there's some issues with this, and. Again, I, I argued with Manship all day today. Manship sending me, you know, things. And it's funny. Manship sends me three sentences. I send him a manifesto. Manship yeah. sends me a sentence. I send him an encyclopedia of yeah, hate. You're, and, you're and, and, uh, you know, but, uh, the problem is, yes, uh, we kind of are getting this kind of thing that, oh, you guys hate Tom King. The problem is, is we don't like a certain type of writing, I guess. And that's kind of his writing. So it's not that we don't, you know, you know what I'm saying is it, it never seems Seems to change. Well, I'm saying and, I actually don't think this is the typical Tom King running for what we get. It's like his characters are actually moving around doing stuff and not repeating everything that they yes. say to one another. But the thing is, he is setting up a world here. In my mind, he is actually getting out of his comfort zone, but he is going there unprepared because he has no idea what he's writing about. Okay, well, now here is my thing, because if you've been listening to our podcast and listen to, say, a Mr. Miracle or a, uh, you know, uh, Batman. I, I don't know Good. why I couldn't think of Batman. Uh, you will think think back at, hey, Jim yells and screams. What does Jim really not like about you know this Tom King Batman or Tom King's books? And one of the biggest things that I always stress that really drives me nuts, it happened in the Ivy arc we just ended that I'll mention, but is that he writes a book to have wow moments. They go fan service moments. They never connect. And the problem is they never make logical sense beyond the one panel that they're in. You have, I'll just mention in I. Well, each character that, he uses is just a prop and yes, for the story. And, when, and that's the other thing. When he adds a character that isn't Batman or Selina, I've said it over and over, he doesn't seem to care what they are, who they are. He makes up his own version to be a prop to just get the story where he wants to go, not naturally progressing from a character being in a story. We had Wonder Woman where Wonder Woman talked with a goddamn Russian accent, it didn't seemed. make any sense, and just was there as a prop to be, you know, the sexy lady that Bruce may end up kissing. You have Ivy where he is completely, you know, washed away any continuity, that the current continuity, to the point where every other book now has to reference his story because it doesn't make any goddamn sense in the continuity without that. With this, though, the Ivy deal is what I was going to say, is when she shows goes up and is doing all these things where he he wants to have this wow moment and one of the wow moments was when Ivy is going to be knocked out and they end up where oh my god the planes we got to do this because the planes are going to crash they're going to crash but never thinks through that she's controlling everyone and there's also people in cars there's yeah. people in this there's people in that there's people working heavy machinery like you knock Ivy out and that control and everybody passes out a lot of people are going to die he doesn't want that so he just 
pushes that aside, says planes because they have a certain amount of time. Oh, the plane's going to go. We have a certain – plus a plane and a dead fall, you know, just going. It's not just, oh, I wake up and pull out. It's nonsense. He writes all these things. We've had this in jokes and riddles when we said that, you know, the Joker comes out and shoots a gun two feet from a police officer. They don't hear it. And nobody hears it. And nobody hears it and doesn't react uh, because that wouldn't fit the story. You have all these things. We had the thing in jokes and riddles as well where you had – where uh, the the Riddler stabbed that guy 26 times because he wanted to say he had something to say. But yet you had the biggest criminal in Gotham at that point being interviewed and one there's no guards there watching. It's a bunch of nonsense. And this even goes, you know, I'll, I'll say a fucking 83rd floor, uh, you know, rundown apartment in Gotham. That's almost as big as the Empire State Building. He never thinks things through. These stories always fall apart because when he adds something, he adds it. He has Booster Golden here. He adds Booster Golden. Because he wants to have his version of It's a Wonderful Life uh, for the man who had everything. He wants to do all these things. But it doesn't even work in a basic logical level because the whole story is based on Booster going back to this altered timeline to show Bruce that his life is better as Batman with his parents alive. But why would this Bruce? This Bruce would never know this. It is an altered timeline he would not, not an know world. this it is, is the, no this bruce is not an else world and making sure this, that bruce it, wayne's parents never died going to yes. the press to see what that world will remember look like this Batman. remember everybody who's read this booster gold is not a multiversal tra- you know a traveler he is a time master i'd like to call him a time lord but eric will no. get mad at me he's a time master who can alter time that's and who all. does it, though, because he preserves no. the timeline. And what we just had in Action Comics uh, with Dan Jurgens, who I don't know if you know this, Eric created the character. I Booster heard. spent an entire arc, even at points where me and Eric kind of got a little upset because it was so stressed with Booster. We can't change that, Clark. Can't change that, Clark. Can't change that, Clark. And we thought, boy, he's really stressing that. But it was stressed because at the end, Booster then goes and does what he knows he shouldn't by saving Lois and General Lane. And with that says, all right, you know what? Superman deserves it. I am in huge trouble. I'm going back to to face the the music here. But you know what? If anybody's worth doing that, it's It's Superman Superman. who deserves it. I just saw his planet get destroyed i just watched his mother and father burn to death and then jarell disappearing with the mr yeah, oz yeah. stuff unfortunately that mr oz stuff kind of lessens it a little in my mind but he basically saw his parents just burn up but then he said you know at the end all of this i can at least save his wife and his father-in-law now again people might say john but john wasn't dead he's Superboy. Yeah. he wasn't going to be dead but he ends up saving superman's family then because he just saw and also the you know the weight of seeing superman's look where superman sat there and watched his parents especially his mother at that point die and booster's like you know what he didn't even say anything he just watched it uh you know not even and you go from there where booster has let all those people die which he could change but he knows he can't to this where the timeline it's a wedding gift oh a wedding gift i'm gonna go and change your timeline to show where is is it that batman ever asked and or said the booster once you know what i think i'd be better off with my parents alive where does he get this idea the idea though that he goes to this bruce wayne said that because this is his wedding gift this Bruce Wayne isn't getting married. This no. Bruce Wayne has no idea about anything. As far as we going. know, he, I, I'm he telling goes you, it's because he twist. has dreams, which is fucking nonsense yeah. about being Batman. But none of it makes any sense. Nope. The worst part about going back and talking about the Action Comics Booster Shot arc is not only did we have this thing that we saw at the end, you know what Booster does and who he is. 
Dan Jurgens made sure to reintroduce who the character is to all yeah. the readers yep. to let them know who Booster Gold is through his origins and shit like this. This is not that character. No. And this is a goddamn, you know, like somebody on the on the uh, comments of the website actually said, I think this booster might be on the spectrum. And I, I think I believe him because this guy, there's something wrong with his brain. Because yeah. I'll tell you, when, when he witnesses a Hal Jordan who just blows his brains out with the goddamn ring out of nowhere and says, oh, that was pretty cool. That was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. There's something wrong with this booster. And it was Joey. It was Joey from the MSDC podcast who said that. He was talking to me about it as well. Yeah. Said that, yeah, he thinks that he's, you know, whatever. And then that's the problem is you have where Tom King doesn't do a, a really good job of explaining things. He's just going with it because he's got to be mysterious and, you know, you got to fill in the blanks. People don't even think that this is the real booster, which maybe that'll be the time. If it is, you know, that all of a sudden we realize this is Earth 15 or something nonsense, then it's just complete nonsense. But Booster, being a time master, should know that if he alters a timeline, goes back and alters it. The people in that timeline are set in that timeline. You, there, it, there's no out of time. He's out you, of time, so he wait, can go you, and this do is, it. This is a booster gold flag point kind of thing. It's like exactly like a flashpoint scenario where now when he goes back, he might change things because he does not have the time sphere or anything like that no. to make sure that the no, timeline well, does, you know, the doesn't matter. Effect, Skeets is a time machine now, Eric. Yeah. We'll get to that too. But yeah, you go in this, and again, this is in my mind. This is the whole deal, and this is where I go back to jokes and riddles again because where it was spelled out that Tom King said, oh, when I wanted to do jokes and riddles, I went in the office and said, hey, anybody ever do a Riddler versus the Joker story? And they said, that sounds cool, and I said, yeah, and then he decides to write the story, and it's, this is, hey, how can I go and do like It's a Wonderful Life? Well, Booster's a, a time traveler. I'll do that, but doesn't get the concept of the character, the character that is a kind of a, you know, he has a bit of a meathead in the fact that, you know, he does some crazy things, but not a guy who would watch a Hal Jordan as it starts, uh, kill himself with the ring and then go, awesome. That That's not Booster. And it's also, there's the wow moment. Oh my God, it started off with Hal Jordan killing himself you know, because he's jokered. We don't know anything about this, and it, there's so many things. I don't things even understand why that, there's a joke. That's what I'm world, saying. And this, there are so many things that I see this, and I really do feel like if you've never seen the movie They Live, go in and see it because I'm starting to think that there's certain people who have the sunglasses and can see what's really going on here, and the others who are like, man, that's awesome. You have Green Lantern, how Jordan kill himself. I always wanted to see that. No, that is to make it, oh, to, without a Batman, this Gotham's going to be dark, and I'm going to show it with, with Hal Jordan showing up and Gotham. To, I, could, I could sit here and tell you a million things of why or what I want to know why the, you know, he's doing this and why Hal Jordan's even there and why this would start it out and why Booster goes back and starts looking for Batman and then it's like so many things in this where it doesn't matter. This isn't the guy who would know any different. Nope. This is a timeline that's been altered. If you alter the timeline now and God forbid take out the McRib, that's the only thing that goes wrong. You take out the McRib. My dad, God rest his soul, Eric, is not going to be sitting there having dreams knowing that there's something wrong. He never had a Some McRib. Some kind of wonderful sandwich out there. He I know just it. I've been never had the McRib. That, that's it. And if you're going to do the story, you have to figure out a way 
to have a Bruce Wayne out of time, not a, I always knew something was wrong. And that's the thing with these sort of stories. He is treating this completely like a flashpoint, as you said earlier, or say a an Elseworld story because he thinks it's going to be cool to show you all the differences that have happened without a Batman, Bruce Wayne Batman. I can't say Batman right. because there's a Batman. And to me, it's more of opposite world. It's not thought through to the point where when I see that Tim Drake is working at Wayne Engineering – that that makes me think, boy, he really thought this through. Oh, my God, that makes so much sense. It gets worse because then later you see, obviously, that Dick Grayson is Batman. Why? Why would there be a Batman? You have a know. Dick Grayson whose parents were killed. Yes, that could lead you to think that he would become a vigilante. A vigilante, yeah. Why Batman? It's only there because you have to have Booster trying to find Batman and accidentally find a gun-toting Batman. And in my mind, when I saw the tweets from Tom King, he said a lot of stuff about, you know what, if, if Bruce Wayne wasn't Batman – a Nightwing or, or a Dick Grayson Batman would use guns. Okay, I get that, but why is he Batman? Yeah, okay, you know? his thing was Dick Grayson wouldn't have an aversion to no. guns, but I'm like, yeah, but he wouldn't be Batman yeah, either. Batman. Because of, hey, I'm telling you, this is essentially, just think of like, this is almost an exact like replica of a Batman costume. It's not even yeah. like anything nope. different besides for, like the gun belt. And you even have a crashed, uh, a broken up, you know, with gun bat bullets, signal, yeah. bullets, bat signal, uh, which then leads to when, when uh, you know, Dick Grayson does show up. And says, and you know, everybody's jokered. And, and uh, yeah, he starts shooting. And you, you get this if you There's think no force like. Field when on you think, now yeah, he has yeah. Kevlar. And when you think about this, you're like, like, when would he, because the bat, the symbol is so particular to a I, sequence of he, events of Bruce yeah. Wayne that it would end up being a Dick Grayson? No. Have him show up. If you want to do this, have him show up. Have no bat signal, but where the bat signal would be, Booster would go, oh my god, there's not a bat signal. There's a trapeze man signal. Yeah. And you end up that it's Dick Grayson. But we even said, if you really want to think about it, just a little deal, you could go with the fact that when Dick Grayson's parents died, he was a young guy. Maybe he went after Tony Zuko and got killed. And yeah, I really think that's what that I think. What I really thought that this was going to be when I saw Booster and the idea of having the the uh, mother and father being uh, alive, Martha and Thomas. I thought it was going to be like one of those where when, when Booster shows, again, I didn't know I thought that Bruce would be almost like an It's a Wonderful Life deal. doesn't make sense with a time travel deal. But no. uh, with that, I thought that it would be something like, listen, you could have your mom and dad back, but when you don't have a Batman, a Bruce Wayne Batman, look at the effect, the ripple effect through this Bat family of yours that you ended up helping Dick Grayson. You ended up helping Jason Todd. You ended up, you know, not as much helping Tim Drake, but Tim Drake joining in. You had a Damien. I thought it was going to be as simple as without you, you get one family or you get the other. You have Martha and Thomas. You never become Batman. You never have. And unfortunately, Dick Grayson got killed trying to, you know, get Tony Zuko. Jason Todd, with his piece of shit parents, pretty much gave up and became a drug, you know, overdose. You have a Tim Drake who maybe he just went and did some, you know, had a job like this, but is bored out of his mind and not able to, you know, and Damien wouldn't be born. But when we get to that, too, there could be something more than just, uh, oh, Damien's not born. There's no heir. Grace, I guess we're going to be done. It's so just there to, to be like, oh, man, that's dark or, oh, that's a funny joke. And it doesn't – it just – it infuriates me the level of this story of not getting something with such a cool premise 
but never doing anything because Dick Grayson comes, he's, you know, Booster ends up shining a bat signal. And, you know, Dick Grayson comes as pissed. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you can't do this shit. And I, I don't know if, like, if, uh, you know, Batman, Dick Grayson, Batman's Joker as well, just because of the, the, the whole thought process he has where superheroes can Doesn't come to sense. my city, they get jokered. So I'm going to kill you before you get jokered. Yeah. It's like me right. saying, you know what, Eric? Eventually, you're going to get the VDs. You're going to get the gonorrhea. Obviously. So what I'm, so I'm going to do now, I'm going to kill you. Stage 210 of the gonorrhea is me killing you before he gets the gonorrhea. It doesn't make sense. Started sounding a little like Bill Cosby there. Hey there with the, with the pudding pops. But yeah, it, it, it's basically that you're, you're here. You're going to get jokered. Not, hey, I'm going to escort you. Get the fuck out of my town. No, yeah. I'm going to kill you. And, and tries to strangle him again, trying to be dark. But at this point, there's this weird idea too is what, where I go from this of, I don't know the concept that he does with the let's let Martha and Thomas live, uh, you know, you would think that he'd kind of be around that timeline. Like he changes it. Then it seems like he just went off to do something and then comes back just a, all right, let's see what fucking fun I caused. And well, then just the thing, shows up. I imagine he went and made sure that Thomas and Martha didn't they die live. and then went back to the present to see how time had changed. Yeah, it just, it's, it's weird though when he just shows up and the idea of the hey i want to see i'm going to show bruce that batman you know is almost a gift when he comes back and doesn't right away go to see bruce wayne i mean the gift that he's giving is for bruce wayne you have to have this hokey way to see this dick grayson so he goes to see batman and then goes oh i guess that's not the batman i gotta go see the other batman he knows that this is the thing that makes bruce wayne into batman yes. so why would he even imagine that's what that I'm it would saying. still be a batman in this yeah, timeline that's what i'm saying why does he show up and not just go to wayne manor why doesn't he find out and go to Wayne Manor thinking that, okay, Martha and Thomas probably, let me find out where Bruce lives. Let me go and find Bruce because I don't think he's going to be Batman. That's what my gift is all about. And or you have you, – I also thought maybe the story would be one of those that you know Bruce will always end up being a vigilante of sorts that if there's no Batman, if his mom and dad live, maybe he is a you know a guy who becomes a senator and and makes yeah. drastic changes, or even whatever. a doctor like his father. Yes, but in this, it is obvious through everything we see here that a Bruce Wayne whose parents do not live is a guy who could care less about anything about Gotham. What happened about Thomas? That's his city, his yeah, dad, his you, whole thing. Gotham looks like Detroit on freaking Devil's Night yeah. in the Crow. Like everything it's, is just burning all the time. It's it seems super like. Detroit. It's, yeah. it's, so with this, yeah, where is the Bruce Wayne that isn't a Batman but is doing something to help the city, doing something? That he is a piece of shit. Where's Thomas the Waynes, and Martha Wayne? The Waynes become pieces of shit. They're having this yeah. fancy party while Gotham burns. And to me, that is also in the back of my mind reading this. All I can think of is this is Tom King telling us that the worst thing that can ever happen to this world, DCU, is for the Waynes to live. Because obviously they didn't raise a good kid to become somebody who would try to help or try to change things. They're dancing around in a party while shit is gone completely wrong. And You mean, you mean Bruce Wayne's birthday? Yeah. No. The anniversary of his parents because it changes. It starts off as being a Bruce, birthday party birthday. to an anniversary. You don't have to dance with your old mother. And then later yeah. on, like um, Alfred will come and let you out later on, Booster. I have my parents' anniversary to get to it. I'm not about to miss it. Yep. Like, what the hell just changes. happened between pages? But yeah, why is it that you don't have a Bruce Wayne Batman next thing, Penguin's the president? Yeah. Like, this is going too far. 
It's it's really because it wants to be Flashpoint. Uh, again, you you go with Jason Todd. This is where I said it's it's Bizarro World is what ends up happening. Jason Todd instead of stealing tires from the Batmobile, since he you know n- there was no Batmobile, instead of stealing tires, he ends up making a tech that Deadly tases you when you to steal. Stop Joker yeah. from stealing your tires. Uh, where's the progression there? Like this is just a oh man, you see that joke? Jason Todd doesn't steal tires; he saves them. There's no, there's nothing. It's surface. And then you go and Duke, Thomas, Eric, Thomas, Thomas. he's there. Instead of his parents being Jokerized, it looks like he's Jokerized. Oh, my goodness. Where's the progression there? And apparently lobotomized, too. Because if if I, when I was, yeah, and lobotomized. He has what appears to be a lobotomy. In my mind, the issue is, is one of the big things is when Duke was introduced, you had him in zero year. where And, you know, that was the progression. You saw that. And he was going to solve the Riddler's riddle. The Riddler had taken over Gotham, and each day you had a riddle uh, where if you solved it, he would leave. The game's over. You know, if you could su- – but if you didn't, you died. You died. And at the one point, Bruce was there. Batman went to uh, – to when he, and it was just an early Batman. It was the, you know, dirt bike Batman. The dirt bike Batman. Yeah, went to Duke, and Duke was going to go. Next figure, Jim. Uh, uh, that's awesome. Duke was going to go and try to solve this riddle. You know, you could tell me that he'd be dead. He would have yeah. tried to do that because the Riddler, again, you have a, a weird thing with us about the Joker and saying like, oh, what's going to go on without a Batman? Why is there a Joker? But there's a Riddler. You know, that sort of thing should have still been, you know, there possibly. You don't know how things change. But nope. have it where you see something. Don't just go, huh, the opposite's going to happen. Get this. Duke is lobotomized and maybe joking instead of his parents. Oh, my goodness. And then you have somebody talking and saying, open up, Dukey. Uh, you know, we're going to show them that you don't need this. You just need a little treatment, and we'll see how that goes. But then we do go to the big thing, and we're almost done and the issue a, And throughout this, though, you have, you know, freaking Booster Gold talking to Skeets, making fart jokes, and trying to really force joke about yeah. you should have gotten them a cheese pl- uh, tray instead. A cheese tray? What would Bruce Wayne and Selena do with a cheese tray? He may want to cut it. He may want to cut it. Like, cut the cheese? Yeah. <laughs> and some I people love you, love it. I love you, Cat. I'm like, and, what the and, fuck happened to Booster? And, and the what other the thing, fuck? yeah. And you know what the other thing that gets me out? Just another thing about Booster that he is going back and forth with this. We talked about this. I said, do you think Booster would have been invited to the wedding? He's giving a wedding gift. So he's obviously. Yeah, I think he might have been. Invited. They were on the okay. JLI together. Oh, they were on the JLI together. So that's where he would know that Bruce is Batman from the JLI, would, right? No, he would know that from the future. No, he would know that from being in the JLI as well. He's invited to a thing and knows that he would know that from both. He, we have this setup that he is invited to the wedding. He knows that Batman's Bruce Wayne. Yeah. It just you don't have to spell out the future thing that way. I'm like, why are you saying it like that? It, it's just he knows Bruce Wayne Batman, and he bought him a wedding gift. But yet it's going all over the place. But then he shows up, and Booster, of course, you know he's from the future, Eric. So in the future, they don't believe in doors. Doors no. are a thing of the past in the future. I don't know if you know this because he just flies right through the window in the middle of a party. That, that's a great way to go and say, hey, by the way, Bruce, I caused all this nonsense. He just smashes through the window because it's a moment to have. Uh, and every, oh, my God. And then you go, you see Talia fighting Raish and saying, oh, by the way, father, uh, I'm, I never found the perfect man. So there no, will be you, no you heir. You would find the perfect yeah. man because at yeah. this point, like in the original timeline – 
Batman is the perfect man in your mind. Yeah, there's Without another Batman, perfect man. There would be the next down the list, and in my mind, it would be Slade Wilson Deathstroke. Deathstroke, just like we saw in the uh, Deathstroke versus Deathstroke Batman. 30, yeah. Would have been a really cool tie-in to have it. And now this is what you I was thought saying. Damian Wayne was bad before. Imagine oh, yeah. Damian and Wilson. What, yeah, I'm telling you, while this, you have this, you know, and they're supposed to be the classic, you know, bare-shirted race, sword fighting yeah. and stuff. Instead of that, you see that while Damian was a piece of shit, you know, and I'm talking Damian League of Assassins, piece of shit. He was saved by Batman. Batman yep. grabbed him, saved him. If it's a Deathstroke son, like you said, it's Damian uh, Wilson. Uh, you're gonna. I'm just have... saying, Damian is trained by his yes. mother and Raish in the League of Assassins his entire life until she t- puts him like, okay, it's time for you to be with your father. Now yeah. Deathstroke now continues he's to train him. So that's where you see you have in that you know what I would think would be a better progression of a timeline here, where you'd have Talia like, huh, he's uh, Damian's with his father, and uh, da, da, da. and we're like, whoa, what's going on? Bruce Wayne's still his father, and then it's revealed the next deal. It is. Deathstroke's son, and this guy, he is bad. Like, there is no savior for a Damian Wilson like there was for a Damian Wayne. It's super Hitler. It is super Hitler Damian, who now you get more of a deal where, yes, you don't have Damian. That's sad. We love Damian. There's no Damian. There's a worse version of him because there wasn't that light, you know, that perfect man of Batman there. So she doesn't know that, so she went. And it's that's leading into almost the... I knew something was wrong because, like you said, there's no perfect – no, there would be the guy. And yeah. the whole thing about this is it's more in this little bit. It's not about Batman. It's more about the League of Assassins. It's more about Talia. She would have done the same thing with somebody else, and the Deathstroke thing would have been a cool tie-in and made a awful Damien. But, yeah, you end up then Booster just talking uh, to Bruce about, you know, I went, I got your wedding gift, and then you have this call-out, you know, what do you get, the man who has everything? You and Superman told me the story. Uh, I know that the story, it's kind of a, a – but that's kind of funny for a Booster yeah, to not really have like, paid you know, attention. It's funny, too, because I want Skeets to say – Skeets is just there at that point, and I wanted Skeets when he's like, you know, and then Superman, like, he was there, and there was this plant, and it kind of, like, took over his mind, and he saw the good things and all, but, but, you know, it all all worked out in the end. I wanted Skeets to say, yeah, there was kind of a middle part there that was really awful, Booster. Did you really listen to the story? Because that's, you know, that's kind of the joke of him trying to do that, and all all hell could have broken loose from that story, which it didn't, but then you have the Bruce there who shouldn't know anything and says, I know that this world is wrong. I had dreams. And you're you're playing with the idea that it, it, like a Batman is supposed to be no matter what. So there would be these dreams or whatever. I don't know. Uh, that's where he's like, I'm not I'm going to go back to my parents, you know, anniversary, which was a birthday party. At the beginning, but that's no the worst. Like, and that's where, again, you have this. Now, this is, in my mind, again, it ends, so I don't know, but in my mind, this is a Bruce Wayne who's like, I'm not going back to that other world that I have no idea about and really shouldn't even believe you about being, I know you're flying and stuff, but why would I believe that you're a time traveler? What the fuck? I'm going to break skeets. And through this, you even have and because Booster. Skeets for some reason is a time machine. And now we have problems. And the weird thing is, is that you have he he doesn't want to have a time sphere in this, which Skeets is not a time machine. So before no. this happens, he has Booster say Skeets is a time machine a couple times. That does not make it true. It no. doesn't make it true. He's not a time machine. Also, Skeets, the time machine, and and the Skeets. 
No, and we just uh. saw Skeets get destroyed in that booster uh, shot deal with Dan Jurgens, and I there was emotion to it, you know. And then he ended up going the Eradicator robot, and you know yeah, stuff yeah. like that, which is funny and had some fun. Uh, but yeah, this is – and the skeets, little buddy, huh, I'm getting out of here. Alfred will take you out. I'm not going to miss my parents' anniversary slash my anniversary. birthday party. I don't know what's going on. I wouldn't miss it for the world. And now, like I said, you're getting the idea and that little bit that Booster said with with Bruce saying, you know what? I always knew something was wrong. I've had dreams. You're not going to take it away from me. And it's too much to be what this is. That's not what would – it doesn't make sense. It, Nothing I can in the story makes sense. My dad goes and kills me because he wants the McRib back. Eh, but he wouldn't know the McRib. It doesn't make sense, and it's all wow moments. He's had dreams, Jim. It, it just – it's a continuation of wow moments, and really I know that you really hate Booster. That's the – and I'm not talking Booster in general. Booster being presented here. Oh, I hate this booster, something fierce. Uh, and yeah, my biggest thing, though, for me is Bruce Wayne. And a Bruce Wayne that through this whole run, and now I'm talking real to the kids now. And oh, I, I don't want And I know we're yelling about this. I, I will tell you that these sort of stories are always neat, but they need to make sense. And, and this has so many things that don't make sense. We'll see if he ties them around in the next issues or whatever. But with this, the, he is showing where a lot of people love this, this Batman run. I see all the time they argue with me i say oh i want batman to be batman i want detective work they say no 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 you can't have batman just punch people in the face all the time he is showing a human batman a batman who's actually you know you're seeing the man behind the cow you're seeing the the good and and the happy batman which i disagree with but that's fine but then you go and do the story and those same people i'm reading this i'm like this is it this is where the tide turns (laughs) oh you know here it goes and uh because he is showing a bruce wayne that if he isn't defined by the tragedy of his parents' death, looks like he is a piece of shit that has let his entire city go to crap. And having a fancy party while this shit is happening just, to me, even accentuates that. Why aren't you seeing a Bruce Wayne that is a great guy no matter what? If the cow is not there, if his parents – that he's still a good guy who is doing all he can to save his city, the world, anybody. You have a Bruce Wayne who looks like he just wants to be in his mansion with his parents enjoying parties and not caring anything about it. This is not a human uh, Bruce Wayne. And really, again, this is Booster's fault for doing it. But you are going and showing me that if Batman's parents never died, he would not only not become Batman, but he wouldn't care about anything. He would just sit there. And even then, even when he's talking to Booster, he's all upset. He's mad. Like, where is this guy who is supposed to be you know one of the best guys yes he's batman but he's a great guy and i don't i don't see it here i see a piece of crap that is only that so basically martha and thomas they're pieces of crap too they raised a piece of crap in my mind from this bit of story maybe it'll tie around but why he breaks he breaks the skeets so so what would you do? – this isn't a guy like where you have where Flashback – and we were talking about where you have Flash go. He tries to save his deal, his mom, and then all hell breaks loose from that. And when he does go and he meets Thomas, Thomas Wayne in the Flashpoint deal is – you know he's a kind of a over-the-top vigilante. The world's kind of gone dark, all that. The minute that he hears that there is another time and, and starts to believe it where his son is alive, he immediately like – I. No matter what, I'm doing what you got to do. I want my son. Like, he is so unselfish to do it. But this is a Bruce Wayne. No! And breaks the skeets. 
Yeah. It just it, it just drove me nuts. Uh, I like the art enough. I thought it was down a little from what we usually get. Oh, I, th- uh, I really like the art in this issue, except for that first page where you know. Uh, Booster Gold looks like PC principal. He just looks yeah, kind of oh, yeah. retarded. I hate that. I just there's the not much backgrounds in it, which usually that's like a big you know deal. It is a little more gritty. I'll, I'll tell you, he did uh, you know did the deal of making it gritty, but really I'm going through it now and I just there's not as many backgrounds that there usually are. There's a lot of just facial panels. I know in my mind he is trying to kind of go with the look of this book as well. You know Tony Daniel going with like a, a Mikel Janine's style and stuff like that. But it just – I thought it was a little down from what we usually get from him. But there are some individual things that look awesome. Like you said, the when we were talking at work, the Dick Grayson Batman, when yeah, he shows up, awesome. he does look awesome. But uh, there's a lot of other things that are just like really Daddy, plain the way, well, the way Dick Grayson Batman looks here, you know Tony S. Daniel once worked on Spawn. Like you know when yeah, Spawn's yeah. all wrapped up with the guns. Yeah, oh, and yeah. Grenades, it looks like, awesome. Man. Oh, yeah. But uh, like the other things, like everything else is just these like kind of real drab backgrounds in my mind and stuff like that, which kind of threw me off. But yeah, uh, what'd you give it? I gave this issue a three out of ten because every time I turned the page, something else happened that made the story make less sense and made it me. It made it blatantly clear that Tom King knows nothing about Booster Gold and didn't care to learn anything about Booster Gold. He just heard something about it and then went from there. Yeah, and with that. Uh, I give it a 4.5. I'm a little more positive than you, Eric. <laughs> the Phantom Reviewers in town. Uh, what, what I'm going to say, though, is that he ends up making it, and people reading it, you just you really have to remember that you can't use the excuse of, oh, this is an Elseworlds, How and that? that's what I see. So the one character, you know, or two characters, actually, in this book that can't be different than what they are are Booster and Skeets. They, they're not changed. They're the normal people. And just reading this, there's so many different things about Booster. Skeets isn't a time machine. Booster has a force field, but yeah. that wouldn't be good Ends because time, you need – yeah, and you need to have uh, Dick Grayson Batman shoot him and then have the joke about the, uh, you know, the armor flattening the buns. No, he has yeah. a force field. Uh, yeah. You have a lot of things in this. You have a, a Time Master who is now gone and done something so – I mean this – he's a Time Master. This is not just a master of time of a decade. He's a Time Master, and he's gone and done something that is so ridiculous. Even at the beginning, if you had it, would this have made it better for you? Him and Skeets show up and like, oh, man, things didn't really work out, Skeets. And then Skeets says, I told you that this wasn't going to work and you're not you're not going to be able to put it back. And he's like, eh, I told you I was just going to do this just to see how it is and then you know switch it back right away. Like if it made it like he did this as like a goof to do it and he was going to switch it right away but now he's having problems, I, I'll go with that. This seems like this was the I gift. I still don't like it from what we got it's still doesn't make sense because he's especially re- the gift he's giving the gift to a guy to who a guy who wouldn't know it. nothing about it that's the biggest problem and that's why if anything in this if you're like well i can deal with this and i can deal with that the concept is flawed from the beginning it doesn't make sense and the There's way no reason why you would try to find he, this bruce yeah. wayne in this world and this yeah, time he tries to get out of that by do you I, again why not have the booster shot concept where Bruce Wayne is in the time sphere and somehow they get in this alternate timeline but they're in the time sphere they're out of time they can see whatever uh and go that route but in, it, them being in there it just doesn't make sense for Bruce Wayne to know anything about dreams or I knew something was wrong. That's nonsense. It's, yeah, you know what? You knew something was wrong because you look out your window and the city is burning and you're doing nothing. That's what's wrong. But yeah, we're, we're done, Eric. We're done here. 
All right. I didn't get that mad, but I just it's the continuation of just every character that shows up in, in Tom King's books as a side character. Ivy, Wonder Woman, you know, I'd even say as far as Superman and, and Lois, it's always for a prop and it's always not quite right. It's always something a little different from what we get, including like Ivy erasing two years of continuity. It, yeah. it just I don't know why. And they always seem like afterwards I get the idea and I get kind of upset. Like there are a lot of people who love Tom King. There's a lot of people who only read Tom King books. There's a lot of people who are now reading comics because it's Tom King. That's great. That's awesome that people are joining in because of a more humanized Batman that's going to marry Selena. Oh, I want to get in on this. They read this. They're probably like, boy, that Booster Gold's a real asshole. I'll never read any book with him. And there you go. You now you're making it less, and you're killing me. But yeah, then that's that. your book of the week my book of the week is what the hell is my book of the week i can't even remember now what's say that it's going to be action comics 1000 oh I'm, yes obviously it is action yes. comics 1000 thank you very much yes. that is my uh, book of the week mine is i believe that i ended up i was kind of playing around with the deal of superman and action superman. comics uh but then i didn't i mean action comics should be the given I think, didn't, Everybody, you give that, didn't you give superman uh, a 9.5 I'm telling you, and then I thought I gave uh, Action Comics. I was going to give it a nine, then I was going to oh, give it a 
seven, eight. Yeah, no, no. I, I think I went higher than that. I think at okay. the end I said that it's Len, but that's kind of the given. So I'm going to give it to Superman, but also say that action comics, everybody should get it anyway. You know, it's that type of book. But uh, this is what we're going to be talking about next week, Eric. A lot of books next week, including right. one very big surprise. But uh, Batgirl number 22. We got Batman and the Signal number three, Eric. There it what is. The hell is that There's shit? a surprise. It was just, it was just I the news that was going to be delayed. Or, I'm not even delayed. delayed. Yeah, right, canceled. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, there it is. Batman Beyond number 19. Detective Comics number 979. And we heard earlier Batman Beyond Mark is begging people to, to use that as the spotlight. We'll see what's yep. going on. It's funny, too. Uh, I'll leave it for when we talked earlier, Eric. Wow. <laughs> We're like Booster. We're going to go back in time then. Uh, you have Detective Comics 979. That's getting towards the end of James Tynan's deal. Uh, here's another one. Is everybody sitting down? Are you sitting yeah. down, Eric? Doom Patrol number 11, which is another one that people are like, that's never coming out. Yep, it is. So Reggie and Chris will be talking about that. Now we have all Hal- I have to do is read 1 through 10. Yes, and then 11. Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps number 43. We're looking forward to that. We have Justice League of America number 29 and Steve Orlando's run. Merrick, Queen of Atlantis number 3. Uh, Raven, Darter of Darkness number 4. Suicide Squad number 40. Uh, Teen Titans number 19. We'll be talking to Chris about that. We have the Demon Hell is Earth ending, Eric. You say thank All God right. again. Yes. The Flash number 45. The Hellblazer number 21. Shh. Still not ending for some reason. Shh. The silencer, Eric. Silencer oh. number four. No, it's Hellblazer keeps going. Terrifics number three. Titans annual number two. Uh, an annual book on a non-annuals week, but because of that Titans ending deal. Yeah. Uh, Trinity number 22. That ends that. And Wonder Woman number 45. Of course, two of those books will be on the Patreon spotlight. If you want to hear those and find out or even vote on those, go over to www.patreon.com slash weird science. Uh, and you can get involved in all that fun and fiasco nonsense. And one of those books would also be on our regular, maybe two. Sometimes we have a double shot Sometimes. on the regular spotlight. This may be one of those weeks that we may want to do that. Uh, hey, we kind of, that is, yeah, that's more of a try to get ahead of the recording. So yeah, that will happen, but we're going to end it right now. Eric, what do we say? at the end everyone have a great week Week. keep it weird Weird. and we'll see you in seven see you in seven and I hit the wrong thing hey Bats it's Booster got your emergency alert that's alright Booster thanks anyway We'll make do. You sure? Sorry, Booster. Going under some high tension wires. That sounds like paper. Over and out. Can I have your autograph? Of course you can. I thought you were Green Lantern. This week in Booster Gold History, your hosts, Lady Abby and Lord Andy. Welcome, everyone, to This Week in Booster Gold History. Yes, episode one. It's a rare one, and it will probably never happen again. (laughs) Rare only. It is. It's a rare Booster Gold History number one episode reviewing number one Booster Gold from 2014. But hey... 
It's Lord Andy and Lady Abby. Hey. And we're back in the booth, and we just want to say thank you for your patience. Get yes. fresh crew. It's good to be back and just talking about stupid comic stuff like we always do. So we That's enjoy good. it, and we love it. I missed it. And we missed it a lot, so it's good to be back. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, do you want to tell everyone the good news? Since we... Andy got glasses? I got well, Yeah, now I officially look like... A super dork. A super dork, yes. He, he literally has the... Thick-rimmed mm. Clark Kent glasses. Well, gee, Lois. Well, gee, Lena. And then I'm going to break your glasses. Well, gee, Abby. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> well, good news, other than Andy getting glasses finally, so now you can actually see the world the way that it is. Um, Marvel still sucks. I am officially in remission. Yay! Yes. We had some bit of a health scare there for a while and it was a big journey um but i'm almost done i only have a fraction of it left and uh yeah so we're in good healthy condition and now we can return to recording our favorite things and thanks to the good fresh crew for like all the the love that uh they sent out and jim and eric thank you so much thank you it's little it's the little things like that that like get you through the process man like, oh my god, this has been such a crazy, long, stupid process. And little things like that really get you through. And I really appreciate you guys. And I'm so happy to be here and to be back. And talking about Booster Gold. Yes. <laughs> my favorite, what was it? My favorite underrated failed superhero. <laughs> yes, okay. Failed, underrated, super, failed, underrated, or underrated, underrated failed, failed superhero. I'm okay. my favorite. <laughs> Absolutely. He's great. And uh, you discovered that. We were watching. Um, I finally got Abby to watch an entire DC movie all the way through. And it was an animated one. Which without all, falling yeah, asleep. Without falling asleep. Oh, my God. It was Batman and Harley Quinn, which Love came it. out just recently. I think in, in March or, or this, is March. this spring. So came out this spring, just February, spring, probably. Like some, a week ago. But, okay. Um, okay. Not even. High range for me. I give it like a 9.5. Oh my god, this movie is absolutely amazing. So I have never made it through an entire DC movie animated or otherwise um, without falling asleep. Definitely not Man of Steel. You're Um, out like the first 10 seconds. Well, let's say, uh, yeah, let's say recently. So I grew up on the old really bad Batman movies. Mm -hmm. Batman Beyond, um, Batman and Robin. Those are like my... Go to DC movies. Yes. But as of recently. Yeah, stayed up through those. I'm like, why? Just go to bed. They're so great. Anyways. <laughs> um, yeah. So they, these are, I don't get through any current DC movies at all. Batman and Harley. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. I could watch this movie every day for the rest of my life and be completely satisfied. Yes. That was, that was a great flick. And what, yeah. So anyways, there's a scene in there. Where, which we used in the intro, where Booster Gold is talking to Batman. I'm like, oh my god, it's Booster Gold. And you're like, who? Who's Booster Gold? And I'm like, wait, wait, wait. No, and like a lot of people don't know. So he went all, you know, Andy nerd on me. He was like, oh no, Booster Gold is like this really great bad superhero that really tries, but just isn't a real superhero. And he tries his best and he tries to be, you know, a part of the crew, but it's just not... You know, he gives 110%. He does. That's, you know, he does. And he sells himself out oh, 110% too. He is a total ass in that form. He's like a, like a member of KISS, but like, he's a superhero. They're both involved in comics, which is kind of funny. But yeah, no, um, 
But yeah, so he is a superhero from the future, just how I explained it to her, who he, well, he wasn't a superhero then. He was a normal guy from the future who took some equipment from a museum and uh, that was futuristic in our time. He comes back to our time to be a superhero using that futuristic equipment. And then he also like endorses himself out to anybody. And he's like, you know, totally average. You know, it's just that he pimps himself out. And that's why a lot of the Justice League, everyone just kind of frowns on him about that. Because, you know, you don't see Superman doing uh, Coke commercials or anything. You know, he, he is the most, like, the endorsed. Most commercialized. In real life, he is the most commercialized. I have, okay, so Abby. Superman diapers. Abby like, has seen know. my Superman collection. I've shown pictures on Slack chat, but, like. Uh, Superman peanut butter. Yeah, Superman peanut butter jar is the most valuable. I told my brother this when I saw him at our concert or whatever. I was like. You know, the most valuable Superman collectible I have in all my shit is the one that he pulled out of the garbage. It was like, oh, this looks kind of cool. And it was like a Superman peanut butter jar from 1980. P.S., which is worth like 30 bucks on eBay. Yeah. Well, so, and, yeah. The, that's that being your most mean, valuable? Well, 30 to 70 bucks. And my, I think mine's worth Depending on condition. Yeah. yeah, condition. So, but I mean... Well, it's all it doesn't have a lid, yeah. so obviously I mean, it's all Superman it's stuff. So it's, you really can't put a value on it because it's 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 you can't because it's just a, it's it's not worth anything. No, no, don't say that. It's worth it's what are you, priceless. Is that what no, you, yeah, no, 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 too late. Too late. All right, we've gone past that point. Anyways, Booster Gold. So Booster Gold and Superman are uh, two big favorites of mine, and they're both. Written quite a bit by Dan Jurgens, who is my favorite writer in DC Comics. Or, well, yeah, he's probably my, he's in my top three. So, and I love Dan Jurgens' art. I love Dan Jurgens' writing, especially his writing, actually, more than his art. And then, like, uh, but he created Booster Gold, and he's been writing Superman since before Abby was born. A million years yes. ago. And now. 84 years ago. <laughs> that's right. So Dan Jurgens has been writing Superman and Booster Gold for eighty-four years. No, and, no, don't don't quote him. Do not quote him. <laughs> we were talking about it earlier. I there was a brief time in my life where I was I was a big Marvel fan, and my favorite heroes, one of them was Captain America, mm-hmm. and that that uh, story arc or that that uh, what do you call it error was actually written by Dan Jurgens. I didn't know that at the time until I like bought all the stuff again. I'm like, oh my god. It's all Dan Jurgens, and like so, when he left DC for a brief moment, he was writing my other favorite character during my other favorite era and reading all that stuff and blah blah blah. So it's I, Dan Jurgens has like a I've never so even met the this guy. This entire but, uh, monologue that he did instead of saying era, he's saying error. Error. So as you know, a Marvel error. fan, it really makes me happy that he was saying error. Error. In uh, description of his. Favorite pastime, so it's kind of great. Anyways, continue. Yes. So, Booster Gold was created by Dan Jurgens in 1987, uh-huh. and uh, he debuted in Booster Gold number one. And uh, we don't have Booster Gold number one. I actually went to the store today to see if I can find it, and they didn't have it. And they had like surprise. They had like a whole bunch of new 52 Booster Golds, but I had one framed. On my wall, because it's a hologram, or what do you call this? It's a hologram. Holographic. Right? Yeah, holographic cover. Holographic. I've got a couple holographic cover frames on my wall. Or not frames, but okay, the comic covers are holographic, and they're framed on my wall. Andy has a specific <laughs> area on his wall where he has these holographic comic books that are framed in a specific way to make the wall look visually epic. 
Advertising. Yeah, advertising. Yeah, advertising? yeah I licked the wall before. No, not advertising. Anyways, <laughs> that's not the word I want. I had issue Booster Gold uh, 1 million, which I was like, oh, that's pretty hilarious. That's yeah, that's yeah, very, yeah, very good. One it's like Rocky million. 5 thousand. <laughs> which is, uh, that's why I thought you'd like it too. I'm like, oh, that's what we were talking about earlier. But like, and then um, I was like, okay, this one there's a lot of dialogue and blah, blah, blah. And then we're like, why don't we just pop that one out of the frame? So I shattered the frame and I just ripped it out. And, and the alarm went off, yep, and everything where we ran out of my own house. And then we realized that all I could have done is just popped open the back and just taken it out because I actually own it. And it's right here. So it's booster gold <laughs> number one. And it's, it says it's a one shot. One shot. That's probably why I got it for a dollar. Because booster so is one shot. It was four dollars at the time. Ooh. One and done. Yeah. Well, it, the change in time and history and stuff. Oh, yeah. So I didn't even talk about that. I'm sorry. So Booster Gold, he, he does have like, um, he was with the Justice League, the Justice League International and some other teams. And then he, he's like best buddies with Blue Beetle for a while. And he hung out with, uh, Superman and stuff. And that's why I'm talking about him now is because he's in Superman Action Comics 990. Like two and up, which is building up to 1,000, and he's helping Superman not affect the timeline. That's what he does. Booster Gold, like, is basically like a time cop where he goes back and makes sure people don't fuck up the timeline, which has got to be pretty crazy when you think about it. But, and, but, you know, Doctor you're leaving Who that up to him. Yeah, yeah, so uh, this guy. Doc doing all their time traveling. And his, his son is Rip Current or Rip Tide, or we'll find out, I think, in this comic that we read, but his son is also like a time-jumping lord or whatever. But let me tell you really quick about Booster Gold, number one, from 2014. It was written by Dan Jurgens, uh, art by Moratat, 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 Tat the Rat. Boy. And Dan Jurgens and Norm Rapin and Will Conrad and Steve Lytle and Steve Stephen Thompson and Mark Irwin so and Ron Friends and Scott Hanna and Brett Booth and Nort Rapman again. The cover was by Dan Jurgens and Norm Rapin. So it only took two guys for the cover, but the other 32 pages and we're covering like. So my 18. question is, you know how they put them in like order of like best to worst? The last writer, how many panels are they writing? Well, that wasn't even right. That was artists. Oh, that was artists? That was all artists. Yeah, how do you draw it that many different ways? Tat, Dan you guys do the head. I'll do the right, Rabbit, right, right hand. Will you Conrad, do the left hand. Steph Lytle. I'll do the Stephon left hand. Thompson. Abdomen. Mark Irwin. Juan Friends. Scott Hanna. Brad Booth. And Norm Ratman again. You know, I'm just tired of drawing this character, so if you can draw him <laughs> yeah, in the I next know, panel... I... That'd be kind of cool. That's the most artist I've ever seen. It's not like an annual. Nope. It's not like... Uh, this came out in 2014. This is, yeah, this is 2014. It's, it's like, a, a one-shot. for a million years. And when you skim through it... We're skim through it here while I'm talking in the microphone. microphone. But, like, the art's all pretty similar. Am I right? That was, like, 13 artists. What the fuck? Anyway, so... The you draw the upper lip. I'll draw the lower lip. <laughs> Okay, this crinkle on the right side, I'll do one. You can do the other. Alright, I'll do the other one. So, I, uh, like, oh my god, yeah, like, why? Ooh, is that too bright? I'll put the light that's up. kind of bright. Whoa, that's, okay. that's bright. I can see your face. No, you don't want that. <laughs> Alright, trapped out of time on a world that defies reason, Booster Cold struggles to escape the fate that has held him and so many other forgotten heroes captive. Uh, 32 pages, full color, rated T. Okay. It was three ninety nine. I got it for a dollar. 
Uh, <laughs> What's he overpaid for? It, it sells right now. I can get a copy for about... 39 uh, cents. No, it sells for about two bucks. I don't know if it's a holographic, though. And you got to pay shipping and shit, too. I, I, I walked in and I, I bought it for a dollar. I probably paid maybe like a dollar in gas to get to the store when you think about it. And, there you then, go. and then I also stopped by and got like something to eat. And then they were serving beer. So I was like, all right, I'll get some beer. And then <laughs> they wanted like an appetizer to go with what I ordered to eat. So I was like, okay. Who's your goal? Leaving you feeling <laughs> like you want more? Yeah. No way. No. Well. That's what Superman said. Oh. Hey. Okay. So you're saying Superman and Booster Gold have a love affair? I'm saying that Action Comics 1000 is going to be a really big surprise for a lot of people. (laughs) Surprise! (laughs) Booster Gold and Superman are running off in the time stream to be together forever. And Jonathan can come along and they'll write a sitcom about it called Two and a Half Superman. (laughs) Okay, I'm done. But... (laughs) I can't do that either. That's awful. Why would I ever say that? I'd watch it. So we open the first panel, and there's some dark, dark people walking around. It looks like old London town. Wait, you didn't talk about the cover. Oh, the cover. Yeah, the cover is holographic. What did we say about (laughs) Reason? So the one, we put it one way, and Booster Gold is on the front, and he's facing you, and he has a (gasps) half fake surprise face, and then there's like a tiger man behind him, which is like Kronos wearing a tiger mask. It also kind of looks like uh, the tiger from Shazam that we talked about. Oh, and, yeah. And it also looks like totally the tiger. Well, we scrapped that episode, so I don't know yeah, what we're talking about. Yeah, that never happened. That was a different timeline. <laughs> a different Earth. Booster came back and said, no, guys, yeah. this sounds like shit. So we're just going to not Thank you, Booster. Appreciate it. So, Thank you, Lantern. Yep. That's what happened. <laughs> but anyway, so he looks like a tiger man. Tiger and man. then you flick it to the other side and it's just Booster, it's Booster facing you looking badass. Yeah. And like, yeah, I'm your generic superhero. Yeah. Yep. With my 7,000 muscles that actually don't exist in the human <laughs> body. Yeah. Unrealistic <laughs> expectation of male body figure. Thank you. Because I only have like half of those muscles. That's what I'm saying. Like literally, physically impossible. <laughs> that is a body type right there. The tiger guy. I Looks pretty that. legit. No, we can all rock the tiger guy. Yeah. That, that's we can all have a tiger head. But I aspire to have a tiger head. Is he even mentioned in this? I didn't even see the tiger. I flipped through the art. We never, we never, as a tradition, no we never review the actual issue we're gonna read. No, no that would be, like be the silly. Initial reaction yeah, is better. No, we're just gonna. What? So exactly, we're gonna what together, guys? Mm-hmm. This is our pure and utter reactions that are happening right now. So if there's no Tiger Man in this episode, I'm gonna be real pissed. I'm gonna be pissed because I wanna know who. Because that Tiger is kind of cute. Like I would, I would pet. I like his headband. Yeah, he has a really like cool like. Metal Let's bed. get physical. Yeah, physical. physical. Yeah, and, like a Richard Simmons kind of headband. Tiger. Yeah. In boots. Yep. He has to put some boots too because he has big purple boots. Yep. Big purple boots. Okay, okay, so we open in the first panel. Boots. There's no tiger with purple boots. Boom. And I just closed the book and I said, fuck it. I, you have me on the cover and now there's no tiger, so fuck it. Okay, so we open up the first panel. Um, It's a dark and stormy night. Um, And you got your fog and you got your classic walking down a dark alley with two silhouetted figures with paper flying and 
It's just a classic dark alley scene. But the uh, the buildings all look very classic Victorian, like 20th century. Uh, 19th late, century. Late. Yeah, I'm sorry, 19th century. Uh, you know, Victorian. Sweetie Tom Air. Yeah. Air. Yeah, those are all the fancy words in the book. <laughs> okay. So, it opens up with this dude. That, you know, it looks like he's in a top hat. He's like, you know, the super gangster. I'm going to have some really bad accents coming here for us. Because we thought it was London, but it's actually... We thought it was London, but it's actually like New York and New York and Metropolis. Like, you know... Metropolis. 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 No. Yeah, I'm from Metropolis. (laughs) I got a Metropolitan accent. Exactly. That's how people from Metropolis talk. Well, gee, Lois Wayne, I don't know. Seriously, it's like making fun of the the New York, Boston right. type accent. So. Like, I'm from Metropolis. <laughs> Actually, with those glasses, you are. Yeah, so. That's tightening up my nasal passage. Right. So, anyways, I'm going to have some really bad accents going forward, but we decide mm. this is the best course of yeah, action. Yeah. I'll be booster, you be the bad accent. So... <laughs> Epi and another grim night, Cyrus. So long as we're trapped in the miserable pigsty, eh? The type of night by which crime is done, I fear. And then they cut to this panel where it's definitely like two hookers. You got a couple of hookers over here, and they're like, seriously, like one's wearing a thong, and like her boobs are out, and like super, super, super hookery. You know the one being committing the crime, of course. Course. Here now, what do we have here? A common drunkard. I'm on the mind that he might not have spent all of his money, Eddie. One way to find out. Strange suit of clothes. French, I'd wager. Where's pockets? Hey, get off of me! And who's the guy they're rumbling through the pockets of? It's Booster Gold, and his one protruded leg kicks out in a single panel. Like, just straight up. Just kicks <laughs> out. It's like that. It's like leg lamp, but upside down. <laughs> <laughs> upside down leg lamp out of a pile of garbage. 18th century garbage. It is or, no, 19th century. Gold boot that is protruding out of the trash. Mm-hmm. Cuts to the next page, which is just one panel long. And it goes, what the? Hey, where the hell am I? And it's booster gold. And his armor is gleaming. And the, the, there's no sunlight, so it's, just, it's gleaming. <laughs> yep. Just gleaming. And uh, <laughs> just last thing I remember is I was in the Justice League headquarters. And now, late 1800s or so? You'll regret caught in trouble, friend. Time to pay with money and blood. Ah, obviously an American city with bad accents. New York, Metropolis? Uh-uh. Oh, Gotham. Of course, I guess the way that the guy... Oh, well, it came at him with a knife. So, yeah, probably got them. I would guess got right. them. Yeah, you're like, oh. Because Metropolis, they're probably going to, like, pickpocket you. And New York, they're probably just going to, like, give you the finger. But in Gotham, they'll probably just try you. to stab you in an alley. Yeah, so, you know. Oh, Gotham, here I am. Yep. <laughs> Doesn't matter what century it is. That's how they do it here, so. Go down, you daft circus performer. Ugh. Ugh. Better deal with the problem at hand and then figure out how to get back. I was on a mission. Look there. He done laid out Eddie and Cyrus. Yeah, he did. I forgot to tell you that. He punched him in that single panel. I guess you're supposed to decide that Eddie and Cyrus are both knocked out. Skeets? Our favorite sidekick. So let's have a conversation about Skeets. 
So, out of the perfect failed superhero, he is, he, like, you know, any other kind of uh, superhero has a sidekick. And instead of, you know, naming his sidekick anything like Freddy or Junior or Buddy, he names him Skeet. So, as a skeet on the pages of DC, this is Booster Gold's sidekick as skeets. skeets. Yeah, the little robot guy. Reminds you of a Kalex or whatever from a Superman. Like, he is. He but, is definitely a robot guy, uh, but he's still the sidekick and still his skeets. name is Skeets. And I don't know the history of Skeets, and I don't know why his name is Skeets, but I really don't want to find out. I think it's an acronym for, uh, you That's know, a really long dirty acronym. nasty to do. To a person. The only other, like, long acronym that I know named after a character is, like, MODOK, and that alone is, like, a mouthful. So, <laughs> I can only imagine what Skeets, skeets would is. be. I'm sure it's a mouthful, too, <laughs> if you know what I mean. There's a quitter. And we all know Booster is a swallower. <laughs> well, that's how he made it in the league. You don't, they don't just take anybody. Oh, oh you have a couch. cosmic treadmill belt? Well, oh, that's nice. Well, why don't you uh, cosmic treadmill this for a minute? And skeet, skeet. And now you're on the dress. Oh, see, now you're just getting me all excited. Let's finish this episode. All right, all right, all right. Skeets? <laughs> Use BridgeCon to contact you, and do you read? Surround them. Then some fancy duds. I'm thinking he's a rich one, he is. No. Contact, I, I can't deal with this now. My mission, it's coming back to me now. Ah, see that buddy, I don't believe it. He's like to be the one what locked us up here. <sighs> and look who's flying in there in the channel. I would see him there in the panel. It's Batman. Oh. He has the same background colors yeah. as the background. Batman is flying in, and, and Booster Gold is flying out. And uh, says, trying to trigger access to that time stream, but it isn't working. Why? And then a web of some type of thing splurts, and it goes, and the next panel looks totally different than that one. So he he looks like he got shot by like a bat web, but then it looks like he jumped into a pile of orange paint. Skeet. Skeet. (laughs) Oh, God. Is that what Skeet looks like? Like in real life? You tell me. You've seen more than I have. Okay, so he falls into this gathering thing of goo. Skeet? skeet. Yeah, he's falling into a pile of skeet. And, uh, it just, it just goes really big, apparently, because now the next panel, the next page. It's Scyther! Oh, no, wait. No. That's a Pokemon reference. It, it doesn't look like him, though. It, it does kind like of looks like. It looks like a Alien. Mantis it looks like Praying Mantis, dude. It looks like, uh, those old Morphin, uh, Morphin Beasts. It's Scyther with a huge dildo. Yeah. And it does, yeah. It's, 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 so it looks like, I think. A life size uh, pill. Yep. Yeah. Capsule, yeah. aka vibrator. It's huge. Mm, well, Booster Gold would be huge. Like, why and is there is, a capsule with a praying mantis dude? I'm so confused. I know, it just makes no sense. So, anyways, Booster Gold is trapped inside of a big Twinkie, 
And he's got <laughs> looks some like aliens around him who look like Pokemon, and they're like, tell me, this has taken too long. Tell me what I want to know. And he goes, no way, Darth man. Tell me. Okay, okay, okay. Two all beef patties, special sauce. Oh, <laughs> that booster gold, that fucking son of a bitch. <laughs> Enough. Prepare him. A fizz. A big fizz. Doesn't matter what you do. You will tell me. It's the last line of defense. And I'm not talking. Plang. And now he punches something. I can't tell. It looks like he's still trying to break out of the Twinkie. No, no. Okay, he's punching the alien dude. You know the last panel reminds me of? You know that um Disney movie or Disney show that made fun of like superheroes or was like Ant-Man kind of a dude? And he had, it was a really crass cartoon. The Tick? The Tick! Is that it? That was not Disney, though. Oh, what is it? That was just like a cartoon network or something. Yeah. Anyways, he reminds me of The Tick. This panel like... <laughs> reminds me of The Tick with his bottom, like, jaw. Oh, yeah, know? just the square off jaw. Like, yeah, the, the perfect like square it's very, jaw like, generic superhero. Oh, thing. yeah, for sure, for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Yeah. He's like, you know, you're dynamic. I'm just saying, I'm just pointing out that that's what it looks like. And then he goes, hey! and he says, yes, you will. And then we see like a, a starving African guy with a bone in his nose and a dog staring at him. It says, bad combo. And then we see a bag of combos with cheddar cheese pretzel combo. It says, good combos. And that's an ad. So that's actually not part of the comic. <laughs> you have no idea the scrap, the scarab means. The scarab, the scarab. scarab. Yeah, the scarab. That's like an ancient Egyptian thing, so that sounds yes, like a blue beetle type thing going on or something. Oh, there he is, though. Blue beetle's being beaten up. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> right, so he's in the Twinkie, and then now I guess he's having flashbacks, and he's and he's fighting a Mohawk guy. And, and, so this and, is what happens when you have 12 different artists. They're just like, hey. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> This is ridiculous. Let's just... Hey, guys. Everyone just come oh up with their own God. page, and let's just go with it. What are and well, then wow. we're just going to say it's in different timelines, and he's just bouncing around in different timelines, yeah. and that's how we're going to do it. Yeah, but sounds well, like the commodity challenge. I'm going to pay each one of you $10 an hour, and you get two hours. So <laughs> each page... <laughs> Has been flying two it. hours. I'm just flipping through. And then the writer's just like, all right, how are we going to make this work? And that's what happened. figure out what the fuck is going on. You know, we probably should have picked them. So are we just picking Maybe. random I, pages from random episodes? I sound, well, yeah. Uh, uh, there is Kamandi! It's Kamandi. That that explains it all. There's a, I, I'm flipping through the book, and there's a, a panel with Kamandi, and that just That's tells you right there that... You guys aren't following along. Well, no, he's being hunted down by the tiger crew that, like, uh, Kamandi's in, like, he's, he's, like, on a future Earth, kind of, like, playing the game. Thundercats? Because they only have, like, Thundercats Well, no, it was before Thundercats. This is your boy, uh, Kubert. Like, he, he came up with all this shit. I'm your just saying, they only guy, like Thundercats. You know, who won't talk to Stanley because, you know, they're going to rip off each other. And, uh, yeah, so Kamandi's there being chased down by the tiger people. I, could, I, got, I got this shit, but that explains... Everything to me right now is the fact that none of this makes any sense, just like every commodity comic book ever written. But we'll go ahead and pause right there, and when we come back, we'll try to figure out what the fuck is going on <laughs> on the fourth page. All right. <laughs> on the fourth page. And you have no idea who I am, do you? 
Skeets? Citizens of Metropolis, behold, Booster Gold. Traveling back through time from the year 2462 AD, Booster Gold has come to battle today's wrongdoers. Booster Gold, protecting his past to ensure your future. Booster Gold. Well, welcome back, everyone, from our little break there. We just had to put our minds around what exactly we were looking at, and I can't. I'm sorry, Abby. I'm sorry I got you into this mess, and now we're lost in the timeline together. I'm very confused. Uh, I'm lost forever. I know, lost forever. I think he mentions that. So, basically, Mm -hmm. what I've gathered is Booster Gold, as I jump page to page here, with spattered dialogue and just vomiting of words and faces Mm -hmm. and him jumping in and out of realities, we do see a Captain Adam. We see Blue Beetle. We see him... uh, Fighting, oh no, and then the Legion of Superheroes is trying to fight him, and then he's being vanishing again, and he's trying to save Blue Beetle, and Blue Beetle doesn't know who he is, and he vanishes again, and then he's over Metropolis, and it's not really Metropolis, and then he vanishes again, and then he's uh, in the future where Kamandi takes place, and we see, that's probably one of my favorite panels, like you're saying. There's two tiger people in a chariot that yes, doesn't have a, any horses. <laughs> yes, it's a horseless it's chariot. Like a, it's, it's a horseless chariot. Exactly. Driven by two tiger people. Mm-hmm. It makes total sense to me. Mm-hmm. And, and they've got a big bullwhip, and he's doing like a nice leap over the bullwhip, snap. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he does like a little uh, judo flip. And uh, sends one of Caesars, who's the, the big tiger king. Um, More yeah. Thundercats happening Yes, here. a lot of Thundercats yeah. are being thrown around. We had Pokemon <laughs> earlier. And uh, and now we see Kamandi, and right before Kamandi's able to help him out, he disappears again. And then he's he finds himself now in this uh, weird room with this tube sticking out of the back of his head, kind of like Matrix style. Yep. And I think they're planning these, these, these visions in his head. I'm not sure if they're trying to, but someone... I should probably read at least the dialogue of the bad guy here, but he yeah. goes, The pain must be excruciating by now. Give me what I need and it ends. Go to hell. I want, I waited, I visited once. Interesting place. I needed a lever, a pressure point, something to bend you to my will. No matter what you do, no matter who you try. What? No matter what you try. No matter who you try. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I won't talk. You will, once I employ other options. And then he's back again. Now he's over, uh, looks like future Metropolis. Because mm-hmm. finally I'm home. Where am I? Those blasters. Michael? And it's Michelle. It says, Michelle, great to see you again, sis. Michael, where have you been? Your costume. Why do you look older? Long story. I'm just happy to have forgotten, gotten home. H- how? How did you get in what? Oh man. How did you get in when Metropolis is cut off from the rest of the world? Uh, we don't know. And we've been trying to figure that out. And then once again, he's talking to her. Way, this is just pretty hot. Yes. Yeah, she's out. really gorgeous. She's in this all white outfit that shows mm-hmm. off basically everything. It's just and like of course one she's a giant pair of white full body yoga pants. Mm-hmm. I love it. And I like how she's not like, 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 Overly busty. Yes. Either, like a yeah. Lot of yeah. She's very averagey. Yeah. Uh, I mean, 
Them, them hips, though. Well, yeah. not average. I was saying <laughs> I think she's above average, yeah, but I just think yeah. she's uh, anatomically yes, correct. Yes, yeah, she's not being you. weighed down by her breasts, I'd say. Yeah, yeah for sure. and her hair is absolutely fabulous. Yeah, and, of yeah, course, yeah. redheads, you know, mm. are always the best. I think the, only time, I think the only time I like redheads are in comics. Yep. I'm serious. Yep. Like, I've, I've dated redheads, and I've, I've, I've had some crushes, and there's a couple... Uh, um, redheads don't have any souls. Oh, so, is that why? Yeah, they're doing Oh, so in the comics, at least they're written to have, like, souls. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. That's See, why it's they're fantasy. Trying... See? Yeah, <laughs> right. There you go. <laughs> so hopefully all our redhead listeners are just, you know, they're just agreeing. They're like, yes, it's true. We have mm-hmm. no souls. But uh, that's why we like comics, they too. They get a freckle for every soul they steal. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. But, but, uh, <laughs> but anyways, now they're back in, like, this little room again. And he's got the tube. But now there's two booster golds. So there's a booster gold. With his sister. What? Yeah. And times two? <laughs> times two. So it's like a booster booster? Mm-hmm. It's a double booster. It's a double booster. And a single shot. Wow. Yeah, so it's a single shot, double booster, booster gold special. So is this like a Kino special? Mm-hmm. No, they do like the Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The the, boosters, this yeah. one was a negative five because <laughs> I don't know what is going on. So now he's about, the one booster gold is about to help the other booster gold. He's untying the, or, you know, about to pull out the matrix plug from his brain he goes, no, rah! And he says, no, you will not, the evil voice says. And he's telling him, tell me what I want to know, and you're nothing, and I'm monitoring everything, and you suck. And then now a big tube thing goes into Michelle's head, boink, and she's like, my God! I'm used to this. (laughs) (laughs) Stop, leave her be. It says, vanishing point. He goes, no one can know the chaos you could create there. Then she dies. I haven't seen you since the day I fled the 25th century. Even if you aren't, Michelle, I can't let you do this to you. Shut up. Anyone capable of all this can't possibly know or be allowed on the vanishing point. Three seconds and she's gone. Stop! Let her go. I'll tell you everything you want to know. I'll take you to the vanishing point. Bum, bum, bum. To be continued where worlds and futures end. Did I will? Yeah. And, uh... It did. It took us to a lot of worlds, and I wish it would have ended a lot sooner because I uh-huh. had no uh-huh. idea what was going on in this book. And I think if you're like a loyal Booster Gold fan and you read every single Booster Gold book ever, I think you'd still be a little lost it's in this still issue. Uh, pretty, yeah, yeah. It's, it's kind of got a lot of stuff going on, just like its cover. I do, ever. yeah. That's but. <laughs> but the art was pretty fantastic. Yes, the art was great, and I did enjoy the art. And remember, we said there's like 15 writers, but only a couple artists. No, I couldn't tell. Yeah, not, <laughs> so at, all. Take, yeah. not at all. Let's hey, see. you take this page. I'll take the other one. Yeah. Are we gonna like talk about what the pages say? Mm, nah, nah, we'll just throw them together. And they, they seem to be doing that more and more often uh, mm. in comics these days. But uh, yeah, the Moritat and Jurgens and okay, well yeah, there's even like a little guy here if you pick up this copy, which I don't recommend you do unless you want the cool hologramic cover. Uh, what is it? Hologramic. Holographic gold cover. There you go. And uh, yeah, it's it's like I said, the art's enjoyable. There are a bunch of different artists. Um, some of the pages are way better than others. Yeah, I, I think like towards the end it got even better. Yeah, so. for sure. They're like, well, we better save the best for last because yeah, the story doesn't make any sense. There is a lot going on, but like, like these, these, like the art definitely like puts you there. Like. You don't know what's going on, but you're there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know? oh, yeah. So it's definitely pretty cool. I was just as disoriented as the character. So Yeah, exactly. Know. I mean, I guess you know, that's the whole point <laughs> of guess so. being immersed in a comic book, right? But it's cool uh, looking through here. And like I said, like so the vanishing point is uh, where the, the universe is collapsed on themselves. And I think that's 
and, and I'm sure everyone in the Get Fresh crew can tell me more because I always get lost when it comes to Final Crisis and New 52 and Infinite Crisis and all this stuff. I just, I go, uh, what? So, I'm not Grant Morrison. I don't know what the fuck is going on. So, <laughs> feel free to write us and tell us what's going on. But I, I, I enjoy the art. I enjoyed seeing Booster get his own little special. I just wish it would have made sense. That would have been cool. And mm-hmm. I probably should have, uh, reviewed this one before I chose it for our special. But, well, that's okay. You know. What do you think, though? Are you, still a, are you still a Booster Gold fan? Um, I like him better in the movies than I do in yeah, the Yeah, well, for sure. At least this comic, let's put it that way. And he's very lovable. You saw some of the Justice League episodes, too, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, so that was awesome. He's a very lovable character. Absolutely. He is. But uh, I think this it, book... I think it just didn't give enough of his personality. No, there was, like, none of that here. Yeah, I think I think that in order for to get people hooked on him, we need to have more of his, like, adorable, dorky... Failed superhero mantra, mantra, yeah, mantra going sure. on. Yeah, 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 yeah for but sure. So he didn't have time. He didn't have time. Like all he could do is go, oh, uh, what's going on? Because he's just jumping around everywhere. But yeah, so if I read this comic book, I'd be pretty frustrated if I was like following <laughs> the series. Well, it's a good um, thing I got it for a dollar. So yeah, there you go. Yeah, the cover's pretty sweet though. I yeah. do like the, the holographic cover. It's pretty awesome. But yeah, I'm going back in my wall where I'll never read it again. But. Mm-hmm. I'll say that comic book there, I reviewed it one time, and it got a 5.2. Really? I get it with the point two. <laughs> it's a 5 point. Well, well, I guess with the art, though, but it's just like, it didn't matter, because it was, it may as well have no... Solid four. Four. Yeah. Okay. Solid four. Yeah. Okay. We're going to go... Yeah. Five. Just a fuck you five, as we call it in the, <laughs> uh, in the Get Fresh crew, but... Um, there you go. But yeah, so I hope everyone enjoyed it. And uh, we were really looking forward to getting down and dirty with some of our down and dirty comics. Yes. And Saga should be coming up soon. Yes. I just wrapped up the Superman History Episode 7. It wasn't as fun without me. No, it was not. I just felt like I was talking to myself in a room. And, well, you do that anyway. Well, that's true. But this time, <laughs> I was being recorded w- willfully. So, yeah, I was going to uh, say. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we uh, just appreciate everyone sitting in and listening with us, and I hope you had some fun, and I wish we could have uh, picked a story that made a little more sense and get you hooked, but we just decided this is insane. And uh, yeah, Watch the movie. Yeah, watch the Booster Gold Booster special number one one-shot movie, which is coming out uh, next June. Oh, wait, DC canceled another movie? Uh, but uh, I think there was actual rumors of a Booster Gold movie. Um, there were. Yeah, uh, which is pretty cool, but... That will probably never see the light of day. Probably not. Unfortunately. But uh, I wish they would do some more characters like that instead of another Batman reboot or something like that. You know, so. Superman reboot? Well, I think they gave up on Superman for a long time, I think. so. No, no, don't say that. Don't say that. That's it. Come on. You love Man of Steel. No. You love Superman 4. No. You really enjoyed Batman. Oh, wait, you haven't seen Batman vs. Superman yet. Nope. And you refused to let me show it to you. I tried. Yeah. And I fell asleep. Oh. At least I tried. That's what matters, right? Yeah. Well, hopefully everyone else is tucked in and falling asleep now, too. <laughs> it's, uh, if I predicted right, I think we're at the end of a very long episode. And uh, yeah. once again, thanks to Jim and Eric. Uh, and Thank you. DC Weird Science DC Podcast Crew. Wait. Whoop, whoop. Yeah, that's it. And, uh, what, Cosmic Treadmill and, uh, Chris and Reggie. And any shout outs from you you want to make? Hey, Mom. Aww. <laughs> but, 
All right, all our love, and uh, hopefully we'll be talking to you next week. Yes. And it's good to have uh, you back in the studio with me, Yes, Abby. I can't and wait to be here on a regular basis. Yes, I know. Me too, and I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, sharing the world with... I've already seen on Slack chat, a lot of people are already familiar with uh, Saga, and um, there's some big fans out there too, so yeah, hopefully we'll be... I'm a really big fan. Yes, I think... I'm a huge fan. Abby's the biggest Saga fan I know. Well, yes, And you've got merchandise. Oh, yeah, got, I got like, plenty of merchandise. Of oh, my God, at Comic-Con, I bought so many Saga stuff. Yes. It was so great. The Lion Cat, which is pretty awesome. Lion Cat plushie? Yeah. I'm so excited. Yeah. Anything fluffy is great. Yeah, but yes. he's like the best buddies with your with your Porg. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They just cuddle up together, I think. So. Yep. But all right, enough of that. Everyone go to bed. We love you. Sweet dreams. Good night. <laughs>